are back and better than ever, or whatever that means for two guys sitting around talking about DC Comics. This is the Big Bad Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. I'm Jim Warner. That's right, and this is Jim episode Warner. number 82. 82. Oh, it's late. It's very late. <laughs> what are we doing? We always go. See you this, pod- seven. this podcast lasts forever, and it's almost 11 o'clock. We're just getting started. I, we, we torture ourselves all the time with this. And I, I don't want to sound like those podcasts that I told you that they always complain and whatever. Because we can't. Because those podcasts, they have the, uh, their job is to do the goddamn podcast there. We just do this for fun, right? For fun. Fun. Ha. Yes. Uh, fun. Ha ha. Funny. <laughs> funny. 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 You. Hello and welcome to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of July 30th, 2016. Proud. Proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, Proud. the Weeby Geeks Network, and Proud. the Batman Podcast Network. Proud. 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 You know, I, that's one of the things I'll tell you. I hope that people appreciate that we don't fake the funk. When we're in a bad mood and tired, we'll let you know. So and believe me. I'm both of those tonight. I am not in a good mood, and I am tired as hell. And it has nothing to do with anything that we're doing now. It's personal stuff, Eric. Personal, oh, yeah, personal? Stuff. Real life problems. Who Shit. was that, that? Real life problems? Was that John? Real life problems? I don't even know. It was, wasn't it? That he was like, hey, I had real life problems. I couldn't keep telling you you guys sucked. And then we started making fun of him that he lived in his mother's basement and never heard from him again. And I think he killed his mother in that basement and then never then returned. But, yeah, we're not faking the funk, Eric. I'm pissed off. I'm a uh, Piss and vinegar tonight. Piss and vinegar, which is probably one of my favorite cocktails that I've ever had. Did I ever tell you a cocktail? <laughs> no. It's, it's a, this, a fine story about this penis walking down the street. Uh, I'll tell you the cocktail later. You can follow us on Twitter at Weird Science DC and like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. You can email us and tell me your favorite cocktail. You can sit on my lap and tell me the first thing that pops up. Oh, Whatever happened to the- penthouse letters? Penthouse, dear penthouse letters, you'll never guess what happened to me. <laughs> I was delivering pizza. When I got to the door, the lady, who happened to be a MILF, answered and said, did you remember the extra sausage? And Unzipping my I pants, ever. I told her, indeed, I did. But then she said, what the hell? I thought I ordered Italian sausage, not that little British thing that I see now. And I said, listen, lady, you shut your fucking mouth. We're doing a bangers and mash right now. I fucking uh, never mind. This Whoa. is going off. Even, did I say emails? Emails your imagination You can also follow us on our site at weirdsciencedccomics.com. Also at Podbean at weirdsciencedccomics.podbean.com. Uh, you know, this is the same thing I say every God damn week, Eric. Actually, I, one of these weeks, I'm going to suggest to you that we keep it clean. Keeping it clean. No cursing allowed. It's so hard. Okay? It's not tonight. Go fuck yourself if you think that's happening tonight. I am, I'm pissing vinegar, Eric. You're supposed to cheer me up. Where I have the soundboard, but I did not get the leprechaun. If that's I had the crazy. leprechaun right now, I'd be dancing around doing a fucking jig. Yeah, I see a leprechaun say, yeah. Yeah, show's available wherever. <laughs> Fine podcaster found, including iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Podbean, also on Google Play, everywhere. I, I think that you could go to the moon. Maybe you could find the podcast. And if you do, if you're on the moon, 
with Abracadabra, Eric. You can rate and review us. Just do. I, I, you can if you want. Again, I'm, I'm depressed. <laughs> also, uh, if you go to iTunes, I will suggest that you subscribe to us because we like to win. That's all. That's why, Eric, right? You're, you're not giving me anything. Will we ever win? In. We'll never win. We never will win. Also, you can uh, – I have these weird notes to myself. I put – and also remind people about the Weird Science Rant and Rave Line. Why the fuck would I write that? The <laughs> Weird Science Rant and Rave Line. Call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328 followed by the pound sign. It's now, I say that, that every time. The pound sign. You hear me, right? The pound yes. sign. You followed by the pound and if sign. If you don't say it, I say it. And for the longest time, Brandon had the problem with the pound sign. Now, Dancing Mike has the problem. <laughs> and I think what happens, we stress it so much that when these guys do call the rent and rave line, they often think I didn't hit the pound it, it, They get confused, and they don't know what they did and didn't do. But uh, we do have uh, one rent and rave, and it is indeed from Dancing Mike. I'm going to load it up right now so we can listen to it and react to it, Eric. Hello, Jim, and all of you other bloggers at WeirdScienceComicsBlogs.blogspot.com. And, of course, hello, mother! Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Dancing Mike. Um, just wanted to drop some randomness uh, this week. Um, first of all, I did have some trouble with the voicemail last week. I forgot <laughs> I, because I am sometimes one of God's special little creatures. Um, so he means yes, he's I retarded, and then, yeah, I was, I was struggling. Anyway, um, the word Jim has trouble pronouncing is regularly. Regularly. I, I knew it was an R word. I, I particularly, to I have problems too. Spiel to regularly. Say a thank you to Reggie right. and Chris for the Cosmic Treadmill um, a segment about Supergirl which actually I did not catch the first time because, I don't know if you remember, I had gone to uh, Walt Disney World in yep. beautiful Lake Buena Vista, Florida. He so doesn't have I kids. Drove, he goes to Disney uh, World. About 11 hours. I haven't even been to Disney World. Traffic slowed us down. So I drove about 11 hours one day. I uh, took the rental car back. When I had to go to work on Thursday, Friday, and I was listening to episode 79 that Thursday and Friday. And... Ooh, you so writing this down there? That's oh, he's not giving us directions. Yeah, episode 80, and people are talking about, oh, yeah, we love the segment on Supergirl, and I'm thinking, what the fuck? I didn't hear anything about Supergirl. Apparently, I just, like, fell asleep, dozed off during that. That's what I do during their segment. Was he driving? The whole thing about Supergirl I suggested, so... <laughs> got his boss. <laughs> yeah, I hope he wasn't driving. <laughs> He got white lime fever listening to that podcast. It's a long <laughs> podcast. And he's right. It is regularly. Yes. I knew I, it was an R word. Anything, though, particularly, I have the problem, too, with that. But, yeah, I have a big problem with regularly. Pretty much anything with you are legal. Very does. And there is a very good reason. I figured out why. Because I heard the rest of the episode, but not the part with uh, just Reggie and Chris. I think the reason I fell asleep is because... There wasn't Jim there, and of course, Jim right. is the thing that you know draws everyone to the episode and keeps everyone interested and engaged. So without Jim's voice for a long time, I'm raising of the course level I'm going to so you know, kind of fade out to sleep. That's true. Um, also, I felt like I've been ta- I was taking steroids during the last podcast because every time you play that soundbite of Jim, I can feel my balls shriveling. Yes. So I really felt like you play that more and more. The more I hear that voice, the more my balls actually shrivel. So that's kind of scary. 
Yeah, you can't uh, even see my balls uh, anymore. Up, you hear me, Jim? Oh, God. Ass off at that, so please play that Pump You Up for the Week song again. <laughs> that was that was wonderful, and again, really got me ready for the week. And the, the sound effects, I usually don't laugh at fart sound effects, but the overuse of them, just I was I was dying laughing in my so I enjoy that. Also, uh, I, I, actually, him saying that reminds me of you being afraid of spiders, but you don't mind when they're overly crazy. Exactly. It's like the eight-legged freaks. You're not afraid of those because they're so crazy. Mike doesn't like the fart sound effects. You, you overdo them. You do them you, enough. You, you can't fart. help. I, I didn't really. I haven't had the fart board up lately. I, if you hear any farts tonight, live, Eric. <laughs> I, I, I had some weird pizza that I made earlier, and it might cause me some The hell is weird pizza? Oh, I'll tell you later. Uh, my final comment on the DC comic subscription service. So after I called last time, I called on Wednesday and I was, you know, I, I canceled and everything else. I didn't even bother telling the people I didn't get Batman number two. So Thursday I come home from work and there was Batman number two. It oh, arrived no. the day after it. Batman number three came out. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that now I am getting my comics at my local comic shop. Oh, local comic shop. And anyway, Mike. Um, I will probably call again. So wait, wait, you mean the Golden Age 1942? Of course, he means that. Is that where he gets it? The Golden Age 1942? Are we getting paid for it now? No, we're not. <laughs> we are not. But I like Mike, so I you know I I let him praise me. I'm gonna push the shop he goes to. Maybe he can get a free comic or two. To paraphrase the cowboy from Mulholland Drive, now, you will hear me one more time if you do good. You'll hear me two more times if you do bad. Good night. There is Mike. All right. Indeed, we must have done good because we will hear Mike (laughs) two more times tonight. He he actually, he sent in a couple of different things. He sent in a... A gorilla review of ROM number one, which we'll hear later, and also a little impromptu review of the Killing Joke movie, Eric. Nice. But you know what? That's not all we're going to hear Mike do, because it is time for the news, Eric. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh, yeah, and I guess Eric's there, too. <laughs> Do you love that every time, don't you? I'm going to isolate just that, keep that for myself. <laughs> uh, yes, it is time for the news. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for praising me. And putting a smile on my face. That's what I happy now? don't need the leprechaun. No, I'm still not happy, but it, that gets me a little more. Uh, I, I'm a little more chipper. Uh, before we do actually start the uh, official news, I, I forgot to mention we are actually going to be on another podcast. We recorded it last night. It's uh, four men, 
Four guys. What, what the hell am I doing? I, I have a real, I know. You said it like five times before you got times. on. It's four guys in a comic book. I said it's unlike ours, two guys in a cup. Yeah. But it's four guys in a comic book, and I will say it's spelled out four, F-O-U-R. See, I can spell Eric. Nice. I am a good, I'm, a, I'm the worst speller. But yeah, four guys in a comic book, they asked us to be on their podcast to talk a little rebirth. So we got on and did just that. That was fun. And it was. And uh, they were nice guys, and they are also DC fans. And it was funny because I realized talking to them, number one, I realized how insane we are to have a podcast where we talk and review every comic. And because it was, you know, some of them we talked to them, uh, they didn't read like, oh, I don't read that. And I'm like, boy, that'd be nice. That'd be yeah, nice amazing. to read all those, especially we uh, mentioned Birds of Prey. And the one guy, Nova, I said to him, hey, uh, you, did you read that new 52 of Birds of Prey? No. <laughs> I wish that was you. Oh, God, I wish I could forget it. He's starting out fresh. It is a uh, crossover. I, I forget what exactly what they were going to call it, but it's going to go up uh, midweek. And what we'll do if you're in tune with checking out our site at WeirdScienceDCComics.com, Eric, or our Twitter feed, which is WeirdScienceDC. See, this is Proud. how you do it. This is how you do it. Uh, I'll, I'll mention, I'll, I'll probably retweet something or put a tweet out or, and we'll put a link on the site or whatever we do. You'll be uh, able to see it. Technical stuff and you can hear us. It is me, Eric and Reggie, the three of us talking nonsense. Yep. Point I call Reggie a moron. At one point, Eric thinks that the guys have insulted him or maybe talking a different language. I didn't know what was going on. Point, and then at one point, I yell at the one guy. I think it was Nova again. I yell at him for uh, liking the Justice League book. <laughs> Good <laughs> and times. You, and if you listen, you can tell that we were getting a little more loosened up by the end. And it's weird, too, because I did realize as well that we you do these podcasts. I've mentioned it before, but when you do a podcast, it is kind of like a little gang that you have. And you have, like, inside jokes. Like, you know, I yelled at your dad died. Oh, Daddy! 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 And and things like that. And when we go on another podcast, I realize, hey, they have their own little things as well. So they, they kind of were saying some things to them. I, I don't know. I don't know that they really uh, had the idea that we don't like each other. And then we, we hit I them. like you. <laughs> That's not mutual. It's not mutual, Eric. Stop it. Go to hell, buddy. We're on, we're on the air. Come on. Not if I whisper. Nobody Get hears together. Zip up those pants right now and get the hell out of my room. Okay. One thing that they did say, now that we're back, we're back. We're back. Uh, they, they did mention that our podcast, they thought we actually filmed it in the same room, which made me laugh because I, I always struggle to edit this goddamn monster. And you and, and Reggie argue about that. But then the we actually quality. said, I even said to the guy, like, oh, well, we live right next to each other. We live like a minute away yeah. from each other, but pff, I'm not going to record in the same room as that fucking Fuck asshole. No. That guy falls and fucking hurts himself. Jim doesn't wear clothes. I'm a chain no. smoker. It doesn't work. Yeah, no, it doesn't work at all. I, I, it's burning hot in this room. I, who's going to wear clothes? Whew, it's like the thong song in here, Eric. It's the thong song. All right, here's the news. You ready? You ready, ready for the news? You ready to pick this thing up? Let's you do ready it. to get Let's going? Go live. Yeah, now, I did kind of hint at it, and we did talk about it in the um, the spotlight. You did fall at work. Are you okay? I did. Are you okay right now? I'm getting there. It, it sounded like this. I, I actually recorded. You I didn't can. know. I had my phone, and I had accidentally hit record when you fell. And I, I didn't know this until tonight. And when I thought, it made me sad because I was like, boy, he, he really was hurt. And I, I just stood there. 
just stood there watching. But yep. here is a little snippet of the audio of when you fell. Lord Jesus Christ, help me, Lord, please, Jesus, please. You just kept falling. Yeah. The worst part is I didn't realize there was an audience around me when I was falling. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that it's funny because you would think that this audience is laughing at like a comedy routine. They're actually just laughing at you falling. Yeah, my shoe. Right. Oh, your shoe fell off there. Yeah, my the shoe fell off. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, help me! I'm halfway down now. Help me, Lord. Well, that's how it was. And just that like that. It was like it was weird because you're a tall fella. When you started falling, I'm like, when the fuck is this fall gonna end? It, it just keeps falling. I thought your glasses flew. He can't see your glasses, and I'm like, oh my god. And then I just was then immediately once you went down, you were kind of rolling on the ground, and yep. I'm like, when the fuck is he gonna get up? We got work to do. We got work to do, buddy. Let's get up. I Enough thought I this. broke my goddamn Enough arm. This piece fucking of shit. nonsense. I did not see any bone protruding out of skin. There was no blood that I could see at that moment. And then you stood up, your glasses were on, and you start rubbing that goddamn shoulder. And I was like, hey, I actually, I think the first words that I said, you stood up, and you rubbed the shoulder, and I said, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Well, I could give you a hug, come over, you were laying on the ground, I should have spooned you, and then yeah. like, up your hair. It's okay, Eric. It's okay. It'll be okay. It's all I need. It's all Jimmy's I need. here. Jimmy's here. Though I did laugh, too. We were talking earlier in the week at work that uh, I don't know why this popped in my head, but when we were talking that you always say, Daddy, you know, I I actually made fun of you at the one point when you were at the Poconos putting graves on your dad's grave. And I said, he's at his daddy's grave. And and you like I always did. And I even mentioned that I had done that as well. But then at work, there's a mother and son that work with us. And you were talking to them when you got hurt. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, and they're talking together kind of like, hey, we should do this. What They were going to do some home remedy and we should home, do this. They're going to do like put together an ice pack that they can keep there. They can just keep refilling with rubbing alcohol mm-hmm. and like water type of shit. Gotcha. Yeah, you can go. You, oh, I thought you okay. Were, I thought you were going to go, but uh, all right. Yeah, but, uh, and they're like, I'm just standing there. It's like they're not even seeing me there. But, oh, yeah, you know, like what we did for daddy. And I, all I thought about was you giving me shit. I'm like, here I am. Call, call him daddy all the time. And I'm just thinking to myself, he calls him daddy. And then you came back to me. He called him daddy. I'm like, that's what you do. And you're like, my dad's dead. You're yeah, it works for me. Right? Yes, it does. The first bit of news, Eric. Hold I, on. One thing, though. Uh, we also found out from me falling that eyewitnesses are full of shit. Oh, yeah. I said this guy was here and that guy was there. They weren't there. I thought yeah. your glasses My glasses fell off. Fell off. You, you were describing this whole scene. My glasses fell off, broken half, one went one way, one went the other. And yep. I'm like, this, this guy's here. I'm like, no, none of this happened, man. Yeah. I, um, you were not I actually, reliable. I, I'm not a reliable eyewitness because I was too busy laughing at you <laughs> falling. And the, and the problem is you started falling and it took so goddamn long that the, it was like one of those jokes. By the time you fell, it was like the joke was over. It, it's break time already. It, this was a Saturday Night Live skit that went on too long. I was like, God damn it. Just fall. I want to go home. Now, get fucking, we got work to do, buddy. Here we go. That's what I thought. I did yell it, too. Uh, the first bit of news, Eric. Which Justice League members are in the Suicide Squad movie? I know. Which are they? I think everybody knows by now. I was going to say, there's some spoilers here. I, I Is it really spoilers? I, I don't know like, what spoilers are spoilers are spoilers for me to say that the Suicide Squad movie has Harley Quinn in it? No. Is that a, is that a spoiler? No. I wouldn't think so. 
Okay, well then I'll go on with this. Batman isn't the only Justice League member slated to appear in Suicide Squad according to Deadline. Citing a purported cast list sheet given at the screening of the August 5th film, Ezra Miller will appear as The Flash, right? Apparently. That's what you heard, right? Yeah, word on the street. Yeah, yeah, word on the street. The Hollywood trade goes on to state that Miller wasn't part of the original shooting of Suicide Squad, but was one of the several things added to the widely known reshoots David Ayer completed earlier this year. And that makes total sense to me, because why were those reshoots done? Why did they say they were being redone? To try to add some humor to the film. Yep, to add some uh, levity. And some humor, and you would think of anybody who is going to join in. It's not going to be that Aquaman. Sure is Jason not. Jason Momoa shows up. Somebody's getting fucking smashed against the wall, and they're going to be fucking people who look like Inuits fucking staring at him. Like, they're turn like, you in the oh, chum. Fucking, oh, my God. Not fun, Eric. Not fun. Curiously, however, Ben Affleck nor Batman appear in Deadline's cast list sheet. This that is odd. In previously released trailers for the movie. Uh, what do you think of that? Why would that not be? I, I don't know. And the thing is, though, for, they say that Ezra Miller's Flash is going to be there. Do you think it's going to be the Flash or just Barry Allen? To say, hey, there's that guy over there, and it just happens to be Barry Allen. Because I think it'll be the Flash. Because I there's think- no reason for him to have a Flash costume yet because he's not part of the Justice League, which will well, come out later. The issue might be that maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know either. It'd be so weird if he's just sitting there. He's just sitting and there. And they're like, hey. Stop! But I'm Barry Allen. Okay, Barry Allen. Please, like Barry move Allen's aside. There, like you know, he happens. Oh, like, what's uh, your name, Barry Allen? Oh, then Barry Allen, move aside. We are coming through here, Barry Allen. Thank you. I'm Barry Allen. Like honestly, if I had Barry Allen in the flick, I would have it where you see like Captain Boomerang as a hostage situa- situation going on, and then like Barry just runs in there, takes care of it, and that's how he gets captured and sent to freaking uh. That's I want to say Iron yeah, Heights. I can't think weird, what the hell like it is you now. Said, but maybe the way they're going to spell this out is that this takes place after the Justice League movie. Maybe, maybe. it would. You know, that doesn't. It's not completely out of the question that the Justice League would be formed before, say, a Suicide Squad. So you know what I mean? That this is taking place years from now. Whatever. It's all hocus pocus. Don't you fucking like Ezra? Continuity. I like Ezra Miller now, but that's not uh, fucking with continuity. They would just – I would assume that the Justice League would be out. And in fact, in certain parts of the Justice League or the uh, Suicide Squad, sometimes they even play around with that idea that it's there to kind of, you know, in case the Justice League goes a little wacky. So I don't think that they would be that out of uh, out of the question for it to be taking place years from now yeah, if the Justice League was, say, now. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. But I do like the way Ezra Miller looks all of a sudden. I did not look the way I didn't like the way he looked when I first saw him. Well, he didn't look I, right in Batman v Superman from where we see like, him. I don't know why, but he reminds me of a young Jimmy Fallon. Right. I can see that now. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. it. Just when I see him, that's what I think of. And I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Fallon. And I hope Ezra Miller doesn't start laughing <laughs> in the middle of the fucking movie for no reason. That maybe that's why. They wanted to add him in so he could just laugh. Jimmy Fallon. Next bit of it. But, but do you like that? Uh, really, you don't have anything to say, right? You There's nothing really to say. I have no, no idea, idea what he's doing. No. Well, we'll see. And you know, I've seen Batman on the back of the goddamn car, but apparently he's not in the movie. I don't know. Well, that's what they're saying in that sheet, but I, I guess maybe it's one of those where everybody knows he's in it already, so why put it there? I don't yeah. know. They don't say, like, curiously, Ben Affleck or Batman appear on the sheet, but neither do Harley Quinn or, you know what I mean? Oh, that, right, right. If that was the case, but they don't say that, so I don't know. But the next bit of news, and is that news? We, I'm the most unprepared newsman 
Eh, it's I, flash. I need, like, People like type, flash. I need the typing behind me. So Damn right. News flash. Hey, that is a flash factor. Batman the Killing Joke earns $3 million plus in two-day theatrical release. The first night of DC's animated adaptation of Batman the Killing Joke's two-night theatrical run placed third at the Monday night box office in terms of ticket sales. Pretty impressive. According to Box Office Mojo, the animated film grossed a total of $3.175 million for the night of July 25th, coming in behind Star Trek Beyond and The Secret Life of Pets. Secret Life of Pets, sir. Cool. You go to see The Secret Life of Pets? I haven't seen shit. What was that one movie with like uh, Uma Thurman, Must Love Pets or something, Must Love Dogs? Must Love Dogs? I never saw it. Was? I think Janine Garofalo might have been in that as well. What's she been up to? Nothing. <laughs> uh, yelling and screaming. Given that The Killing Joke only played an estimated uh, 1,325 screens compared to the 3,000-plus three, uh, screens that Ghostbusters and Lights Out played in, and now you realize that, it... it Went up beyond that. Ghostbusters and Lights Out are not listed in these three that, that no. it was in. Uh, that is quite an accomplishment. That works out to $2,396 per screen, which is a higher per screen earning than any film that Monday, even Star Trek Beyond. And Who goes to the fucking movies on a Monday? Well, these people did that. Yeah, did it's, the only, it's two I, days. I, it's only out. Of course they did. Well, well. Did you go? Do you know no. anybody went? So this is actually pretty no. impressive for them. And in fact, the Tuesday that it played only made six hundred thousand. So it was that big Monday. And I think that this now the Killing Joke's a special deal. It's a huge thing. But I think this is going to be something they're going to do all the time now. They, you know, they would have to that they're going to have. Would, you know, maybe if they keep doing it. Though, I'll check them. it out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't no. like going to the movies anymore. I don't know if I'm actually. Open I don't even. I, our theater here in Quakertown did not have that playing. Oh so no! For some reason, I thought they did. No, you would have. I actually checked. I think the uh, uh, closest one was where we would have had to have gone to see Batman v Superman. So it's King of Prussia. Oh fuck that! It's a far drive for yeah. an animated film. Eric. I don't drive animated film. Uh, there's not much news this week. This is the last bit of news. Jeff Johns for president, Eric. I have Newsarama reported earlier this week that Jeff Johns was promoted in May to be a president of DC Entertainment, part of several changes at the executive level for the Burbank, California-based arm of Warner Brothers. Johns received the promotion along with his new title, co-head of DC Films, which has previously reported and continues in his role as DCE's chief creative officer. Johns reports to Diane Nelson, who has served as DCE's president since 2009. This is the first time DC has had two presidents, but the situation has precedence within the executive structure of other divisions of Board now. Warner. Although Jim Lee and Dan DiDio share a position as DC co-publishers, Nelson and Johns are not referred to by DCE as co-presidents. So yeah, That's he's weird. had this. It's been months since he's been. Why just, are they keeping this under wraps? Because the rebirth. If the, that, that would have taken away some of the shit. This was right before a rebirth hit. So I, they, I know that, but I'm telling you, even comic book fans, I don't hear them going around saying, oh, shit, you hear the fucking Jeff Johns is president now? Yeah, th- uh, what comic book fans do you talk to? I talk to people. Nobody. I, I hear good things. talk to one guy. You know who <laughs> we talk to? We talk to Reggie. We talk to Brandon. Yeah. And, yeah. and you don't even talk to Brandon. You talk to Reggie. And, you know, both of those guys immediately message me this. So, yeah, people are pretty – I immediately message you this. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You did. You are the only comic book fan you talk to because you talk to yourself and you immediately I, I message to, me. I need to get out more. 
So, yeah, and also I'm sure there's, you know, red tape that they had to do. But, yeah, I think this means that we'll never get another Jeff Jones book for a while. And I was very depressed thinking about that. And uh, I'm not because really we only get one anyway. So, fuck it. We, we've we only had the fucking – what's it called? Uh, Justice League for the past, say, year or so. Yeah, it's been that. I'm saying, but I like this Green Lantern run. I like this Aquaman yeah, that's, run. That's years ago. Yeah. Since – I'm saying since that – you want a new book? He yeah. does a Shazam book. You're going to get a fucking issue every six months. That's why this whole goddamn ju- the Justice League was delayed so much because he's doing so much stuff. There's no re- – he'll never – everything was – But I like him on comics is what I'm saying. Yeah, but you get six issues a year. They can't – he's – All right, well, we'll knock him down for president then. Just bring him back to comics because that's what I care yeah. about. Yeah, but he wants – he's probably How just – How dare sick. he have ambitions in life when I read comic well, books? He's actually Mr. DC now. Sure. Oh, my pretty God. Pretty much. And I guess – I don't know. I, Diane Nelson, I always hear bad stuff, like people pissed off at her. Uh, but they obviously aren't going to fire so this is good because everybody does like Jeff Johns. So, hey, you know, he's the golden child. Sure is. Oh, he's getting old now. They need somebody new. They really do need like a, a hot young guy. I mean, a hot young guy. Who doesn't or need a girl? Hot young Actually, guy. why not a hot young girl? Yeah, who doesn't yeah. need that either? Really? Uh, they should get like somebody the new Gail Simone. We thought that was going to be Marguerite Bonet. Uh, it didn't pan out as much, not right? Really? No, she's off doing other things, Eric. She's not on Wonder Woman, is Who's she? Gail? Yeah, I don't. What is Gail? Uh, she does Red Sonia. Is she even on that anymore? I know her Red Sonia run got picked up for a movie. But I don't even know that she writes that anymore. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what anybody's doing. But you know what I know? That's the end of the fucking news. Not a lot of news this week. Uh, We're going to move on to the mail, though, real quick. Not as much mail, either. I think this uh, podcast is just going to fly by. Fly by. First one's Repairman Jack. Where is my mail sound? I'm actually going to put, I don't have any mail sound. You son of a bitch. I don't fucking. We have the uh, freaking news sound. We go to the mail. I don't have any mail. We have the pee wee. What are you talking about? We did it last uh, week. No, it's gone. Oh yeah, oh. We'll love that. Let me see. I'm gonna find it. No, it's gone. Oh, it's, I don't. Oh wait. I love that. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We're all just Let's waiting. Off the rail. See what you do here. I got <laughs> now. I got, you got to delay because I got to let it go until it stops. Now, God darn it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, this is uh, a classic podcasting, Eric. I actually muted it because Mike's thing went on so long. See, now I have that. I got everything's going to hell. I, I, right. I'm in a bad mood, so no mail sound, Eric. Fair Set enough. on the night. Yeah. How come people have to come in here to get their mail? Well, you know, Pee Wee, I don't have enough time to read all the mail, much less deliver it. I didn't think of that. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, what do you know? Perishable. Now, that means food, Pee-wee. Oh, mailman. Mike. Uh. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. <laughs> that doesn't even get me happy today. All right, there's your mail sound. I, Thank I you. Actually, I have that the soundboard, and the part that I have all the stuff for the, the actual show, like the intro and the outro. Right. And the, yeah, there's like a million things now. It's hard to find shit. Uh, the first mail is Repairman Jack. And I also put I, – I never really mentioned the subject – titles of the males right. and a lot of times there's some good jokes in there so i'm gonna start doing that and that is repairman jacks this one's called the sliders minute Aaron. all right hey guys so since sliders got brought up in the last podcast i thought i'd take the opportunity to talk about a comic i had high hopes for like that sounded like it was going to be a lot like sliders awesome. black science by rick Raminer and mateo scalera 
is something I had high hopes for going in. Sliders was one of my favorite dumb shows when I was younger, right along with Nash Bridges and Farscape. When I heard there was a comic that dealt with similar themes to Sliders and dealt with traveling to different dimensions and multiple versions of themselves with a slightly darker feel due to being an image book, I was all in immediately. First arc felt really great. Pretty much a family drama thrown in a huge sci-fi story spanning a whole spectrum of danger and intrigue. Dealing with the dangers of the different realities while also dealing with problems within the group itself. It's like the first two seasons had, of Sliders. That's what he's saying. My problem I had is that when it started to go into a more connected and overarching story, I almost turned more, it almost turned more into a time travel and back to the future style story than Sliders. That would have probably been all fine for me too, as I love Back to the Future. We watched that yesterday. Yeah. Because who didn't? But it isn't what I was getting into this book well, for. Jim, Jim, I, that, that is exactly where Sliders went off the rails with season three because they had this oh. long, ongoing story was where they're Charlie chasing the guy. There? Charlie show up then? No, Charlie was season four. Charlie O'Connell season four. Yeah. I, uh, season three though was when uh, Kari War showed up, or was that? Yes. Well, all right. She came in right at the beginning of this overarching story that just kind of ruined everything. To me, that's when the, it all picked up in the pants. I've seen most people complain about this book as a way because they feel the story isn't close to wrapping up and is being stretched too much. I think the problem is the overarching story feels too forced in the first place. This story didn't really need it. You have a family in turmoil, tons of trouble, and now they're trying to deal with it, dealing with constant danger and trying to get home to their mother. It sounds like lost in space to me. I don't know. Jerry O'Connell was always trying to get home to his mother, too. Was he? Yeah. Was there something going on there? He's a mama's boy. Hmm. There's something going Charlie. on there. Charlie. Some people like their mothers, Jim. Charlie is the one, though. That was what about Charlie? Charlie. I'm just Ch- saying. That, Ch- how long Charlie and Charlie, Jerry. How long was Charlie on the show? One season. Yeah, I, it was weird. The way you talked to me, I always assumed that it was one episode. <laughs> I only saw the first season of Slip. Right. Uh, that could be pretty epic. You, on want, you want to borrow them, man? What's that? You want to borrow all of them? No. Come that on. could be pretty epic on its own. You don't need some secret group possibly behind something along with dealing with realities, repeating themselves, and trying to deal time travel on top of it. I wanted different realities with different societies and different problems that the group suddenly found themselves thrown in the middle of. So then I got a lot of death while being told constantly that everything is the same and will just keep happening over and over again with the main character trying to now seamlessly or seemingly beat time itself. I wanted more sliders, not a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, Eric. I like Edge, I like Edge of Tomorrow. Of tomorrow. I do. Remember it was uh, like die. No, live, die, repeat. Live, die, repeat. And the worst was when it was released, that's all you saw on the cover. I've had real small and, letters, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, edge, and I'm, the, I'm like, hey, you guys want to see Edge of Tomorrow? And Ray's like, I don't want to see that. I want to see this movie, Live, Die, Repeat. <laughs> like they really fucked up in this one. Uh, that deals with interdimensional travel. Sorry if this was a little too off topic or went on a little long. But I wanted to take the time to rant about a book I had really high hopes for and even start off really good. It then went way downhill in my eyes. If it's too off topic for the podcast, I completely understand. Nope, we just read it. Actually, Sliders is awesome. now it's Spider-Man off topic, Jack. Eric. We're going back in time now. Yeah, Can we go to anytime, an alternate dimension where we did anytime not Anytime Sliders is mentioned, we, ha- we have a new rule. You mentioned Sliders, and we have to read whatever. Actually, we have to read whatever. That is our basic deal. Yeah. But yeah. We'll hear more from uh, Repairman Jack in a minute, but this next one is from Wheezy. What's up, Wheezy? And, and this is what I like to call Hello, Love Part 2, Eric. Hi, guys. Apologies for the delay in the response. And listen, I'm going to tell Wheezy right now, and people will know what I'm saying in a couple of minutes. Listen to this first, Wheezy. Do not <laughs> hand off your earphones to somebody else. 
Listen through. Apologies for delaying the response. I'm behind on the podcast as I get my books a bit later. I try to avoid spoilers before I listen to your reviews. I find that more and more the case. This happens a lot now. Everybody's a week behind. That sucks. Firstly, thank you for reading my email. Once I heard my name mentioned, I immediately went over to my coworker and asked her to listen as she could have greater understanding of my faux pas. And remember, <laughs> the faux pas was that I always would say, hello, love. Right. And then he had heard that. He went, there was the lady at work, he is a Brit, and she's like, oh, good morning. And, Hello, Rolf. And they all made fun of him. They <laughs> laughed at him, pointed on him, he lost his shoe, pissed his pants. And then it says, so, she enjoyed the explanation, which I was, you know, saying about the hello love. But then, as we were both listening, I failed to realize her face was turning to stone as <laughs> I continued laughing. Because she revealed to me that she was indeed from the sunny seaside town of Bournemouth there. That's crazy. Yeah. And if you remember, I went off on Bournemouth because that's As you usually where my mother do. is from, and I had to go to that shit fucking town. I'm t- that that town considers itself a quote unquote sunny seaside resort. There's no such thing in England. Number one, no, that was where that's really where I got the idea. When I went there, you get this idea that th- things are a little different, right? I mean, it's going to be. And this was in the mid 80s. I I was afraid of there. Here comes the uh, American citizen Jim Werner scared shitless that he's going to get AIDS somehow. If somebody sneezed on me, I was running scared from everything. Uh, But I go there and I've all I've heard from my mother is how this was a seaside resort. Oh, it's a resort town. Oh, my God. I thought I was heading to Key West. (laughs) I get I get to Bournemouth and I'm well, I, sun I, never shown once. Oh my god! I I I may have seen the sun one time that whole goddamn summer. I choked out my grandfather. I, there's a lot of shit that went down. Stole there. your grandmother's <laughs> money. Yeah, my grandmother and grandfather kept their money under a couch. And it's funny because in the U.S. you'd always hear stuff mattresses uh, and about shit. people with mattresses that lived through the depression. No, I, I didn't get the, you know, I don't know exactly. I think this went to hand in hand with World War II. All right. Where shit was going sofas. on. I don't know. Yeah. They put it under sofas because every bank they put a thing in, it was bombed by the Germans. I have no idea. But yeah, <laughs> I, at the one point we were in the room and I was laying down fucking probably watching TV with their fucking one channel that they had at that point. The one channel, the one channel is a test BBC panel. One? The, other, the other BBC two, they're playing cricket. BBC Three, they're showing BBC Two, but two minutes earlier. I don't know what the <laughs> hell was going on. I'm telling you, that the one BBC channel was all sports, but I didn't know what the hell was going on. It played a lot of fucking cricket. I'm t- cricket is the weirdest game I've ever witnessed. But we should get together sometime and try to play cricket. Trying to play cricket? Just try. You, you want, or maybe a little rounders? Would you? <laughs> You want to do that? I might, I, or we'll play cricket. I'll be the pitcher and I'll knock down the wickets. Sure. I don't even know oh, what we're talking I, about. I think that one is of the things is called, I'm going to, I'm going to wicket your googly, you yell. <laughs> but yeah, I was laying there and I reached under the sofa. I think, I don't know what rolled under there. My fucking grandfather's teeth, maybe. And I reached under and I'm like, I pull out a fucking wad of cash. Like, it is going to, this <laughs> summer just took a summer. turn for the better. Yeah. And then we got kicked out of the house like a week later. For drinking all the milk. One of the worst summers ever. I'll, I'll never get over it. Uh, give, hey, Weezy, give your coworker the, the earphones. I want to yell at her about Borma. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so he keeps, he goes on. He's like, uh, I will never be offered a cup of tea again. Right there. You know what, Weezy? You're going right into this British freaking, you know, cliche. You're get no, just say you drink coffee over there. Everybody with their tea. 
You know that that's another thing. I I hate tea. My mom all the time pushing tea and soft boiled eggs on me. Well, I, all the time I'm growing up, I, I don't know what's going on. Only thing she really gave me was freaking awful teeth, and uh, I don't know hate for Americans. I don't know what else she gave me. The above aside and Jim's subsequent flashback trauma. I'm, every time you mention Bournemouth, and uh, you have the mail, right? Look at yeah. that spelling. Yep. <laughs> it, it killed me all growing up. I already <laughs> told you earlier I'm a horrible spelling. Things called Bournemouth. Bournemouth. You were born in Bournemouth, mom. Mother. Ah, uh, yes. Hello, See, subsequent mother. flashback trauma of Bournemouth, Britain, and a lack of fish and chips. I'm getting angry again. It would be fitting to mention a few books and ask some questions. Here's some questions. I cannot agree more with the first two issues of Batman being a bit underwhelming. I think that my own hype was letting myself down on this. I heard Tom King and Batman together and naturally assumed this is going to be a blockbuster each issue, and I'm yeah, no, we all did. no better. I agree. It's weird, too. It's like, is it that people listen to us because they have similar opinions, or are we just everybody listening right now, and me and you are the only smart ones? Because everybody else seems to, like, I, I don't understand. They're always behind on the curve. They'll always. catch up eventually. Yeah, they will. I was wondering if there had been any information on Earth 2 getting the rebirth treatment, as given your reviews of it sound like it would be a good uh, jumping on point, a good time to jump on. Right. I, I don't know. Right I, now, I, don't I, think, it, I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to get a rebirth title. I think it's just going to jump back in with a number one, but well, it's continuing right where it leaves saying, off. Well, that's, that's the thing. You and Reggie are both stuck on this. He doesn't mean, is it going to get a rebirth number one? He's just asking, is it going to go into rebirth and start over again? It's supposed to. Yeah, but it, there's no info. There is no info. No info at all. Not even a date, nothing that I could find. I look, there's nothing, but yeah. Uh, eventually it's supposed to go, but uh, we said before, October, it's still solicited. As this book going So hopefully forward. November. Maybe, but it didn't seem the October solicit. I know solicits can be crazy, but October solicit does not sound like an ending. It does <laughs> sound like an oh, – I'm saying it actually does sound like a transition to me when I, I read it. I don't think it does. I'm telling you, if it did, I believe they would say something like, and, you know, last issue. A lot of the books they weren't doing that. Yeah, but it's still October. Uh, do you you don't remember what the solicit was exactly, right? It's something about them being in a limbo and like wondering yeah. if, if everybody's I'm alive still. You, if if we have a break and we talk, you should look at the solicit before. I think it's almost exact. It, it's the same solicit they keep showing over and over. Again. <laughs> but yeah, does Eric have a definitive origin for Hawkman? And I'll I'll also say to Weezy, if you're interested in the book, it is a pretty good time to jump on. It's not bad because this story is going to lead into if we get a rebirth to it, it's going to lead right into that. Yeah. So, though I believe once they do, and that's the other thing though, we think you think they'll just go with the number one. Yeah. Idea. They've never announced anything. Honestly, if any book needs a rebirth right now, I think it would be that. But since it is such a straight continuation, it seems like. I just, I have a weird feeling that they're going to have a rebirth just to explain all this nonsense. It's going. You kind of gotta. Yeah, it's gone on so long that anybody jumping in, unless that it just ends with er- uh, fade to black, and then when it starts up, it like over, you know. What a terrible start. dream. Yeah. Does Eric have a definitive origin for Hawkman as he seems to be a fan? I am also, and for me, it's the Hawk World Timothy Truman origin that I conform to. With the new six issue mini coming, can we take this to mean that DC will be sticking to that origin as it mentions he is a Thanangar police officer? I, right now, my definitive origin, because even the, the Savage Hawkman title of the New 52 could not keep it together for a year, but I just need somebody who's from Thanagar and we don't have to talk about goddamn Egyptian princes and fucking yeah. I, reincarnation. Right, I don't need right. any of that. Just this give me a list. Go- it does. 
like the description of the series does mention him being a Thanagarian police officer. And I'm so, fine uh, with that. That works for me because he could still be that. Because I think uh, the last thing we saw of him for when they were trying to bring him into Thanagar uh, in his own series was that he yeah. was in exile, but now he's back. So who knows? Yeah. I, I what book was it? Was it um? Wasn't there in like Lobo or so? I forget what book it was that was going dealing with that as well. Oh no, you know what it was? It was kind of that uh that weird little scene in um American Alien, Superman American Alien, where they said there was an exile Thanagarian and we were like, Well, that kinda tied into a little something yeah. Even well, though that like, wasn't really in continuity, but it kinda dealt with that a little. And we dealt with a little bit of that in the freaking uh, Justice League United. Maybe that, yeah. I was thinking of that as well. Once again, thanks for the podcast, and you guys are the hardest working team in comic book reviewing. Wheezy. Thank you, Wheezy. Wheezy depresses me with that last bit as well. I'm like, oh, God. Do we have to be the hardest workers, Eric? Do we have to be? Yes. Wheezy. Because all we would be doing is sleeping otherwise. Yeah. I go right now. Right to bed, Eric. Here I go. I love that. Brian from Atlanta sends the email, Nightwing Rebirth, he says. Hey, guys, thanks for reading my email on your show last week regarding Nightwing Rebirth. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Cool as a cucumber. Anyway, I just finished reading Nightwing number one and wanted to share my thoughts. I loved it. While it's different to see Dick Al Globe trotting working undercover. Is it? Well, it is for him. Uh-huh. I thought it worked really well. I also thought Sealy did a great job with Dick's characterization. I felt like Nightwing, I, it felt like the Nightwing I'd known and loved, much like Rebirth has done with most of my favorite characters. Backstory tidbits dropped throughout the book were enough to help me understand the new status quo of Nightwing, unlike the Rebirth issue, which I guess was maybe meant for those who had been following continuity already. No, I, I, the Rebirth issue is fucking terrible. That's what it was there. Uh, this issue, he, he goes on, but this issue, I think should have been the rebirth issue. This has happened a couple times. Uh, I like this issue a little bit more than you. And the only thing I'm going to blow my load a little for what I was going to talk about in it. I still will mention it again. I am going into this with a little different frame of mind. I don't, because the frame of mind I had during rebirth, I really sounded a lot like the people who were yelling and screaming about going into Grayson. (laughs) I don't want to do that. So I'm going to go with an open mind. Um, I don't mind this book, but really what I will say to everybody, including Brian, right here, if you like this book, go get the Grayson trade. Yeah. Because if you think this book is great, you will think that the Grayson book is, I don't know, what's better? Great, 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 awesome. Awesome, incredible. Because... This is kind of like Grayson Light right now. And, Pretty much. But but it's okay. And if I hadn't read Grayson, I would have been yelling at people who didn't want to go into that. I would have been it would have just shifted to me going, Oh, you goddamn Grayson fans, you can't do that. So I'm not gonna do that. And I went into this with an open mind. I still don't like it as much as some other people, but liked it a little more than you. But Raptor has the potential to be a cool new character. Is he new? I assume so, and I believe he is, and I don't mind him as much. They've had a raptor before, but this character looks yeah, nothing like him. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where it all goes. I'll be listening this week to hear your thoughts on the book, and I hope you enjoyed it, too. Thanks, Brian from Atlanta. P.S. Is Brian Hitch just trolling us with Justice League? <laughs> I think he is. I really do. Uh, yeah, I won't even mention, Eric. You know, is it true that when I whisper, nobody hears us but me and you? I hope so. I read the new Justice League, Eric. 
Oh, yeah? That's all I have to say. I have not read it yet. Remember I told you that if I like something, I would say I would like it. Uh-huh. That's all I have to say, Eric. <laughs> all right. Repairman Jack is back, Eric. He's oh, back shit. With his email titled, Action and Nothing Else Comics. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about Action Comics. What the hell is this book? We're four. What is this book? We're four issues in at this point, and what is the actual story beyond vague mysteries that get asked constantly by even the characters in the book itself? Oz talks about stuff happening. Not sure what book he's reading, but I haven't seen shit happen. Lois worries about soups, and John asks about the last time they faced each other every issue, like we're supposed to actually be worried about this fight when there's been barely any suspense. I will, I'll give him that fully. Yeah. I actually thought that today, and I hadn't read his full email at that point. I thought, boy, they're really trying to push that, you know, oh, my God, something might happen where you're just to this point. You're like, Jesus Christ, just get it on. Then you have Soups, then Jimmy, then Lex. Oh, and then Wonder Woman remind us that we know nothing about this new Clark Kent. What beyond these three things has happened in all these four issues? I just don't get what this book is even trying to do. I'm just angry and confused and tired of reading this book. Why can't I, like John, any other time I see him, but I can't stand him and Lois in this book? It's because they keep fucking watching. Well, they're not doing anything. Yeah, they're just around yelling. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I like this. I like this issue a little bit. It's going down increment increments each time of like, oh, yeah, I really like action comics that I didn't start as high up as you. No. So I'm getting to a like I think what would be the basement uh, level for me for this book. But yeah, it it seems like a lot of nothing, and I'm there's, getting there's so just angry. enough to keep me interested. This though, is where... for, for Manship and the t- and the Convergence fans. It fucking Clark is now Telos with his goddamn name. Everybody. <laughs> oh, Clark, what are you doing here? Well, I, oh no, my arm's broken. Oh no, <laughs> Doomsday. Oh, he's still here. Hey, can I get a quote from you? I that got a story hard. to write. When, when, when Wonder Woman's flying away, there was the most heavy handed with the, hey, can I get a quote from you? Boy, you're not like the Clark that I knew. <laughs> like, really? What? This guy's a, like, what was the other Clark that he wasn't a reporter because I thought he was. He, he was Superman. He didn't want to scoop. He did. The old just, Clark she knew just wanted to make out. That's all he wanted to do all yeah, the time. I actually thought that was such a weird way for her to just be like, this is why I'm not fucking you right now because you're not. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, that was to, you're supposed to go like, oh, yep, that's it then. Signed, sealed, and delivered. <laughs> like, what is going on? But I did like the interaction between Lois and Wonder Woman. I'll tell you that. But yeah, well, that's, uh, that was Repairman Jack, uh, with Again. That, that he just, he's just confused. He just doesn't know what's going on and wants something to happen in the book. We'll Me see. Me too. Say later. I do as well. Next one's Brian from Arkansas. And can we already I- have Brian from Arkansas? No, that was Brian from Atlanta. Oh, sorry. I'm from Arkansas, and I have a little thing that I want to just tell Brian. Take a deep breath. Lay off the caffeine. I don't know what's going on down there in Arkansas, but he's very excited. He's got the Speed Force storm. I think this is the girl in the Speed Force this week because he's got a lot of questions, and he's got a limited time that he's going to tell him. I I think that he might have wrote this at work in the bathroom. He's like, wait, he runs into the bathroom, but he's, he's got to type it quick. He's got to get back to the freaking machine. Jim and Eric, who was this Liam Sharp fellow on Wonder Woman? His art is amazing. 
He's an artist on Wonder Woman. I love yeah, it. He's, he's been around for a I long really time. Like, I, really, I, I really dig it too. I'm actually surprised that he was not on my radar before this because he has yeah, been in comics for a long time. It's funny because what Brian's saying as well, I think that he was under the radar of most people. It was weird. He was one of the guys that when we heard the announcements of the creative teams, uh, we started, you know, we, we, uh, wrote up some news items and things like that and what we were looking forward to. And I would tweet him everything we do. I tweet out the creators if we like it enough or whatnot. And Liam was following us. Yeah. And I was like, boy. And I went back. I just, I'm like, okay. And then when we saw the yarn, I'm like, holy shit. Why? Like you said, why weren't we or ever Seriously. talking about him before? Cause it's that, like, this was the shock so far, I think, of Rebirth when it shouldn't be a shock. Like, somebody overnight doesn't just start drawing fucking incredible art, right? Right. I don't know. But hey, they, the questions come quick and uh, fast and furious here. Who is Damian Wayne's mother? Talia Al Ghul. Talia Al Ghul. Batgirl number one was awesome. Uh, yep. So was Nightwing. Yeah. Why do you guys hate Tim Seeley? <laughs> I don't hate him. I don't hate anybody. I don't either. I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, that doesn't mean I hate him. It, my whole thing was I think that the Grayson book was awesome. He was doing it with Tom King, and that book was getting a lot of props, and it kind of seemed in my uh, dealings with it that the Tom King issues that he actually plot or wrote dialogue to were a lot better than Tim Seeley's, but that was just me. I agree. Uh, I also didn't like his uh, when he jumped on for a little bit on the Suicide Squad. I was not that big a fan, but yeah, I'm sure Tim Seal is a real nice guy. Probably sure. hate my guts. Why is Brian Hitch writing Justice League? No idea. Now there's a question that's for the ages. Really, uh, we got to ask freaking Mr. DC, fucking Jeff Jones. <laughs> Tell the folks at DC to put Joel Jones on Batgirl once Raphael Albuquerque's run is over. Okay. I told you. That. I, I told you. That that's an awesome suggestion. It is. I've seen her art on that uh, killer, whatever. What's what Lady the hell? Killer. That? Lady killer. The, that part two deal, and it would go really well in the background. Batgirl is probably my favorite DC character. Cool. Okay. Noted. I was not a fan of Babs Tar though. Neither was Noted. I. Noted. Neither was Eric. I liked her a little more. She's another one. She seems to hate her guts. <laughs> I, I say this. In my mind, if people don't know who we are, that to me, that's right along with hating our guts. <laughs> I would probably say it's one or the other. But I remember when Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher were jumping down her goddamn throat. She was right there in the background <laughs> giggling. That's what it seemed. Uh, they were tweeting us, you know, angry tweeting us. And then she would like favorite everything they said. But then when I would respond with like, hey, guys, I'm just a person here who just wants to be loved. Please love me. And they wrote back like, fuck you. Yeah, I was, I was hiding in the bathroom. Remember something like that? And I then was hiding I said, in the bathroom. And I would say like, listen, I am not a big fan of Eric Shea either. But yes. please, he's a sensitive guy. Very. And then they would, they would write. And no, Babs Tar would not favorite or retweet that. Then they'd write back. Fuck you, you fucking assholes. And, and she would favor to retweet it, right? I remember this like I don't it was think yesterday. That was the exact tweets, I remember close. it was like it was yesterday. Was actually, it yesterday? They just, what did actually, we do? They just said the whole thing about that was the hey guys, how dare you send us a tweet when you don't like our work before? And then yeah. I wrote, Oh, I didn't know that we had to send the good and the bad and just the good and that. I'm getting mad at that now. That's so these people, everybody, this guy on our site, if you don't go to the site, you should anyway, right? We were talking totally. about that this week as well, where I think that a lot of people read or listen to the podcast have no idea we have a site where we review all these books as well. Uh, but yeah. All right, we're dropping the is, site. 
Well, the best is you just go there and read the comments from people yelling at us. <laughs> and yeah, uh, there was a comment that popped up and nobody will see this comment because this person came to the site to comment on a story of my wacky Raceland review from two months ago. So out of nowhere, I'm, we're the only ones who would see that because we see when the comments come up. Yeah, it called me a hipster. Yeah. A hipster, Eric. <laughs> Fucking you're the most hipster. unkempt hipster I've ever seen. Oh my seen. god! Is is being a hipster wearing fucking Nike shorts and a sweatshirt year round? Is that a hipster? Don't I don't shave? Fucking hipster! I don't even know why that that came in. There was some tie-in with Babstar. I don't know what it was. No, no, no. Segue. Yeah. How long has Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz been around? Uh, Simon Bass since uh, issue zero of Green Lantern. So issue and zero, and then when's five minutes later? Because that's five all minutes Jessica later Cruz is forever evil. Us. Yes, the only John Stewart I know is the former host of the Daily Show. Okay. I always get them mixed up as well. I guess I don't know much about the Lanterns at all, except that they're green, and the pretty boy one that talks a lot makes a far better Deadpool than he does a Lantern. That is true. Oh, Jordan. Yes, that is very true. That's. Freaking, what's his name? I was, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. That's a sexy fella. Sure you is. guys should read Greg Rucka's Lazarus from Image. It's awesome. Right. I mentioned Greg Rucka on the Four Guys in a Comic Book <laughs> podcast and said to how he thinks we're dicks, and I thought he was an asshole. What do you think of that, Eric? <laughs> Boy, they did not seem to like that comment. Not at all. These, these guys actually care what the creators. I, is it weird that we're the only ones? It seems that want these people to actually hate us. But no, then I, when they do, we get upset. I hide in the bathroom. It's funny though that well, it's it actually it's not that I want them to hate us, but that actually is better for me because then I get fired up. I always have to once you get complacent. We say on the site and the podcast, I would say as well. When things start going too well, we know the shit's going to hit the fan. Oh, really bad. So it always does. So if hate us, it's fine. Fine. Okay, where are we now? Did you know that Todd McFarlane hired Tony Daniel back in the 90s to be an artist on Spawn? And, and the you thing is, Spawn fan and you I was. I had no idea. I'm like, in my it's, mind, it went yeah. from Todd McFarlane right to Greg Capullo until issue yep. 100. And it's weird because this was kind of a six issue like, transition like eight, eight issues and maybe i don't know sporadically got this email you said no no, no. And, went, and i'm like yes yes and then i actually and then you're showing me picture. things like i yeah, have these issues covers. and i'm like he was on this one you're like i remember that one and i think that that is actually a compliment to tony daniel because at that point you even said to me that you really didn't know creative teams yeah i did not look at the credits books it. yeah yeah you wouldn't look at the credits and you read it so when Tom mcfarland he had stopped doing it in the transition to Greg Capullo, uh, you weren't thrown off. No. But no idea. And really, to me, it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it really is, to me, a compliment because, yeah. And then once – I think that Greg Capullo was on it so long that by the time he was over, uh, you had become more aware of creative teams, right? Yeah. By that point, I really was, like, all about it. Yeah. No, well, that is Brian W. from. Because then I stopped. Um, I stopped reading Spawn after issue 100. When I forget who it is Angel something. I'm like, I don't really care for this guy's artwork. Conway, Arkansas, is where Brian W. is from. Thank and you, Brian. He, he has a lot of questions there. Sure does. I'm out there. I like. I like those guys. All those questions were kick ass. And I got to think of Ryan Reynolds, which is always a plus there. <laughs> uh, this next one's from Taylor. Taylor has a rebirth report. Taylor. 
What's up, Jim, Reggie, and Eric? I I finally found a reliable way to get my books, but it will always make me one week behind. I just finished the books for the week of the 20th, and I got to say it was a good week. And it seems like Taylor listens to the podcast a week late as well. So I was going to drop Batman and Justice League if these were bad, and they were both much better. Better? (laughs) Justice League? Green Lanterns is getting really fun. Is it? Anyone else notice please randomly change costumes twice after a rage? Oh, boy, did I ever. Yes, we did. Green Arrow was really good. Birds of Prey was awesome. I still hate that background costume, though. Hellblazer was surprisingly good, and Aquaman was pretty good as well. I thought He's a booster, I, that Taylor. Yeah, he is. Taylor, boy, you are, uh, you're very positive, because a lot of those that you just mentioned, I was not a huge fan, <laughs> though I did mention, again, I'll keep pushing the four guys in the comic book. I mentioned to them that one of the reasons why I know that Rebirth has uh, been a success, at least for me, is that when I say, like an Aquaman, Oh, my God, Aquaman, pretty good. What are you talking about, Taylor? I think I still said I would have given it a six. Yeah. And so, really, if one of the worst books of the week is a six, pretty damn good. I thought I would take a page out of your guys' book and do a quick report card as well. I haven't read Superman or Action Comics, so those will have no grades. Uh, overall, he gives Aquaman a B-. minus. What do you think you would give it? If we were going to do it again, the re- report card, which we will eventually. Probably uh, C+. Plus. C+, plus is me as well. Green Arrow, he gives an A-. minus. I'd probably give a flat B right now. I'd give it a flat B as well. What's going on? <laughs> I'm actually thinking of these before you say it. And now the next one. I, do you have the mail? Did I send you the yeah, mail? Yeah, I have it. Okay, the next one you're going to say C+. Green Lanterns. C-. minus. Ooh, you were trying to freaking make me a liar. I'd give it a C. I'd give it a solid C. All right. Uh, Flash. Uh, B-. Minus. B minus. I think I'd go B- minus as well. I will as well. It's edging its way quickly to a B, though. Wonder Woman. He gives a B. B-. minus. Yeah, I'd probably go B- minus as well. Uh, Batman. Uh, Batman is a, a solid B. I'd give it a solid B. <laughs> Justice League. D plus. He gives it a D plus. I'll give it a D he plus as well. D plus, I give it a D minus. And he says issue one would have been given a C plus, but that rebirth was so awful it dragged down the grade. Yeah, I'd, I'd go D minus. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, he gave a B plus. You're going to say solid B? I'm going to say a C plus. You son of a bitch. Solid B for me. All right. I'm having, I'm having fun with it. Uh, <laughs> Nightwing. He gives a C plus. I would give a C minus. I wish there was a way that I'd have like, if there was because <laughs> every time I don't say it, I'm right on with you. Because that's what I would give it a C minus as well. I wish we had video and I could hold up a card that you don't see. Birds of Prey. He gave it an he A minus. A minus. You're going to give it. Say it one. Oh, I was going to have you say it with me. I'm sorry. A minus. A minus. I'd give it a B plus. Right. Uh, Hellblazer, he gives a B plus. You give it a one, two, three, solid B. B. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. See? Detective Comics, he gives an A plus. This is by far my favorite series of rebirths so far. I'm going to say that you're going to give it a one, two, three, C plus. B minus. You didn't say it with me. No, I didn't. You're the worst. I'd give it a B. <laughs> I'd give it a solid B. Uh, and he says, thanks, as always, you guys kick ass. Uh, what, what did Taylor's girlfriend give these? Remember? I remember. Yeah, it probably. I remember, too. She was, a little, she was a little more negative than Taylor. Well, she seemed to be right on with me, but then it That's got what I'm skewed saying. as hell. She seemed to be right on with you. 
um, which was a little negative. And the thing is with Taylor, we're pretty well right in with Taylor. He's a couple, you know, a minus or a plus different, but I think he's pretty much in line except Batman. He's not enjoying Batman as much as us. You're done, Taylor. You're banned. <laughs> when did I become a Batman supporter? Holy. During Next Tom one King's is. run? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really, Eric. Really. Manship says. Well, Manships, it's what's that smell? It's <laughs> the deal. Now, we're going we're gonna to set this up a little. Just remember, Manship was in the hospital for four days because he couldn't shit. Yep. He could not shit. Then when he got out of the hospital, he had himself an accident. And that's what this mail is going to get into. Very <laughs> odd accident, too, for somebody who couldn't shit, Eric. Hey, bros. Thanks for the shout-out last week. Rick and Morty. <laughs> He's calling us Rick and Morty, Eric. Still don't know what Rick and Morty is, but you guys make it sound great. I do not have... know yet. Come on, man. Get so, on this. And we had that news story where, oh, it's going to come out. Now we have no idea. Who knows? Nobody we're, knows. We're fucking liars. In fact, my, my son Rafe's like, hey, Dad, they have a trailer for season three. It ended up being the uh, court. I love uh, that court. The thing from Comic-Con that Brandon sent us, the uh, court transcript reading, which I watched <laughs> again. Me uh, too, last night. Fine. And just laugh. Uh, I'd love to admit that my medical issues are a result of the infamous 1996 Panama City Spring Break Townies versus Tourist Brawl. Sounds like it was like a pay-per-view that I got to see while blading one day. Uh, stuck in stop Panama City Main Street uh, Main Street traffic as I weaved in and out of cars. Can you imagine? You are stuck in traffic in Panama City. You, you want to get somewhere, and you see this motherfucker come in his blades, his short shorts and short his half shorts, shirt, yeah. fucking probably twirling around with a goddamn <laughs> boombox. Of course. Going around like the guy in fucking Bob's Burgers. Dancing Queen. Whee, yeah, Dancing Queen's gone. It's freaking, I don't know. Uh, he says, stuck and stop in about city main street traffic as I weaved in and out of the cars were two trucks full of townies, which he calls greasers, and tourists. They were the preps, Eric. Socias. Where, yeah, where's Candy? What was her name? Oh, fuck. Uh, Cherry? It was Diane Lane, yeah. Cherry. Cherry. With lots of yelling and no place to go, my number one ranked spectator fight was on. Seven greasers and eight preps decided uh, collided right in the middle of midday traffic. The biggest townie fucker was literally throwing all who came near him into the pavement hard, one right after another. The tourists had their own go-to guy. It was obvious that this guy knew how and really liked to kick some ass. Besides the two real fighters, no one else knew what the hell they were doing, so everyone like me were comfortably watching in amazement. Then one guy went to another and said, is that your boy? <laughs> and he proceeded to have six Puerto Ricans come and kick the shit out of him. No, Jim, no, need to get over this. That didn't happen, Eric. Until one of the greasers <laughs> started using a fucking chain. Two chains. And how does I that thought happen? that shit only happens in the movies. Me too. When he says chain, I'm assuming it was like like uh Fucking chains on a car, like the they on the tires they're not allowed to use anymore. Like right. see shit like that. Just then, Panama City's finest came rushing on, and both sides took off running through the traffic, which was my sign to get the hell out of there before I became a target. Of course, rollerblading in my signature look, <laughs> bathing suit with no shirt and a backpack, <laughs> thong bathing suit too. I'm sure. I will leave you guys with a very oh he he. That's his story about that. Him and him and his rollerblade. <laughs> There's like 18 people that are living their life that tell a story about manship. He's like the, the phantom rollerblader that they mention all the time. 
then he says, I will leave you guys with a very important tip. Do not make bacon at 10 p.m. after just being released from a four-day stay in the hospital. Okay, done and done. He had not been able to ship for four days. He was hospitalized for it. He gets out and decides to make himself some bacon. At 10 o'clock at night. I blame my wife, though. She left to go to a jewelry party. Who goes to a jewelry party at 10 o'clock at night? It wasn't a jewelry party. He's being nicer. <laughs> parties, you know it is. Who, like you said, 10 p.m. Actually, it doesn't even matter what the party is. Those ladies go there to just drink wine and talk bad about their husbands, right? Isn't that parts. what they do? Next thing you know, that dancing bear comes out and everybody's sucking dick. <laughs> I've seen those videos, Eric. I would never let we, my wife leave. We've all seen those videos. I'm telling you, I'm there. Once I saw this video, I'm like, you are never leaving the house again. <laughs> she goes to go shopping for cattle. The next thing, she's sucking this guy off who's in a fucking bear costume. Guy holding up the fucking towel so nobody can see. Everybody can see, Eric. <laughs> Everybody, including the next door neighbors. Whew, those videos upset me so much. <laughs> like you, especially when it's like a uh, bachelorette party. Like, you oh, yeah. get married the next day, lady. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's really bad second degree burns all over it. <laughs> he, he, she went to the jewelry party. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sucked off a bear, I got you. Wink, wink. Which led to me receiving really, really bad second degree burns all over my right wrist. Uh, listen, man, Chip, when she came home, did she smell of fucking fur? Because that's all I'm telling you. Matted fur. Nonsense. I blame pain medication as well. I felt like I was quick to the faucet, but I'm sure that I hesitated with 425-degree bacon grease, instantly forming blisters on my skin. Instant fucking 50-cent piece-sized blisters. That happened to me. Remember at work when we, when that one uh, – I told you not to touch it, motherfucker. Well, no, no. The time that it happened really bad with me was the time when we had a little explosion – and we were desperately trying to clean out that one port. Oh, yeah. It just poured right all over me. And then it just immediately, the <laughs> fucking thing was humongous. And then you didn't talk to me for like three weeks. You you considered me a goddamn burn, burn victims. Next thing I know, I'm in the at work. I go to the bathroom. There's this fucking bear there. I'm sucking his dick, <laughs> Eric. I didn't know what happened. I, I told oh, you not to go in that bathroom. Here's the thing is, anytime you see that bear, it, it is a law. You have to. You stop. have to. You have to. Yes, I still ate the bacon, and it was glorious. I hadn't eaten solid food in five days. That's from Medicated Manship. He also sent me another email, not for the podcast, but kind of he said, or he asked, what food would we eat if we had to eat something after four days? Like, what would be the food that we went? And really, the doctor, because it did, I made fun of the bacon, but whoa, what happened? You fall? I dropped my lighter. You fall again? <laughs> yeah, he, he said the doctor told him that it didn't matter. Any food was good at that point. Are you okay, Eric? Oh, my God, Eric. You're alone again. Oh, come on, Eric. Now, he said that any food, so man, should make bacon. Really, really, I really get angry at that because this jewelry party. (laughs) Let it go, baby. Why couldn't she have made him some food before she went to the jewelry party? Make your man some French toast or something. Well, he took his medication. She probably thought he'd be, like, passed out just going to bed. Yeah, yeah, really. Next thing you know, Manship's got, got those fucking uh, rollerblades on. He's, I'm just happy he had pants on while making bacon. That is true. Well, there was a song way back, and it was a morning zoo type song that was like all the advice this guy learned. And one was don't make bacon without a shirt. Yeah, I've done it, and it's fucking terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Uh, what would be the food that you would have? I know exactly well, what the, food I would have. The closest thing I have in relation to this is when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Okay. And then I can only eat like fucking like pudding yeah, and broth yeah. and all that nonsense and shit like that. What's that? 
Uh, is that what you're going to say, pudding? No, no, I had to eat okay. this, like, no salad food yeah. for a couple of days, and after, like, the third day, I'm like, fuck this, I need something, so I went out to the diner and got a California cheeseburger, okay. and it hurt like a motherfucker to eat this goddamn thing, but I woofed it down. Do you smoke when you have that and get a fucking dry socket? Like yeah, I don't get problems smoker, with that. Every yeah. other smoker in fucking the world. Uh, that's kind of, that's not the same, because I don't think Manship ate anything for yeah. days. They wouldn't let him. I would probably get pizza. That's the perfect food. That was to me. Even uh, that weird ass one you had tonight? It was weird. You know, that's a good segue, Eric. I didn't even mean it to be. I made a pizza <laughs> today and I, I actually homemade. I didn't make the dough, but I bought the dough, spread that bitch out, and here I put pepperoni, right? This is on the crust. All right. Be crazy, right? I'm a I'm I'm like a, a fine chef, Eric. You gotta put pepperoni, the and tons of pepperoni, first. which I'll tell you that nobody will know what this means, but I got at Swans, Eric. Oh God, why did you do that? <laughs> because I was telling uh, my kids about Gennardi's. Yeah. Just joking around about it. It was an old grocery store in our town, and now it's this. I don't even know what you'd call this Swans. I don't it even is, know either. It's a, a dirt- discount grocery that you should never eat anything <laughs> from. Dirty grocery and store. I went there and bought pepperoni. <laughs> It was I went. I, I went into that grocery store that you went into the other week. Oh yeah, yeah. And because I, I needed soy sauce, and I just got the freaking Chinese food, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm out of soy sauce. We'll stop huh. there. I'll just go in and get it real fast. They did not have soy sauce. They had the craziest uh, goddamn condiments really? you've ever fucking heard of. I no have a soy sauce. That you went to the wrong spot because I think they have a, a full out Asian section there. Motherfucker! Yep. You didn't go to the right spot. Did you get any free popcorn while you were there? No, just it was that? all over the fucking floor. Really. Yeah, I didn't even know they had it. I was yeah. wondering why there was popcorn was on the fucking floor. The one day we got, we went there and I got the free popcorn. They have this popcorn machine, and I'm there and I'm talking to Raven. I didn't realize it looked like I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to find my way back to the deli. <laughs> there was a trail of fucking popcorn. I was just walking. Uh, that was the place I told you they had free samples. Like they said, oh, free right, sample right, yeah. day. But they were in the weirdest positions. The one was a free sample of ice cream. But usually when they have free samples, they have a little, you know, a cart maybe. They're giving okay. somebody giving it. They just had uh, like little cups of ice cream in with the ice cream. So when you went to go open the ice cream, all of a sudden you see these cups there. We had no idea what it was. And, of course, I grabbed a couple. I started eating them. <laughs> then there was a little free sample of like a little pastry, and I ate it. And I swear to God, it was mold. It was terrible. And I don't think I think that was actually a rat trap that I thought was a free sample. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. I ate this thing. I'm like, I don't know that that was actually supposed to be a free sample. But I'm never going in there again, or swans for that matter. Ever again? No, swans? Ever. Really, the swans that I went to, their big selling thing is the lunch meat ends. Oh, God. <laughs> the shit that's left the over. your father yeah. loved. Yeah, my father loved it. So we, we went in there to see, and I'm like, hey, pepperoni. Got some of that. Got a little freaking candy. Uh, Logan was disturbed. Now, Logan, who won't eat at the Chinese restaurant because they sit on cardboard boxes, was all into getting candy here until he saw that they had Easter candy out. <laughs> it, it blew his mind because in his mind, too, he's not really sure. Like He's like, well, it can't be early because there's still so much time. He's trying to do the math. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, ooh, that's not good. We got out of there. But, yeah, uh, it, it was these crust. Then all this crappy ass pepperoni. Then cheese. Yep. Then sauce. Okay. Okay. You're just making then, a mess, is what you're doing. Then pepperoni. Then cheese. Then pepperoni. Then a little bit of sauce. And then pepperoni. We had a lot of pepperoni. 
Jesus and it was Christ. it was the craziest goddamn pizza. It was it it was salty as hell. It was I bet. it was so terrible. You didn't even tell them about the layer of salt you put on. And then the salt. Well, that's what my dad. My dad's favorite topic oh, on pizza was salt. And you'd see this pizza, and it looked like it had snowed on the pizza. It my was, aunt was like that. It always weirded me out as a kid. Yeah, I, why that pizza? At a point, can get a little too salty, even as it is, and you know it starts to, you know, not be that good. Yeah, add salt to it, crazy. I'm telling you, the worst because I like a little bit of garlic powder on my freaking pizza. Yeah, and sometimes I'm out of garlic powder, but I have the garlic salt, and I got to think about, do I really want to do this? And then I open up, try to dash a little bit off, and then way too much fucking comes out. You put Mrs. You know, Mrs. Mrs. Dash, Dash. Mrs. Dash on there. You little but butter buds, you little butter bud man. I don't even know what that is. Fucking that crazy, like uh, almost like the Parmesan cheese, but it's butter. <laughs> All right, it, it's like a low calorie type thing or no calorie way to. to pull oh, your now I know why you eat it. Yeah, okay. uh, we had it in the house. I know. <laughs> Damn right. Brandon is the next and last email, and his email is titled "Post Camping Blues." What's up, fellas? What's up, Brandon? Wonder if Brandon when he went camping if there was if he saw a bear and because he actually saw those oh, no, videos, rules. he went down to start got on his knees and it was actually a real bear and it mauled him and then he sucked its cock. Well, you did it this time, Jim. Two weeks into the soundboard and a, a one seven-hour podcast with Jess yelling and a door slamming. <laughs> Has me conditioned like one of Pavlov's experiments. Instead of a bell ringing and getting treats, though, I will now tremble in terror forever at the sound of a door slamming like I was just screamed at by a female. You I, guys know I, you me. Know funny, though. I actually had this happen today where somebody, like uh, one of my neighbors, slammed their door shut. And yeah, yeah. I was, I, like, Jess was, I think, was taking a nap. I was in the freaking living room all by myself. I hear this. I got so fucking scared. Really? You hear me, Jim? <laughs> no. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. It's weird that she kept coming back to slam the door in. (laughs) (laughs) You guys know me well enough that I live in perpetual fear of being yelled at by the other sex. Yeah, I remember he was so frightened when that actually happened live. And again, like a friend, and these people have jumped on. This happened. I got to give a backstory. This is the rebirth issue of Do You Hear Me, Jim? And that's inappropriate. (laughs) Uh, Eric decided out of nowhere to tell a story about finding Jess's dildos in the bathroom. In the bathroom? No, no, no. Eric, don't say anything. I do not need a repeat. I will talk. You just keep thinking. All right, Pretend all right. I'm talking about a comic book so she doesn't hear. She's got free sonar going. Anytime you hear this story, she's fucking ghost nuts. All right, but yeah, Damn right. Eric, boosh. Yeah, all yeah, right. boosh. Eric found a dildo collection, or he knows she has it, but yeah. they, all of a sudden they shift it into the bathroom under the sink. And he was just talking like he was confused. And of course, I, at the door I now. kept talking to you about it, saying like, well, maybe she's doing this. Maybe she's, you know, the bathroom. I don't know what's going on. And we were having a good time. We really weren't. I don't know. This is the idiocy of us. We did not mean anything bad towards Jess. Nope. It was just a funny story. And we're talking about it. And uh, she interrupted with that and yelled and screamed at Eric. Now, this isn't even the whole thing. The other part is this better be edited out and whatever, and then yelled that freaking faithful. That That is the worst. That what, You hear me, Jim? Oh, my God. When she said that, like, the whole time I was kind of giggling to myself, she said that, and shit got real, Eric. I for some reason, she, she didn't think that you could hear. I'm like, the, the mic's on, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then we got done. We ha- Remember, we continued, and I was off my game. The rest <laughs> like, of the podcast, I couldn't even talk. 
I'm like, I didn't know. And I'm know trying to keep my cool so nobody knows I'm fucking oh, yeah. scared shitless. Yeah, and it's funny because even then you're like, okay. You were like trying to, and I'm like, what is going on? But then the next day I went into work and I said there, solid gold. She is a star. <laughs> I said, you tell Jess she's a fucking star. And she is, Eric. She is. And Brandon right away. I think messaged me or emailed us. I don't know if we were fully like talking to him all the time at that point, but even if we weren't, he definitely let us know that that scared the shit out of him. He thought it was like he was listening to parents fighting at dinner <laughs> and he was stuck there listening and he felt like an abused kid. He really was scared. So that, that the minute that we got the soundboard working and I knew I could do it, I said to you, I need that call. Oh yes. You know, that, that soundbite and luckily you had it. Whew. What is, where is it? That, that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. She was. She was angry about us talking about her dildos, her, <laughs> her dildos, her massive collection of dildos that she had in the bathroom for some reason. Just dildos, Eric, everywhere. You went oh, to go like to the one bathroom. One of those Q-tips. No, shh. Don't say anything, Eric. Looking at the door right dildos. now. Dildos. Dildos. <laughs> if I hear that door open, I'm running. I'm running. The, the mic will fall over. I'm, I'm out. I don't know where I'm running or why, but I'm out. Your Pretty headphones are still plugged in. You tear it out. Happened in my life, Brandon's continuing. It's uh, basically on par with experiencing an earthquake, which I did once and also never want to experience again. My only saving grace last week from trembling in constant terror at my desk was Dancing Mike, who was able to sing me off the ledge with his sweet It's Time for the News song. That song is like the brightly colored yin to the yelling's dark yang, Aaron. <laughs> dark yang. I'm trying to get to both. Uh, I'll do that in a minute. Dark wang, did you yeah. say? I had some time to reflect while camping this week. He went camping. You a big camping fan? I hate camping so goddamn much. I I know you would. Do you like bowling? I don't like anything, and you know this. Why bowling and camping go right hand in hand with me? In between alternating back and forth from food coma to hangover, I got to some deep, dark thinking. Also, he's watching Sliders, right? Season one and two? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, He had himself some sliders. You listen to me, he's still looking at the door. I'm looking (laughs) Eric, you're a cyborg fan, right? I want to be a cyborg. Like, I want to be, I guess. I don't know if I'll, how I'm putting this right, but uh, well, I like the I idea of cyborg. It doesn't he meet the movies? <laughs> no, nobody likes cyborg in the movies. Okay, so just keep that in mind. It's cyborg. I thought I remember him saying so at one point, which brings me to my point. If Eric is so frightened by burn victims, he should be terrified of cyborg, right? I <laughs> mean, cyborg is basically the ultimate burn victim. I, I will say what you're going to say. It's all covered up, so no, you don't see it, you, right? The thing is, another thing that nobody knows, I don't like cyborgs either. That guy who fucking won the Olympics yeah, or whatever, that running true. guy, he's a I, cyborg. You I, can't I, trust fucking cyborgs. I told you, that guy with the, the blades that he ran Exactly. On, as soon as I light. saw that guy, the first time, I'm like, you can't trust him. He's a fucking then cyborg. He, and then he goes and does this shit. And then he showed up in court with his stubs. He didn't even <laughs> have those blades. And I see <laughs> picture. Oh, actually, the best thing this week, and it's not a burn victim per se, but it's very similar, is I got you again. I brought up an old oh, fuck uh, me. God, don't an bring old him up. trick. Where I said to you, hey, Eric, look at this picture. And it was that guy from Jeopardy. With that no fucking eyes. eyes. <laughs> I said, doesn't he look like a garbage pail kid? You're like, he fucking does. <laughs> I was trying to get it so you could look at that guy. I'm not looking, no. If he was real, any skin he had left would be scarred to hell. Eric, you may have to leave the Justice League movie early because you're so grossed out. I'm just saying. There are actual concerns I have, and I'm just looking out for your well-being. And uh, it didn't come out in that trailer because they showed the, you know, sleek-looking cyborg without anything. Yeah, I, I watched Batman v Superman where you can see him all fucked up on that goddamn really? table. Did you go, ooh? I always say, ooh. Yeah. 
That's what they say to me when I'm on Chatterbait. This week in failing as a parent, I'm currently in the doghouse because of my daughter. He was always in the doghouse because of his daughter. Every time we're in the car going somewhere lately, she repeatedly says, Dad, we don't say fuck it. <laughs> she doesn't say this once. Send a soundbite. I need oh, this. Oh, no. This gets repeated throughout the trip wherever we are about to go every three minutes or so. Now, is this because he's saying fuck it? And she responded. This is the same. Um, at one point, my son, Zach, when he was younger, he was just learning. He didn't, you know, he was learning to talk. And he would go up to me and go, Daddy, fuck it. Fuck it, Daddy. And then walk away. It's very odd. <laughs> He's Zach had the craziest things when he was little. At one point, he went to the bathroom, went to the top of the stairs. I'm saying he went to the bathroom. He took a dump. Yeah. Went to the top of the stairs and yelled at the top of his voice, shit on deck, and then just walked <laughs> away. Like, really? And he was right. I guess I, I don't know why he flushed it. Not to tell me, but yeah, he did that. Then my oldest son, Alex, had the problem where – he was always concerned that he didn't wipe himself enough. So he'd take a dump and then stand at the top of the stairs and say, look, did I wipe enough? And then he'd spread his <laughs> cheeks. I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't look. I'm like, yeah, it looks good, buddy. It looks good up there. Okay. She's told to stop it, but this doesn't work. Baby mom says this all comes back to me because of my supposed road rage and lack of filter when I speak. I'm just going to relay on an old, uh, rely on an old excuse that if people drove better, I wouldn't say the F word, right? What other play do I have? You don't have a play in this. Telling you, here is what I have learned having five boys is basically it's they're going to learn these words anyway. You really just have to stress to them when and when not to say it. That's that's all you can do. You you can tell them. Yeah, you could be like my mom and oh, when you curse, people think that you don't have a vocabulary. And you know what? You like fuck you, mom. It's fucking fuck nonsense. Off. Because the minute that you go with your friends, you're screaming and yelling curse words all the time. But yeah, when I grew up, I learned. You know, you don't yell that shit in church. That's about it, right? That's school. That's all you have to teach them. And then you say to your baby mama, listen. Fuck, I don't know. What I don't know, man. When I was walking through these like grocery stores trying to find goddamn soy sauce today, I was cursing the entire time, oh, and I was yeah. just getting strange like looks. Little kids, for, ah, really? You were cursing, fucking oh. muttering about fucking soy sauce. Why would it not be in the condiment section? And why wouldn't you just get those little packs when you went and got? They, your they don't pennies? taste right. They, they don't taste right. They you taste need a, the same. No, they do not. Not at all. Yes, they do. They're the same. Every you think that there's what seventeen companies that make fucking soy sauce? It's no, I want a Kikkoman soy Kikuman sauce, or it's fucking Lachoy. I know. There you but go. The little packets always taste that. watered down. Yeah. Then you get a couple, and then it's not watered down it anymore. It doesn't work. Seventeen. I tried. What were you gonna put it on anyway? In your in your sweet and sour soup or something? Some beef fried rice. I like to put it a little bit on top of my uh, uh, boneless barbecue spare ribs. Really? Yeah. That's fucked up. I don't think anybody listening ever would put soy sauce on. I only started doing it like a couple months ago, and I'm glad I did. It's delicious. Fucking nonsense. Did Jess order that goddamn soup that she orders without the meat? Yep. What is it? What is it? The hot and sour soup? Hot and sour soup. Uh, extra spicy shows up there at the Chinese place and says, hey, can I have the hot and sour soup, but I don't like the little meat chunks in it? They should be like, you fuck off. <laughs> fuck you. I'm not making new soup. How long? Does it take longer to get your goddamn food? No, not at all. Yeah, because they fucking just pick it out in the back. There's no way they're making that fucking... <laughs> Sitting on them cardboard boxes. Oh, my God. I would I fucking shit in that soup for it. You like... You know meat, you have shit, you bitch. That's what I would say. I'd be so angry. You want it your way? Burger King right over there. Yeah, really. This no Burger King. Burger King right there. 
I, when I when we worked at or I worked at Hardy's as a youngster, it was my first job, and we you know where it is, where it was at the yeah. uh, at the what's it called Dairy Queen, and it's right next to an old folks home. So you get these motherfuckers showing up, and they're like, you know, either they want their goddamn ten cent coffee, but then oh, I'll have fries with no salt, and then, you know, yeah, you're gonna get those. Going <laughs> on my fucking Robin's fucking fries. Here you go, buddy. There's your goddamn fries with no salt, you son of a bitch. I'm telling you, you go, this would be like, yeah, I'd like a wonton soup, but please, can you remake these goddamn wontons and, and put chicken in instead of the pork? Because I, I'm really not a pork fan here. <laughs> oh, you fuck off. There's Jess. Fucking, they should yell. Do you hear me now, Jim? There. These guys should get angry. We should have a door slamming. Uh, there's the, there's door, bitch. Whew. It's an interaction between a crazy inmate and a judge. It takes about a minute to get really good. But what am I talking about? I, I've, I've skipped so far in this because I'm getting so angry at Jess and her goddamn orders. I don't even like when people go through the drive-thru and they're like, yeah, I'd like a, a Whopper, but please no onion. No, you get your ass in there in order. Don't you fucking back up the, the drive How would you know? You don't even go through the drive-thru. You're scared. Yeah, Well, I don't, but I'm saying that. I sit there and I hear these people. Yeah, Tommy's like that. Yeah, I'll have this Whopper with minus the meat. I don't really like uh, tomatoes. And uh, please, no cheese, lettuce, or onion. That's Burger King, though, man. You get it your <laughs> yeah, way. I go up and they throw a bun at us, and we get the fuck out of there. <laughs> a bun with ketchup on it. Delicious. <sighs> I gotta find my way here. She's told to stop. Where were we? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, suggestion suggestion to all. To all. If anyone hasn't yet watched the leak Rick and Morty courtroom reenactment of an actual court transcript from uh, from Georgia, stop this podcast and go find it now. And yes, just look up Rick and Morty so court. You can look up and it'll go right there. It's an interaction between a crazy inmate and a judge. It takes about a minute to get really good. But after that, it's flat out hysterical. It makes real life also very scary at times <laughs> that shit like this actually happens. Make sure the kids are out of earshot. You won't want them repeating any of it like my <laughs> three-year-old does. Now, I will say you really do have to go into that knowing a couple things. First off, you have to know that it is real, which will blow your mind. Seriously. And especially the judge. <laughs> the judge is the that. The judge is the craziest part. Also, you have to realize that the guy who is played in this, quote-unquote, played by uh, Rick, is actually already in jail and has murdered a man. And I really know or think he has nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I do think that at points of this, he is trying to delay shit because when he's done here, he's going back to jail <laughs> and probably having awful things happen to him. So I think that he is really trying to delay it. In the meantime, what this guy says to the judge should not have delayed anything. This judge should have stopped it, nipped it in the butt immediately and told this guy to get out of there. Right? And I don't even know that – I don't know how the court or whatever works as well. Um, at, at one point, the judge is finding him in contempt of court and sentencing him to these days. And at the beginning, I'm thinking, this guy's already in jail. 20 days does not mean anything. I'm not so sure that there's a different, like maybe he stays there for 20. You know what I'm saying? I have no that idea. He, that he's really pushing that. But boy, this judge gets to the point where... They are almost comparing dick sizes, talking about <laughs> sucking dick. Uh, it is crazy. Just watch the video. I can't see how – I don't think anybody's going to go from here and watch that video. That's why I'm saying. Uh, 
I really think that guy should have been fired immediately. Totally. But yeah, you do. Look up Rick and Morty Court, and it's nonsense. It is so crazy. All right, time for books. Goddamn Detective Comics is so good. I anticipate a huge fight next issue, which should be some good stuff. Kate's dad is such a dick, I hope he gets locked away in Gotham's rapiest prison ever. <laughs> now, the problem that he said, he, he has pointed out my biggest problem with the book. Every issue, I think the next one's going to be this big goddamn fight and action that has it's the opposite of action. It's a very opposite of action, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nightwing was in danger of drop territory after a very unimpressive rebirth issue, but the number one issue this week actually got me back on board for a while. I'm a sucker for Court of the Owl stuff. Without Lincoln March around to fuck things up, it should end differently for once. Mark my words, though, if this ends with Lincoln <laughs> March fucking things up in the finale, ending the Court of Owls can be shot, stuffed, and put on the shelf for all I care. Each time I walk by that shelf, I'll flip the fucking bird, go away, Lincoln March, and stay dead this time. <laughs> uh, the one thing I do have problems with is the Court of the Owls in this issue, because they seem to have very lax rules. That's the Parliament of the Owls. I don't they, even know how, how this works yet, you know? It's, it's still the Court of the Owls. It's just the international version. That's all it is. It's the same owls, but they said they're. No, more these are different owls than the ones in Gotham. No, they're it's they're the main owls. They're the main owls of the world. They said that they are now when with Lincoln March. They said they're more international now. That's why they were all having meetings in fucking Greece and all that because they said that they are. This is the worldwide though. I'm saying the court of the owls is specifically in Gotham. No, I'm just saying, but these are the guys who run the worldwide owls. Right. The Court of the Owls are just an offshoot of them. It's the, you know, it's the same dudes. They still have talents. They still have all these other fucking guys, but they just, they seem to be very lax with this guy who is attacking people. All of a sudden they ask them to be in their fucking court, their parliament, and there they go. It's fucking nonsense. I'm telling you, it's fucking nonsense. The only reason it's not the quote unquote Court of the Owls is because they want to get dick out of Gotham. That's why he was stressing all that time. Oh, I'm more worldly. I'm not going to stay in Gotham. That's so they couldn't say Court of the Owls because they made that pretty specific to Gotham. So they fucking put Parliament in. And now <laughs> I'm getting mad at the book because it fucking hey, the the Parliament of the Owls is less strict than the actual court in Gotham. It seems. Well, I'm telling you, I don't even know what their freaking in. point was. I'm like, when Lincoln Marsh is going off in the rebirth that she's talking about, they're like hiding over there. Us, we're going to be more in the shed. I'm like. Why are you saying that these people suck because they're hiding when you're talking about hiding here? I know. It was weird. Remember when they smashed the mask? We thought they were done with the yeah. mask. That's, and they just put on a black mask. black mask. And again, I think all that was was so that when you look at them, you're like, oh, I, I remember. These aren't just the court of the Alice. It's the parliament of the Alice. <laughs> it's freaking nonsense. But yeah, then he says, this would normally be the area I eviscerate Brian Hitch, but he's off things until next week. I know I've said I was done with his book, but I've so missed making fun of the weekly eternal title with Jim that a bi-weekly Justice League by Hitch might just be a substantial substitute. That's all, folks. Brandon at bmuir3660, and that is going to lead to Brandon's. Uh, review. He has a guerrilla review of Captain America, Steve Rogers, number three. And I kind of feel nice. bad about this because he said to me, hey, I didn't really like my Marvel shit this week. Do you have any suggestions what you would think uh, I should do? So I'm looking. There's the uh, the Civil War. Four. He didn't like it, the number four, I guess. And so I'm looking. I'm like, hey, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number three. That's pretty big. I thought he read it. He's like, oh, OK. I could just see him. He's like, fucking Captain America. <laughs> He's a big Captain fan. 
And I think he read the first issue. I don't know if he read the second. So I think he may have had to go buy the second and third issue just because that's what I said. And I felt bad afterwards because I didn't get his message right away. But he's like, yeah, I guess that'd be okay. No. <laughs> well, we're going to hear about what he has to say. I don't know that he liked it. He really spelled out to me that uh, the Marvel books, he they were off this week for him. That's what he says. This is Captain America, Steve Rogers, number three. How we doing, Weird Science? This is Brandon. I'm coming at you with a Marvel Minute this week. Uh, issue chosen was Steve Rogers, Captain America, number three. We got writer Nick Spencer on the issue with the art team of Jesus Saez on uh, pencils and inks and Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. We start the issue off in flashback mode. We see Steve's mom at a Hydra meeting, uh, the mystery Hydra woman in red. Uh, is running the meeting, and there, there's a group in there. They're listening to her, basically. Uh, everything seems on the up and up in, in that you know, they're discussing helping people and recruiting new members. After everybody is dismissed, uh, she asks Steve's mom to kind of hang around afterwards as they discuss uh, the situation with Steve's dad. It, it kind of seems like the woman in red wants Mrs. Rogers to leave him and and she's really not feeling that at the moment, saying he, he's found work finally and, and his behavior's improving, he's not drinking, et cetera. So, so that scene ends and we pick up with Captain America entering a secret room uh, as he is meeting with Red Skull. Red Skull's basically a hologram in this situation, um, and he wants an update on Cap's progress. Uh, so Cap is kind of updating him on the situation, uh, which is how issue one ended. Um, and, and we pick up right from the Hail Hydra as Cap gets to work. Uh, he, he mutes his comms, so Sharon can't hear what's going on in, in the plane. Um, he sets the plane to autopilot. Uh, we're really not sure where. Uh, he, he's checking on Zemo to make sure he's still knocked out and not going to cause any trouble. And then he moves over to Dr. Selvig, who's tied up prisoner on the plane. Uh, now, Selvig has the idea that Captain America is going to rescue him. Um, also being Hydra, the doctor, um, but Cap lets him know that that's not what the plan is uh, as he moves towards the back of the plane and exits, and we see the plane crash into the side of a building. Uh, so, so we flash back to Red Skull talking to Cap, stating, so basically the mission was a success then, and Steve says, well, not, not 100% because uh, Jack Flag entered the plane as I was taking care of everything. I had to shove him out, but it appears that he survived the fall from the plane. Uh, so Red Skull is pissed uh, at this revelation. Um, we go to the flashback to see what happens to Jack Flag after he was shoved from the plane. Um, Sharon Carter uh, lands to, to rescue him because he's not in good shape, obviously. Um, and he ended up la landing in Begalia, which is uh, the red light nation of the Marvel Universe, basically where uh, there are no laws and, and the bad guys kind of run the show there. So they're not in a good spot. Uh, as they land and try to grab uh, Jack, Taskmaster task kind of uh, arrives to the scene there, and we find out he is sheriff of this area, and he is making sure these shield people go nowhere, stabs Sharon Carter right through her hand to the ground. 
He pulls out a gun uh, and is about to pull the trigger when Steve swoops down and gives him a drop kick there, sending him flying. Uh, Taskmaster is making fun of Steve Shields because it's not the circle one anymore. It's kind of this upside-down triangle-looking thing. And as he's doing that, Steve shoots this one part at him that comes off, and Taskmaster, Taskmaster, I cannot say that word, Task Taskmaster, takes a shield to the face. So I'm done saying his name. He's done for the issue anyway. But, but that commotion uh, draws a bunch of bad guys out from a nearby casino, and they start bum-rushing all the shield agents on the ground. Uh, we have one of the assistants in the plane kind of come up uh, with an idea here to, to save his teammates outside. So he hacks the intercoms and, and the networks, and he says any villains that do not have their money withdrawn from the casino in three minutes uh, are going to lose it. So that, that kind of buys them some time to get on the plane and get out of there. Kind of a cheesy way to get out of a situation, but whatever, we'll go with it. Um, we go back to Red Skull and Cap's conversation, uh, done with the flashback area for now. Uh, we see Skull now questioning Cap's loyalty uh, because these people that he's supposed to be getting rid of keep living. Uh, example one, the teammate he shoved out of the airplane. And then example two was uh, the Hydra agent from the first issue was trying to blow up the train Cap ended up saving. Cap basically blows Red Skull off and says he's loyal to Hydra. He, he's just trying to keep S.H.I.E.L.D. convinced uh, that he's the same Cap and, and he's not up to anything fishy. That's basically how those two end their conversation. Uh, and we're treated to another flashback of the lady in red. And since Steve's mom uh, won't get rid of Steve's dad, it looks like she's taking matters into her own hands. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, she is having people beat up Steve's dad, and he's getting tossed off this bridge. So he may, appears to possibly be dead. Um, I'm not really sure of the original backstory with Steve's dad and what happened to him. So maybe that's how he goes down. Red Skull, again, he, he's away. Before he leaves, he does say he, he wants the surviving uh, surviving teammate of Captain America's to be killed, and, and he won't talk to him until that's, that happens. So, so Cap crushes the camera. As he's crushing that camera so, so Red Skull can see what's going on, this door from the floor opens. Uh, Cap descends down the door, and... In that door, we see uh, the doctor, Eric Selvig, who, who we thought previously died in the plane crash um, in the previous panels and pages of the issue. He He's alive and well down in this basement. It looks like kind of Captain America's secret base. Uh, and he says to the doctor, are you ready to do what needs to be done? So this cliffhanger leads you to believe either... Captain America is a triple agent and really working for S.H.I.E.L.D. all along, or he is loyal to Hydra and trying to take down Red Skull. So, pretty good cliffhanger there. Uh, overall, the art was, was excellent throughout the issue. Um, I'm digging the twists and turns in the series, you know, 100% all the way with those. And the dialogue has actually been pretty good. Uh, the, the only cheesy part really being how, how they get out of the situation um, with the super villains in the casino area. Uh, so you know how I do things here, guys. I let you know to buy, to borrow, or to forget the issue altogether. And as far as Steve Rogers, Captain America number three goes, I, I would put this one in the buy category. 
Um, I'm again, I'm enjoying the series thoroughly. Uh, this wasn't something I wanted to add to my pull list because it's already long enough, but uh, they're getting me each time this one comes out, and, and it's actually uh, jumped up to one of the probably I would say top four or five books I'm reading from Marvel right now. Uh, other than that, I, I read a few other Marvel issues to give you a quick rundown. Amazing Spider-Man 1.6, uh, that entire series 1.1 through 1.6 was was a bucket of yuck. So if you're looking for a Spider-Man story, avoid that one. Uh, Extraordinary X-Men wrapped up the Apocalypse Wars. Um, that was a borrow. Uh, really nothing too exciting there. It was left very open-ended. And then Old Man Logan, uh, he goes back to the to Japan on the hunt for Lady Deathstrike uh, and finds another old enemy. Um, and I would suggest if you're looking for something else to buy and, and Captain America's not up your alley, that might be something you're interested in because that was pretty good. That's about it for me, guys. Uh, got some more Marvel reviews going up this Monday, and I am getting XO Man of War 48 done for you right now as we speak, so that'll be up hopefully Saturday or Sunday this week. That's it for me, guys. You got anything to say or any suggestions to review, holler at me at Twitter. You can find me at Beamer3660. And we're going back to Jim and Aaron. Everywhere around the world They come to America Every time that flag's on And we're back. We're back with the books. All right. Time to get going. Of the podcast, uh, the meat and cheese, the pepperoni layered pizza, Ugh. the three tiered pepperoni pizza that made me sick. A little bit of a uh, boneless barbecue spare ribs with soy sauce on it. I don't think anybody has ever put soy it's sauce delicious. on it. Spare ribs. It doesn't even make sense. That would be like me making a, like, a pork barbecue sandwich and putting that it's already got the condiment on it. That's the barbecue part. Uh-huh. And you add the soy sauce. It just doesn't make sense to me. Good. It sounds like a bunch of fucking nonsense. It really does. And in fact, you might as well not even eat those goddamn spare ribs because now all you're going to taste to me is the soy sauce. No, you don't so put a lot on. You fucking just you know you drizzle on a little bit. And it's in one of those big containers. Well, then you should have put in, you should, could have used the diluted uh, tasting soy sauce in the packets then. Like you said, you said it seemed a little diluted, a little watered down. That would go well with that. In that no, no, you need the full thing. flavor though. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I'm actually, I, I would like you to keep talking. I'm going to look up. If I look up and somebody out there, even one mention on the internet of that, I'd be shocked. It's, it's just shot. something I started doing. I ended up enjoying the flavor. I'm like, cool, I'm going to keep doing this. I just guess, to me, it seems like you don't really like the spare ribs then, and that's one of your favorite things you get. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's weird. It's like I love the taste of fucking the cocoa pebbles, but I'm going to put vanilla on them. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's warping my mind. I, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> enjoying don't, my food. I don't know. It's That's like when people say, like, uh, oh, Hey, this guy says he likes crab legs, but look, he only likes butter because they dip it in butter yeah, yeah, yeah. so much or whatever. That's what it's to me. You must not like it. I think that you're fooling yourself. You hate the meal that you got and you want to kill yourself because you keep getting the same goddamn thing. I do. You always get every the same time. thing every time. But yet the price goes up and down. 
Yeah, it's weird. I don't understand that part. And it's funny. You said uh, we were kind of guessing that every time the guy and the lady who owned the place mentioned like something, oh, my daughter, she just started driving. All of a sudden, the price went up 10 bucks. 10 bucks, yeah. <laughs> she needed gas for that car. And they see you. They're like, this sucker's never said shit. We're going to keep doing it. Do you even get a receipt? Or is it just you get the menu again with all your shit? Served? No, I get the receipt. Yeah, wasn't it that Je- Jess writes on it's not the- itemized, though. Yeah, no, it's, that's what I'm saying. There's not like an itemized thing. Usually they staple the receipt to that fucking menu that you circled shit on. A lot of times that's the place I go to does that all the time. But you said Jess like writes little notes to them in the corners uh-huh. and the fucking borders of the thing. Like no meat in this. And they're like, fuck you. Extra spice. They see her coming. They're like, what the fuck? Here she comes. Here we go again. Start making that new soup again there, Chun Lee. You like your books this week? They were right. I like mine. Uh, in general, I had a, a decent deal with my books. Uh, your books, well, actually, everything was pretty much down the middle to yeah. me, really. Yeah, it was okay. There was nothing really offensive, I don't think. I, I think we're going to disagree on a couple books, but other than that, I, I didn't think it was a bad week. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week there. I actually like the weeks when we have like some really kick-ass books, but I also like some ones that like uh, Justice League. I like uh, to talk about it because these I, there's a lot of these books tonight. I do not have tons to talk about. It's not stopped this yet. That's the but, thing is that it's very, they're very straightforward and not yeah, a lot goes down. That's what I'm saying. They're at, even to the point where there wasn't even a lot of nitpicking that I could no. find. I just read them. I'm like, okay. Uh, well, certain ones, I, I mean, just looking ahead, like a Titans, I read it. I'm like, it was another one of those books where I'm like, it's over? Yeah. Well, what the hell? And, and, yeah, I had a little nitpick that we got more uh, fucking recap. But still, it was a nice enough issue that just seemed to be very thin on, on anything. But we're going to move It looked on. fucking fantastic, though. It did, yeah. Uh, actually, I'll tell you. I'm looking down my notes. I don't know that there was a book that I could really – well, no, there is. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say there wasn't any book that I thought looked bad. One of your books I was sure. really thrown off by, and I, uh, you know what I'm talking about? I would think so, Nightwing? Would, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was. I looked at it, I'm like, what is going on here? And Dick Grayson, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm telling you, that look was very odd, and it changed and whatnot. But, well, that symbol on his chest keep changing yeah, sizes. Yeah, I just even, like, yeah, that, that art was way off. But really, that's one thing that we're not really specific a lot of times on the art like we'll say oh man it kicks yeah, ass good. or whatever yeah. and we're, we're not the greatest of art critics and i don't ever, i can't see goddamn it yeah and i don't really ever say that i i am an art critic um but i'll say for the most part the rebirth that's it's been really good spot like, on most of the art is really good not in that nightwing uh, i think so i liked it more than the rebirth art i i didn't like either but yeah we're gonna move on uh to the first book that we have the big book of the week here Really, no big books anymore either. You know, everyone's they're big. all big books. They're all big. That's what I mean. When when you everyone's special, no one nobody special. is. <laughs> Detective Comics number nine three seven nine hundred and thirty seven. There. If you I, I when I write up the outline, I only write I you rarely put numbers. You yeah. see when I send it to you, and when I get to it, I'm like, okay, that was Batman. You know, three. Oh, that was Flash. Four. Whatever. Detective Comics, I'm like, what the fuck? What number is it? I, Every fuck. issue I got a review, I'm doing oh the same thing. God, like, I'm I got to search it out. I'm going to this up one of these times. Especially, yeah, when I'm writing the review, I'm so paranoid that I didn't write the right thing and I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. 
Detective Comics number 937, written by James Tynan IV, art by Alvaro Martinez, Raul Fernandez, Brad Anderson, and Mar- Marilyn Patrizio. Patrizio, Patrizio, hey, you don't make a layer of pizza like that, you stupid idiot. You know, the Brits are not known for their pizza, Eric. I don't know if you knew well, that. It's not something I've ever heard. You know what else? I'll continue my bashing of Britain here. It's actually not bashing because I, I actually like this. But when we went, we went to a Wimpy's Burger place. I think that's what it was. And, you know, it's a play on the whole. Yeah, yeah. And um, we went there and I saw that they, and it, maybe it was a food truck. I can't remember, but I got hamburgers there. And the hamburgers were like fucking 30 pence, Eric. And I'm like, holy shit, I got all this fucking money from my grandmother's fucking under the sofa. And this is real dirt cheap. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I, I'm, I think I ordered 10 hamburgers. I'm like, I'll have 10. And they gave me the sack of burgers, which I thought was okay as well. There were no buns. There were no fucking <laughs> buns with these burgers. And what I got was these, these burger patties that seemed to not be cooked in butter, but submerged in butter for, for years. They were, they were marinated in butter. in butter. And they were separated by like wax paper. And then I said to the guy, yeah, what? Hey, uh, these don't have buns. And he's like, "Hello, love." But it, he's like, "Oh no, that's extra, extra a, a bun." And fuck that! I walked away. I'm eating these fucking greasy ass, <laughs> not even greasy, just butter buttery, burgers. buttery burgers. Huh? And then, then that wasn't the only time I had buttery burgers. Did you eat them all? Yeah, I had every one. Without the bun, I can dust off as many burgers as you can hand me. The bun, really, it, it you know, it weighs you down. Uh, later on the, in the summer, my aunt, who we went to go live with after my grandfather kicked us out and grandmother kicked us out, and I choked my grandfather out, still wanted in that country. That's I, I can never return. <laughs> They're still looking for me. Um, we were at my aunt's, and she at this point was a lesbian, and she and somehow along the way decided she wasn't later. But that, that, that really, that has nothing to do with no. the story, except that. I knew Still boggles the mind. I met her. No, it boggles my mind because we were in England, full out lesbian. Went home. The next thing I heard from her years later, I had cousins. She had <laughs> married, and I had cousins. I didn't know what went on. I don't know. She had like a long uh, lost weekend uh, at some point there with the, her girlfriend. But they decided that they were going to have a quote unquote American barbecue for us again. Buttered burgers. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> what are you people doing? He's fucking, fucking American. But next thing I know, they give me goddamn spare ribs with soy sauce on it. Delicious. Motherfuckers, I got the hell out of that country. <sighs> James Tynan continues one of my favorite Rebirth books by showing us that Batman is a badass who could care less about dental care and that the colony are his biggest fans. Sissue is very exposition heavy, though, and I, but I really enjoyed the touches of humor throughout, as well as the ending that promises some action in the near future. However, if we don't get that goddamn action, I'll be very pissed off. But yeah, I like this in general. I, it was I like, all right. I, I just like this actually as one of the biggest Batman books in this series so far. You like know what I mean? Batman all, heavy. Yeah, we haven't got a lot of Batman. At one point, he had left, said, hey, I'm going to go search things out. And I said to you on the podcast that I didn't expect to see a lot of Batman in this. They had set up the team, how this was going to work. You do get Batman here. And also, you get a Batman look uh, through the colony who they're fanboys. 
right? They, they are that was fucking hilarious to me. What's that? That was hilarious to me. That how much like, especially the main guy, the kid who's like trying oh, to yeah. break into yeah. the back computer. Yep. How much of he's just a fanboy. And I think it's cool, too, because this was actually the characters known as the general in old continuity who later became yeah. Anarchy. And Anarchy, did you see that Anarchy, uh, that story that he was involved with, involved um, him kind of pretending or kind of uh, oh, Tim Drake. Jason Todd to fuck with Tim Drake? Yeah. To upset Tim Drake because Jason Todd had, had died. And I like that in this. He does mention Tim Drake. He mentions almost like, well, he mentions Red Robin. Yes. But he mentions him in a kind of a fanboy way as well because he's really into the tech that Red Robin does. And I thought, you know what, that might come into play later in this book. Actually, he would have been pretty goddamn cool to be in Teen Titans. You know what I mean? As a villain. If, if he would have showed up, there'd be a villain in Teen Titans. I don't Titans know. I kind of like him better than this. If he, like, for some reason, well, he could have been, him... this could have been in, he could have been in this as well. It could have been from that. I'm just saying, I like that kind of play with the Tim Drake deal and how they could have messed with the old continuity, like you're mentioning with that. I, I like it too, though, because we had this military thing and this old continuity. He was known as the general because the of general. how, like, he would, like, uh, he would memorize like strategic or like shit, like tactical fucking nonsense. Which he does here. And yeah. also the other thing that goes well with the old continuity as the general is he gathered like homeless guys. Yeah. Uh, I was reading and he gathered people to kind of make an army. So it does play into this. It all also makes you kind of think that he's a little more important than they're, they're playing here and that maybe he's even more in charge eventually than, well, that's what I'm thinking too. than Jacob. Um, but. It starts off, and this is a joke, and if you had been listening and uh, while we were talking about Batman and Robin Eternal uh, that Brandon mentioned earlier, if you were listening during that, when Colin uh, Kelly and Jackson Lansing jumped on the book, they had a joke about bat shark repellent, or, you know, shark repellent, and I got very angry that it was like, oh my god, you have to prove that you know Batman by this hokiest thing. This thing with the utility belt is very similar, it's awesome. I think it's hilarious. I, I laugh my ass good. off. And it's see that is that whole thing done well. It's a joke that is kind of winking at the at, you know he they're wink James Tynion's winking at us saying like here's the utility belt and you know it's it's always said oh how big could it be or whatever and they're showing the stuff in it and just seeing the stuff in it is awesome. We got and 42 see, items and it's only 30% yeah, of the belt. Yeah, that's only 30%. You even have uh, you know all the things they have kryptonite. They they don't even say it cuz he's like oh that can't be. They, you know they he has so many I bet it is. Do you know how much this would go in the black yeah, market? Yeah. Don't even, even think then, about it. And then they don't even say it. They have the uh, the classic – well, they have it, the 38 rebreather. And that to me is such a cool – like a Batman 66 deal. When yeah. they he put that breather on, they have a mini laser cutter. But yeah, it, it's 30% of it. And there's already 42. <laughs> and Manship a shit ton of lockpicks. If Manship's on the site, hey, how could that be? I'm like, Manship, that's the joke, you son of a that's bitch. That's the joke. In the meantime, they have Batman hanging up like rigs in, in that, that freaking container there. And Hit him really, again, Endo. Yeah, and and he's drugged out. He comes to They're like, oh, we're going to have to deal with that. But then they have to go in. This is what he wants. They're going to go in, and he um, he's fucking with something with his tooth. They they see that through the x-ray. The, uh, the weird That's thing, too. to me. Uh, they got x-rays on him. Yeah. The other thing that I really like, and I'm, I'm moving too much ahead, really, was – when they're talking about unmasking him. 
And the one guy's like, hey, why don't we remove the mask? And I like that because at some point, if they, you don't spell that out, you're going to be like, you know, why the fuck wouldn't What's they the do thing? You He's always there. have to spell that out because you're always wondering yeah. yourself, why the fuck why don't the we fuck? find out who the and hell this I, person is? I like this explanation because it does seem like something Batman would do because if he gets knocked out, uh, shit's going to go wrong. Yeah. Just going to take up the mask. So it, it's going it, – it's something that's rigged into the suit. It's weird though because it's almost like they're saying we don't want to short circuit and erase things. But then they also add in, yeah, the last people got electrocuted. And but yeah, that happens, and then that's when he starts messing around with this tooth. And I thought that it was all over. I thought <laughs> I thought it was my favorite, favorite thing. thing. Yeah, he was gonna bite down cyanide dead. Actually, you know what I thought he was gonna do? I thought it was gonna be something that would lead you to think that was what it was. That would like you know knock him out. But I, I kind of like how sense. mother survived. Yeah, something. I thought it was gonna be that, but instead, Jim, how did mother survive? Yeah, waiting for them to could they come in? He spits it out, and yeah, he's there. He's full out. I they don't show exactly how he escapes. You don't need don't to see that. that. I don't Batman. mind that. I'm glad that you don't because it is Batman. You don't have to see that smoke grenade and, tooth. <laughs> yeah, and that and just I'm saying they do shut off the power, and it does look like he's kind of electronically held to that roof. But really, they would not let that go. But all of a sudden, he's out. And he's going to kick ass. So he asks where they are. Where the fuck am I? And I'm telling with me complaining about this book and saying and, and other people, you even said it. You, we want more action or whatever. I really like the pacing or not even the pacing, but the sequencing of this issue, because you get all this. You, you get a little lighthearted thing. Then Batman shows he's a badass. And then he's saying to the guy, like, where the fuck am I? Where am I? Uh, I it, we call it the cave, the cave. And then it goes out, and then you see he walks out, and he is in a fucking you know weird ass military back tech, cave. Uh, military back cave, and I thought it was awesome. It is badass, and, especially and, that freaking that big statue they have of the world with a gigantic yeah, bat over top of it. Over it, it's like they're really pushing their agenda right there. <laughs> and uh, but I really like it. It's like holy shit, they have fucking uh, you know who is funding you for that bag. goddamn statue? Yeah, yeah, they're doing all that. You see a little training going on. It's freaking cool. Um, then they switch to the team, the big team. There's uh, Batwoman, spoiler, Tim Drake, Clayface, and Cassandra Kane. They're underneath. They had, remember, the last thing they were uh, playing ball. Playing ball. Uh, and they're wondering, hey, is anybody chasing us? And it's it's more of a dialogue to just explain what's going, you know, what's going on, how they escaped, and what they're going. And Tim Drake says that uh, somebody really fucked up. The Gotham subway it was like 1892. I yeah. think I wrote in my notes and that whoever that guy was. This was the strangest it, explanation to me because yeah, who the guess, hell would build a train system and make it three feet too um, small? It was, hey, that's like, you know, you get a decimal spot and it fucked up. But they need a way to have this underneath, I guess. He wanted to do this. You have to explain it some way. I'm OK with it. This is only it's so fun, that, you know, but it's just weird. It's all it is is so that they can be everywhere in the city at the drop of a dime and yeah. not have to explain it going forward. And they even do it here where somebody on the site commented, how the fuck did they get to this place that quick? They've already explained it, sir. Sir, <laughs> sir. they've explained it. This is so that they can do this constantly and be everywhere. I like Tim Drake in this book. I had liked him before already. I actually like him here. I like that he is not a dick. He is smart. He's a little not, cocky, but he's all right he's with it. He's cocky, but he's not a dick. And I think the main reason is because he's not fully in charge. 
I think that that's why once they put, once a writer puts him in charge, they always have to make him the, the no nonsense guy who wants to do, hey, I don't like having fun. Uh, it, like in the Teen Titans book, yeah. and it always comes off as him just being a dick. And, and I think spoiler keeps him in his place. Spoiler's funny too. You see that thing I told you while I, during the week, I said, hey, just wait for the time that she rubs his hair like, hey, you little scamp. <laughs> she says that. But, yeah, he's a real smart guy. He tells him, listen, they're not chasing us. They can't. I rigged it so they can't follow us. And, by the way, I've also set up this uh, fucking bat train, these little bullet cars that go all over the place. I, again, it is weird science. Yeah. They, you know, that they've laid these the poles and everything, and they have drones down there working. Where's the power coming from? And all this crazy stuff. I do like the line, though. They're like, how did you do this? He's like, hey, when you get a 16-year-old genius who doesn't sleep and has an unlimited budget, you know, you get a lot of shit done. And I really do like that. And I like Clayface. So, is that a bat train? becomes a freaking. I hate the way Clayface fan. looks in this issue. That well, freaking mouth like around like the inner mouth. Yeah, yeah I, I hate that. I don't know that it just weirds me out. Here's the only thing. If you talk to them about it and, and like, hey, why why is that? Maybe that he was in that ball and this is him reforming back into normal uh, because of the way he had to envelope himself around everyone. It threw me off. It, he looks like a horror show. Yeah, I don't like it. And another thing I don't like about the scene another, I hate the way Batwoman acts in this. Yeah. She's well, like talking about, I never should have brought you people in on this. What are you talking about? We are a team. Well, and the, where I you get, should never have called your father's. I, I actually, well, done. that's the thing. I think that she's more saying like, listen, you guys don't deserve to be fucked up like this. This is my fault. I brought my dad in because she says I'm going to take care of my father myself. I need to take care of this. I actually think she's going as a, you know, trying to be nice, though. It comes off a little odd, but I, that's what I think. Like, you guys stay back here. I shouldn't have even let you get involved in this because it's fucked up. My dad's the bad guy now, and yeah. I've led you into this. Um, but yeah, they're not going to go for that. No, they're I, not. They're a team. I, I wanted them to call her out a little more. Uh, but where I think that they were getting she gets at off is, really easy. Well, they, she does get off very easy. I think that this only is led from the last issue where uh, Tim was telling her, "Hey, listen, Batman knows people. Uh, he knows who to trust." And you're supposed to go, okay, we get it. Kate was fooled, whatever. But I would have liked the scene where at least one of them, and it would have been, you could even have Clayface. Say, you know what? Listen, what the fuck were you thinking? Your dad is this asshole that you fucking have had all these problems with. He's military, and you're going to get him involved with us, and this is what happened? And then have Tim, or uh, actually have Spoiler. Yeah, She's very nice. I would have had Spoiler actually say this to her because of her relationship with her father being the villain. Yeah, I actually think Spoiler is so nice in this that she would have been the one to step in and say, listen, guys, this isn't going to do any good. You know, Even to the point where Clayface starts arguing with Kate. Robin jumps in, Tim jumps in and starts yelling at Clayface, and then Stephanie, or actually, you know, have Stephanie yelling and have the fucking Cassandra, who doesn't talk, tell him to stop, give a little sign, I love you. I keep forgetting Cassandra's there. Yeah, well, I was going to mention that the one thing she is kind of forced in here, you you have this team where you think, okay, I got to have everyone doing. The only thing she gave was the thumbs up. Thumbs up, yeah. Hey, I don't trust you, Tim. They might be on our case. They might, you know, the colony might be chasing us still. And like, I trust the ninja. And it seemed weird because they were kind of getting to be friends, I thought. But it's the ninja. I trust the ninja here. Are we being That's followed? Are we okay? Thumbs up. I don't know. It seemed like it's like, I trust this person who's so one-dimensional that she's <laughs> so crazy. If I was there with them, I'm like, okay. 
everybody's gone now, Cassandra. Take off that mask. It's fucking weirding me out. It's really weirding me out. Uh, she gives the thumbs up, and then they're, they're going to move on. We go back to Batman, and this is my favorite part. And this is what you had talked about earlier, where you get uh, the general. Friggin', uh, what's his Ulysses name? Hadrian yeah. Armstrong. Yep, Ulysses Hadrian Armstrong. And I like, too, that he's got, like, a military coat there. And I know he's got he's a military coat over a Batman shirt. Over a Batman shirt. And I really have to say that the art of his character I love. Me too. At points, you can see the awe in his face. Like, oh, my God, it's Batman. Then the realization of, oh, my God, he's here. I might be able to get this tech. And then then he gets a little crazy. Well, I I really like it because he's doing the selfie. He's doing all this kid stuff that a fanboy would do when he's really just stalling. He is so goddamn smart. He's putting on this act. And really, pseudo whack, because I really do think he wants a selfie with Batman. Oh, yeah. I think he does as well. But he also probably wants that selfie so he can use it to analyze shit and whatever. <laughs> um, he definitely is a kid who, if the circumstances would have changed slightly, would have been a Robin. Oh, yeah. Points. And I think that's where he is probably coming from. He's like the dark mirror version of Tim Drake. Yep. And with him, yeah, he is. And with him mentioning Red Robin, it's really you know, in your face. But yeah, he's the guy who is reverse engineering all of Batman stuff. He even says, listen, you know, you just came into a room, Batman. You think you're so smart. You just came into a room. I, I have fucking, it's analyzing you. I have shit analyzing you right now. And in a minute, I'll know everything. And really, he wants to get in the back computer. He wants to do that because with him spelling out that colony hired him because he had broken into the Pentagon and all that, that's basically leading to you like, Knowing that that's his big goal now is the bat, the the bat computer. Like Tim meantime, Drake was he, finding out who yeah. Batman was. Yep, and I think that as well. That he, I think he even at a point kind of gives a little wink that he knows who Batman is, but maybe not. But they, he tells Batman exactly why Colony is there. Batman wants to know. He's going to tell him, and he is stalling, but he's going to tell him that during Zero Year. The military couldn't do shit. The Riddler had taken over Gotham. The military couldn't do anything, but yet this one man from inside could. So at that point, the military decided that they were going to make an army of of Batman. And really, it does make sense to me. This is something that makes sense, especially if you're coming from a military point of view. Okay, here's this vigilante. If we can get this vigilante and get him the precision and the resources of a military and get military men in that, you know, we could we could do everything. And he shows Batman exactly what they've done. See, the, the weirdest part about this whole thing where they show it, like yeah. the, the security camera for like, you know, where they take down these terrorist threats. Mm-hmm. To me, it really just looks like a military operation. There's nothing in this that screams Batman to me. I guess that what they had spelled out that they had studied all the deal and they're going, but yeah, it does look like a military deal, but uh, supposedly they're using the Batman technique, except that they're killing people. Killing everybody with guns. Killing a lot of people. (laughs) And Batman's like, huh. Looks like a lot of casualties there. Yeah, you know, that was a little, you know, violent, you know, but everything's not the greatest. And that's when I think in the art, he turns the bat. He looks crazy. Um, but then he also mentions that they have this uh, surveillance from these bat eyes that he's made. And that really has to come into play later, right? They really stress. That. It has to, especially yeah, since we haven't seen them since the first issue, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. And it, is it supposed to be that? They are showing that because you now realize that he is more involved, that he's not just this fun little kid 
who sits around in this, like almost like a, you know, he would be uh, innocent that's just thrown in that he's not. He's the one who's been tracking them. Or I really think it's going to come into play big time later. And I really like, too, because this explanation we have here where Batman's been keeping it close to the chest is that there was so many more around Batwoman. And that's yeah. why he, like, you know, brought her in and then gathered his team because oh, they yeah, were watching everybody. When, but he realized the shit was real. Out, yeah. yeah, when Jacob comes out, he asks, why did you bring my daughter in? And he says, because, you know, I knew it was you because you had all of it around I him. love that. Uh, in the meantime, the, the kid then, uh, he's going to kill Batman. He's going to shoot him. <laughs> he has a gun. It was and weird Batman when he had a gun. goddamn arm. Yeah, breaks his arm. But then there's the Arkham Knights behind and just throw him. And then there's the Uncle Jake. Uncle Jake comes out and says, you know, hey, uh, Bruce. And it's funny. I mentioned this to you as well at work that I do like that James Tynan does do some crazy things, but he always seems to have an explanation because he does say hello, Bruce. Yeah, we can't take off the mask and And, we can't have anybody else know who Batman is. And they're like, oh, my God, he said Bruce. But then he mentions, hey, they're they're locked down. They can't hear anything we're saying. And basically they go back and forth with the, you know, why are you doing this? Oh, Jake or, you know, Jacob thinks that he wants to do this because there is Uncle a big Jake. threat coming. It's Uncle Jake. It's so and weird. Uncle Jake says, Uncle Jake. I know. Uncle Jake has a uh, idea that the League of Shadows is in Gotham and Batman's thrown off. And I put in my and notes. And this throws me off a bit here. Now, I put in my notes, number one. That Batman better get on the ball. He didn't know about the Court of the Owls for that long. Now Tony, he doesn't this, know about them. This I League of that, Shadows just sounds like the Court of the Owls to me. Yeah, no, I think the League of Shadows is a bunch of bullshit. And that's why I think Batman says the League of Shadows is a myth. No, it isn't. I actually think that he he is playing on this League of Shadows to get funding, and they really aren't there. I think They that, are the League of Shadows? Yeah, I, they may be that, or there's just, it's the, you know... The fucking Iraq did this so that we can go in. I, yeah. I think that this is what's leading to them being funded. This is just my theory, but I think that that's the boogeyman that he's been pushing. Oh, you know what? Batman isn't ready because the League of Shadows is here, and and Batman spells it out. People do know who, just like the Court of the Owls, it's a rhyme, it's this and that, but it's something that scares people, and I think it's led to this whole thing because really, we saw that cave. There's a lot of money being pumped into this. You can't just say, hey, we're going to do this to get the Riddler. You know, you have to have a big, giant threat. And I think that's kind of made up. That's my guess. But yeah. I, I just, it was just so, when they were talking about it here, Jake and Batman, it just sounded so much like the Court Jake of the Jake and Owls. the Batman would be Jake awesome and the Batman. And that's my new show, Jake nice. and the Batman. That'd be good. But yeah, <laughs> like I said, he says there, the League of Shadows is in Gotham. And Batman's like, what? The League of Shadows is a myth created to frighten Raja Ghul. That's how badass they are. They are a myth to frighten the League of Assassins. This is like the boogeyman to the League of Assassins. And he's like, no, you're blinded by your ego. They've always been there. And yeah, really, it could be that he's mistaking the Court of the Owls for them. It kind of does seem when he's like, they're yeah. always been there. I just think he's making it up. He's about to possibly shoot batman because this is when he's saying you know why did you bring kate into this how did you know it was me when did you know and he's like oh i was tracking those drones and there was triple the amount on kate so i knew it was you so i brought him in and this also throws in to me the reminder of why he started this whole detective comics team if you remember he started to protect them it wasn't you know just hey i want to make a team to kick ass he got the ones that they were looking Targeting, at, yeah. brought them together so that they can 
trained to be able to defend themselves. And I think that kind of got lost in the shuffle a little, uh, you know, just thinking about the book, just think, oh, Batman has a team together. They're going to go kick ass and they're going to do this. No, he did start it to protect them. And that's why it shows it protecting them from them. He didn't know who they were at that point until he realized that Kate had more of the drones around and then he's like okay they're a military a lot of drones around kate yeah it's it's uncle jake though why was I he that shocked he, i didn't think he planned on getting his ass kicked though no but he, he was shocked yeah i don't you know that was odd but uh he's a yeah. good actor that batman then he, he uh uncle jake jake uncle and the jake. batman he puts <laughs> the gun to batman's head and you know what else i realized too in a lot of these books this week Batman has not been able to buy razors. He's very stubbly in, in this. And I Ain't nobody got time Night, for that. In Nightwing, he's really stubbly as well. Um, but yeah, he's there, and that's when Kate shows up. And even they said, hey, Kate's with me. No, she's with me. Hey, we'll see. She'll make her own decision. That's when Kate shows up and says, yeah, I made my decision. You want to see what side I'm on? Here's my answer. It says attack. And it's so funny that the way it's spelled out, you would almost think that you were you're not meant to think that she's attacking Batman, no. but you almost would if she was there alone. Because the rest of the team is there, it kind of throws that off. But yeah, she's gonna attack. They're gonna fight this whole fucking army. God damn that side mouth be, is bothering me on Clayface yeah, though. I'm looking at him there now. You know what I really like in this is uh spoilers. Look at that last I like time. them all. It was really good. Uh, and I also like the frowny face on Cassandra. That stitch frowny <laughs> stitch frown. Turn that frown upside down, ninja. Come on, that's Jake and the Batman. I love. I'm, I'm so proud of myself for saying. And, uh, I, I like this issue, and I I do like it because it was more Batman um, than the others. And, and just I getting like, everybody caught up to speed of what exactly I, is going I, down. Yeah, and I love that this is a setup issue. There's, you know, you're not moving that much forward. You are learning a bit of why the colony is doing it. Nothing shocked you, though, right? You mm. kind of would have guessed it. If you would have said last week for me to guess what they're all about, I may have gotten I, I never would have said League of Shadows. That's for God I wouldn't have said sure. that, no. And I, like I said, not that, but I'm saying, oh, they're an army. They're using Batman. You know, that's oh, yeah, not yeah. shocking. I do love the spin that they seem to be big fans. And it makes them more – it doesn't make them good – but it makes them more believable to me, even, especially even that, in the though, military it, part. It feels like we already got that in the last issue. Yeah, but it, you know, this expanded, and this was just to actually, it's a lot of setup. You got the the League of Shadows, but it was more to you know, put faces on the colony. You get this kid, you get this, and, and, and on top of it, though, you know, we're gonna finally get a goddamn battle in the next issue. Yeah, yeah, they they're gonna have to, unless it's gonna be one of those. They start out, and the colonel's gonna be like, wait. <laughs> then they're going to talk all issue again, and he's going to be stalling. And but I, I actually hope that the general keeps going. So I always forget his name. Then what's his name? His first name? Ulysses. Ulysses. I hope that he keeps going. I would even. I I don't know that it wouldn't be that great if he was a good guy because I like him as a villain. Um, but I don't know. I just want more of him. I, I really I do. I think we definitely think will if it's a callback to old continuity. Yeah, I don't know. It just, you know, after he got his arm broken and then they're doing this, I don't know. After this arc. Now, he, now he's not a fanboy anymore. Now he's become a villain. That arm breaking is what's pushing him over yeah. the edge now. Now he'll be anarchy and fucking dresses Jason. Honestly, I really just hope it's the general because of this whole military aspect. Yeah, it's just it seems like we're at the point where this army, this military might be taken down. I they're <laughs> going to fight. They got to do something, but maybe here's what's going to happen. They're going to start fighting when the League of Shadows is going to show up. The Court of the Owls? Yeah. 
I like the art in this. Yeah, I know we're thrown off by Clayface with his two mouths. Yeah, besides uh, that, though, I did really did enjoy that, that as I really well. do like it. I like it a lot. This book has looked good since the beginning, and I really like it. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I would give it an 8 out of 10 as well. So it was pretty good. Uh, the next one I'm not so hip on, though. I, I didn't hate it as much as other people. The thing is, I really find it hard to hate this book. Yeah, no, it's the same deal. Like I said, uh, we can pick and you know nitpick at Detective, but yet at the end, I really didn't mind reading it, and I it was done, and I I had a good time with it. Yeah. What's the next book? Action Comics number nine sixty, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Tyler Kirkham, Rob Lee, and Ulysses Ariola. You know, it would be weird as to say, wouldn't it seem weird if the next book was Wonder Woman and not having those? Why is it that it seems like these two have to go together? <laughs> Detective and action. They, they do in my mind. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Wouldn't it be weird to separate them in the book? Oh, definitely. It'd be odd, but yeah, go on. This issue of Action Comics is pretty much more the same as Mr. Oz watches everyone like a creep. Clark continues to say he's in Superman and the fight with Doomsday continues, but luckily this issue decided. <laughs> Oh my god, Eric. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on. Yes, you did. <laughs> but luckily this issue decided to change things up slightly by adding Wonder Woman to the mix and putting Lois and John in peril by the bone-faced monster Doomsday. Yes. Yes. And honestly, there is not much more to say about it. It really isn't. I, I do like Wonder Woman showing up. It makes Thanks. sense. It adds uh, a lot to the issue. Too. I'm does. telling you, every time, like I'm telling you, when the second issue of this came out, I said, from now on, if we're going to get the same thing every issue, I'm going to take it down like point two every yeah. review that we don't get something new. But this Wonder Woman th- thrown in, it kind of saved. I'm telling you, I have keeping no, the same score. It's throughout funny this run. because uh, when people are yelling about it, it is like, hey, now Wonder Woman's here to not get answered. Exactly. <laughs> she just shows up. But I don't her, know. Her conversations with the Superman, even though it's a pet peeve of mine where like, you know, they're just having a general conversation while they fight. I'm like, that always bothers me, but I like the conversation stuff we got here. Well, here's the problem that you had going into this whole rebirth. You had the issue where, now, to me, Wonder Woman should have been kicking that goddamn Superman to the curb a long time ago. During the truth, he was a dick. He was an asshole to her. She should never have accepted him back, but she did, you know, kind of at the end. And Yeah, he was dying. You have to take him back. But still... Yeah, if, did she just do it for sympathy? Then exactly. Say, My boyfriend's dead. Just like <laughs> you, your goddamn father. Guy died 70 years ago. People don't even know. You're 90. Your dad died fucking 110 years ago. But yeah, uh, I do like her in this book because it really does kind of put the end to all of that. Like, you didn't get that before we got in the Justice League, I guess it was, where she was crying and Aquaman was moving in. Out of the nowhere. Kill. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, we haven't got much reaction. And in a book where you have a pre-Flashpoint Superman, a Clark Kent showing up and all this, it's nice for Wonder Woman to show up. And she really does close the book on a couple things, which she closes the book saying this Clark isn't the one that she knew. Yeah. Which is good. We kind of know that, but we don't – you don't know what this guy – but also – the best parts to me were when Superman's talking to Wonder Woman and basically, hey, who's John? Oh, uh, that's my son. And she's like, what? And it's good that she can kind of, because even up till now, we're, we've kind of made jokes like, hey, you know, Wonder Woman doesn't know the difference and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> but I like this, though. 
it, it puts weird. a pit in that because I'm telling you, because even if she wasn't like she sees this guy, it's not my boyfriend, it's not my Superman, but, but he's maybe, close. Exactly. Yeah, he's got yeah. a family. He's got a son. That yeah. book is closed. And they, they have to also close that so that she doesn't say inappropriate shit like, hey, you know what? You know, when me and the other Superman are like, I got a kid and a wife. And it happens to be Lois, who was really good friends with her in their deal. And I, I think some people were thrown off by that whole Wonder Woman Lois thing. I don't know why, because I think that was the best part of this issue was them talking and kind of. Again, like you said about her and Superman, but also setting that whole thing like, oh, not only is he married, but he's married to someone who I would have been friends with if she was here and, and my other the, version. That's the weirdest it's part. It's crazy too, stuff. Because I, I kind of wanted a little bit more, but I really like the interaction later on when they're like, you know, John is watching TV. I'm saying, are you still pissed off that Lois let John watch the TV in this yeah, issue? No, I because just it that. saved him. When we get there, yeah, but still, not watching TV. John yells. Now, you want to get – we'll get in the nitty-gritty. When I get to this, <laughs> I don't know that he knows – Dan Jurgens knows how TVs work. Because a TV crack like that, it's not getting a picture. <laughs> it, that thing's done. I have broken a TV. It's still upstairs. I've but never the, broken a TV, so TV, I don't know. You don't crack a TV, you know, all those spots and be able to watch TV. It's done, but uh, what I would like to be done is Mr. Ross because <laughs> you get nothing, no. and it it almost is to the point now that it's laughable. I don't even put it in my reviews because nothing it, is happening um, with them. It's almost it's almost where I'm thinking like they don't have a plan for nope. this, and so he'll keep repeating shit, and then I would love it if out of nowhere just fucking. Uh, What's her name? Fucking not. Was it the other Cassandra? Who was it who showed up in Batman Incorporated with the golden gun? Oh, Kathy Kane. Yeah, Kathy Kane. Kathy Kane shows up with the golden gun and shoots him dead. Leaves just like Batman Incorporated. <laughs> just have that because I don't need this anymore. And th- that is what gets me more angry. The whole Clark. I know we argued the last podcast. We talked about this. And I'm like, we're getting nothing. I'm getting pissed off. I can overlook that if fucking. Mr. Oz isn't thrown in as well, just talking cryptically about nothing. <laughs> now I'm getting, issue. I don't know. I'm getting to the point now that I was I am thinking that the whole thing where he's saying this is going too quick is because he has big plans for John because he certainly seems to be looking at John a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's a pedophile there. I'm but also he's got not a lot saying of, that. He's got a lot of cameras at that house, <laughs> and he's real concerned with John and keeps saying, like, ooh, this is going a little ahead of time. And, and in our minds, we're thinking ahead of time means, you know, uh, a day or so ahead of time. Or this is – this guy might be this cosmic entity of some sort or a watchman, as people say. That time to him, you know, ahead of time may mean 30 years. And I'm really getting to that that idea. But again, I'm making shit up because yeah. when you get nothing, you start to want to have something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they're going. Sounds there's like my relationship. Clark, yeah, Clark's about to get killed by Doomsday. We even said we were wondering at the end of the last issue. That's how it ended. Doomsday was about to fucking hit the shit out of Clark. Oh, is he going like, to finally okay. show his hand? Yeah, is he going to show his hand? Is he all, Is he faking about this goddamn arm and they're going to hit him? And I he's think gonna... you said then, then, like, you know, Wonder Woman's the next issue. Oh, fuck me. I guess Wonder Woman's going to save him. Yeah, I said she was going to swoop in and grab him. She does. Yep. And she looks, she looks good, Eric. Everything in this book looks good. Yeah, it does. It, you know what? You know what looks the best? If you ask me, Doomsday. Doomsday looks so fucking cool. And uh, do you have but, the book you know, open? 
Yeah, I'm looking at it you right know, now. I'm saying you have this scene where Superman flies up from underground and hits Doomsday with all the rubble coming I'm, up. I'm actually staring at Wonder Woman grabbing <laughs> Clark at the moment, but uh, I will look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm at that. Yep. That is my favorite page, I think, That's of the book. Page. It, it, Superman looks package. fucking great. I love you it. See that package he has on him? Can't help he but is a at. Superman. Holy <laughs> moly. But yeah, yeah, he's hitting Doomsday. Doomsday's fucking hair is going on. He thinks he's Fabio. You see that fucking hair? <laughs> that hairy, that hairy crystal hair chest. Doomsday, Doomsday looks so goddamn badass. Yeah, I'm telling you, it this does. is just a fan service to people who love Death of Superman. Like I grew up reading it, but it is total fan service, and that's all we really get because oh. you know, you're not getting anything with Mister Oz. You're not no. going to get anything with Clark. No, and then you have fucking Wonder Woman and. Yes, I I do like it's it's not a change of scenery, but it's something new. But again, it's it's accentuating the same things. Hey, you're not the clerk. I know what's going on. Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, also, I love Wonder Woman. She's like, hey, let me look at your arm. To look at her arm, his arm, he just pulls the sleeve. She yanks the sleeve off of Clark. He may not be Superman, Eric. He is built. Yeah. You see those fucking arms? Jesus Christ. He is stacked. Why can't I grow arms, Jim? Yeah, really. Then he looks and he's like, when, uh, she's like, I want answers. You don't come back to, you know, the dead don't come back to life. And she says, tell, or Clark goes, tell that to him. And it really, he is flexing. He is trying to impress Wonder Woman, right? I would too. And do you think it's funny too? Because that I do, next, I would do that whole move where I freaking move the fucking bottom arm of like my tricep yeah. fat up. And All right. Look at that. You're going to do like, by the way, <laughs> try this. You're gonna hour. You're gonna be like Bowser. Yeah. Boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, but yeah, when uh, he says "tell that to him," does he mean Superman or does yes. it mean Doomsday? He means Superman. How does he know Superman died? How sure. does he know, or is he assuming it's New well, Fifty Two Superman? Because Superman has claimed to be dead. Yeah, but he hasn't really told him. I don't think that it threw me off because uh, I thought it was like a play on the whole thing with Doomsday. I'm like, oh, what the fuck does he know? But it seems weird. I, and maybe I it's just because, you know, Superman just had the shit cr- uh, beat out I of him. Ju- I actually think that he's confusing him maybe with the new 52 Superman. That's the way you would explain it. Like, what? hey, Superman died and here he is. But he seemed to know. Like, there's a weird. Well, no, because in the last issue, he, was, he didn't know. He was talking to him as if he was the Superman that told him to go into hiding. Yeah, so he must have known that. I get It just seemed odd to me the way he said it. But it, it's just a transition. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Superman's beating the shit out of Doomsday. There's John. He's fucking it's like he's watching cricket Aaron. he's watching a googly and uh i did like the thing where he says this and i it also it throws everything that it's a reminder that this pre-flashpoint superman indeed have you know knew the flash and stuff like that because he's like hey i picked this one up from flash and he's hitting them in all these ways it's not doing anything the hundred hand slap for it, you Hondas. yeah it, it's knocking teeth out but really it's not doing a lot but there wonder woman goes to help and Clark's like, hey, you got a quote for me before you go? And then she's like, clearly not the Clark I knew. <laughs> like, really? It's a weird thing for that to be what she's like against. You know what I mean? Like, is it that she means never about Clark would have just boom? Yeah, really. He was lazy. He, you know, he used that secret identity. Yeah, he said he was a reporter. He was lazy. He was an <laughs> asshole. Now, is that she's saying like the real Clark that I knew? He would have jumped in as Superman. Well, that's Superman, lady. He's a <laughs> lady. Ladies, a reporter. Well, she doesn't yeah. know anything at this point, though. She I comes know. in. There's a, it's there's very a Superman. Odd, there's it's a really, Clark. It is. We said it's the close the book on it. That yeah. okay? Yes, we get it. 
It's not the Clark you knew. Fine. I'm, I'm okay. Wonder Woman goes, starts fighting. Hey, I'd like to that. Does she seem that concerned with Doomsday? No. You know what I mean? She goes in, she grabs Doomsday's hand. Hey, it's like you could use a hand. She's telling jokes. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, she's badass. Like, this is the whole thing. I want her to just rip Doomsday's head the fuck off, throw it at the Superman and go, you know, next time you need me, call me earlier. Because, boy, she kicks ass. Uh, but she does throw in another thing that is something that, not that we've said, I think we've talked about it off the thing where, Remember I had that whole theory about how they were going to use this as a way to get Superman back his identity. Oh, here's Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's Superman. So I thought that's all this was about. Wonder Woman thinks the same thing. Oh, yeah. She's like, right in with you. She was yeah, listening like, to weird science. smart. Uh, you're doing that. And he's like, no, no, no. It, <laughs> now, it gets a little more like how are you going to find a guy that looks, you know, there's a little yeah. more to it. But he's like, no. I don't know who the fuck this is, and I'm I'm trying to find out, but he won't tell me. She's like, yeah, I'm getting that same deal. Um, but yeah, and then Superman throws a fucking what is it, a bus? Yeah. At Doomsday, it's awesome, and John thinks so too, and screams and destroys everything. Uh, he yells so loud that yes, it shit shatters. The TV shatters. It's obvious that Doomsday hears this. Yeah. Right. Lois has to really put a fucking pin on it by going, God damn it, John, you yell like that, they're going to hear you in another state. <laughs> we get it, Lois. Doomsday that, heard him. That is some badass mother's intuition she's got yeah, going on yeah. there. Yeah, and you look at this TV. This TV is not functioning anymore, but it'll function because Doomsday walks away. He, get, he gets his ball, and he goes the fuck home. And then again, this is where I'm I'm a little confused. And why I'm confused, yes, Doomsday hunts Kryptonians. He is fighting a Kryptonian. It's odd from the lead, but I think that this is also involved with this whole thing with John. That John definitely is the most important part of this book, whether we're supposed to know or not at this moment, I think. I like to think, too, though, Doomsday was getting his ass kicked a little bit. You know what? I'm going to go over here. I'm going to pick a fight I can win. That was a little high pitch. That might be uh, maybe a girl or (laughs) or at least a young boy. I'm going to go kick some ass. But yeah, he leaves, and did you see that one panel that I really like when he's hopping through? Yeah. Fuck, and it is kind of a callback to when he first And it's actually really and... funny, because since we start out Metropolis here, it's almost the death of Superman in reverse, where we yeah, go back yeah. to the country yeah, where it all started. Country. I'm waiting for him to kill rabbits and things. Fucking that uh, deer, yeah. I'm telling you, it really yeah, weirded yeah. me out as a kid when he's like, hey, there's a deer. I'm like, oh, what's this guy? And then he fucking runs up, grabs a deer, and breaks right, his fucking neck. I'm like, holy shit. Um, there's this guy means and... fucking business. And he goes away. Superman can't, can't, he's scanning. He can't seem to go where he is, but he's like, you know what? Doomsday doesn't run. And I really like the way that line goes. He's like, Hey, he couldn't run away that fast. Doomsday run, not his style, baby. <laughs> and, uh, I do like it though. He's like, he must be up to something. So he's trying to figure it out. In the meantime, Lex comes and y- you go and then you get John, the whole thing, but you get a really good explanation here, which I really like, uh, about Doomsday. Yes, we've seen the fan service of the Doomsday Death of Superman deal. We haven't really been told who Doomsday is, if you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. You weren't sure, so I really like it, and I really do think it leads to something I, coming I out. like the all that Lex has in this explanation. Yeah, Like, yeah. holy shit, this is yeah. the perfect goddamn thing and that has ever been created. Thing. It's like Lex is mad because he didn't do yeah. it. He's like, really? This is awesome. Uh, but yeah, then finally Lois is like, hey – John, stop fucking, uh, you know, shut your goddamn you mouth. Out. But in the meantime, this whole thing is Superman pretty much saying, listen, 
Doomsday was created. He's like the perfect hunter because every time he died, he was a baby. We threw they threw him into the wilderness. When he died, they got his uh, you know his genetics down. It's and Lex is like, hey, that's that's like evolution times fifty. It's sped up. Oh my god, it's great. And it really seems to me that they're pointing out like you know it is the whole thing. Every time he dies, he learns from that death. Yeah. And comes back. Well, now I think can't be killed that way again. And I think it really dawned on Superman now that you know what. We fought before. Whether or not this is that That's doomsday. Not, this is not that doomsday. But I'm telling you, I think that this doomsday has that programmed in him. And he really spells it out. That, I'm telling you, once they say, oh, and you know what? He knows how he died and they pray to it. Shit changes for Superman to me that he now he realizes it's John. But I think that when at the end, by the end, when he says he's going to fight him, I think that's what he eats either thinking that he's got to do it a little different than before. Right. He's, and it really comes to play. In, and honestly, he really does have to do it because the last time he fucking died. Well, and to the point where if I'm saying Mr. Oz is involved with this, you think so? At Doomsday, even. I, I really can't say at this point. Well, he, he says that the Doomsday fight is happening before it should. Yeah. So he must be involved with some of this. If he is, he knows who this Superman is. He knows how he died. I think that this this Doomsday is something that's been controlled and programmed to know exactly how Superman killed him before. Because, it, like I said, Mr. Oz knows exactly who this Superman is and said to him, you're not who you think you are. Mr. Oz seems to know everything, though. Well, he does. I'm telling you, he seems like a guy who is, you know, going between universes and dimensions and things like this. He's in the know, and I think that he is involved with all this. And, in fact, I think, if you ask me, I think this Doomsday was supposed to fight John. And supposed to be in a way that he's already fought Superman and died and learned from that. They really push that, this issue. The only other thing I thought was that because he always comes back, that Superman has to think, listen, I have to kill him in a way that's not going to make him stronger the next time. Uh, but it, I'm telling you, the way they throw that in with Doomsday and the whole history of stressing that he's the perfect killing machine because he learns how he died and he comes yeah. back out of nowhere. And then Superman like, huh, because then – I don't know, because this is something that Superman has dealt with time and time again in the old continuity for this Superman. Yeah, it's, I'm saying, though, it's weird that what he's in with, with Mr. Oz thrown in, I think that that throws a wrinkle in that whatever Superman's doing now, it obviously isn't working because I think that it it has already been through this or at least has been programmed to be. But he says at one point, I'm looking through, because uh, – it, Doomsday is going after John. Lois gets him in a truck. They're going away. And Mr. Oz is just, he's watching this whole thing. Uh, in the meantime, that's when Lois talks to, uh, Wonder Woman and says, Hey, we were good friends and, you know, our time, our deal. And it's I down hope here. The same. And I like it. Yeah. It's our time down here. But I really like that. Uh, Wonder Woman. Actually, I, I love that interaction. I just wanted yeah. a little bit more because she's like, we were friends where I came from, and I hope we can be again. Oh, of course. I'm like, yeah. well, it's just and, a little too quick. I don't here's know. Here's what I'm talking about. They were talking with Lex, They and I like the whole thing. Lex, hey, you want to be a fucking hero? Fucking be a hero. You you control, you know, watch the city while we're gone. They go up. They had just talked about how, you know, Doomsday, what, what makes them tick. Right. What, what makes them. They go off to go find John. They go. Doomsday shows up, and the last thing Clark says is, don't look back. I know what I have to do. And I think that he has now figured out something. It, it's dawned on him because why wouldn't he have known what to do the fuck, you know, the first right, three right. issues? All of a sudden, that, that conversation with Lex 
telling Lex and Diana what Doomsday is all about. I think that that has come into play something to him like, okay, this is how we're going to go. And I do think that Superman is treating this Doomsday as if it was the Doomsday he already fought and got killed. And that's what's clicking in his mind to do something different. Right. I don't, it's almost like one of those things where you get the idea that he's going to like show up and like he's not going to fight. That's going to throw Doomsday off like something so ridiculous that would be in a movie right, where right. Like, there's a bully and you just go up and like, hey, I'm you. Like Superman's going to go up and try hugging him. <laughs> Reverse like, psychology on Doomsday. Huh? He's going to be thrown off. But yeah, I, I really, I, I don't, I like this issue. I, I like it as well. Say I really like it. It's weird. The, this is one of the few ones that we're talking about. It, and as I talk about it, I actually am enjoying it a little more. I love the art. Just oh, the art is fantastic. I really though. like it. And one I one like thing it. with Superman going to the country, though, to save Lois and John and take on Doomsday yeah. out there, him leaving Lex behind in Metropolis to actually play hero, I think is going to solidify Lex's role as the Superman yeah, of Metropolis. Sure. Because now that Doomsday's gone out of sight, out of mind, they're just going to see yeah. Lex helping people. It's so weird, too, because you would hope that that would lead to the action comics being about Lex, but you don't get that idea. No, no, absolutely I not. I think that maybe that's a way that now they've spelled it out. Like, now we can go worldwide. We don't have to stay in Metropolis and be confined to that city because Lex has it taken care of. And I think it's no, the new Superman is going to fa- fail and get canceled and it's going to be taken over by Lex yeah. Luthor being it the is, new Superman. It is weird, too, though, because you already have Superman. That is a John and Superman Lois book. And now this is really turning into that. its way to turn yeah. into that as well. So at some point you would think that something would shift. I want to see Lex. So do I. I want to see Lex Superman. I want to see what happens when... You know, Lex sees this fight, maybe, crazy enough, maybe Doomsday kills Superman. Maybe that's what he thinks. Who knows? From him saying that line, it sounds like he has to sacrifice himself again. That's that's what it seems. Uh, But yet, they really stress, like, the whole learning and and evolving seems to me like it's it can't go the same way. Listen, I've been trying to fight him exactly. Like, hey, I even though he changes, the only change he's done is, I got to hit harder this time. I can't hold back. And though now you take him out of the city, now he can go to town. He's not going to hurt anybody out here and do that. Maybe that's what he means. But, boy, he... uh, He's going to fight, and Wonder Woman's there with him. I, I think that the two of them should be able to take care of him, but we'll see. That's uh, the thing. I don't remember what Wonder Woman was doing during Death of the yeah, uh, Death yeah. of Superman. I don't even remember her being there, really. So yeah. hopefully with her there, like two goddamn powerhouses like this, it'll yeah. turn the tides. I can't wait to see team. it, though. little tag team. It's fucking... That's the problem, too. I can't wait to see it. Party I've been bitching that. about fucking nonstop fighting this entire but you series. you want more fighting to, to see yeah. what happens. I mean, it has to end. and Something has and, to happen, though. It's it's a weird transition because you would almost assume that something, you know, they're going to fight. Say they they defeat Doomsday. When does this book then shift to being the Lex Clark book? You know, uh, when they when he defeats Doomsday, he goes back to Metropolis and they're having a goddamn parade for Lex. Yeah, uh, it's weird. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's a weird thing to even think of a transition right now. Yeah, I have right now in my notes. Maybe he'll fight Doomsday with hugs, Eric. <laughs> well, what did you give it? I gave it a seven out of ten. No, I'd give it a seven out of ten as well. I thought you and, actually gave it like a six. I didn't. No, no. As I, I continue. I think I have given this the same thing every issue except for maybe the first one because it has been continuously the same issue. It's pretty much. You know, we get nothing except for a fight. I do this, like the change of scenery. 
I like right. that. It's just enough to like so I don't go down in points to keep it the same. I, I actually just the points with Lois and Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman finding out about like uh, this. Yeah, having a kid and a wife and also the whole Clark. Hey, you're not the Clark I know. But I really do like John. Uh, I don't know why. I like him being what Doomsday's after. It kind of really ups the ante. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did like that. But uh, the next book. There's another one of your books there. Sure is. Titans number one, written by Dan Abner, with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratmond, Andrew Dollhouse, and Carlos M. Mangual. While the Titans try to solidify their bond with Wally to make sure they don't go and forget his ass again, they also decide they have to do more than sit on their duffs, so it's off to find Mammoth to get some answers about what Mr. Twister was, and if he was connected to whatever Wally's talking about with something stealing away ten years of their lives. Too bad it doesn't seem like they'll have the chance anytime soon because for whatever reason, Abracadabra is rebirthed in this issue and claims that he's the one who made Wally disappear. Mm-hmm. You know what I like you? Actually, you kind of even said it there. Uh, the whole Abracadabra thing I loved, actually. I thought it was awesome. And it is kind of a reverse uh, Wally rebirth. And it is pretty much, as far as I can tell, the only villain that we've actually seen a quote-unquote rebirth yeah. like Wally. I mean, if they had a villain's version of the rebirth, you know, the DC Universe rebirth special, that would have been in it because it was just like that. And I really did like it. I thought the art in this book. The was only problem is awesome. The art in this book, like we just we talked up William Sharp yeah. like a motherfucker earlier, but. This book, in my mind, is the best-looking book that DC is putting out it's right now. It's funny, too, because the my son, Rafe, wanted to see, oh, what books did you read this week? Which ones did you like? And he really likes the – he doesn't want it. He's not going to sit there and read with me, yeah. but he, he'll, like, look. So the two I, picked, I showed him were this and Wonder Woman. Yeah. And when he saw this, there is that alternate, that variant cover with Wally sitting there with, like, everybody in black and white kind yeah. of. Or, and – all he could do is yell that Wally has a huge penis. In that variant cover, he has that. the biggest goddamn codpiece. It is humongous. <laughs> so then we're going through, and he's looking at everyone there. Roy does not have much of a penis. That That's what we learned. Even uh, freaking Barry Allen, huge cock. And then we're going, and I think uh, Dick at one point has a huge dick as well. But then I'm looking, yep, he has a bit of one. Roy has nothing. Roy shows up and he's like, boy, Roy doesn't have much of a penis. I'm like, why are you telling me about these penises, my I'm telling my you, son? your son has been trying to tell you something for a while now. Well, you won't listen. That, well, that leads into another story that yeah. I wasn't going to bring up. Uh, the other day we were getting a coffee. I was getting a coffee. And I saw a business that really intrigued me, Eric. And I thought, you know what? When I see a business, I'm like, I would like to apply there. Eric, I know I, I enjoy working with you, but I'm going to apply for this job because it seems to be a job made for me. And what it was is a moving company called College Hunks Hauling Junk. And I thought, College Hunks? What says College Hunk more than a mid-40s guy who is out of shape? I, what else? But <laughs> I, I got so angry. I'm looking at this, and it's this moving truck, and it says that. I'm like, you son of a bitches. Uh, you know, you're going to throw in my face that uh, how could I apply at this place? And I really wanted to go. I said to Rafe, we're sitting there in the parking lot. And I said, I'm going to go apply at this place. And I want to go and I want to hear how they try to weasel their way out of me not being able to be a college hunk calling junk. Because if they said anything about a degree, now, yes, they can say, you're not in college right now. I will go that minute. And I'm online DeVry. I am a, I'm a student, Eric, and I want to be hired. I'm a hunk. 
And so we're there, and I'm like, I know that I would go there, and they would make up some fucking weird-ass reason. Like, well, sir, we're not really hiring right now, or, you know, you're yeah. ugly. Hey, but they I'll can't go. say Get that. If they say we're not hiring you because you're ugly, I'm suing their asses, Eric, and I'm getting every penny. <laughs> and now it's called old fucking farts hauling junk. But in the meantime, I get I'm getting angry and I'm saying to Rafe, fuck this. We're going to stay here. We're going to stay in this parking lot. I'm going to wait for those fucking guys who go in this truck. And if they're not hunks, I'm going to be pissed. And I said to him, they better be fucking hot ass hunks that go in that truck or there's problems. So we're sitting there and where we're parked, there's like seven other spots in a row. And this this truck is parked like off. It's not even in like a parking spot. It's too big. So it's off the side. So as we're there, all these people keep coming out. And everyone, I'm like, it better not be that guy. You know, there's an old guy with a big fucking ZZ Top beard. Is the one guy I really remember. I'm like, if this is the college hunk, I'm really going to have problems. So then these three fucking guys come out. I'm like, yeah, that's them. In the meantime, me and Rafe are raiding every guy that comes out. <laughs> we're not even looking at the ladies because they're not college hunks. So then these guys, and I'm like, yep, there they are, Rafe. And Rafe's like, really? You think that that guy in the middle isn't that hot? Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, a hunk, hot, you know, he's kind of built, but he, he is not the greatest. I'm like, well, those other two guys, they're pretty hot. And and Rafe's there. He's a 13-year-old boy. He's like, yeah, they are hunks, aren't they? I'm like, yeah, let's see. <laughs> so we're watching them. Now, the worst, though, is if anybody's watching, they walk by. We're sitting in the car, but they walk in front of us. And as they go, and there's me and Rafe just watching. We're rubbernecking with these fucking guys. And they get into the thing, and I'm like, okay, they, they win. They're hunks. But th this guy in the middle was not – I'm telling you, when I went to college, just as good looking and in shape as this guy in the middle. I could have been that guy. I could have been one of the hunks. I think that – the other two guys were probably, I think we rated the one guy maybe a 9.5, 9 9.5 out of 10. The other guy was probably a 9, and then this other guy was like a 7. But the average, were, they were hunks as an average, Eric. Oh, they yes, came definitely. to my house hauling junk. I'd probably say, you know what, they are hunks. But then that led to me yelling at you at work. <laughs> I told you this story at work. I forgot all about it, that we were going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, I did not. I'm at work yelling at you. I'm like, who is hiring these people? Like, is this is this business based on people joking around? Because if you said, but really, who goes to their buddy? Hey, I'm going to move. Can you hire me a, a, a fucking company? <laughs> or is it that I hear you're going to move and I say, listen, Eric, you know what? Uh, I'll take care of it. You know company. what? I'll, I got this company. I'll, I'll take care of it. Next thing you know, these guys show up. And, and really, if they're hauling junk and they're hunks, they better not have shirts on. These guys, when they got in the truck, shirts on the minute they show up at your house those shirts better go off and better i said be. who who is hiring these people at least tied up in a knot is yeah are are there divorcees you know and i is it one of those where you're gonna have it you're, you're divorced with your husband you're gonna move out and you want to stick them one last time these hunks show up That's and i guess the business in my mind and really it only works then if the lady gets into the truck with them and her hands cannot be seen and these guys are like got all over the place oh goodness and then she's in a fucking bear costume you, and all bets are off there you yelling at me at work about this you're like what kind of business is i'm like jim this is america Marriage is in divorce 75% now. Yeah, but yeah, because I said, how many people, but really, who is hiring college hunks hauling junk? If anybody's hiring them, they're, they're so desperate. I, really, I, I, I say this all the time that 
men, as men, it, it's a tough deal. You, you can't find the ladies. Uh, you know, that's why all these guys are online. They're on Chatterbait. Their girlfriends are right next to them. They're fucking looking at that shit. Uh, and yet you see women can just go down. Now, maybe they get some shady characters, but they, they seem to me to be able to get guys whenever they want. Now, everybody, every woman listening is like, that's not <laughs> true. I don't care what they say. If they really wanted to, I'm saying they were desperate. Let me tell you, they're getting a man before I'm getting a lady any day of the week. And yet they're going to hire these guys to show up. And yet if I right away, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm hiring hot ass chicks hauling your luggage. The next thing I know, I'm closed down there. They would not go for that. People would be pissed. But college hunks hauling junk, they're in there. Then I'm looking up and I'm like, I don't know what this place was called. I look up. I'm like, uh, college guys moving people and it comes up there's like 17 of these there was one that i i swear to god it's a bunch of midgets that show up at your house they fucking all come out of a little car and fucking grab your things next thing they got your fucking uh, you know a big goddamn kitchen table that fits in this little fucking clown car and they go off they're fucking <laughs> done off they go eric hi yeah yeah me and rafe back to rafe I think I'm teaching them, uh, you know, I actually, I hope I'm teaching them that everybody's beautiful. Yeah. Everybody is beautiful. And I do not judge. I no, but I think he's really been trying to tell you something. And you're just not listening. I don't know. Uh, today, uh, my wife told me that that's what she thinks about Zach. And at one point, I guess I said to him, I think he said to me like, Hey dad, um, what would, what would you say if I was gay? And I said, I don't care. You know, you say you're gay. I said, listen, this is the same that I think of even if you were heterosexual or homosexual, whatever. I just don't want details. The bedroom talk, you keep that with your partner. I don't need details. It's a weird thing to tell your dad anyway. I think that's all I said. And he was very happy about that and said to my wife, I'm really glad that dad said that because, I, you know, and I'm like, well, what's going on? <laughs> and, and it's weird. Now, this this may be something you're not supposed to say. It's very odd. I don't know if other people would think this, but <laughs> people are going to hate me. I don't know why they would. It's not that bad. But if thinking in my mind, if one of my sons were gay, for some reason, I immediately will be uh, very protective as if they were my daughter. And I don't know why that is, but immediately – when I Tanya said this, I'm thinking, well, if he was gay, what would I think? And I think right away, I'm like, he he better not get used by some guy. I, I really <laughs> had these weird, like as if he was a daughter. I don't know if that's offensive to people, but I just worry. I worry, Eric. And but if a, a son, I just don't want him getting anybody pregnant. That's yeah. all I care about, sons. But yeah, I don't know what this has anything to do with Titans except that fucking Wally had a huge huge package. package. Huge package. Go on, Eric. I, I, I'm lost. I'm trying to find every bit of notes now. I, I'm all confused. Oh, Bob, so we start I'm thinking of these where... college hunks. The one guy, Eric, he had like shoulder length hair that was almost like a Dutch boy haircut. Boy, it really suited him nice. <laughs> nice. They had jeans on. We start this issue off, though, Tight where it's pretty much there. Uh, the next of... thing I know, they should have been hauling my junk, Eric. My junk. Speaking of junk and, and doing that, I think that Wally and Barry are a little closer than they were letting on before. Absolutely not. Because Ooh, if you wait. see this freaking hug, this is the most awkward hug where you fucking put your like your hips away. Most like the furthest away you can when you hug someone. I don't That's know. That's an awkward hug. Yeah, but when does that awkward hug include that noses are almost touching? 
They are so, hair brushing against the other's forehead there. Well, it's okay they if you are, kiss one another. You just can't have your junks touching. Yeah, yeah, that's all that matters then. Yes. I mean, it is a close and very personal hug there going on. And I think the rest of the issue is a freaking – it's Wally trying to think of Linda because that's his beard, Eric. That's <laughs> all that is. It's, that's why when Lilith says – all I can get from this guy is this fucking Linda Park. It's because he is really trying to put that in there to convince himself that him and Barry are not as close as we think now. I'm telling you. And next thing, they're hauling junk, Eric, and then I'm there raiding them. But yeah, this before you go on, there is a lot of recap in this issue. And I don't know if it's because we've moved on and I forget this is an issue number one because we've gotten this in a lot. This is very reminiscent to me of the actual flash book that I had. And the rebirth. With. And, well, I mean, just the why I didn't like the flash. No, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Titans rebirth, I mean. Yeah, but like I'm saying how I was pissed off about the flash rebirth, flash one and two. This is with rebirth and re, uh, this rebirth and Titans number one. It's going that same path. Yeah. Where just it's going to keep on repeating, and I hope we're ending it because it does end up kind of putting that in the past and going on. Uh, but not a lot really happens. No, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we had this little recap in the beginning to let everybody up to speed of what happened when the Rebirth special or while I came back, talked to Barry, yep. and we found out about this whole possible Watchmen thing going on. And then we sit down at a table while Lilith probes Wally's mind, and they say one another's yep. names over and over again. It's like... <laughs> It's weird because even with them just sitting at this table, I like the idea that the Titans are they, – they don't know what to do. They were trying whatever they can. If they have to sit there and just say each other's names over and over again to make sure that Wally doesn't disappear out of their lives, they're going to do it. And I like that. Yeah. I only got the fact that she was trying to get the connection with just Lilith and Wally. I didn't even get that they were even saying that towards the others. I just thought it was them just that Lilith was saying, you know, I we have to make this connection with you because I don't Wally doesn't really say much of the other guy's names. No, no, I, I'm just I saying, though, like, like Lilith probing around them because the other ones are just standing around watching the yeah, shit go on. I'm, I say the that. Titans, I, you know, in general. Yeah, I just um, it's kind of some of the shit seems a little forced. Like, oh, there's who's Linda? Who he's got a girlfriend. And I'm like, OK, you know what? That is. And actually, Garth says the same thing I thought. Are we sure we're not the teen times because boy they are acting i know they crazy really are. and maybe it's and one of those where you're supposed to think like hey they did get that time taken away and now they're you know enjoying themselves it seemed a little odd it did at um, first i i think of it like this because i actually put a little thought into it like you are you, you your normal day day-to-day life you are you you get together with your old high school buddies yeah. at like a reunion, and you're like trying to recapture that magic yeah, you had. So you're going a little even, bit it's over weird the top though, because they're saying that, and Garth doesn't even seem to be that into it. He's like, "Huh, hmm, we're trying to save the world, and Wally has a girl in his mind. What are we doing?" It's kind of, uh, I don't know. It's okay, but really, this issue is basically, "Hey, he loves Linda, and she doesn't remember him." And then move on to Abracadabra. There, and you know, the mammoth thing is is tied in with that. Um, but even Linda is weird. Like they Linda, go. To I'm Linda. telling you, I don't even talk about Linda because in this, Linda to me is Mr. Oz because we just yeah, have her there. Weird. She's going to be doing something at some point, but we just find out she's checking out these lightning storms. Uh, were you thrown off a bit by the timing of all that? Yeah, a little bit. Because she says it happened yesterday. Yeah. And that threw me off a bit. Now, I will also tell you, I think that I gave this issue a little more pass with the recap than I would have, say, the Flash book. 
because it's been a bit of a time before we read since we've read the Titan Raven. Then it ties into this one even more than the like you know. Yeah, Flash. I just it's I just part. so we had five pages of you know twenty one page yeah. of a complete recap. Then it's just the same thing about Linda over and over. Then we see Linda who mentions the same thing. Oh, I saw this guy and he mentioned this. This is my story. It's okay. I like uh. I like uh, Donna Troy's outfit. I think she looks good. Uh, the yeah, whole I like book's that outfit. Great. And I, the best part to me was they're, they, like you said, they say, listen, we had this guy, Mr. Hey, Mammoth was part of that. Maybe we can go find him and see what the fuck's going on. And I'm telling you, I, I like to go this little deductive reasoning where they yeah, like, like that. fought this Mr. Twister. We had five years of our lives taken away. This sounds a lot like what Wally's talking about. Let's try to leave, yeah, go yeah. down this road so to see what we can do that. kick up. I did like, though, that uh, Roy kind of goes like, hey, I know some people that probably know what's going on. Yeah, and this, in my mind, it's a they're doing this, and it's a great way to have almost like a like a, a Arsenal rebirth where people yeah, have it, a backstory like I, Royce not on the I up just, and up all the time. I also like it too because he's kind of got to. This is something that he wouldn't want them to know. They're mm-hmm. back. They're having fun, like you said. They're like back at the reunion. Hey, yeah. huh, what? Hey, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it comes up that he's on Megan's list. People aren't so happy. And he goes and he has to show – he knows he can find out info, but to get it, he's got to open up and show that he isn't the greatest of guys. And that's – he's with Don. And it's like, you know what? I'm kind of like these guys here. I was kind of a scumbag. I was a user. I know what it's like. I want to stop people from being this, but I kind of know. And it's funny because – it goes through that whole thing. He's already said it, and then Jerry has to pipe up. Hey, sup, Roy? And he's like, sup, hey, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. And and yeah, he's got to kind of spell it out. And uh, it, it there's works too Donna, like- and Donna likes it. Donna. It, it seems like she's like, you know what? I that's horrible, but um, you know what? It brings them a little closer together. That they're learning some things, and she even gives them an out and says, you know what? Every all of us became sad when we got these years taken away. Uh, is that why? He's like, yeah, I, I could blame it on that, but you know what? It really isn't that. I, I was an addict. That's what I was, and I really like that. The thing is, too, in Titans, from the stuff we saw that was, like, was taken away from them, their memories, it seemed like Roy and Donna were together. Yeah. And yeah. with Wally touching them with the fucking spark or whatever it was in the yeah, last yeah. rebirth issue, I don't know exactly what kind of memories they got back. Is it just the stuff with Wally? Or do they remember everything now? Yeah, I, I don't think that they remember much more. It doesn't seem that you would have gotten some hint of them saying like, you know, hey, even the part where if they were going to remember that, they should know a little more about Wally. Even they they don't really know much about Wally. Yeah, it's and just well, that even he then, was their friend, and they like, kind of trying to remember. And even in the flashbacks, though, it didn't seem like Wally was around. So it's yeah, not, yeah, the timeline where Wally's talking about ten years were stolen from their lives, but then we have. Five years of the Titans were taken away. I don't really quite understand the timeline of the memories. You, the way the whole timeline works with that, I don't even. I, I'm getting to the point where I don't even try to even understand it anymore. I, I like to ten try it. five because I don't even think it really. T- like the five could be part of the ten. Yeah, exactly. Ten, I, I don't know, but I don't know. And the other books are not stressing it at all. No. So I haven't even really sat down and thought, well, if Wally had this and if it was at the flash, because to me, if they were that good of friends, part of the time that's taken away was obviously when he got married, had kids. All this is nowhere for them. Like they don't know who Linda is. You think they would if he had, you know what I'm saying? That he, this was well, the most important he, person in his life later. And, 
I got to think too, like because that was this timeline pre Flashpoint, yeah, and since he that, knew everything that went down, like is he ha- like was this him or is this the Wally from pre Flashpoint's yeah, memories? Th- I'm telling you, I don't even think that they even spell out enough to even wonder what's going on with yeah, that. Yeah, they I don't. I just like to that, think about it. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you that. All of these characters, when when Rebirth ha- or uh, New 52 happened or whatever, to me, like all these things were going on and everything that they don't remember was stu- – like it, you start swirling around. Yeah. Like you're like, well, they were never the Teen Titans, this team in the New 52, but the New 52 was how it was changed. So all of these characters were from pre-Flashpoint and they don't – you know, everybody really was from pre-Flashpoint yeah. at, at some point. So is it – that's what they're – it all is is wacky. And, the, and wh- again, like you don't – you have the Batman book where we never even think of it because it never comes up. Or we have the Green Arrow book where it does kind of come up with Black Canary, but because it's not really spelled out, you kind of pass it on by. Yeah. It's just odd. Like you said, I could say that they should know this, but then you could say, but that was pre-Flashpoint. Exactly. Who knows what? That years that were taken away were the Flashpoint years that they didn't want them to remember, but that was afterwards. It's just so convoluted where this whole thing was explained and not explained that I'm telling you, I just ignore it and just whoever remembers somebody or this is why in your way of saying it, there's been a lot of things that were freaking lazy storytelling yeah. that led to. Because really, try to explain to me how Black Canary and Oliver know each other now as the lovers. There's no, you know, where did that happen? Didn't happen. And it's just crazy. It just happened now. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that it, you almost just have to go with it. And whatever they tell me I'm going with, with the, you know, I'm not going to worry about kids or anything yet. It's just he wants to Linda to remember him. And I do like even the fact that he's a friend of theirs, Wally, is a friend of the Titans. And they kind of have like the simplest of solutions. It's almost like me going to you and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I really like that girl. But I can't. Oh, all you have to do is talk to her, dude. Yeah. It's not that fucking simple, buddy. <laughs> you know what? I have some issues. And that, but they kind of have that like cute little deal like, hey, you just go to her and make her fall in love with you all over again there, buddy. And it, I like that. I really do like that as a way. It, like you said, even before with the, he has a girlfriend that I didn't like as much, <laughs> but I do like it with that. But. Uh, not a lot like, of Nightwing in this issue. No, not at all. Probably because uh, we had Nightwing out this week anyway. But uh, yeah, I, one thing I didn't like though is it could have been a throwaway line of something because we're dealing with so much with like Roy talking about his backstory here. Yeah, Donna out of nowhere. We have never seen a bubbly Donna in the New Fifty Two. No. Here she is cracking jokes. Yeah. She was like hanging out with the boys and just really bubbly, over the top yeah. bubbly. And I, I wish I it would have been like you know a- once Wally touched me and I had these memories. Yeah. And she developed this personality because it's just odd out of because, nowhere. And she kind of, here's the thing is she kind of points to something when she does say, oh, it was those years taken away. They made us all sad. That's why you were an addict, right? And it kind of does in a backdoor way kind of show that. But I really would have liked like what you're saying. I would have liked Garth to be like, whoa, who the fuck showed up here? <laughs> you know, we haven't seen this. For, it would have been nice. Yeah. And she could just throw it off as like. I don't know. Just having us back together just make me happy. And yeah, you, you get that. But and, and I also, like the costume when she points that out. Uh, she got the likes costume that. badass. Yeah, but uh, really like another it. thing that kind of bothered me, and this is the stupidest goddamn nitpick you could ever think of. After they kick the shit out of these fucking drug dealers, and they find out that Mammoth is now working for Simon, 
It is spelled out P S I M O N. I think they can get And then they start saying Simon S I M O N. It's only Donna who says it like that. It fucking, I don't know. It bothers the shit out of me. It's just supposed to be that if, if I said, hey, I have to go see Simon. I think they're pointing it out that she really doesn't know who that is. And, and it's spelled, you know, they're, yeah, yeah, they it's, sound the same. I think that it's really stressing that if I said to you, hey, we're going to go see Simon. There's no way you would know in your head that I mean P-S-I-O-N. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I think that they were just pointing to really stress that Donna has no idea who it is, though they really do stress it. It keeps coming up. And it, it did throw me off a little, but I thought, you know what? She would kind of think. Why hey, doesn't anybody say, Simon hey, this, this is Simon. Start saying his goddamn name right so Eric doesn't fucking flip yeah, his shit for I know, stupid ass that, reasons. That's the weird thing. If, if she said, hey, we got to track this Simon down, and then he says, Roy's like, no, we have to track Simon down. You'd be like, I know. It, it doesn't work. It's just no. since it is his name, I think it should be spelled right. It's, it's yeah, the just, stupidest fucking nitpick you can I think, think of. I think that it's supposed to be that you're really supposed to know that she has no idea who this guy is. Yeah. That if, if I said – if me and you said – you know, it's like at work. The one guy's name's Auric. Everybody yeah. calls him Eric, and it drives me nuts every time I hear it, and I tell them, no, it's Auric. And, and that isn't even the same, but it is, but with this being the same, you know, it sounds the same. I, I don't know, but yeah, but we get to uh, Lilith, Lilith fucks everything up. She's, she's in Roy's mind, or Roy's mind, in and, Wally's mind, and she awakens something, she says. And it's the weirdest thing, because I don't understand how this quite happens. She's poking around the subconscious, and she realized she touched something and woke it up. And then we jump to Mr. Hocus Pocus, this old, fat, stupid oh, magician at a birthday he's party. And one of the kids saying, I wanted to go to this place instead. Yeah. I wanted to go uh, yeah, it's, faster it's than Speed of Light. Space Mountain. Exactly. I wanted to go space to Space World. Mountain. Yeah. Space World. But yeah, I wanted to go to Space World and do this and go faster than I Light. Wanted to, uh, yeah. And for some and, reason, yeah. faster than the Speed of Light makes Mr. Hocus Pocus like that word, that like that phrase. Uh, and then, blam. He turns yeah. to young abracadabra. Yeah, I got, I got just that. That's when Lilith was touching shit that I opened know, but up. I, and I just don't understand how Mister Hocus Pocus here, this fat old man, is abracadabra. Yeah, I, I got the idea that first off, because it's magic based, all bets are off. Yeah, but you would abracadabra is not magic based, Roy. He uses future tech and like make, makes yeah, you think. It's I don't magic. know. I, I, I don't know if this guy's the same. He has that crazy, even then though, but he has that crazy wand. I guess you could say, yeah, that's future well, that, tech. Well, that's this whole thing. He wants you to like think it's magic, yeah, but it's yeah. future tech. But he is definitely, I get the idea. And he says at the one point, hey, I, I was the one who made Wally disappear, and now I'm going to kill him after all this other stuff. I actually don't know. Like, I don't think he's in control. I don't think you don't either, right? You don't think he's the big bad of oh, all Oh, no, absolutely this. not. I think he might think he is. And when they're when he's brought back, I think that he's been shut out the same as Wally by the same people. I think that he's not supposed to be around. I think that he is not supposed to be going as the same way they got rid of Wally. He is also a key of what had happened. Right. And they got rid of him to make other people forget. And I think this is going to go down the line. I really like it. I, I thought. And uh, I think it's a cool it's reveal. Tech, I just don't understand how it works from like, well, you know, Lilith this poking around in Wally's mind. She touches something in his subconscious, which makes yep. an old man oh, here's turn into deal, abracadabra. Though. That's the other thing that maybe we're going to find out later that what he touches is not ho- – or what she touches isn't yeah, hocus she touches. pocus. It's something else that unlocks these things. You know, yeah. It's not hocus pocus necessarily, but it's a, a gap or a bridge that she hits 
that then he comes back just like Wally did. Wally just shows up. Uh, you know, who the fuck knows why the fuck? You know what I mean? We don't even really know much about that. Yeah. And this hits something. It opens it up. And, boy, it's it's abracadabra. And I the art in that is incredible. Oh, yeah. I love the reveal. I just want to like be able a, to understand it better. Looks a lot like the uh, the Doctor Strange amalgam that's in the paybacks. Mr. Black looks exactly okay. like him. And, uh, but, yeah, uh, he says, basically, like I said, I was the one who, you know, you'll know me. I was the one who made Wally West disappear, and now I'm going to kill him. And it's funny because, yeah, he knows Wally West, yeah. and he knows that he disappeared. Like, he knows more than anyone else in this world, it seems, at this moment. That's and a badass cliffhanger. And shit's going to go bad. And, yeah, we thought before, like, our whole big thing was, what are they going to do in this book? Who are they going to fight after yeah. all this? And then with Rebirth, it seems... Like, it'd be silly for them to go off and they're, uh, hey, Deathstroke, stop that. You know, shit like that. They just wouldn't seem right. This seems right, that we're going to get this book. And you had always said, hey, this is the important book. You said it when yeah. we were talking to four guys in the comic, that you really like Titans because it's like that linchpin book, it seems. In my mind, it's setting the most up important and book at going. Rebirth. And this issue kind of does point to that, that we're going to get. And it may be a real slow burn. They may fight Abracadabra for a bunch of issues to find out. Well, I don't even that, know. I think I don't even think Abracadabra will come back into play right away. They're going to go after Simon and Mammoth still. And yeah, I, I, I like I all these characters. Mammoth, I actually think that most of the issues may end up in these halves like this, that the half of it, they're going after these guys. And then really, they are kind of splitting them into teams a bit where you would think that Donna, maybe, you know, Donna and Arsenal Roy are going to go after Simon. Maybe, you know, what's it called? But it seems like Lilith and Wally are going to be together. And that, you know, it may go in a bunch of directions. Yeah, who knows? But I, I think we're going to see more of Abracadabra right away. I have a feeling that he's going to be doing some crazy but shit. For being as low-key as this issue really felt, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Reading yeah, it. I enjoyed it. And it I looks fucking amazing. I enjoyed the hell out of it, but I enjoyed it. I, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it a 7.5 is what I'd give it. But I did like the art a lot. But, yeah, the, the recaps threw me off again. It was oh, yeah, me too. Recap. And then even the whole thing with you didn't even mention in your review, you said with Linda with like, hey, this guy showed up. And I yeah, I'm saying, it's up. just it's a whole Mr. Oz thing where I don't want to yeah. talk about it until it's relevant. Yeah, well, we'll see when that is. But uh, we're going to move on. That is the first part of the podcast there. We only have 17 more hours to go. <laughs> And and just to, you know, open up the veil, it is after 2 a.m. Here we go. Here we go. Never again. tell me the time. I'll tell you. The, don't tell me the odds. That's awesome. Goldenrod. <laughs> the odds of uh, doing a podcast every week till 530 are 1,000, you know, one in one million. Don't tell me the odds. Get off my plane. <laughs> and take a break and then we'll hear no back. No plugs. <laughs> Hello, Jim. Hello, all of Jim's helper elves. and. Hello, Mother. Dancing Mike, just giving my movie report on my date night with my wife at Batman the Killing Joke. Um, we went to see the, the theater a couple of days before we went. Um, my wife asked me, is there any kind of backstory I need to know? So I said, well, you know that Barbara Gordon is Commissioner Gordon's daughter, who is Batgirl, and she was like, yeah, and I said, you know, the Joker is a mean, nasty dude, she said, yeah, and I said, that about covers it, so we went to the movie, and it was nice, there was a documentary, which came before, which my wife said, 
she enjoyed more than the movie, actually. But because it was really interesting about Mark Hamill and the Joker voice, there was a documentary after about the music, which was also nice. But um, it was, yeah, it was, it was, I liked the movie. It was very good. I think the backstory they added was really, really mostly good, you know, especially to tie it together and, and give you some context if you're not familiar with the source material, which my wife was not. Um, the whole thing about, yes, so I wish I had not listened to the podcast Sunday night because when Batgirl initiates sex with Batman, I was like, ah, dang it, I knew that was going to happen. So that would have been a nice surprise. But my wife was like, whoa. So she was kind of shocked by that because, you know, that you don't usually think of those two hooking up. Um, and the whole thing about, well, they made it, they made it clear that the Joker raped her. I think they kind of implied it in a bit. But I asked my wife after the movie, you know, after the movie, I said, do you think he raped her? You know, they're saying he raped her and blah, blah. That's the whole controversy. And she said, no, I think he, she just, he just undressed her and took the photos more to mess with Gordon, which I thought, yeah, too. I mean, you could say he raped her. They tried to make it look like he's oversexed, but I don't think they really came out and said, oh, he raped her. I mean, they kind of took it a bit further than than the original graphic novel did. But um, I also asked her the day after, said, so did you know that uh, he was going to shoot her? Did you know that was going to happen? She was like, no. Said I thought he was going to... I didn't know that was a story where he did that to her. She says, I knew she became paralyzed because she had heard the Oracle rumors because she watches Arrow and Flash with me and had an idea vaguely of who Oracle was. But she did not know. She said, I thought he was going to kidnap her or something. So, yeah, she was kind of shocked about that. And all in all, though, it was, it was, a, it was a lovely, lovely romantic date. And uh, yeah, I would recommend seeing the movie when it comes out on uh DVD slash Blu-ray, which I'm getting. So, yeah, that was how, you know, I mean, my wife is a pretty sensible person. And, hey, she married me, so besides that, she's a pretty sensible person. So, yeah, it was, it was a good um, a good little date. And um, in her opinion, and, you know, she's a woman, but she didn't think it was really right. So all these people, oh, that's right, that's right, they can suck a big one. But anyway, um, that's my, probably my last time calling this week, unless you've been bad. So um, and we'll see you in seven. one thing I wish we could have we'd seen more of is fucking uh, Jason Todd's Robin costume. It is my favorite. Is I it? think I just love the gigantic yellow cape. Oh, you better say excuse me. Because you like this is pretty much the, the original Robin costume with yeah. like with the exception where it's a red mask. But, uh, like in like Batman sixty six or shit like that, it always seemed like a really small cape and this weird yeah. looking. I love the fucking gigantic yeah, like yellow cape. And we're back, Eric.
Oh, we're back. Yes, we are. I think people are going to enjoy hearing you off-the-cuff talk of the Robin costume that you enjoy. And, yeah, uh, this next book is going to be Red Hood. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be Red Hood and the Outlaws, Rebirth Number 1, and this really is one of your favorite characters of all time. I I really do. And the thing is, it was never my favorite Robin. I told you, Tim Drake was always my Robin, but the New 52 made me hate him. And I just really like what the uh, New 52 did with Jason Todd's like, so it Robin So it Car- was like one step forward, two steps back for yeah. Tim Drake. And uh, DJ Scat Cat said to you, hey, opposite of the track. And you were like, you know what? You're MC right, DJ Scat, Scat Cat. Or MC Scat Cat, you're right. And I'm going to take a new look. And I like this Jason Todd fella who I voted to have killed. I, I was fucking three years old. I know that's what you did. That's what, and uh, what I heard was your mom and dad got kicked out of their apartment because you got a hold of that phone and you didn't understand that, that three years old, the concept of 900 numbers. And you did that. And really, what happened then, your mom was mad at your dad because she saw 900 number. She was very angry. He had just kicked that habitual masturbating habit of his, <laughs> and she really thought he was back off the wagon and calling those numbers again, Eric. And because he was always up late watching shows, and call me. My name's Cindy. With now, do you S. think that anybody under 30 knows what we're talking about? No. <laughs> hey, guys. They'd always be laying there oh, yeah. on the bed, like twirling the, the cord. Like they're having like, a slumber party. Uh, and they're having, the everybody's having fun, and they just, they're waiting. And, and to me, it's the same as watching lesbian porn. They are having too much fun. I am going to ruin the party. By showing up. So basically, I would not call the 900 number because I, I, I'm a caring fella. I don't want to ruin the slumber party. And next thing you know, they're like, hey, you know, all us girls need a guy to call. And they'd always be there, three of them, sharing oh, yeah. a goddamn phone, too. Call us. I'm like, okay, one okay. Hey, girls. Ew. And they hang up. The party's <laughs> over. I'm like, wait a second. I'm paying money and you don't want to talk to me? I want to kill myself. What is going on? Where are their hunks hauling fucking junk? At the uh, Wawa, apparently. They'll talk to me. Or I call up and they're like, hey, this is Cindy. I'm like, I don't know. You do not sound like what you did on that commercial, but I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Why don't you reach around while you're back there, buddy? Oh, shit. Uh, what is going on? What do you mean, reach around? Uh, I didn't say that. Wait, what line are you calling? <laughs> I'm calling the slumber party line. Oh, I thought you were calling three men and a maybe. <laughs> like, what is going on here? These Classic. numbers are not jiving. I remember the only thing at that point I was really interested in, I I was uh, very uh, sexed up by any Asian accent at that point. Right. I really was. And still to this day. Yeah, it, it would actually, it was so exotic to me in Quakertown, thinking there was an Asian lady out there with the hots for me. And again, you'd never call. Well, I never, I wasn't, you know, maybe I called a couple of times. I told you there was a, my one buddy who he was into the, the, the chat line thing, like yeah. the party line. And I told, I said this on the podcast a couple of times and he fell asleep and ran up a hundred, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollar bill. I would not get into the party line. There's no, no way. I'm telling you, uh, I used to, uh, the closest I ever came to this is like as a kid just being really titillated by these fucking commercials. Yeah. You go to a payphone and you dial it and just hear their voices and then you have to put in like some yeah. kind of 
money or and then credit card, run, right? and then I gotta put like hang up and then run because for some reason somebody's after me now. Yeah, somebody's after you, <laughs> and you have your hand down your pants. I was a stupid I, I kid. Did, uh, one thing that I did like, and again, this is back to Bournemouth, Eric. It's back to Bournemouth when I was there that that uh, summer. My that amazing freaking, summer. Yes, that, uh, it was not that exciting, but my cousin. I can't remember what his name. He he was a twin. I have I have twin cousins that are twins, a boy and a girl, fraternal twins, and another guy, David, who was older. But my cousin, this is how bad my family is. I don't even know my cousin's names. Um, he, I went there, and he was a drummer. And he was only a couple years older than me, but he had this drum set. He was terrible. His dad was the one I mentioned was in that uh, cover band. Right. So he was kind of following in his shoes. But he's like, hey, you want to listen to some LPs? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I like records. What do you got? And he's like, hey, listen here. And he pulled out these records, and it ended up being records of Dirty Stories was one of them. And then the other record was it appeared to be or sounded like somebody got a tape recorder and put it under some bed of, of two of the fattest people that ever lived having sex. Because all you – and you'd hear like barely you could hear them talking or yelling over this squeaking. Uh, and I'm like, oh. Why would he buy these weird. LPs? It's so weird. I don't know. But the weirdest thing is like have you ever sat with like a buddy or a relative and like he's showing you like a playboy or a hustler and like giving you like the thumbs up and stuff? Because that is not Very for odd. me. No, yeah, that's no. not for me. It's very uncomfortable. So he, we're listening to these records, <clears throat> and the one was like a story. It's like, I was looking at the gardener through the through the thing during tea time, and I noticed that he was uh, had a massive package. And then my my husband went off to work as a barrister, and the next thing you know, he was plowing me from it's, behind. Like, it's, you know, like it's that. almost like books on tape, but like penthouse letters on tape. Yeah, it was. It was penthouse letters on tape. And I'm telling you, the accent did get me a little, but I'm there with my cousin and he's like, almost like, hey, eh, eh. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on? You know, I'm getting a little excited. I don't want to, I don't know what like, he's up to. It's almost like National Lampoon's, Lampoon's Vacation where you're fucking, you're Anthony, I'm like, oh, hey, you got any Pac-Man, like Space Invaders stuff? I got a stack of Playboys this tall. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just hang out and let, read them. just hang, but it was so weird. So then read he's like, "Oh, we have to, yeah, we have to do something, or uh, we we're done." And then I, all I could think of is, how can I get the fuck back in his room by myself, <laughs> play these records? I mean, this was, I'm telling you, of all the things you have to try to sneak to do, trying to sneak to play fucking records, <laughs> it has to be the hardest. And oh, yeah. I'm like, I get back there, I because, and again, I didn't have ear headphones or anything. This no. was just a record player. And uh, I could get back there. I get this. I did. It. There was no way I couldn't. No. So I, I tried to recreate these scenes then by myself <laughs> at, at night. Did you and put on your just, voice? They just yeah. They were not going. Hello, well. love. Hello, love. You you got any sort of chimney sweeping to do there? And then oh, you're I all said, I up. said to the chimney there. sweep that he would have. I'm like it. It's not working out here. <laughs> I'm so upset. Yeah, I had some issues. I really wanted to listen to those goddamn LPs. I couldn't, but it, it was too. The other thing he always said to me, the LPs, and he would say after that then, like, hey, you want to listen to some LPs again? No, I don't. I no. just keep me how away about, from these fucking things. I do, things. but how about you yeah, leave I for do. Like Yeah, why don't minutes? you lose yourself? Why don't you go down and get me some fucking buttered up hamburger patties, you son <laughs> of a bitch? Uh, the other thing, though, he would say to me, and I know kind of what he might have been getting at. All right. He said, let me sense. see your penis. 
he would go, let's go naked. No, he would say, <laughs> you want to do a bit of burning? And I had no idea what he was talking about. Are you smoking and weed? No, he <sighs> didn't do – that's the thing. That's what later on it really confused me because I would say like, okay, and then we wouldn't do anything. We'd like walk around the block. And I don't know what he was talking about. And then later my mom said that he was really into go-karting and he might have meant that, like, let's go burn rubber. But yeah. why the fuck did we walk around the block and do nothing? And maybe he was like a bit of burn. I, later on, I thought, God damn it. He was asking me to smoke pot with him. Um, but it didn't make sense because I'm like, eh, whatever. Well, what, what are we you doing? You walked around the block to go do it. And he, he couldn't thought find you had the, the weed. No, he thought you I had the know. weed. And but you why just are walked... we doing this walking around the block? So you don't want to do it gonna in do the house. We're going to do a bit of burning. Right? Yeah, but you, we were just walking around. Walking around like, waiting for like you to pull Bob was out. my uncle. I'm walking around. <laughs> and then he would – then we'd get back to these LPs. And then at one point, he'd be like, you want to hear me drum? And then we'd go up in his room to listen to him drum. And again, this is – I'm very uncomfortable with people because there he is. He's like – and he'd stop and like – I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then he'd start again. Yeah, okay. Oh, you want to hear and, some more, do you? And I just said, it's the worst. Like somebody, even somebody says to me, like, hey, you want to hear this song and start singing? Or, hey, I'll read you my poetry. I can't get, get the, the fuck whoa, out of there. Because you're always like, you know, you're always like nodding your head, especially when somebody's playing an instrument or singing or something. Yeah. Nod to the beat. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. I want to kill myself. I don't know what's going on. <sighs> Bit of burning. Uh, he was at that point i was i think like i, I said i was like 13 or 14 he right. was probably 16 we walk around the block he wants to listen to more lps i'm not saying that i i would be that shocked if i found out that he was bisexual and he might have been trying to get me into something i know we were cousins i only met him once eric i met him once that summer never saw him again kids are so, weird like hey, that yeah, shits you know you go over to the different country you know they're into other things i don't know what they're in in england Next thing I know. And the other thing that makes me wonder is I was there with a friend of mine. We brought a family friend with us and my brother. Where the fuck were they? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. It was just me. Your friends hanging out with your brother, Bernie It's like the same. You realize now, and it just dawned on me. I'm so pissed now. (laughs) The stories where I'm getting beat up by the, the retards. Yeah. I had a brother who was two or three years younger. He couldn't have been anywhere around her. I would have pushed them towards him. Uh, hey, you know who really likes to that's be driving around you, by his hair? That's why you hate Steven now. Oh he's my never God. around. Where was he? I think that I was just always led into these situations. This is why I was scared. Think, shit. And also, if I don't know what people are saying, I always, I always say yes. It doesn't matter. And this happened at work. Remember the one time? I think that somebody asked me if I was gay with another guy at work. And me. Mike. No, oh, it's Mike. And I, I don't know Mike. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And they all started laughing and pointing at me. And in the meantime, they're talking in Spanish. I don't know. And they broke in English. I don't know what they're saying. Next thing I agreed to something, they all laughed and pointed at me, and I fucking ran. <laughs> and the thing is with me and you, I think they just assume me and you oh, are yeah. gay lovers. They they don't say Standard anything. 69. Yep. Yeah, but that with Mike, they did. They said, yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just want to move on. And, That's the thing. You come to me. Either I just told them that me and Mike are brothers or that we fucked. Yeah, because I said I think they might have. That's what I thought they were asking. Oh, are you and Mike brothers? Why would I say yes to that? <laughs> the only reason I wanted to get out of there, if I say no, 
then it leads to this other. Like, remember, more. The time, remember the time they came, the two ladies came up to me. Oh, do you smoke? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, we thought you saw you somewhere that had to be you. And that, yeah. all this is in broken English. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. I don't know what's going on. I run in the fucking, the fucking beam and the, I just try to get out of there. I'm running in the machines. You were staring at a girl and not paying I, attention. It's written by Scott Liddell. We're talking about Red Hood and the Outlaws. <laughs> My wife will listen to this. You'll kill me. Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth Number One, written by Scott Liddell, art by Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini, and Taylor Esposito. Scott Liddell gets a chance to tell his Red Hood story once again, but this time with feeling, Eric. Instead of giving us the Outlaws, this is all about Jason Todd, and while it may have thrown some off, that on the surface it's an origin issue. It had so much charm and also gave us the tone and direction that I went from Rebirth books. Jason can get into places that Batman can't, and I can't wait to see just that. Yeah, this is a pretty much a Jason Todd origin. Um, I don't mind it. I like it because a lot of people don't know really Jason Todd's origin, and in the meantime... You get a definitive one right here. You, you're told exactly what you're and supposed to it know. It really is one of my favorites. Like, you know, the Dick Grayson one is classic. And then, you know, have Tim Drake. He wants to find out who Batman is. This is a kid who is stealing tires off the Batmobile. And it always oh, and, makes and, me yeah. chuckle. And it always, you know, it's going to be, he is the every man Robin. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not ultra smart. He's like a combo. He's like the jack of all trades, the master of none. Well, it's he, like you, it's like you're picking stats in an RPG or something, you know, yeah. and he's the freaking he's right, right, down, right the, down the middle. Yeah, and he's very good. He's right down the middle, but he has a spunk. Yeah. He's got spunk to boot. But yeah, he starts off. I do really like it because you have the uh, Dick Grayson, where even in the Nightwing issue that we're going to talk about in a little bit, where he even says like, you know what? I was kind of the same as Batman. I lost my parents, but he was there to make me not be him. Jason's already his. His life is hell. Yeah, he's you know, already gone down the wrong he's path. He's not the guy who figured out who Batman's identity was. He's not, uh, you know, Bruce's son. You no, know, he so, wasn't so, a love son like Dick, you know, growing up. He, he might have grown up yeah. in a circus. He was loved, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was trained yeah. to be an acrobat yeah, right yeah, away. He loved him, and that's why Batman saw d- himself and Dick and like, oh, my God, I got so dark, but I can go and take him and give him the life that I wasn't able to have after my parents died. With Jason, he's just – he's – a, you know, he's a scumbag. He really is. He's, he's on the road to being a scumbag. And, and, well, he he's stealing the tires off the Batmobile. Hey, he's, he's a, a kid. He's, he's, he's a, a scumbag. To do. Like, he's like going around finding a payphone trying to dial 900 numbers. Yeah, he's bored. Running, but he's not running because he's pretty tough. But He yeah, thought he should. I was not tough. He has so yeah. to do this because he has no other way. I mean, he's going to use that money. You know, he's going to sell the bat tires and get and some probably get some freaking like street cred because he stole yeah. the fucking tires off the yeah. Batmobile. But yeah, he uh, right away. I really like it because Batman shows up and you said when we were talking off the, the deal before we came back that you love the art because, boy, Batman is just every, really imposing. Every time Batman is just standing, he is so fucking imposing. No, and I, I love the idea, too, that this is through Jason's memory. So he is larger than life. The cape is bigger than maybe it yeah, should be. It's huge. And I do like it. I want to point out there's a guy on our site that comments all the time. He hates Scott Liddell. We're not sure if he hates Scott Liddell and Red Hood 
or if he just loves Red Hood, but he hates the way Scott Liddell, but he, he seems to hate both. Yeah. He seems to think that, the, but I, and he's like, oh, how could you just ignore the plot holes in that, those flashbacks? There are no plot holes because this is Jason thinking back at, you know, the greatest hits. Yeah. He's thinking back at how he met Batman, how Batman was nice, how it led, and it all leads to, you know, now. So when you get Batman eating food with them and the next thing you know, they're in the so back cage. There's not a plot hole. That is him thinking of how things went. And you yeah. get it through the narration as well. I love seeing Batman eating a sub with the cow on. It made me laugh so much. Sitting it on the hood sense. of the Batmobile, the, the boy, the Batmobile. just eating and fucking really, hamburgers and subs. If you want to take anything out of this issue, read it and enjoy a time where it looks like Bruce is having a fucking good time. Yeah. That Batman is actually um, just able to let his guard down because he has this kid who, you know, is a, a scumbag, I say, but he's trying to help him in a way, but also just treating him. Probably Jason is being treated like a, a person for the first time. Yeah. And Batman is having fun doing it and wish, really enjoying Jason's I, company. I can't remember the circumstances or even what issue this was, but in one of the past Red Hood and the Outlaws issue, I'm pretty sure it was Red Hood and the Outlaws, Jason had to do something, but in order to do it, he had to forget his best memory. Yeah. And his best memory was being sick when he was in Wayne Manor. Yeah, so when he and was sick, Bruce and him just sat no. down and watched a they movie. They watched a movie. They and this have reminds me of that. And yep. I love it so much. And uh, that was awesome. And that part, and Scott Liddell did that as well. And that was one of the things we talked about way back then, that it was like, it really is something that you don't think of. And you don't see and, you know, it at I mean, all very much. It was so great. It was like, oh, man, there was a time I was sick. And, and that was a time where Bruce, the Batman Bruce, just decided. Took the night off and he stayed in. in. And and I think the even movie. at that point, wasn't there something going on? And Batman even was like, no, somebody else can take care of it. And we, go, we were like, that's bullshit. But we actually <laughs> liked it. I like the sentimental Batman where he yeah. wants to take care of his kids. Yeah. I, I really I really like this because even at the point where – you said like the cape is really over the top and maybe it this it didn't exactly happen the way it did but i hope it did because yeah. boy i love it and they're sitting on the batman just sitting on the hood of the batman i love that so it's much awesome. it's so good and they're looking over the city and that's where jason and he is a street kid he's tough and yeah. he i think batman really likes him because he also jason is not treating him like batman He's not like, oh, my God, Batman, oh, I, I don't do this or whatever. He's like, hey, so what? No, yeah, you know what? You see that Wayne Manor down there? That son of a bitch, I was going to break into there. He's telling Batman this. Yeah. But he's like, I was going to break in there because, you know, he doesn't know how it is. He, this view is, you know, I have a tough life and all. And, yes, some people, anonymous Eric, have taken that to be the whiny. I don't think that. I think that Jason in this especially hasn't been able to – he has nobody to talk to. No. He's not begging Batman for anything. He's enjoying this. He's, you know, ge- talking about shit. They're fucking making fun well, of people. Hell, he's scarfing down the food as fast as he can. Yeah. He doesn't know when this fucking perfect yeah. moment's yeah. going to end. because it's going to end. Or Batman's like, hey, I was just fucking joking or whatever. Exactly. But that's the big line of the issue is when uh, Jason's like, hey, you see that? The freaking play- billionaire playboy. He's king of the world. <laughs> and then that's when Batman's like, hey. Sometimes you just give people a chance, Jason. They'll usually surprise you. And he kind of stops and looks. And I think that definitely is a turning point in his, his life. Yeah. I had to get a drink. I got a freaking scratch in my throat here. When saying, you, that's you, where you, Batman gives him a chance to see if this kid will surprise him. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know why I have this scratch. 
I have to turn off the mic. I'm telling <laughs> I know. you. I'm killing myself here. Uh, but yeah, then he even says, hey, turns out Batman was the billionaire, one and the same. And we all, you know, we know yeah. that. Obviously, then he knew it. And this is where he's taking Jason in. And he says, yeah, there was this. You know, you get the whole deal of all the hard work. It's going to be All the freaking and, studying and training 24 That's kind of like we know, we know all this. But it's also you, you get the idea it, it wasn't as easy for him. No, as but he put else. his fucking 110% it into it. And I would say that if anybody, he tried the hardest. He really is trying. But he says at that one point, hey, you can take the street from the kid, but the kid from the, you know, the kid from the street, but not well, the street it. kid because he is a little more over the top. And that is his defining feature. Pretty Like much. you look at these kids, though, you know, Dick might not have been the smartest kid before he went into this, but he was already a trained acrobat. Now, then we got Tim Drake after Jason here. He is a gymnast and a goddamn genius. Yeah, they yeah. have they have stuff already and going off. Jason yeah, is Damien, a fucking who was trained oh, by the goddamn assassins. assassins. Yeah. So you have that. Jason is uh, just a kid. He is a spunky kid, and I like that Scott Liddell make sure because yeah there you have dick grayson you're always seeing him jumping around and doing yeah. his goddamn splits or whatever you, you <laughs> tim's always making his tech and all this jason still has what he has brought to the table yeah, which right. is that crazy spunky attitude because that, i'm saying he no. had the freaking uh the will the courage to go forward with something even though he's not a trained fighter now he yeah. is he can just yep. put his freaking you know courage out there and yeah he's saying uh he because you see when Alfred comes and gives him the Robin outfit that you love. I love and then that he's Robin like, hey, outfit. You know, I was with people that, you know, people finally believed in me, and it's really great. And this is all – the problem is – and not the problem. The great thing is you're reading this, and you know what's coming. And you're oh, like, yeah. god damn it. He's, he's so happy at this moment. And really, to me, this is all setting up for people jumping on to not get – fully the you know the robin background but it has to be said because you want to know what makes red hood and what is making him tick now and what you do and you see in this flashback they're fighting uh two-face he goes a little over the top it batman has to tell him to stop he is gonna kill clayface or clayface maybe it is clayface (laughs) he's gonna kill two-face he's he's going to and it's like yeah you know what yeah, you know, he he knows. He always knew that I would go over the top, whatever, and that leads to now, where you see him, and it's an awesome panel. He's so on that motorcycle is. shooting guys, and yeah, he's shooting police officers, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And really, where I think Scott Liddell is playing around with this as well is that this is a rebirth issue. You don't really know where he's going. You know, no. this could be like out of nowhere. They kept it secret where this is going to be a bad Jason Todd. He's had enough. He's going to kill people. Batman's pissed because, yeah, he goes to see this mayor. He's like, hey, mayor, a word. And the guy, the mayor's dick. He just sees Jason firing around. The guy's talking trash. But then Batman shows up and they start a fight. And, yeah, it threw me off a bit. But not in a bad way. No. Uh, but I do like their, like, if whatever you want to say, Jesus Batman Christ. there is the fucking everything. I and love it like, so goddamn and much. And he even says, like, he, throughout this whole thing, he even says a bunch of times, like, hey, you know, maybe I should have run this time. Or, you know, but he <laughs> says, it's all come back circle. Here we are again. I'd like to think I've changed. But you know what? This still makes me scared. And it it should. He looks kick-ass, Batman. And they start fighting it. But he says, uh, the one thing I have now 
that I didn't then as experience. And he starts going. He makes Batman dance. It's like a fucking Mexican <laughs> standard. Dance, motherfucker. He starts firing at his feet. Ooh. And they're fighting. And at this point, I do like the fact that Batman it didn't ask him anything. And Jason throws that in his face later. Batman just comes and just now, yes, he thinks that he's seen him kill some police officers. He comes in. He Batman's going all out. They're fighting and says, you can't win this. And Jason says, you know what? I don't have to fight fair. I a fair fight? No, probably yeah. not. Yeah. He can but cheat, cheating? I've got that. And he kind of uh, he has like Tasers a Batman. taser in his, in his suit, which I call a little foul. Because I think that uh, Batman would have been able to see that or know that from somehow he would have been able to detect that. But I liked it. And uh, he goes and it, it is kind of weird in a way where Batman is then struggling. And it, it kind of reminds me of how Jason will end up when Joker. Has I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a deal. And it looks like Red Hood has pretty Fucking much shot. killed the mayor. Yeah, execution style. And you're like, oh, crap. Now, in this point. A lot of people were saying in the reviews and whatnot that Jason is doing this to get the attention of the villains in Dothma. No. I don't think that. I Not think he's doing something he thinks is right. He's going his way. It just happens that the villains see this. And it's weird, too, because the villains seem to be really like, hey, I saw what you did with the mayor, right? Didn't it yeah, seem yeah. like they were stressing the mayor? I really think that they should be stressing, hey, we saw if without Batman in there getting beat up. I don't think that they go that way. You know, once you see him fighting Batman, but really, if I am, say, Penguin, and I'm hanging out, kind of know, yeah, Red Hood's kind of tied in with Batman some way. You, you kind of know that, right? Yeah. Well, he's got the bat symbol on his chest. Yeah, so you have a connection. You would think this is all a play to be like, oh, Batman's just faking. They're, they're fucking trying to fool me. It really seems like you'd be like, uh, no, let's... I, I just want to know this fucking bar where like, it looks like the Riddler's hanging out, the Penguin, yeah, well, and they're all the just bullshitting. Thing. And it's weird because... It's almost I, like the Rogue's bar from Flash. Yeah, it's weird to the, to the point where I'd almost like to think these guys are cosplaying wannabes, <laughs> but it doesn't seem to be that way. And I'm like, this is a weird bar where Jason is there. This is enough information now. Just go to Batman right now and say, you know what? All these guys, if you ever need them, they're always hanging out here. But they're there. The bartender is serving Jason and basically, you know, says, hey, you know that Red Hood mask you wear? You know, there was a guy in Gotham once that wore that mask. He was the head of the Red Hood gang. His name was the Joker. I don't know if you've heard of him. And it's like, it, it seemed weird. Like, no. It's very forced to get us into the it Joker situation. And it's like, Jason. The Joker. Huh? It is kind of cool, though, just yeah. because it is oh, the Red like Hood it. who has legacy. Yes, I like it. And uh, it throws in right there a quick way to show that he has a connection with the Joker, if you didn't know. And I love yeah, the way why? the Joker and looks like, in this. Hey, why would he wear something the Joker would? And then they show it, and you see him beating the shit out of him. It's very quick. This, It's not, uh, you know, this is like when they brought in the killing joke in the uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah. Where you got to see part of it, you did, but it's not really, it's not overly done. You know no. what I mean? You see it's, the it's greatest It's one fucking tactic. page, and then yeah. the next page is the classic Batman holding Robin's dead body. Yep, you see the the holding, and then it's even like a little of, hey, then I got better. I came back to life. And you get, you're not going to know that that's Talia behind him. No. Uh, you don't know this. No, is it's that, but you know enough. Yeah, but maybe. 
Yeah, you know enough. You know what I mean? If you know yeah. that, you're like, cool. If not, you told what it, you know, is going on. He came back to life. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know that. And then you get the whole thing. I returned to Gotham and I was pissed. And they don't stress the whole thing that he's there like, you fucking Robin. You got another Robin. I <laughs> but yeah, there's the Joker. And he says he didn't avenge me. That's a big thing in one panel there. It's, it's actually even like a half panel that they do that. I really like it. And that's when the bar, the guy comes in. He's from the, the, uh, Space society. society. Uh, Black Mask is getting some guys together. Hey, you know what? I'd like to, and Jason's like an asshole to him. He's like, oh, and this is the other thing. The guy shows up and he does look a bit like a gimp, right? <laughs> a he bit. shows up and they, they, Jason looks at him, goes, yeah, sorry, pal. S&M's not really my thing. And the guy on our site is so concerned that that meant that it was. I and don't know. It was all over the place with this. I was confused. A lot of the, when the comments take off like that, I kind of check out because it's going to be nonsense. Yeah, it, it was a little bit nonsense because there's Jason. He just wants a drink. And it, I like the fact as well that he goes to this bar because really this is like Fight Club. He, the first rule is you don't talk about Antone's Armory. <laughs> that sign up. You know, you, he can go there and just kind of sit there and nobody's going to bother him. I'm going to go up to him and ask, how the fuck are you drinking that with that mask on? Yeah, really, with that mask. He's He's got an easy way. I don't know. But uh, he gets handed the, the false face black mask card, and I think that's where he's like – he says, I'm not much of a joiner. But the guy walks away, and there's Jason looking at the card, and that's where it clicks. Like, you know what? I can do something with this. I, yeah. I go places. He says it later, and I said it in my little synopsis thing. I can go places Batman can't, and I think that he is kind of like – you know what? This might suck. It's not as, you know, fancy as some other Robins did or other heroes, but this is kind of my angle that I can use. And he says that the Batman, he goes back to his base, which is underneath. I, I, uh, it's a bomb that? shelter underneath the it's police station. Shelter. I love that. I, I love it. I don't know where he got, well, yeah, I don't know where he got that money for all that, really. But I read about it. Yeah, yeah, but he, they didn't seem to make that much money. That's what I was saying. Made a decent seemed, Roy kept spending it on gadgets. Yeah, so maybe that's he, what I'm he, saying. I think that they went in the red with that. I think they owed money at the end. But friggin', uh, yeah. uh, maybe he just, like, Roy left, and maybe he just took all the stuff that Roy had left over. He, he sold the tech. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's there. Um, Batman's waiting for him. He's underneath and even says, hey, it's clever, the bomb shelter beneath the PlayStation. It's like too clever by half, Jason. I'm like, I don't know what that means. A weird-ass thing to say, Batman. Um, but what this are you getting is, out here? Batman has gone. He went to the mayor, went to see, and he realizes, you know what? Jason was good here. This guy had a techno-organic virus, and I really like this. I don't need explanation. No. If they're going to explain this, it's not going to make sense. I like that it's not. It's just you're supposed to know that he actually injected an antidote when he shot him. Hope it didn't shoot him in the face, Eric. Not in the face. Right in the and face. He sedated the cops. And he's like, hey, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, hey, you know what? Why don't you trust me? Jason throws that back. And I really like it. I really do. And and to me, Jason has the whole new 52 anger is coming out right now. That he's like, you fucking asshole. Where am I on the painting? You fucking guy. <laughs> don't ever trust me. Why don't you trust me? And I really like it. And he says, you told me that you give people a chance, they'll surprise you. I can go under undercover. I can do this. And Batman doesn't want any parts of it. And I like it because Jason does kind of like call out Grayson and how Dick was doing shit. That's the thing. And, and, and like Batman's that. acting really weird like yeah. now because we have almost the same situation that Jason's doing now with the False Face Society and Nightwing with what he's doing with the Parliament yeah. of the House. 
Yep. And Batman and does not it. want any part well, of them says, doing it. That's too risky for you to go undercover. I won't allow it. Why? Because my name isn't Dick Grayson, and that is definitely like the whole Grayson thing, especially. Oh, yeah. And, and then I like it. That, I like that's his favorite. Movie. Yeah. And I, but I like the callback because he's like, no, it's too risky. It's not risky for Dick, though. And I think that Batman doesn't trust him. He thinks yeah. it's going to, and he says, you have a history of crossing the line. That's why he doesn't want to do it. That, he he's doesn't already died have once. to go after him. And he doesn't want to have to go after him if he does something. And he, but he tells him, you can do it. You get one strike. If you kill anybody, I will come and get you. And you're like, whatever. And there he looks a little pissed, but then he remembers back to when he's talking to Batman. Like, why do you have the fucking big penny? Why yeah. do you have this fucking Joker card? And he's like, they're not trophies. They're touchstones. They they let me remember where I've been and kind of get my head straight and whatnot. And then you see Alfred taking a picture of Batman and Robin. And there's Tim's just being crazy. And I really like it as well because Batman will not crack a smile. He's going <laughs> to, he does not, he's one of those guys, he's never smiling when a picture's taken. There's no fucking way. And I like this too that this is not the dead inside Alfred we're getting in Batman right yeah, now. Yeah, no, he's real nice and he's like, hey, Sentimental. I'm the type. I really like it. And I like the fact to me, Jason's just trying to make Batman laugh. And he's like, <laughs> hey, how do we want to be spontaneous, serious, sexy, serious? And they take the picture and I love the fact that. You have just come from Batman saying, hey, you have to remember where you came from. These touchstones, they let you know where you've been, whatever. And he puts his hood down next to that exact picture, <laughs> and there's the Batmobile tire on yeah. it as well. And, again, we've seen what we've learned there. These are some of the most important things. we got the tire, the picture right. of him as Robin with Batman, and the Red Hood mask and right next Red to Hood. it. And I like that the Red Hood mask, yes, he's just putting it down, but that's where he puts it because that is him. You know, he's not going to pretend that, hey, he, he's not living on the past of Robin. That That is part of him, and he loves it. But he's also Red Hood now. He's going to do his own thing. And I really— but He's back in Gotham, and it seems to yeah, stay. Yeah, well, that's I was going to say. He's not out and about in a crazy way. Um, when we would talk about the Grayson book, I liked the Grayson book, and even the Nightwing book and the New 52, because we said, you got to get Dick Grayson out of Gotham. There's too much going on, and he— uh, I, I like Red Hood. I like Jason yeah. in Gotham. I like him being around Batman. I want him to interact. I would love if I want Batman, him on that goddamn painting. Yeah, I would love if Batman interacted more with him in this book. I I don't expect him to, and I expect them to be going all over the place. Really, eventually, they're not going to have Artemis and Bizarro just hanging out in, in Gotham. Gotham. Is, I, I hope they uh, he stays in Gotham because I was actually going to bitch about this beforehand. I realize they're in Gotham now and they're probably going to yeah. stay because of his base, but. Yeah. Um, when Batman tells him, you kill anybody, I'm coming for you. I'm like, Red Hood has killed a lot of people in the, the original Red Hood and the Outlaws title. Yeah. And even yeah. still, like, you know, shot Joker's daughter and freaking Red Hood Arsenal. I'm like, yeah, yeah. he's killed a bunch of people. Why are you saying this now? Come on. Yeah, I think that this But is now that just, he's in his city, it seems well, like, all right, nice. you're in my the jurisdiction. City. And I also think that it's one of those where before he was just doing, I don't know, Batman was turning the other, but now <laughs> that Jason said, hey, do you mind if I do the kind of asking him for a bit of approval for this, what he's going to do that Batman now, now he's fucking now Batman's involved. I was like, God damn it. Before, if I didn't say anything, I let you go. But also that's the thing though. You're talking about all these other things. This is the rebirth with people jumping on or whatever. And they really, Scott Liddell is calling out right there. This is a Jason that's not going to kill people. Uh, Which I'm all about because we seem like we're getting that way in Red Hood Arsenal. And then and he then it took a step back. Yeah. And this, to me, is Scott Liddell saying, nope, 
This is the Red Hood going forward. He's not going to do anything. And not only that, but if he does, Batman's going to come and get him. So that'll keep him in place. And I like that because maybe one day we will have the all-out Batman-Red Hood fight when Jason does step over the line. Well, you know what will happen. He won't step over the line, but Batman, something almost like this mayor thing, Batman will think he did. And then all all hell will break loose. Jason will be being controlled by something. Who knows? Then Roy will show up. And he'll say it's a techno virus. Then we'll get the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, I gave this an eight out of ten. I would give it an eight out of ten as well. Yeah, I, I really and an eight out of ten is not a bad score to me. I really no, me enjoyed this. I liked it a lot. I love the art. It's just that yeah, it was a lot of recap. Uh, not a lot really happens, but boy, it sets the tone uh, better than a lot of these other rebirth books. I, I maybe it's just that. I've, we've had so many of them that these rebirth books are, are not impressing me as much, but I really like that. And I'll tell you the one thing that I am most impressed by. Did you ever in your mind think going into this week that there would be so much love for Jason Todd from the people that we deal with, the people on the no. site, the people that comment, the people on Twitter? It's almost I have never witnessed the hype now for Jason Todd and a Red Hood and the Outlaws. You never got that at all. In the new, when we would talk the about redheaded stepchild, during the new fifty-two, for... nobody cared. I mean, and we see the numbers. We would put reviews, and actually, I'm wrong. When we first started, it was pretty big, um, but still, you'd never get people talking about Red Hood. It was, it was the, it was the redheaded stepchild of the Bat books. Yet, right now, it's one of my favorites. And I, I, you reviewed Red Hood all throughout the new fifty-two. This was one of the switcheroos. This. With you getting Nightwing, I'd get Red Hood. Yeah. I, I am looking real good on that decision, Eric. I am, I am not. I'm smelling like daisies, baby, because I really – I love it. And this is so funny because I wanted Bizarro and Artemis to show yeah. up because that's the crazy deal. I love it without them. Now I'm hoping that when they join in, I'm not like, oh, my God, this is nonsense now. But I have a feeling it's going to keep it very fresh and new. I think that you're going to get the whole thing where Jason is going to have to – kind of watch out for bizarro because he's and i really like that i and artemis too uh, you don't think you would think that artemis is going to be hell-bent for leather when when they meet correct like yeah. jason is going to be the level-headed guy who's going to have to keep everyone in check around him when i love that i really do and, and i don't know I when that's where you get the progression i don't know where they're going to jump in from where we're going with this false face society but i really like the idea of jason being like inducted into the false face society yeah. he always wears a mask it, it, and it's almost a shame that they are going to add bizarro because <laughs> now i'm thinking it's like you, you have this whole thing and it's, it really is like this false face society thing could end up being a really like gritty like street level thing yeah with bizarro even Artemis, it it's kind of like, silly. All of a sudden, yeah, Jason shows up. Hey, you know what? I, I decided I wanted to work with you. Who was this Superman, crazy Superman-looking guy there with the backwards ass? It, it really throws shit weird. But I, I hope that Waddell knows what he's doing with that. I hope that it was his idea, uh, not just something he was forced into because then shit usually goes wrong, like a yeah. logo in the uh, Stormwatch book. You know what I mean? That a guy or every character in Justice League, <laughs> the, oh, the guy has no idea what to do with these characters. But we're going to move on to Batgirl, which we talked uh, with Reggie about. We are talking about Batgirl number one, written by Hope Larson, art by Raphael Albuquerque and Dave McCaig. With everything in her life in flux, Barbara Gordon leaves Burnside for the sunny shores of Okinawa, Japan, in order to find Fruit Bat, the world's first hero. 
While there, she happens to run into her childhood friend Kai, who happens to have nothing to do but happen to follow Bob Babs around and happen to snap several photographs. After yeah. watching the 104-year-old fruit bat kick some whippersnapper's ass, Babs is told to go to Singapore where she can learn to some sick kung fu, and Kai is coming with her. The dim mock. And also, you didn't mention that Singapore looks like they're heading to the Kumite, baby. I, too, want to fight in the Kumite. (laughs) Now, that you don't have on the sound. No, I'm telling you, I actually was just going to mention. I refuse. I refuse to have those as sound effects. Live, baby. We're doing it live. Yeah, that's too sacred. I, too, want to fight in the Kumite. They're like, the kumite's done, motherfucker. You take so long to spit out that fucking line. Oh, but soon I will marry your mother, Mrs. Yeah. Tanaka, and Damn we right. will have kids of our own. And, and you they will call too me, will fight in the kumite. They too will fight in the kumite, and you will call me daddy, big wow. papa. I don't remember that part. That, no, that's, that's see, that's why the kid actually killed himself. He didn't die in a car accident or no. in the kumite. He killed himself. No, uh-huh. Yeah, we had those weird theories about what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> they never really spelled out why he died or how he died. Uh, but yeah, he too will never fight. Chun Li killed him. That's what happened. And we, that's what we actually think, right? That's yeah. where we go with. I'd go with that. Chun Li was a badass motherfucker. That guy was Big one of the titties. biggest Asian fucking guys I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about this book. Yeah, I'll tell you right away. You know, before we go on and and talk more uh, freaking blood sport, which I love. Um, I like this book. Yeah. I like this as a rebirth. I was surprised book. how much I liked it. Actually, well, I'm surprised as well. Uh, only because I never agree with you. So for me to say I like it <laughs> as well, it shocks the hell out of me. Um, I will give. Uh, a couple things. This week we'll also be talking, and, and actually I'm saying this, we'll probably already have talked about it on the podcast about uh, Red Hood. I think that by now, I ha- it's not that I have set the bar lower for these rebirth issues. Maybe it is a little. Um, I think I'm getting more in my head about what they're going to be about. You know the deal. To expect. I know the deal. It doesn't seem like a lot of people reviewing these or at least coming to the comment section of our page. <laughs> All this know is the to deal. Jim get back at these people who are talking shit on him yep, on the comments. I just want to get mad at them. But yeah, Wait, you know what's weird is this is not this is you know this is part of rebirth, yeah, but this, this is, is not a rebirth one. issue. And it, and it makes sense because I think the reason why they did that they really want to maintain that burn side, right? Yeah. To have a rebirth, I think a rebirth of Batgirl would have to take her away from that. That is not the bread and butter, meat and potatoes, meat and cheese legacy of Batgirl. To me, if you were going to do a Batgirl, you almost think that they would have to show the killing joke again. You know, all this crazy stuff. They well, we had that in Birds of Prey. That's what I'm yeah. saying. We had it in Birds of Prey, so you're not going to redo that. Also, just the whole thing of Batgirl herself. This Burnside is just a part of it. That To me, that's not the legacy, but they want to maintain that. So I think that's why well, she, she she's got to come back to Gotham eventually to be yeah. in birds. Well, right. And in birds, for example, and you know. really it, when you're going through this issue, it, she has, there's ties to Burnside. She keeps wanting to call Frankie. She does call Frankie. They have that thing at the very beginning where Frankie's like, listen, yeah. lo- lose the number, Babs. We're fine without you. It's almost, like, it's like, a, you know, <laughs> Eric, company like, Eric breaks up with a girl or something. And he's like really worried about her after a week. And he calls her up and like, I really want to see if she's okay. And two dudes answer the phone. They're, they're double banging her. Like, or, or that, or that time, that time you had a problem with uh, Eric's a talent agent member and he wouldn't show up and you had to fake call him on the show. And you were yeah. just like, what's that, Eric? You can't come in today. Oh, okay. That's fine. Oh, 
Oh, you love me? Oh, that's nice. Thank that's you, Eric. Right, that's very sir. nice of you. And so they have that. What did this happen? You remember that? You remember that, Eric. That time when I called and you're like, hey, is this Frank? Uh, I'll be there at five minutes. And I got my lipstick on. I'm like, this is Jim, Eric. And you're like, okay, I'll be over in one minute. And I got yeah. the dress on. I'm like, bang, you're in there. Uh, the it's issue starts up. And really, the whole thing has been spelled out. Listen, Barbara's going to be out and about uh, traveling around, training, kind of getting her head straight. I didn't know really past that. It was very vague. What Barbara I knew Batgirl and Asia. Well, here's the thing. They kind of spelled out Asia at one point, I thought, and I tried to stay away from that specifically because I don't know. She might end up in Asians. France. No, she might end up in France sometime. I, I don't know. But this is definitely right in Japan. And I like it. I Do you like the name Fruit Bat? Yeah, why not? <laughs> sure. it, it, just, it actually reminded me of Fruit Brute, the cereal. And it made me hungry. But, yeah, you start off. I really like the art as well. It's more of a – it's almost like how Birds was, Birds of Prey, where yeah. it's like a mature version, a more adult version of the Burnside Batgirl art. It's not as cartoony to me, but no. you maintain that feel. Like Still, really, you know, you you can't mess with Raphael Albuquerque. The well, dude no, is he's awesome. Bring the heat. And, uh, I think just at, in general, even Hope Larson writing it, um, you if you like Burnside Batgirl, I don't see any reason why you won't like this. And you know but what? I don't like Burnside. I know like that. that's what I'm saying. There's something Hold on, guys, special somebody, about. Uh, somebody trying to come in the studio so, over oh, here. My my luxury like podcast studio. Oh. What's Who going on? What's, who is that? What's going on? What? What's going? What? Oh, oh my God! What's going on? Hey, hey, you guys! <laughs> hey, this hey, is buddy. Matt Sanctimonious Griffin here. Hey, how you doing? I, I, I told you I'm not very good at uh, uh, what I was going to say reviewing, uh, interviewing people. But uh, well, hey, what's going on? What's this going is on? Max Sanctimonious Griffin from Stopnosity.com. Uh, oh, <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that this Batgirl is terrible. It's this is terrible. the worst Batgirl that's ever been had in the history of Batgirls because she's not supposed to be have the killing joke have happened, guys. Okay, I, I, she should never no have been kill, paralyzed. There's no killing joke here. Nothing should ever. Well, she says she was paralyzed. Yeah, and this, she does. She does never have mention, happened, guys. Yeah, that's she total that. bullshit. This is not my Batgirl. This is not. This should not be happening on my watch. There is one Batgirl, and this is not it. This is this is isn't it? Batgirl comic that's ever been written in the history of comics and Batgirl and Bats. And that's it. I, yes. I think the problem is is that you're so centered on what Batgirl shouldn't be about. You're not you're not opening up to this. What, what's no, your that's name? Bullshit. Matt? You're disgusting. Okay. What's your you're name? You're disgusting. What's this your is, name? My name is Mac, Max Sanctimonious <laughs> oh, Griffin. Max. Okay. Okay? People okay. know who I am. People listen to me. <laughs> Eric, and I what's your, Eric has no girl. idea what the fuck is going on. Where's on, Reggie? Did you kill Reggie? I miss Reggie, Reggie so goddamn much. And I got rid of him, and he's like, I think he, Reggie is now a burn victim somehow. He's oh, no. part of the burn. Oh, no. But, yeah, well, Max. Is it listen, Max? Max, yes. Max. Okay. Max. Griffin. Now, listen, Max. Okay, it's very, it's so a you, family name. It's very obvious. Oh, it's very uh, – yes, it is. So you don't like anything <laughs> about this book? Nothing at all? Gordon is supposed to be a strong – Willful girl, a beacon to people everywhere of hope and but strength. She, but she is. She's yeah, there. She has right. traveled it's all the way to Japan by herself, and she seems to know the culture. She has studied. She's very smart. Of course she's very smart. Yeah. Because she's the smartest girl ever, but she had That's no right. trauma in her life ever. 
Really? Don't you understand no that? Nothing bad ever uh, happened to her in I'll her past. You, it starts off and she calls Frankie, and I think she looks hot as hell. What do you think of that? Now, that's disgusting, and you're a piece of filth. Because there's nothing sexual about Batgirl. It's very you know, sexual. She's I've had, she's had it with her tunes. You, you're disgusting. Your podcast is disgusting. That your is website true. is disgusting. Where's and, Eric? And you I'm not here. I'm, I'm about Batgirl. This is okay? the first part of understanding. We are Batgirl. very disgusting. We're Everyone disgusting. go to snobosity.com. It's the only website where you learn all about Batgirl and good fucking bye. Jesus. Watch the language. What? That are we Max back was pissed. Jesus Christ. Guys, what was that? How was that? I don't about? know. Wait, Lock I your don't... doors. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did that guy just come in? Yeah, he came by. I figured he, he would. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Oh, God. I am... Jimbo. <laughs> I'm not. It's done. I just, I can't let somebody else have a bit without me getting involved. That, that, yeah. That's my only bit. Uh, <laughs> hey, what? That was a good bit. Yes, it was. There you go. I Here's the thing. Um, I like this book. I don't care what Max Griffin sand, whatever. Yeah. He this. Do you like the book, Reggie? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it quite you a bit. Like I, I, I read it twice for uh, obviously because I read it and then I reviewed it. I liked it better the second time. Even I was like, oh, really? you know, a lot of things that I didn't like throughout. We can just talk about the art for a second. And there are a lot of scenes that are devoid of background. Background. And on my first run through, I was like, you know, hey, I don't blame you. It's kind of lame, but background suck but then as i looked at it, i realized it was really only happening in certain action or emotional panels yeah. yeah and it's very much a manga style of storytelling yeah well that's i i actually like that whole setup like you just said it's a manga type thing it like throws everything in at you of what's going on in the book they're in japan or she's yep. in japan uh they go and yeah it starts off it, the timing is you know back and forth where it starts off kind of in the middle where there's a fight yeah. going on and yeah it's like this uh Asian schoolgirl, geisha, koopy doll like type of thing. Sailor clown. And, and she is fighting a guy. You don't know who that guy is. And Batgirl's like, I'm Batgirl. And I love any time. Even Brandon has mentioned it before. When they I'm use the logo. Fan. When they use the logo, when they <laughs> yeah. say, I don't, that really, it, it makes me giggle. I love I, it. I wonder when that started. Do you, I, wonder, I wonder if we could pinpoint the first time that happened in a that, comic. I love it. I, that, that sounds like an episode of, of weird comic history. Yes, Maybe it does because that is one of my favorite things. So they go, but then they go back in time where Barbara appears to have just been. She's just arriving in Japan. Yeah, twenty four hours prior to that fight. Now, so the one, one yeah, twenty four hours, and she goes to a hostel type place, right? Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. it seems. Uh -huh, I've seen that movie. She has money now. Why is she doing this? Is it one of those things? She hasn't spelled it out. Is it one of keep those it where, real? That's what I'm saying. Is she trying to keep it real? She, she says, says it. Plug, yeah. Yeah. Does she say it? Yeah. She says, hostels, roomies, success has not changed Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon yeah. is keeping it real. Yeah, it's still to me. Fuck not that. Not me. She's I'm from the streets, bro. Yeah, she's from the streets. Here's I'm from the, the streets, too. I go to this place like, all right, your roommate's in there. Fuck this place. Yeah, and I'm she out. goes in there. I'm going to get raped. It's called the Drum House. And I thought to myself right away, the Drum House is three blocks down from Pound Town. And they know the back way to Pound Town. I don't oh, want that. And the other thing that threw me off was she's talking to uh, Frankie. And Frankie basically tells her, listen, we, you know, leave us alone. We can deal with this. Just yeah. you know, do what you have to do. And they're there. I thought a giant crab was attacking her. It's a big statue. <laughs> I love that. She even I, says, I, she's like, well, 75%, everything's okay in Burnside. And I'm like, uh, Barbara, there's a crab. It's going to attack you. I already right. wanted to go to Okinawa because of Karate Kid 2. Now yeah, yeah. I want to go to the crab. Yeah. 
So she checks in. I was like, where are these big storms at? I, liked, I also <laughs> like the point where she checks into the pound town. I mean, the drum house. And Honestly, though, <laughs> say, you're, say you're walking through ok- Okinawa and you just see a, th- a sign that says drum house. Do you immediately yeah. think I'm going to stay here for a while? I think or, I'm going to go there and Neil Pert's going to be there. And he's exactly. Some lessons teaching me some paradiddles. That'd be kind of hot, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then yeah. I might stay there. Pantless. And, you know. um, but I love the okay, fact that place. through the also the, the um, lettering, even where you know right away they don't have to spell out. She's like, "Oh, I learned Japanese." I do. Yeah, she's it was very enough. easy. Yeah. I yes, was waiting for that the whole time, actually. Well, and I she's very smart enough that you can say, "Like, fuck yeah, she knows Japanese." She probably learned, taught herself on the way on the flight. You yeah. know, that's how smart she is. But she I has like an how they, memory. She did yeah, it. You know. Yeah, and I like how they do that with the red, uh, you know, thing and the font with the little the Japanese. Dialogue, yeah. yeah. It's and, fairly, uh, it's fairly inobtrusive, and that way they yeah. can switch back and forth mid yep. sentence. You know, whereas yeah. it, in the comics usually it's those brackets, and there'll be a caption. Yeah, and you don't have to say that. You know, this is this, fuck that. So and every now I and again, say, but just, reading this too, I just want to say I thought of uh, Mr. Continuity Eric also because this little conversation with Frankie that takes place over whatever it is three or four panels. Yeah, it basically explains why everything. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, and that's all you need. It, it doesn't have to be a fucking long out, drawn out thing. That at least now, you know, little Eric Shea and older Eric Shea isn't wondering like, why the fuck is she here? She explains yeah. it right there, you know. And, and you know. also on top of that, d- during the conversation she has with Jay uh, or Jai, I don't know how you pronounce things. Well, when that but, happens, yeah. With but er- earlier in the week, I was telling Jim about Nightwing when I read it, and I was like, oh yeah, Dick plans on going on a date with her. It's like, but she's going out with Luke. They even say here, ex boyfriend. Uh huh. Like, all right, yeah. he, she, he didn't show up to her big event. She is out. Fair enough. And, uh, yeah, he, she goes into the room and there's Kai, her old friend and boy. Oh, is it Kai? That yeah, you're seems, right. That seems very odd. Yeah. yeah like all yeah. of a sudden, like she, again, I just said and almost bragged for how smart she is. How the fuck doesn't she say like, out of all the shit houses in all the world? Seen, yeah. I've not seen <laughs> you in this long. I just decide now again, he's already there. So I really do think they're trying to make you think this is pure coincidence. Because she didn't check in. It doesn't – did she call ahead? You don't call because ahead. Because that's what I'm saying. She's like, oh, you know, welcome to this. I don't but know anything. Does. Don't take Here's my word for weird, this. Though. Here's what's odd. Because of the way it's set up, the lady behind the desk already knows her name. And you don't know if it's because she's paid, swiped a card, whatever. But she does say, welcome to the drum house, Miss Gordon. So maybe it was set up that she was supposed to, you know, she set reservations in this hostel. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, who that. Who because she does say her name, but it, it, it is such a coincidence that you would think she'd be like, holy shit, Kai, what the fuck is going on? This, you know, this is still Batgirl who should be very paranoid about everything. You, you, you have yeah. all the shit going down. And you everything like, at Burnside happened see. to be an old friend that came back. And uh, I don't know. It, it almost seems because doesn't Barbara like, why are you here? First off, his name's Kai. He looks Asian. Yeah, it, yeah. it shouldn't be that much of a shock. Well, she's like, hey, you ever become a police officer? Because they, it, it shows you he was bad as a kid. He was a bad kid. Yeah. And she basically says, hey, I'm here to see, find fruit bat. <laughs> Stupid fruit bat. But yeah, and then they, you know, it's almost, it's yeah, almost like well, Barbara well, is just begging to have somebody there that she knows and can kind of go around with. You know what I mean? Especially this guy who has no real connection to her in her adult life. Yeah. Because they, yeah. they were, they were child, like young childhood friends. Yep. Now, I want to know something. When she says, hey, did you ever become a cop in Chi-Town? 
While reading this, did any of you think Chinatown right away? No, I didn't. no, I didn't. Okay, I was just curious. Chicago, like, and especially because in the one point he's like, "Hey, I'm Middle America," I'm you know. Uh, yeah, even before yeah. that, because I even thought back to like, "Huh, Chi Town." I don't hear a lot of people say that. I like, call Chicago that anymore. But then I had to think back to uh, Batman Year One. I'm like, "Yeah," because Gordon was in Chicago, then yeah, transferred no, no. over to Gotham. I do like also that uh, she's showing Kai this thing, and she's like, "Hey, I wrote an app that scans digitized microfiche." I'm like, when the fuck has anybody I mentioned that, though, microfiche in that, that long? It really brought her back to her librarian roots. Yeah, right. I was, it was like, cool. you can't take librarian Jesus Christ, I had oh, the oh, worst so I, problem. I, I extrapolated that basically she was friends with this guy, Kai, until Gordon moved to Gotham. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, and then so they, that would have been when she was right. like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the timeline's supposed to happen, but I always figured it was 12. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. I realize, you know, it's strange to me that right away she recognizes him, but hey, she's got a eidetic memory. Uh, They're friends on Facebook. When I uh, when I was a uh, kid, I used to have to go to do the microfiche at uh, uh, freaking uh, Lehigh University. Here, that's Uh where we would go, and I accidentally burned some at one point. I put it. I put and that history machine. is lost forever. I exactly. put it in the machine wrong. Next thing you know, it was kind of melding. I, I, that's why no one knows how the Quaker, fire, Quaker Town tire fire started. Yes, the fire started because <laughs> I think I just ran. I think I left it in the machine and got the fuck out of there. But, I didn't want to get blamed. Going back to where like they were friends and stuff like that, where you get the idea that Kai might not be the best a kid when they're growing up. What do you think of Gordon's freaking little speech there? You know, kids, you either end up being cops or criminals. Yeah, he's a I'm black like, and white type of guy. And I'm thinking to myself, Gordon, I'm not either. What's going on? What am I It'd supposed be funny to be? There's well, you're not a cop, you're a criminal. The well, and, then, and then Barbara's like, but what about me, Dad? I'm not talking to the women in the room. I don't need <laughs> you to be either. This is for the dudes. Yeah, he's yelling at the kid. And the kid's like, uh, I, ju- I just wanted to be like a, a doctor. No. Yeah. Cops or criminals. Oh, doctor? Criminal. One <laughs> of your Jesus daughter's Christ white Christ friends talking. got this talk. And really what happened is Kai went from there and he's like, I'm going to be a cop. I, I don't want to. And he, he didn't get into the police academy uh, because Steve Gutenberg got in ahead of him. And, yeah. they, and and then he just gave up. He's like, hey, he told me cop, cop or criminal. I guess I'm a criminal now. But, yeah, it moves on. And I think that this is a misdirection. I really don't think Kai's bad. They really want you to think that. You're telling me Kai's not going to end up being the Oracle in the back, uh, birds, background of the Birds of Prey book? I don't know if he's going to go that far. He <laughs> likes he, taking pictures. He's up to something. He's I, following oh, yeah, her, but it, it, could, it could be benign. I you know what I mean? He's got a formula. He found out that you can go to Asia and get, you know, younger girlfriends. The guy's desperate. He, yeah. I think of what he means by younger. One white girl he knows. Yeah, yeah, he runs into her. She's dead. I mean, really, I you go to Japan, you see a redhead like that. Boy, she's like, holy crap! I know she should become she should red hair, green eyes. God damn, she's big trouble. Weird though, if you you look in this, she's got green eyes at some point, blue in others. My friend, her eyes change throughout the uh, uh, issue. That's That's even more valuable in Geisha House. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you you go Geisha. Your eyes change color. We offend everybody. Oh, I, wor- right. I worried that I would start something bad there. I actually was uh, reading this, and any time there was talk, I was doing my little accent, and now you you pulled me into it, Reggie. You pulled me back in. <laughs> terrible, they, terrible people. I do have I was to doing say, it as well. they go um, to get food. Barbara kind of even spells out, hey, listen, you know, it might be this time, but my stomach says it's that. She just likes to eat. Her stomach yeah. growls for fucking yeah. octopus. Yeah, so she goes and they're going to go, hey, when in Rome, my friend, because that she's like, hey, I'm thinking octopus. He's like, listen, I've seen that hentai. I'm out. No tentacle <laughs> shit with me, girly. 
But yeah, they go. He doesn't want it. And it's weird where she's like, I want octopus. And he's like, ugh, seafood. I'm like, I don't even think of octopus as seafood. I, I have to be honest. No, it's monster it's, food. It's just crazy. And yeah, I would think that he'd be like, octopus, what the fuck are you talking about? But they get it. And Barbara, in, in my mind at this point, has been in Japan for half an hour. She yep. knows everything to do because she, you know, she does order, but then she's like, Hey, we just take it to the food court and they cook it for us. I'm like, how does she know this? I know she researches things. This seems, that seems like something a little too like down the line that you would have to know, you know, maybe be she, there to know. Maybe she can read Japanese also. Well, I, Reggie, yeah, friggin', Jim and I were talking about this before we got on, but do you know when you go to like a Chinese buffet and they have those little stations there set up where they like, you know, you put, you pick what you want in a bowl and they cook everything up for you right yeah, yeah. there? Mongolian barbecue. Exactly. I told you, that is what I thought it was called. I'm too intimidated to go up to that because I don't know the way things are done. And she is making me look bad. She's in a foreign country. I can't even do this at a Chinese buffet. can't do it at the Quaker buffet. Well, Eric, Eric, I I think long ago I wrote in and I I said that, you know, whether or not you can. Yeah. (laughs) No, whether or not you can do something has no bearing on whether or not. (laughs) It has no bearing on. You know what? (laughs) Funny enough, I think that was a Batgirl issue. It was. I was just like, whether or not she, whether or not she should be able to do that, whether you can do it, it's not the benchmark <laughs> no, of anything. Hey, Eric Shea is the benchmark of everything. I have <laughs> a problem right. at the buffet in Quakertown where I go, and the one that I went to at one point had like a um a giant round like a uh, flat uh, what do you call it griddle. Yeah, Whatever yeah, yeah. it's called. So it's round, and the guy goes around with these fucking bamboo fucking swords or shit, <laughs> these fucking mixing stuff. This is fancy for Quaker Dot. I mean, yeah, I, right. I think I am in the fucking Orient Express or something. But I say to the guy, okay, I get it's my right. bowl. I put tons of shit in this bowl. I go to town, and I give him the bowl, and then I say to this, and the guy comes over, rarely speaks. But I have to tell him, I'm allergic to garlic. So I say, uh, please, um, no garlic. Please, garlic. sir. Please. And I'm like, no, no, no. Please. Triple garlic for no the man. Garlic. garlic. Uh, no, please, no garlic. Quadruple garlic. And then he just like kind of shakes his head, garlic. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay, he's got it. So he does it. I bring it back to the table. This happens every time. I start eating, and I'm like, okay, I can, yeah, whatever. Boom, I hit it. Pure garlic. Next thing I know, I'm in the bathroom at the, the fucking... That guy crazy. He went quadruple garlic. Diarrhea. What that guy? It sounded like he running brown faucet in there. <laughs> I do not understand. I show him bamboo, bamboo swords. I kick his ass. Uh, the last time we went, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast where the lady berated Logan. Did I mention that? When no. we went to the buffet and we got done, we're paying, and the lady's like, you, you little son. He not eat enough. Oh, yeah. Next I think you, time, I did I mention that? Yeah, Next yeah, time, yeah. make sure smaller portions. I'm like, you fucking bitch. I am never coming back here again. I said yeah. that in the parking lot after she was out of, of the ear shot. Oh, I was so upset. Well, but yeah, I'm I think maybe. planning a return trip. He's well, a yeah, then next week I'm there. We haven't gone back since, actually, because that place smells a lot like uh, mold. Has oh, a yeah. really strong mold smell. Ah, uh, Quaker Town. That's uh, the fish yes. eyes. But yeah, hey, hey guys, I, let me let me ask you something. What would you rather if you had to eat one of these three things? Would you eat octopus, fish eyes like the size of olives, or balut? Well, I've had baked octopus and I enjoyed that. And I've I eaten think squid. I'd have to go. I think I'd have to go octopus. Oh, that would be see. There you go. It's not so I bad. I've, I've eaten the squid like she's eaten the octopus here, but it's just chewy as hell and not very enjoyable. Yeah, I think that I would chew. Yesterday we had steak. And um, did I? T- I think I told Eric this, and I was making the uh, steak. It was a big like flank steak, you know. I'm fancy. This is <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but again, I'm feeling, it was a Mexican flag. I'm feeling like yeah, me. it was. I'm feeling like 17 people. Yeah, and, sure. And you got and you got like three bites, and that was about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm cooking on the grill, and I get this, and I cut this piece off, and I start chewing it. So goddamn fucking chewy. I'm like, mm, right. so finally, I'm like, this isn't happening. I, I'm just gonna have to swallow it. I started choking, yeah. and I didn't really choke. I said it was beyond the point where I think I would gag. Now I was just dying. It was and just stuck in the esophagus. I walked out in the other room, and I I was like. Alex, my oldest son, was over, and I'm kind of like I keep trying to swallow, and I'm giving him like this, almost <laughs> like a hey, I'm I'm swallowing. I wasn't panicking. I'm like, and then I started kind of panicking. He got up and he's like, "Are you choking?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he, as he came up, I kind of and I spit it up, and then I put it back in my mouth and started chewing it again, and everybody got sick. Hell, everybody got sick. That was good then. It was almost like I was my own mother bird. Getting the food <laughs> back into my own mouth. Oh, bravo. Fucking it, wow. it tasted good then. It's disgusting. Yeah, they're at uh, Barbara and Kai. Uh, is that what oh, we're, shit, talking? we're talking about? Batgirl. All Barbara right. and Kai are at the uh, J- Japan's only Irish restaurant where they have now, at this point, they have bought octopus. They have taken it to the food court and then decide to go to the Irish pub. Everything's going at on. 10 here. o'clock in the time. morning. Yeah, Kai has already um, – he tasted the octopus. She convinced him to taste yeah. the octopus. And then they're like, hey, Kai, what do you do? Well, I'm kind of an alcoholic. It's 10 a.m. It's yeah. drinking time. That's happy a, hour, baby. Hey, hey. He's he a even says it's happy alcoholic. hour. We're already and, sharing a room. Let's get Blotto and fuck. He says, <laughs> my internal clock says it's happy hour. And she should have been like, happy hour is not 1045, Kai. It's yeah. happy hour, bitch. Yeah. And the other Kai, you haven't changed since we were seven. Oh, God, Kai, (laughs) you and your fucking addictions. And uh, they're drinking beer. And you, hey, lately I've gotten into craft beer. And she goes, I get it. You're from the Midwest. I'm like, really? Is that a Midwest thing? To me, a Midwest thing. He's like, hey, I want a fucking Paps Blue Ribbon. That that would be middle. Midwest thing. I'm really in the shucking corn. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Do you get that they would be like, if he was from, say, you know the West Coast, maybe I don't. This Boston, I don't thing, know. It threw me off. Maybe that. I, I would think really it's a, it's to be honest to me, craft beer is a hipster thing. So it'd yeah, be like New York, it'd be like a city thing. But at the same time, you have to remember what the fuck do I know? Yeah, for, all I, for all I know, it could be the hugest well, thing in Indiana. What I, I heard was <laughs> what I heard was Eric would never go to a bar and order craft beer like this, so nobody should. Exactly. We've heard this tonight. Oh, Why okay. are they doing it? No, I don't. Eric Shea doesn't. But no, it, it like that seemed off to me. But yeah, they're going to drink it up. They're talking. It, it's a good time, like a good way for them to interact a little. At 10.45 in the morning. At 10.45. Well, then it ends with Kai going back to the drum house and mm-hmm. just throwing up, throwing up his guts. Such a weird gone. scene. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's throwing up and, she, you know, Barbara's a little upset. She's like, I don't know. Is it really, you know, do you think it's the octopus? And I think he's like, he looks up and goes, the fuck else do you think it is? Yeah. It's not basically. the beer. I had two now, beers. I'm an alcoholic. I can drink plenty of beers. I know. I had two think, beers that you saw. Do you think yeah. he's got one of those freaking uh, balloons strapped to his tooth hanging down the back of his throat with the formula inside, and he had to vomit it back up? Probably. You think, maybe. I don't know. I'm just thinking I'm, I'm muling and shit like that. You're, that he's a mule. Sense. He's like, when she leaves, I'm going to shit up that bag of heroin, baby. That's right. Uh, 
Why would you bring drugs into Asia? You know, that's where the drugs are, brother. You know what I mean? Like, Ask Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. this formula. Fucking pot (laughs) going into fucking Japan and his kids fucking stuffed animals. Yeah, and then they go out and they're... 30 years ago. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. That's so long ago. He was in Wings at that time. Wings. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, then Barbara goes out and she's like, hey... talking about that airplane show? Yeah. (laughs) And then she goes out, yeah, with fucking... what, What was his name? Tony Shalhoub? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I never watched an episode of it. I really the, the dude the dude that was on the uh, sci-fi Isn't version. Stephen Weber on that? Of, uh, yes. The fuck's name of that movie? The Stephen King movie? Yeah, Stephen Weber. He was on The Shining. Uh, okay, also, he was in the sci-fi uh, version uh, of The Shining. Yeah. That was ABC. Was oh, really? Well, oh, yeah. They, they did all the Stephen King miniseries back in the day. Oh, did they? Yes, they did, sir. To, to be closer to the book, and it really highlights how the how stupid the books are. Yes, well, the book she, was amazing. Hey, Barbara comes out. There's a lot of hipsters in line. They want to. They got to take a dump. All oh, yeah. there. Friggin', it looks like one guy looks like Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, don't ever stay at a hostel. You get us fucking surrounded by hipsters. Apparently, I think Basically, that's pretty yeah, accurate. You can't. You can't take a shit because some guy's puking in the john all night. Yeah, and they're all upset. And then I don't know. I don't know what happens with hipsters. Then but I don't go anywhere. I'm afraid of everything. They go downtown the next day. They go to the square to see the. I, I'm gonna. I don't even want to say these things because I'm. No, you know. Yes, you do. Come on, say it. Say it with 10, me. Ten thousand Aisa dance. Very parade. good. Very good. The ten thousand Aisa dance parade. They're going to. <laughs> and she's there. She gives the. Oh, she bends over, gives her the little. You know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And she she said, "This is fruit bat." And she's like, "Oh, Mama Sa, how you do fruit bat? How you doing? Very good, Mama Sa." Fruit bat number one right away reminds me of Yoda. Fruit bat should have died about ten years ago. She doesn't say anything, and she has her son talk. Now her son is the the biggest douchebag. The best. Did you think that her son was that bad? (laughs) Yes, isn't that bad? She goes, I'm a big fan of your work as Fruit Bat. And the guy, hey, Fruit Bat, these days she's just old bat. Hey, Ma! And then he's Ma working on his stand-up routine. But then he's like, Ma likes the parade because the spirits of her ancestors come back. She can hang out with her pals. I don't get, and he's like, ah, she gets tired of socializing with us youngsters. And she, Barbara's like, jerk. Yeah. It seemed weird to me. Well, because he's like 50 years older than Barbara, too. Yeah. But that's the joke. I think yeah. that he was like, yeah, with us youngsters. Now let's go back to Poundtown, babe. I, I didn't think and she's like, that was the one. I'm telling you right now, that is the one part of the book right there that threw me off. And nothing else threw me off in this whole that's issue. That's crazy. This guy was a total was, jerk. I just thought that he wasn't being a jerk. The guy has to fucking pedal that, his fucking goddamn all of us mouth. hate our mothers, Jim. That's the, the thing, yeah. Jim thought it was great that this guy was making fun of his mother. He was just told it. This guy is taking his life to fucking wheel his goddamn mother around. He can He's living in her home off of her social security check. I have no idea how things work in Okinawa. She's not getting to the goddamn parade without him. And then he's like, hey, you know, she's known as the old bet. Hey! Yeah, hilarious. It is. I thought, I I guess maybe because that's going to be me. The guy right there is thinking, you know what? I can get to that old folks home. I'm going to, it's pound town there too, because I am going to be the one. I never, you never got the idea in my mind that this guy was a jerk. You're the the only, I will tell you, you know where he's a jerk is when he's just like, hey, I just met you, but you watch my mom. I'm the. I see some tail. Yeah. Was, uh, 
There's oh, that's, I, that's just one of the evidences of him being a jerk, Jim. I just, I didn't. He's a jerk. Jerk. I didn't. He, he's wearing a turtleneck, for God's sake. Wow. Hey, hey, hey. They're coming back, and they're awesome. <laughs> he got me there. But yeah, then uh, Barbara's like, hey, hi. You know what? I used to be in a wheelchair, too. I'm thinking, Barbara, you do not have small talk. Small talk is terrible. Don't try. Feel you have an eidetic memory. You can speak Japanese. Small talk, you, you didn't. Look that up. That's something you can't look up. I used and, to be in a uh, wheelchair, but I'm not as old and ugly as you are. Yeah, no. really. Hey, I'm not like a wrinkled old man. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking fruit bat. But yeah, she doesn't really talk fruit bat. So then you see we get to the part she where there was the fight. Gym. Now, yeah. I said that the only thing that threw me off was the, the sun. I'm wrong because w- when does she change? Because she hears something and then immediately Barbara is... Wonder Woman. Yeah, when did she change? She because spun around and freaking magically her costume came on. Now, uh, that's what, and even at the point where um, Barbara was going to tell Fruit Bat that she's Batgirl, she was about to tell her, and that's when it got interrupted. Say, hey, we have lots of other things in common. But yeah, she hears this attack. It's this fucking villain. What's the villain's name? Does she say? No, Sailor Clown. Sailor Clown. Yeah, she like makes it up. But uh, yeah, she's going to attack, and I, I like it. I like the fight. And it goes, and then Fruit Bat joins. But right before Fruit Bat joins, uh, Tina from Bob's Burgers is in there. Oh, yeah? With the ball. The the girl or boy holding the ball looks exactly... Oh, right, right. I know. Yeah, the girl Burger. and or boy. Yeah, it Albuquer- does look Albuquerque like that. does that twice. He kind of uses this weird, like, Where's Waldo type art yeah, for... Yeah. Uh, but it did remind me memory. of uh, Tina and Bob's Burgers. And it looks like I that, like yeah. that. I really like that she's, like, thinking this through. Like, there's the ball. I grab that. I hit that. I hit that. I hit that. Boom. Hits the yeah. That's like her super brain. Yeah. And she's, and I like it because it goes with what happens because out of nowhere, a fruit bat grabs the girl, the, the, uh, when did fruit bat get in costume, Jim? And grabs her. I don't know (laughs) what I'm asking. But in the meantime, she, um, even spells out kind of like, Hey, um, you have to think ahead. You're, you're not thinking. I'm doing the move before it happens. It's one of those. She's Yoda. She really is Yoda. She sees the future. It's awesome. Now, Basically, yeah. what, what I've learned in my life is don't ever ask an Asian for advice because you're going to get some bullshit like the advice within you. Oh, what, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? That help at all, you know? Advice is like wind in you know? the ocean. Uh, one thing also. Like, oh, man, you know, how, how, do I, how do I do this job better? The job, do you. Damn right <laughs> now you like are the Chiro. item. In Russia, job do you. <laughs> I think we're offending everyone. Good this, time. This is an awful spotlight. This That's spotlight fair. is That's confusing That's the Smirnoff right there. They, yes, they do not want us to, you know, nobody's going to listen to the regular podcast. But it goes, um, the one thing that I regular thought was funny too. Much worse, folks. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot worse uh, when we get on a roll there. Uh, <laughs> it goes, and I really think there's the thing where Fruit Bet's fighting, and Barbara looks, and you know that look when she's amazing, where she's thinking, that yeah. to me almost looks like he pulled that from that uh, fucking canceled Batgirl freaking killing joke with the Joker cover. Yeah, it the almost, Joker's over her shoulder right it there. It looks yeah. just like that. And almost like he's like, you know what? I fucking spent a lot of time on this. I'm going to get this in. Because it is funny, too. We didn't even mention that, where that was one of the biggest controversies in the Burnside Batgirl book. And then, like, the last laugh is Al- Raphael Albuquerque doing the art on this book. But yeah. I, I like it, though. I like because that is a... That's the barber that I like that kind of seems like a, uh, you know, an amalgam or a, a mold. Like, 
here is what the Burnside Becquerel is, but I'm going to do it this way where she's more, she's not as anime or, you know, cartoony look, and I really do like it. Yeah. Um, but really, from this point on, um, Barbara. Well, well Fruit Bat pulls all. a fucking yeah. awesome move when oh, like, yeah. she whaps away these two knives, and one of them cuts the fucking sailor, clown sailor yeah. girl's uh, tie. I mean, that's just tie. some mega kung fu and shit. And again, you know? it is. <laughs> so and that is the ass. best part it's of Wu-Tang, the Wu-Tang, like a motherfucker. Yeah, and it's great because, yeah, it doesn't hurt, but it shows you, like, I can do what the fuck I want to. Oh, yeah. I, I, I could have put your eyes out, yeah. girl. You know, like, and it, also, even to the point where, at points, it's Barbara, but I love where you see her eyes. I would have loved to have seen Sailor Clown's eyes, then Fruit Bat's <laughs> eyes, then the hand going, come on, and then we're in. And yeah. then train oh. kick. And then somebody's in a body bag. But yeah, it looks like um, it looks like then that uh, Fruit Bat has a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, like, and, what the fuck happened? She's 104 years old too. doing goddamn Wu-Tang moves. Yeah, she's telling her, she tells Batman, like, or Batgirl, hey, you know, you, you get teacher. And I thought, boy, I want Fruit Bat to be the teacher. That's who I want. Yeah. I want, and at some point I want Barbara to have Fruit Bat on her in the backpack and they're running through the, the fucking jungle or something. Now, does it, does it seem to anybody else with this, though, that whoever Barbara's going to go meet to teach her, she's going to get like learn a technique that's going to allow her to see the future? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I just want to make sure that's not made. Hopefully, because... hopefully, I mean, who knows what it's all going to play out, but I'm hoping this will be like a journey through Asia where she learns crazy secret kung fu techniques. And, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? And she can be more now, badass. I'm gonna, and I'm going to mention, uh, Neil, but it will probably, the ability she's going to get is probably like the guy in Midnighter. That the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, heard, I, can't, I can't remember his I, goddamn I, I, name. I, for some reason, I want to call him Deja Vu. <laughs> it's not. I can't the, remember what his name is. The only thing I can think of is Longshot from the X-Men. Yeah, yeah but, it, it, you know, that, that Midnighter had that guy where he said to Midnighter, like, you can't fight me. I know every step ahead. Like, she'll, she'll be able to tell steps from looking at how somebody's cheek flexes or whatever. But, yeah, I think that that's Now, the happen. bit that threw me off, though, is that she's trying to play back in her head, which she can because she has eidetic memory, how uh, Fruit Bat, you know, deflected that knife and did all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she says in this book that she can see it from every angle. Like, in my mind, she's doing this the way I pictured how DVDs would work, where you oh, can yeah. change the angle and make your own scenes for everything, because yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, we wanted to do that. And then we but basically, like, yeah, she, she's mapped out the whole thing. But is her, that how this memory. works? So, like, in my mind, like, she can, like, change the camera angle to see it from different angles? Yeah, is I that how I did a memory? I think that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, because she can that's remember crazy. everything, she can kind of, like, well, at that point, that guy was there, they looked from the back. Or whatever, it's like yeah. she has like a daredevil imprint of every of 360 degrees I, around, and yep, she can move yeah. around. In her and mind. then I think that uh, what Hope Larson does here is really spell out like she says, "Man, I want to call Frankie." Pulls out her phone, like, "No, no, no." Burnside's in the back, and I think that's like, okay, from now on, don't think that we're going to get involved with anything of Burnside until she actually returns to Burnside. She is there alone. Which, yeah, I really her. appreciated that. So like, do I. Little quick, yeah. little quick literary thing to let you know. Like yeah. Burnside is old. It's this old. is what we're doing now. Nope. We'll yeah. get to that later. Now we've the had what MMA. I like to, you know, I don't know a lot about Japanese culture, but apparently, if you're in Japan and there's a hundred four year old ailing person on the on the ground, yeah, you you get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I, I didn't oh, realize you do that wherever you, you are. You leave? How really is that we supposed to? Okay. Yeah, right. You live yeah, in New York. Really. You know how this is. Really, That's like at Walmart downtown. If me and Eric went, I'd, I'd see a guy running. I Actually, I don't you leave. You don't even I take the wallet? Nothing. I pretend that I don't even see what's going on. I mean, let's go over <laughs> here there, buddy. Did I I told uh, Eric the one time, we I went to um, 
to Walmart the one day in the morning, and uh, there was a late, an old lady riding around in a cart, one of those mechanized carts with a, a ba- with a bag, Rascal. with a um, a wine bag, like the box of wine. And she yeah. had a tube out and was drinking it, driving she, around the Walmart. She had she, outside the box the bladder. She had the, the uh, yeah. And I think she oh, might quick. have. Yeah. I think she might have like crashed. I don't know because this is what happened. I just kept walking. I went in. I, I told Eric I should have taken a picture. You can't deal with that fucking nonsense. Yeah. You keep I seeing think... all this crazy shit in town. Like you do fucking take a picture. You know why? That's There's a man I, walking around with a I fucking pay, bird number on one. I pay attention, Eric. Number two, I fucking can see. You're well, as blind as a fucking me. fruit bat. Oh. But Jim, if you didn't have kids to feed, would you would you actually like leave the house ever? You think? No. Probably not. I remember the one time I found out that the Acme in town delivered groceries. So you would you would go online, you'd go through your grocery list, and then they would show up like an hour later with your groceries. You'd go out and get it. And now I wish I could just wave the guy in and he'd just come in, but I had to go out. I did this one time again. This is the crazy shit that happens to me. The guy shows up and we're doing it. He's like, "Hey, is there any way you can? Is there any way we can break this shit?" It was what. And he's like, you just break a couple of fucking cans or bottles, you know, and then call up the Acme and tell him that I was awful. And I'm like, what is going on? He's like, <laughs> and basically this guy starts talking to me. He's like, my fucking wife made me get this goddamn job. I hate it every fucking second of it, but I can't quit. I've got to get fired. Wow. And, uh, so he could get out of And I'm like, oh, and he's like, really? Like pickles? We could smash these. And then you can tell him that I didn't give a shit. I, the guy was very funny about it, but he really did want me to. I'm like, I can't do it. I, yeah. I can't do it. And then uh, Rafe grabbed. No, I was going to say Rafe grabbed. Someone smashed it. He was very. They were very young. And I really like that service. It didn't last for like 13 years. Yeah, it didn't last very long, that service either. I don't know. Yeah, this guy was telling all the students, all his customers to smash their pickles. Oh, yeah. Well, then at one point, um, I also, what was that? What's that place, Eric? Do you know that they come around with like a frozen goods? They have a frozen good like truck. You, again, you order it online, a catalog type thing that online now. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what the name and is. And they of come it. by. Well, the the weird thing is what they do. They have like a, a thing where they'll always pack the truck a little extra. So if they go to your neighbor, they'll come to you and go, hey, you like meatballs? Hey, yeah, we got coming on to meatballs. Me? And the one time the guy and my wife, Tanya, will, will she'll get she gets fooled by these people. So, guy, hey, I see you have kids. You like ice cream? Like, I guess Tanya's like, yeah. Oh, here we have this ice cream and that. And Tanya bought like one thing of ice cream. This fucking guy hounded us for like fucking six months. Oh, my God. Like, this fuck. He'd come. Hey, you didn't order anything. Why didn't you order anything? You want some spaghetti? You like these meatballs? And I'm like, yeah. finally, I actually, you know what I did? This guy would always come on Tuesday. And that was the day that I worked early and I'd come home early. Mm. Uh, we had one day of the week at this at my old job. I actually switched my days so I didn't have to fucking deal with this. <laughs> I think I was like Monday and I'm like, I got to fucking change my early day to Tuesday. And there's why, al- I there's always him, a passive aggressive solution. Oh, yeah. I'll never tell. I think I even folks. told the guy, listen, I'm not buying anything. This shit was so overpriced. I forget what it was called. Somebody out there is like, I know, because I'm telling you, these guys are made. It's like Amway. These fucking, if you don't deal with them, they don't want to be your friends anymore. I thought you were talking about the icebox guy, the guy who'd come down with chunks of ice to put no, in the icebox. It's actually close to that. The kind no, of truck that, they have? That was that, yeah, that's what the truck is like. Uh, but he, no, that was come like. down the block ringing a bell like, I got the ice for they, you. They stopped doing the, that ice truck with the block of ice when I was 20. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just Jim hey. and I freaking trying to carry this uh, block of ice up a flight of stairs. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's the best. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the issue ends with Barbara seeing a thing. She's trying to figure out who's going to uh, train her or whatever and sees a picture, a uh, billboard for the Kumite. It's yep. a uh, multi-martial. It is. It's the Kumite. Um, actually, with this huge billboard, it's actually a little more low-key than the secret Kumite <laughs> that we learned about in Bloodsport. Oh, Everybody shit. Was Everybody was talking about the Kumite well, that's what I'm saying. This yeah. actually having the the billboard is is a little less. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, then she goes with Kai. And then, of course, hey, I haven't seen you in a while, Kai, and I think that you're up to something. You want to go to Singapore? I know. I love yeah, that like, shit. You know. I actually, when she says, hey, I was thinking, you want to go to Singapore? I was waiting for road trip. And then, then just fly <laughs> off. But, yeah. That Batgirl throws down is the name of the next issue, and it's going to be Kumite. She's going to fight crazy ass people. I think that it's going to be like she's going to fight a half crocodile, half fucking ninjutsu, some warrior. I, I hope. I hope she fights the big, the big guy from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That would be good. And also Ray Jackson Jr. comes in, Eric. You know, we talking I'm... about Lopan, or we talking about the three wins? I'm talking the guy, the guy that uh, you know it blows up basically. Oh fuck! I want to say that was thunder. I want to say, oh, yeah, yeah he, like he exhales massive, you know, smoke out of his God, nose I first. And gets, I love that yeah. shit. Yeah, I want to. I hope that it is as fun as that. And I'm not joking. Yeah. That's what I want. I want her to go to this tournament and there just be the craziest, colorful characters and just fighting. Well, I mean, they, they've lifted her. They've lifted her right out of main continuity. So really, I feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want. You know, well, hell, in, she can in, run in, in the, the freaking uh, uh, Superman in China now. That's yeah, true. Really. She's going to China. That would, that would be an interesting crossover, at least some kind of an acknowledgement. But Kong, it'd be funny for Kong Keenan to just uh, fly down, see him, stuff. and just like say something and then fly off, just yeah. to have him in there, or like yeah. some in the background. I'd even like, but um, I like this issue. I know we talked a lot of goofy nonsense. Um, I really do like this. I said it earlier. If you were a fan of the uh, Burnside background, I think that you will just continue. This continues on. Uh, seamlessly. She has left Burnside now. Here she is. I mean, is. That, that other guy didn't seem to like it, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I don't know. That guy interrupted. Lock your goddamn doors. But yeah, even the case where, like Eric, he didn't like Burnside. I think just getting a new, uh, you know, scenario, a new, a new scenery, a change of scenery, I'm saying. Cow. I don't know what I'm saying. And uh, I, I really did think of Eric in this because it's not, it's not like they spend a lot of time on it or make a big, you know, stink about it, but they give you enough information that you can move on from what came before. You know, that's, it's, and it's weird. Just, but if just you don't want to move on, you don't have day. to. Yeah, and yeah. You still have that. You still get the idea. It's still there, exactly. Yeah. You know? And she's so, going to so. get back to that eventually. But right now, just to do, and I really do like it. I, I like it a lot. And this would have been when. Uh, Team Batgirl left and Brendan Fletcher continued on the Batgirl book for a little bit. Like, yeah. you could have stopped that and just gone right to this. And it really is seamless. I think that's why they didn't need a rebirth. This just goes on. And I'm enjoying it. What did you give it, Reggie? I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I think I would probably go to the same. 8.5. I think I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, would you? You're always the lowest. Lowest on the totem different. pole, they say. Yeah. Negative Nancy, Eric. Always Shack. the lowest at the glory hole, Eric. Ooh, that Batgirl, Eric. Ooh, that Batgirl, Ooh, Jim. That Batgirl. I can't rem- I can't believe you gave it that score that you gave it there. Me either. Yeah. That score. Also, that score. Boy, you were uh, tough but fair. <laughs> I don't remember. We I don't remember fun. either. 
Yeah, we we did that a, a couple of days earlier. I have no idea what we were saying, but I, I do remember. I will apologize, everybody. Coming, we're coming back into the podcast where we're talking full out. Uh, I apologize for the nonsense that you just heard because really, we said when we were done the spotlight this week, which was Batgirl. Oh, that's right. There was there was a lot of nonsense. <laughs> we could not concentrate. Where I know that you just heard talk of Chinese restaurants. And diarrhea. And little else. And not much else. But hopefully there was enough background there and you got a smile on your face. Because this book that we're going into, I'm not going to have a smile on my face. And like I said a little bit earlier with uh, Red Hood, uh, this seems to get a lot of positive people. People are positive with this book. Seems good. I am positive that I'm not enjoying it that much, though I said in our intro way back, I am going to keep an open mind. And I'm going to try to accept this as if I was brand new on the scene, fresh off the boat, little piece of hay in my mouth, like freaking Axl Rose in that Welcome to the Jungle video, getting off that bus. Uh, what are we talking about here? Nightwing number one, written by Tim Seeley with art by Javier Fernandez, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Manguel. Dick is traded in his spy card for, well, another spy card as we jump into this issue to learn that now... That now back in the Nightwing costume, Dick is merely spying on the Parliament of the Owls now instead of Spiral. And because Tim Seeley can't seem to get out, out of the spy mode for this character, he even saddles him with a new partner, Raptor, who has the ability to read anyone and now knows way more than he should about Nightwing. Yeah. I have a theory. I wrote on there. I have a theory on this. I do not think that Raptor can read anything. I think that the whole theory is that he has to try to figure them out himself, and if he does, then that's when his powers happen. I think that that's why he goes with that whole Barbara and that thing later. I think that's him jumping to conclusions about that, and that if he because he's he doing says, one of those cold readings. Well, he says he says if I read you, the the glove reads me, and then gives me the cure to what ails you or whatever the the whole thing is. I don't but I think that the whole thing of reading the person, I think that's all on him, that he's almost like a detective. Because really, I'm telling you, he sees that thing with, with Barbara on it. That's all he centers on. Barbara, right. you must add a thing, you, you know, and then it's very odd. It's very odd deal because they don't spell it out either way. No, it's, I, oh, and really, this, this glove that Raptor has is supposed to be this fancy thing. It looks like every glove that I've seen a talent wear yeah. every time we see them. I do like the beginning. I don't like the art in this book. Neither do I. I hate it, actually. I hate it. I do like the beginning that looks like a horror comic, like specifically looking like that old print horror comic, especially just the first panel, like the first big page with the the gravestones and stuff. But really, other than that, and I even like like the zombie guy. There's that lady and they're getting the coins. That's fine. Uh, this whole They're issue digging, kind saying, of jumps from one place to cold, the other. That's it, what I'm saying. It, the cold it, open of this is so weird, and especially because we have a cold open like we had in the Grayson series. Yeah, but, well, here's the thing. I was going to say that is a hallmark of most of the Grayson series of an opening that is completely batshit crazy. You're thrown in, but it always ended up leading to something and being uh, cool enough. Like the one that I remember, the people who didn't or even did read Grayson, was the one where Grayson is delivering a baby in a crashing helicopter into a desert. That was good. And then when they crash, he 
Dick saves the baby, and in the meantime, that baby it has to do with these paragon organs and all this, but the baby was what he was after. He said, you know, it all leads. This is like a cold open that is so cold that I think I got frostbite, Eric, because I didn't know what was going on. It threw me off. It just was weird. And also just the fact that we're talking where it, it really does appear, right, that there's a zombie. Yeah, I don't even know what's up with that. The lady even says, my lovely dead friend. And I'm like, what is this book going with? Like, is it just that it's like the Romania is so crazy that this is what it just nothing made sense to me, really. They're digging up a grave looking for the coins that like uh, Charon collected for the River Styx. And then they're taking out, taken out by Raptor, who we don't even know at that point. No. These fucking coins better come into play at some point, because it was the weirdest goddamn opener. Yeah, I, I don't know that, I don't know. But yeah, then he's there with that. Or is that something the parliament wants? Yeah, I just got the idea that, yeah, I don't even know. Because I couldn't even say that he was involved even then, that that was the last thing he did. He's doing it. I don't know. It's even weird having the the owls call upon this guy, Raptor. They're like, like, uh, like, uh, what the hell is that freaking, uh, I can't think of it. Sub, uh, shit. What happens when yeah. you sub uh, contract? They're subcontracting. Well, that's out. what I'm saying. This is what I'm. This is what I was talking about earlier. Where I don't know that they're this huge organization. It seems, but yet they are letting everyone in. It's like, yeah. why would you let this? Where this guy talents? legitimately seem? Yeah, where they have tons of talents. Well, get them because this guy really seems like. Um, it seems like the whole. Um, I, a lot of these times, maybe it's true, but it's it's always seems like an urban legend to me where there's a guy, he broke into the Pentagon, so the Pentagon hired him. It happens in movies Detective all Comics. the time. But this is how this is, where he he was pretty kick-ass against us, so we gave him money to be with us. Why would you trust this guy? No. Why not get a talent who's like a fucking you know automaton that's just going to kill everybody for you? Also, it seems like this... This parliament of owls, they're real concerned with getting advertisement out because half the thing is them just, you know, Dick Grayson walking up to somebody and whispering, the owls know what they're yeah, doing. You're that's dead. all he's you. doing. We're going to help you. And I do think it's funny that they call him out on you're not doing enough, but he seems to be only doing just that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm well, supposed to go whisper to people's ears. And, like they're yeah. mad he's not killing people along the way while he yeah. just has to whisper yeah, like in he, fucking politicians' and ears. This, he's like protecting a politician. He's kind of involved in the circus kind of. But the, the, and this faux copperhead? Yeah, this politician. Now, who was letting this guy? I, I guess you can say they thought he was part of this this whole getup, this whole yeah. play. Uh, really, get you see a guy walking around dressed up like a fucking copperhead snake. You you, you got to worry. I'm just saying that they're like, ooh, audience participation in yeah, this play. I was even thinking that it's like, yeah, audience participation. Nobody else seems to be going up at the balcony and going in and reaching around for a knife. Like, holy <laughs> shit, this is like a you know one of those dinner theaters. Who murdered who? Yeah, I'm gonna murder you. It's so weird, but yeah, he's there and Dick saves him and then whispers to him, "The cart got you back." I just really think that Tim Seeley is trying to trick everyone who bailed on the Grayson series because Dick wasn't in the Nightwing costume. And by he's telling the same stories that he was doing in Grayson. I actually think we were talking about this. I think in issue six, there is an issue. There's nobody in it. It's it's almost like an Alfred Hitchcock thing with Tim Seeley just standing there, half fucking silhouette. And he's like, listen, everyone, uh, you, you hated fucking Grayson. But now you love this. This is just Grayson with the Nightwing outfit with a rebrand of just saying it's Nightwing. There's no difference. And I said to you, there is a difference. Grayson was better. 
Yeah. If you're reading this and you really like it, and this is not me being an asshole, and I said this earlier that I was going to blow my lips <laughs> saying it earlier, but if you like this, please go back and read it. And especially somebody who said, hey, I don't want my Dick Grayson being a spy, and I don't want him doing this. I think this is more offensive. This is more offensive to me of what Dick's doing because, yes, they're trying to – Tim Seeley's trying to skirt the issue to tell you, oh, no, no. You know, they want him to kill, but he's going to do it his way. Bullshit. It's really hokey and forced there. Go back well, and even see did that in Spiral. Spy. Do you want to see a thing with uh, that this has played out well? It's an issue where – uh, Dick Grayson is supposed to kill somebody and he doesn't and it leads to other people dying because he didn't do what he was supposed to do in Spiral awesome it's so good and you want to see a real cold opening you want to see some awesome art go and read the, all of the, the Grayson series it's not that long it's a couple trades now uh, go and see that because this is a it's kind of a cheap man's version so it's a rehash of that when like yeah, it's the it spiral is. we have the court and but, instead of freaking the, the spy yeah. costume we have the nightwing costume and and this is where and see now i said i was going to be positive about this and try to go but if you think that he shows up to the parliament now of the owls and go hey what's up hootie <laughs> and you think that's funny then I – well, first off, I, I give up on you. And the whole thing, like, hey, they should be the, the flush of mallards or the you know the gaggle of geese. This is so forced. This is not, not the humor. This is the Tim Seeley humor. And I hate to say it, but I don't think the guy's very funny. I think that his dialogue like this is him faking the funk to try to be funny. I think he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing. He should be concentrating on what he does, and some of it is pretty good. Uh, just a straight-up action, maybe the mystery, the horror deal. He is stressed that he was a – he's a big horror fan. Remember with even the Oblivion? That oh, he, yeah. The, that he stressed, hey, I'm a big horror fan. Stick with that. Stick with what you like. And Lost Boys coming well, out. Uh, because the the humor in this just always – it seems forced to me and comes off weird, especially when you have seen Dick Grayson be downright hilarious in the Grayson book. Uh, but then you go where – uh, uh, Dick goes back to visit with Batman and tell, kind of to tell him what's going on. And Batman's a dick. Yeah. What is he? It's like almost like he is now Alfred. And like we go back and forth, but he is a complete dick here. He flip flops. Yeah. And first off, motherfucker, you're the one who sent Dick to Spiral. And, and, and yeah, yeah. I think he is actually offended because Dick had pointed out, hey, this is my thing. Yeah, because it's, it's also, the same thing going on with Jason, though, too. Yeah, and and why can and there it is? I told you that he's really scruffy in this. Yeah, Dick basically is coming back because he's a he needs somebody to tell him and not what to do, but tell him he's on the right path, doing the right thing. A little encouragement. And legitimately, he is also doing this and started this whole thing because they were going to kill Damien. So there's little Damien training. Where's Duke? Duke is probably so Poor angry Duke. right now. He's probably somewhere watching this on a video and like, when am I going to get my training? Is this what the fuck he meant by you're not going to be Robin, you're going to be something different, something new? I don't want new. I want to train. Because even Damien there training with that seems weird now. Of all the shit that has happened, it, that just seems odd. But he's asking Batman, and, and Batman can say, Bruce, he takes off the, the fucking cow. To talk to a man to man, whatever. He can say to him, 
listen, Dick, trust yourself. I have, I have trained you that those days are over. You see, I'm with Damien now. He's, you know, he's my real son. You are. No, he could say to him, you know, I trust you. Why can't you trust yourself? I was, he could even go to the point. I was dead. You kept the family together. You, you did all this. Trust yourself, please. You are better than you think. Batman doesn't do that. He basically no. just like, hey, fuck you. You no. don't want my help? Exactly. You're on your own. And don't it, ask me any fucking advice no. if you don't want my help. He's like, I think, Dick, that you should stop asking me questions. And that was where I thought it was leading to the, you know, you know the answers, Dick. You, you know, no. He's like, just do it. You do yourself. Fuck that. And then in the middle of sent- in the middle of this whole thing, just says, hey, Damien, game over. Let's keep training. And really just throws Dick down. Just like basically get the fuck out of here. And that's where it leads to, hey, I'm going to go see uh, Barbara. And there's but not even a comment. He just stands there. It's Damien. Oh, you got a date with Barbara Gordon? <laughs> hey, it's not a date. Batman's like, just get out of here. And it really pissed me off. It really did. Of all these things that it felt very had, odd. I, if I was Dick, I'd be like, you know, and even kind of like, it's almost like, oh, well, you were involved in this before. And, you know, whatever. Yeah, you told me to go, and then you died. And then you died and, and left me out in the cold. Yeah, and I stuck with the mission. I finished the I job. Yeah, I kept doing it without you. And then when I came back, I had to fucking deal with all this other crazy shit while you were there running around with some tramp, with a fucking tramp stamp, fucking pretended you didn't know anything. There by the playground with your fucking T-Rex. You all right now? Fucking jerk. <laughs> I was so angry. I get. I got so angry at this. More than I got angry at, at fucking Alfred. And that continues next week, Eric. I sure say, does. I didn't say that. Did you read that? Not yet. Okay. I told you, but yeah, we won't even get into that. But yeah, he goes on the date and this art. It, who is he when he shows up? A zombie? Is he, uh, either the zombie or he's Robert Smith from The Fucking Cure. He yeah, I can see up, that. And he's like, hey, this is n- it's not a date. And I'm waiting for it to go, what the fuck, you zombie looking motherfucker? What is going on? And yeah, I like that. I'm telling you, I read that. this before I read um, Batgirl. And we, we, I talked to you before we, either of us read Batgirl. And you're like, what are you talking about dates? She's dating Luke Fox. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And then we find out in Batgirl, Luke's the ex. All right. So yeah. Dick, she's back on the market. Dick can go out yep. with her, but it doesn't seem like she wants to go that route. No, she showed up in the bat suit. She's there, Batgirl suit. She's there. And she's like, hey, you know what? You texted me, meet at a bridge. A bridge is not a traditional date place. It's, it's fine. I like the whole idea. I like the idea that you get that he is still pining a bit for Barbara, but she's moved on. I'm sorry. Um, the, the, she's the had bat- another boyfriend that she's broke up with as well. The Bat, family stuff, yeah. the Bat Family stuff is my favorite part of this book, even with Batman being a fucking dick. Like yeah, I just yeah, like yeah. seeing Nightwing hanging out in the Batcave while Batman. I, lo- I just straight. love any time Damien is with Dick. I love it, yeah. and I like that. I like the whole cheese Viking callback and Damien. Really, Damien, Tim Seeley nailed him. I thought because yeah. even when Batman's like, "Okay, take two, he is so happy. <laughs> Woo wee, runs off, and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I like that. I, it always makes me smile." But. uh I like this, but this is just a little odd, this whole thing. And, and it almost seems like they have to spell it out that it's not going to happen or it might. I don't know. I, I, but the art, all of a sudden then, if you look where the, the deal, they're talking, and then it goes to a thing where Dick's looking at me. He looks like a fucking Hugh Grant all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm telling you, a spitting image. And uh, 
they're just talking to she even spells out you know says hey you know you already did the spy thing oh you know i gotta yeah. do what i gotta do and I, I do like that but then um where is it there's this one part she they're talking and she's like hey there's no way Bat- batman's involved with this and he's like no no he's helping me out it's kind of a lie yeah. He's helping him out because he did, but then uh, he's like, he's almost okay with it. It almost seems like that Justice League line that you liked with uh, with Batman and Wonder Woman about Aquaman. But then she says, hold on, picking up something on my Cal scanner. And then I don't even know what the fuck is going on because when did, did they ever get back? I was thrown off by that because then they go and now show. Now we go in Moscow, Russia. Yeah, then we go sh- see Moscow and he's like, the Parliament of the Owl sends its regards to this guy. Then we go back to Barbara and Dick. Dick's taking off his thing to show his Nightwing, but they're not really talking about it. It doesn't seem like anything was resolved. No. You know what I mean? She's like, hey, superhero stuff. Hey, you know what? I always jump off without it. You know, it's really odd. What, what, was she, what did she pick up? I no don't idea. understand. And, and the scene with, with in Moscow with, with Dick doing this seems like it should not have been at that section of the book. No, like it's, it's was, just thrown in. After. It should have been after they jumped off the thing to show him back. Because then hey, we didn't, ha- we didn't show Nightwing doing enough stuff for the course. No, so we better throw weird, something though, in in the middle. He's there. He's there. He says they send the regards. You go back to Barbara and him on the rooftop. They jump off. And then you go back to Russia where he's sitting reading a, in like a graveyard. It, it, or it has the Barbara thing. It's really odd. It's really odd pacing. And then they show Dick. I don't know what he looks like then. <laughs> the hair is all over now. He's so weird. This art is so off to me. But this, this hair starts time. at his fucking yeah. eyebrows. It's so weird. And then this is when Raptor shows up. And again, did you? would you think anything different of that claw thing he has there? That the, It looks exactly like every talon claw we've seen, right? Yeah. Just a little it bit maybe jeweled up a little bit. Yeah, it has some jewels. It has a little tech. But, uh, hey, hey, I'm your new partner. And Dick's whole thing, hey, you know what? I've had partners before. They're a lot better than you. They start beating the shit out of each other. This just seems like Tiger to me. Yeah, and it also seems like a lot of filler. And that's where uh, Raptor sees the thing. And he's like, oh, who's Barbara? Is she why you aren't doing your job? You don't want to disappoint her? And then they start finding, and this is where I was saying where I don't know that he's really reading as much as we think because he does kind of glow, which makes you seem to think something's going on. Is he John Edwards just doing a cold opener? Like, I'm sensing that your mother is dead. I I think uh, he's like Miss Cleo. Yes, yes. Yeah, Miss Cleo. You're damn right. that's because he is getting like, you know, they go through your wallet. They see this. They're going, oh, you think this? Because, yeah, he's seen Barbara. He sees how upset he is at that. And then he's going with it. And he says, oh, so tell me, the best partner they teach you. Did your old mentor teach you to be pining and impotent fucking virgin who can't stop thinking about, quote, unquote, Barbara? And I just think he's going with what he's seen. And he says – I really hope that's the case because if he's reading, I'm like, why are you thinking these things about yourself, yeah, Dick? Why I, do you think I, you're an yeah, impotent that's virgin? That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that's – I think that that's what he's going. He's also trying to piss him off. That's why when you told me, he's like, he's doing this hocus pocus stuff that I – and I really do think it's one of those where – it still doesn't make sense that it's like I can read you, the glove reads me, and then we find. I don't the- know what that means. Or the glove reads me. He says, "As I read you, Soyalak reads me, and finds the most perfect cure for what ails you." And it's almost like I don't know. I couldn't it's, tell you. It's always just weird. It's like if he gets it right, but how would they I, know I'm what's right? Then? Is the cure that fucking like uh, purple smoky shooting out now? Yeah, I think the cure, and all in all, in the bottom line, the. 
quote unquote cure, I think, is him just killing it's you. It's an ass whooping. Uh, and it gives you, yeah. And I think if you would, if I would have to guess, it's all a distraction. <laughs> it's like sleight of hand, where all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, and then they keep fucking because this guy is going to town. I'm telling you the the, the thing is this. How the hell do you even pronounce that? The goddamn glove. Uh, I'm trying to look at it I here. Soyulac. Soyulac. It's made of people, Eric. Soyulac's made of people. It's made of people. There's a there's a like a trigger inside this glove. In yeah. order for it to send out knockout gas, it's the only power he has. He has to do this cold reading. If he gets yeah. it right, the knockout gas shoots out. Okay, and, good. And, and it's like one of those where it also reads his uh, his like heart, heart rate monitor and starts, blood pressure. When he starts saying that shit and pretending that he can read your mind, he gets all fucking excited. He thinks he's fucking tough shit, and then it happens. I it's very weird. What's going on with this character? Well, it's very weird, and I'll I'll tell you, I kind of alluded to it at the beginning and i see it here now and it really does kind of nail it down for me dick grayson to me is not a book that needs to be involved with this fucking hocus pocus like i said he is a non-powered hero that is a good guy that is an acrobat he he mentions the circus a hundred times it was a little overdone i didn't mind that but once he gets involved with a cult and something that seems to be magic or whatnot it throws me off. It, it's not like well, anybody who plays a magic throws you off, though. Well, not even that. But if this would have been like Red Hood, I'm fine because he dealt with Talia and the League of Assassins. He was involved. It was Roy, like that whole thing when they went, you know, they go off and Roy's fighting the what was it that he was fighting the the crazy uh, thing in the Red Hood and the Outlaws. Right? I'm they trying were, to think. Well, they, they had the, the un- untitled the. Yeah. Uh, the- the untitled but, and the but fucking... But that didn't throw me off because I would say... Oh, it threw what? me off. I'm but like, God that, damn, it got no, over the top. I'm saying it wasn't the greatest, but having the characters involved with that, it didn't throw me off, off as much because of Jason. Yeah. J- Jason, it, he's okay. If Damien, at this point, you have something like this, I'm no, not... He did, Robin, son dead. of Batman. Yeah, and, but he was dead. Apocalypse. All this shit involved, I'll be like, okay, I get it. This seems weird to me. It really seems odd. It, it doesn't fit to me right now. Uh, even the Grayson book, you'd have crazy stuff, but it was spy stuff. And it was yeah. like almost like a tongue-in-cheek uh, making fun of all the things that happen in like a James Bond where you have a guy, you know, top job or whatever. Throwing yeah, yeah. You have all it that. was fun it's, that made sense for that world. Yeah, this just doesn't seem right to me. It seems too mystical and, and things like that where all this is is the court of the owls making them go around and whisper to people so that they don't blow <laughs> Hell of a job. It's really they do all this thing and do all Robin more all this stuff to get to the point where he is has to do this because they have a bomb in Damien. And yet it, it doesn't seem like a very big thing that he's doing. And no. then they get mad at him because he's not killing people. It, it's so weird. And it doesn't I, seem like we've, we've had a job where they really want him to kill anybody yet. No, that's what I mean. They like called him out before I think he should be. He seems to be doing his job. And in the end, and even that, when they call him in, we didn't even really say anything about that. When he goes to see the court, he goes, hey, hootie. And he's like really snarky to him. It just didn't seem right. And he does say, like, maybe I shouldn't be saying this when they could do this. But, you know, you would get the idea that they would know something's up the way he's acting. But it's just nothing really has impressed me. He's yeah. there with all these owls. They're saying that, hey, we want results, You, but you have not given us results. What results? We don't know what he's supposed to be doing. They badmouth Lincoln March. And then, hey, you, you maintain morality and rules. Is that just it? You want him to be a dick? 
You want him to be an asshole? That's all you want? What What are you getting at? You know, uh, you're too much of a superhero. Look, look, look. When you tell people that we're watching, I want you to spit in their face after. Yeah, it's like one of, almost, if you're going to get to the point where you're saying, like, listen, you got to kill somebody because until you kill somebody, you're, when, and they know, they know that Batman, you know, you would think that they would also know if he kills somebody, he can't go back. He's done. Yeah. They will never accept him back. He's forced to be one of us. Even if we blow up Damien, he cannot go back to where he was because of that. That's what it seems to be what they're pushing at. Why not just say it? Why not just say, say okay? Not Please even say just, something. Yeah, but they, they just say you're not giving us the results. You refuse to join the covenant. You you have the morality, but you rules of a life of a superhero. What they should do is get a kid, set him right there and say, you kill him now while we videotape it and <laughs> done. That's all they need to do, and he'll have to do it or not, and, and then we go. Not this fucking, you know, shoot, beating around the goddamn bush of, you know, you go here and you didn't do that, but you did do it, and you did the job, but didn't do it the way we want. Now we're going to get a guy who was against us, but now we're going to pay him, and uh, yeah, even then, Raptor has to spell it out later, like, at least I'm getting paid, and he's yeah. fighting and stuff like that, and... It just, I'm not very impressed. I'm not as impressed as other people. I told you at the beginning, I told everyone, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to go in here like I, I didn't read Grayson and how I like it. I don't think that I would like it as much as I did Grayson. I may like it more than you, but after, I can't take off, I can't take away, you can take the Grayson from the boy, Eric. You cannot take the boy out of the Grayson. Gross. That's what I say because... I really like Grayson. I think they did a better job in Grayson of exactly what's happening here, even to the point. No, me too. He goes to talk to to Barbara about going off and to Batman. No, go back to Grayson. I I wish I could remember the issue. It's probably around like twelve, somewhere around there, where he actually goes to tell Barbara he's alive. Uh, go see that issue where he goes to talk to Damien. They both think they're dead. Then you're gonna see some fucking good writing, Eric. That's a kick-ass issue. <sighs> and I hate the art. Yeah, I do not care for the art in this. What, what, I like I like it more than the rebirth issue, but that's not saying yeah, much. I, I don't even remember if I like the art in the rebirth issue that much. And a lot of this just seems like a been there done that situation. Yeah, you know, been there Old done. Hat. Wait till next week, because we get this book again. I know. It's it's week at you know, two weeks in a row. We're gonna have it. I hope something happens. I didn't read that one yet, so I, and because I was so not into this. People seem to like it, though. That's yeah, not good. me. I gave it a 6 Maybe. out of 10. Yeah, I, I give it a 7. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm getting angry. Uh, but I'm trying to come into it thinking of what I would think if I did not read Grayson. But like I said, it, it just points to me that you should go read Grayson now. And you don't have to. You can enjoy, If you enjoy this book a lot and really like it, don't go read Grayson because it'll make you not like it as much. Just go with what we have here. You're getting a basic kind of idea of what happened before anyway, minus Batman. I think that's what was thrown in there. I think Tim Seeley also is like, boy, this is starting to seem a lot like that book we just wrote, but Batman was with him then. He won't be with him now, and now we won't have to worry about him dying again. I don't know. You know, I actually would have liked to see him. And also, I think they were spelling out like something you loved. Dick going back to the Batcave. I don't Love think that. you're going to see that much anymore of the way yeah. that was spelled out there. And I did like that as well. I would have liked to have him to go back. Even if he went back and a bunch of issues in a row, he went back and they talked about sports or talked about something else. And then finally, Batman would call him out and say, like, 
you know what? You can't, what's going on? Why don't you talk about this? No, no, no. You know what? I, you have enough troubles. You so don't, how about that redhead you were banging? You know, yeah, I'd just like to be with you. And he's like, yeah, that redhead. You mean the one you were also banging in that fucking killing joke movie? And then he's like, we don't talk about that here. Dave's yeah. in the other room. Uh, but uh, yeah, seven out of ten. But we're going to move on to your favorite section of the podcast, the Cosmic Dreadmill. Cosmic Dreadmill. I hear they do good things over there. Yeah, I hear they do great. Thanks, Eric. You freaking faking the funk. I I want you to listen to this one because I think you would like it. I think Uh, I would too. Reggie was talking me about it. Yeah, Reggie gave me a rundown of this. He wrote, this week Chris and I talk about a comic book from the industry's more innocent days when Hal Jordan murdered the entire Green Lantern Corps (laughs) and stole all the energy from the central power battery. Hell hath no fury like a Jordan scorned. That's kind of funny. I actually think I would have liked being on this one. This, cause yeah. I, this is something I know a bit about and enjoy you're talking cheat about. Cheat on me? Is that yeah. what you're gonna do? Yeah. If I ever, ever <laughs> tune in and you you didn't tell me and I'm like and they're like, hey, I I imagine because yeah, I say all this. I have listened to one or two. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a busy man, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I imagine they start out. And it's like I'm Chris and I'm Reggie and this is the Cosmic Treadmill. They say it together and then I listen to one. And it's like. I'm and I'm Eric Shay. Um, you motherfucker! I will and usually I'm listening when I'm at work. I will slice your fucking throat with a box cutter right then and there and watch you bleed out, Eric. I don't want to be dark. Christ. I will and then I'll dance in your blood. I'll do a little Jake kicking the blood like it's a fucking puddle. Fucking galoshes dancing off. in the rain. Look at, me. Look at me. Yeah, I'm fucking doing little moves with a cane and stuff. And then I as they take me away to jail, I'm yelling shit like that Rick and Morty video. I'll kill your family. I'll chop up your kids and feed them to you. I'll smash your head in with a hammer and feed yeah. it to you. Oh, good stuff. But yeah, we're going to take it away to my favorite section of the podcast because it classes things up, and that is the cosmic treadmill. Welcome back to the Cosmic Treadmill, where we like to go back to the past and read an old DC comic from their yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast, and this week we have a very special uh, issue in mind to read, don't we, Chris? Yeah, we're going to be looking at Green Lantern, Volume 3, Number 50, from March 1994. And we'll probably be talking a little bit about 48 and 49 as well. Um, This issue in particular was written by Ron Mars with art by Daryl Banks. The title is Emerald Twilight Part 3, The Future. The Future. And, uh, you know, the first half of the 90s were a tough time if you weren't a DC Comics heavy hitters. With the uh, speculatory eyes of the world upon the comics industry, every company was trying to pull out all the stops to keep those eyes and dollars focused on their product. In 92, they killed Superman. In 93, they broke Batman. In 1994, it was Green Lantern's turn. By this point, the current Gerard Jones-helmed run was uh, kind of flagging, and something needed to be done to freshen that title up. What would follow was something that few would see coming. That's for sure. And I guess we could say The Flash already got his... In crisis, right? They kind of gave him, yeah. a, you know. I mean, you know, there was drama in his book, but yeah, they gave him a, they gave Wally West a pass. They were like, you, you've dealt with enough, kid. Yeah, they they put they put Barry on trial for five years and then killed him. <laughs> then they killed him. They were like, you know what? We'll give you a uh, little sidekick from the future. How about that? That'll make you feel good. Sure. So uh, first, of course, we're gonna start off. Who is Green Lantern? 
Well, of course, Green Lantern originally was not even Hal Jordan. It was a gentleman named Alan Scott who first appeared in All-American Comics number 16, uh, dated July 1940, created by Martin Nodell and Bill Finger, a credited uh, co-creation yes. from the from the very start. He was a railroad engineer, discovered a magic lantern, and it's kind of based a little bit on the uh, Aladdin story. In fact, his name was going to be Alan Ladd for that reason, but there was a movie at the time. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was Lawrence of Arabia. Where was it? The, uh, I think we, we talked about this once. We before. did actually talk about this, yeah. Uh, where that character was going to be named Alan Ladd, so they just changed it to Scott. Um, you know, Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, the main character was Alan Ladd, or one of the characters. Cannot claim to have seen it. Uh, <laughs> this original Green Lantern, his ring impurity was wood instead of the yellow uh, impurity that we are more familiar with today. And his whole thing was powered by the green flame, not willpower, just sort of an ethereal, uh, as I recall vaguely, uh, I, I'm going to use this word in inappropriate word, but in a this context, a very oriental sort of trapping. Would you would you, would you say yeah. that? Am I wrong? Like <laughs> no, you're not wrong at all. And I mean that I mean, I I mean that in the strictly 30s, 40s, you know, sense of the wizened uh, Asian wizard. The Fu Manchu, yeah. Exactly. There was definitely yeah. Fu Manchus involved. Uh, this this green flame was an incarnation of the strength of green growing things, which comes back. More recently with uh, Earth 2 in more recent DC Comics, but that's a whole other story. Certainly. And then, uh, you know, we also have our main man here, Hal Jordan. He first showed up in Showcase number 22, which is the September-October issue from 1959, uh, created by John Broom with uh, Gil Kane. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is the Green Lantern of Sector 2814. This is uh, the more science fiction-oriented Green Lantern story here. I mean, this, this is right in the same year of Sputnik. Yeah, you know, yeah, this so is, this is what's up pe- on people's minds. You know, the space Certainly. race is in full swing, boys. <laughs> and uh, he was a test fi- uh, test pilot for Ferris Aircraft, uh, son of a test pilot who died during a flight demo. Um, his ring impurity, as you mentioned earlier, is the color yellow. And uh, he, like we said, he uh, he runs Sector Twenty Eight Fourteen for the Green Lantern Corps, who uh, also first appeared in Showcase Number Twenty Two. Yeah, right they away. are. Yeah, they are an organization of 7,200-plus lanterns presiding over 3,600 sectors. Uh, their base of operations is the planet Oa, and they're commanded by the Guardians of the Universe, the little blue Julius Schwartz-looking dudes. That's right. I mean, they <laughs> pretty much are patterned right after him. They look just Certainly. like him. You know, it's funny, before we, before we uh, you know, just were doing this issue, my memory of this is that Hal Jordan had three or four issues of... No guardians, and then they showed up. But I was wrong. They showed up right away. Obviously, mm-hmm. they had this story planned out. Uh, you know, parts of it at least fleshed out very early. I hear on. it was like it was based on. The, uh, there's some similarities between this and I. I want to say it's the Signal Men. Uh, I guess that was like a story, a pulp story, perhaps, or a science fiction story. And uh, I've heard that, but yeah, I've never read that. I've never read the origin story. To me it. either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. If anyone can tell us about that, we'd love to hear more about it. That'd be great. Absolutely. Um, so a little more, little background information. We're gonna we're gonna roll it back before we get to Green Lantern number fifty. Uh, a couple of things you need to know. Uh, first of all, uh, Sinestro ha- was part of the central power battery on the Green Lantern Corps' home planet of Oa, and that happened in the last testament of Sinestro uh, in Green Lantern Corps number two hundred twenty-two, March nineteen eighty-eight. 
Um, there was a trial, uh, you know, Sinestro had, I, I think Sinestro, the jig was up basically, right? After, yeah, he, after they, years of, of being a dick, being a dick and trying to run Korrigar, his home planet, as a dictator. And I think he pulled a couple other broader shenanigans. He finally went on trial. They, they sentenced him to death, but since you can't, have, you know, I guess they couldn't do that. Well, they, they did. They killed him. And uh, it turned out that that was the worst thing they could do because of a of a some sort of a treaty between the Zamorans and the uh, Guardians. Yeah. Who were originally part of the same race broke off, and then the core, the, the uh, who were they? The uh, the other ones, not the Guardians. The Zamoranians. The <laughs> yeah, they uh, went to Korrigar and uh, started mating. So Sinestro, I guess, was in essence part of their lineage, and uh, they, uh, I guess, there was a war between the Guardians and the Zamorans or the Korrigans, and. Uh, some sort of treaty was in where they could not harm any of the Corrigans. And yeah. with them killing uh, Sinestro, their treaty was off, it was nullified, and uh, it left the uh, yellow impurity in the battery as the only thing in the battery. Yeah. At so, all, uh, and then for a minute the core were drained of their uh Yeah, and, and I'm, sure I, I'm sure I really didn't cover that as well as I should have, but it's... Uh, it's, it's, you know, we've we, we got to take place. for granted that people listening to this know a little something about the, what the Green Lantern... <laughs> Or they're just fast forward. But, but the way they did, they chucked him into the battery. That was their thing, yeah. you know, and then, and he was able to meld with it. So, uh, yeah, he hasn't been seen since March 1988, uh, This that, that comic. Another thing that happened uh, right before this, really, uh, Reign of the Supermen, which was the fallout from the death of Superman. Um, you know, there were four Supermen came out. One of them was Cyborg Superman. And Cyborg Superman and Mongol went over to Coast City, which is Hal Jordan's home city and uh, blew it up not to get at Hal Jordan right it was weren't they no. planning to put a vent there or something yeah it was like some sort of a energy area or something yeah. it was uh, it wasn't personal yeah it, it was it wasn't against him but you know uh, that was Green Lantern number 46 so this was right before this uh, Emerald Twilight happens um, on October 1993 so two issues later Hal attempts to rescue rescue Coast City with his ring and the ring runs out of juice while he's in the middle of it this is a pretty touching issue where he he talks to his father uh, talks to his mother all constructs of them um, and it's it's interesting because his father is still kind of a dick to him initially yep. at least although you know you could say that's his projection of his father how he sees him sure um, that is, yeah, his ring runs out because he's really, you know, straining it here. He's putting, pushing it, yeah. Putting on a big, put, recreating a city. And uh, the Guardians uh, summon him to Oa for his abusive power, tell him to give, give up the ring and show up to Oa right away. And uh, Hal's not having it. He says, uh, I need more power so I can rebuild my fake coast city, you jerks. He wants to make everything right. He make everything right, and that's let me tell you, that's totally normal. How that you would have a fucking city just <laughs> powered by, you know. No <laughs> worked uh, in the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's actually funny. There's a Swamp Thing story like this where he's first stranded on an alien planet, and he's able to make plant constructs out of this blue plant material, really? uh, out of you know Abigail and the people that he loves, and he actually he recreates the town of Huma. I think that might have actually preceded this. Now that I'm really thinking about it, um, oh. or it might have been I'd look it up, age 87, 88, something like that. Yeah, so definitely before this. Yeah. But he comes to the conclusion that it's not a good idea right away. Whereas Hal goes the other way. He flies to <laughs> Oa, 
Yeah, and on his way to Oa, he is ripping the Green Lantern rings off of his fellow core members. Uh, thing, hands, in fact, chopping off one of their arms <laughs> yep. uh, down the line. Uh, really, so I mean, this is nine. Don't forget, this is the '90s, folks. So he takes out his friends, Kilowog and Tomar too. Uh, Boudica also. Then he he, he brought her into. That's the when court. he cut her hand off. He yeah. cut her hand off, and uh, now the Guardians at the end of issue 49, they awaken Sinestro out of the central ba- power battery to fight Hal Jordan to the death. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we he, jump right in. Yeah, they th- they figure Sinestro is the only guy that could do it, and uh, we start off with uh, issue fifty with uh, Talon Sinestro just getting down to it. Yep, right away. Um, and uh, you know you can tell it's personal because Hal dumps all the extraneous rings except his own. Yeah, he's like, okay, you know, I'll take you on with just my ring because you know Sinestro had his own ring too. Yeah. Um, and he, and uh, he's a Green Lantern here. He see he's sort of wearing a. Uh, green version of the of what was his suit at the time you know if yeah. you're looking at it it's sort of like a a big green burst on the front instead of the usual yellow one so he, he's mm-hmm. he's a green lantern here yeah through and through yeah the, he called himself the lesser of two evils so, uh, which is <laughs> wow. interesting um you know they they initially have a very uh it's like a doctor strange type of battle here with just beams you know beams of light fighting at each other i just love that the beams Hitting each other, you know what I mean? Like that, it, mm-hmm. beams don't normally work like that, but. <laughs> they do on Oa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the battle breaks down to just a fist fight. You know, you, they're just going back and forth here. I guess Hal doesn't like being, uh, Hal doesn't like being told that he's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, it, or it being called a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> calls him a chick. Um, and Hal gets Sinestro in a headlock and says, you know, I probably should have done this a long time ago. And Sinestro laughs and goes, you know what? You probably should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just, and he breaks his neck. Yeah, kind of unceremoniously. neck. <laughs> just snap a man's neck right there. And no he problem. he slumps to the ground. So, uh, yeah. And, he, and, he, and he's talking a ton of shit to the very end. I love that. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just like, uh, he's a total prick about it. So then uh, they send out Kilowog, who uh, Hal did kind of beat the beat up in the in last space, issue. Yeah, when he landed, yeah. Yeah, pretty much when he landed. Now he comes back. Kilowog tries to reason with him first, telling him it's not too late to stop. You're not as bad as Sinestro, even though you just killed <laughs> Sinestro. That would that kind of make you a notch worse. Uh, and he compares Kyle's loss of Coast City with the loss of his home planet and his whole family. During crisis, crisis on infinite Earths, which really is not even comparable. You know what I mean? I mean, (laughs) Kilowog lost everybody he knew ever. You know what I mean? Like at least Hal's got friends in. uh, You know, he's got friends in the Justice League. Probably got a couple of people in Metropolis he can stay with. Uh, Yeah, he's really he's really being kind of a. yeah, Hal usually slept on people's couches anyway. It's true, you know. And, <laughs> and what about all that time he was the hard traveling heroes with Green Arrow? Mm-hmm. He made a whole bunch of friends with them, plus Green Arrow. Yeah. So I mean, come on, come on, Hal. You know, look on the bright side of things. But that's not his way. I got to make Hal's a little petulant here, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> he just straight up barbecues uh, poor Kilowog. <laughs> just, I mean, just blasts him with a with a beam, a wide beam of green light, and Kilowog turns into a uh, burnt skeleton. Yeah, he looks like the elephant man's skeleton. A little bit. You know, I I like to kind of gave him a hippopotamus skull, you know, which is how (laughs) how I guess I would have figured it. But, uh, yeah, that's it for Kilowog. Like, that's it. During that fight, too, it's funny uh, how mentions that he left all the other core members with just enough 
yep. energy to stay alive. To survive. As you'll see, that's irrelevant in a yeah. very few pages. <laughs> and uh, you know, with a uh, with a smoldering skeleton of Kilowog in the in the uh, foreground, he uh, heads back to the uh, battery. He wants all that power. Mm. Guardians finally get in his way, and he tells them off. And he actually tosses his ring. He's he doesn't need his ring anymore. He's going to get all the power in the universe. The Guardians, they get into a <laughs> they get into a wicked prayer circle, and uh, they, they, join, they join hands and they uh, you know think and hope real hard. Yep, and, <laughs> and they uh, and they care bear stare their power into Ganthith, who yep. will be the the lone guardian left over. Because um, when Hal leaves the battery, they're they're smoldering on the ground too. Um, Hal he does step into the main power battery. All the guardians but Ganthit die, and uh, Hal walks out. He's wearing his brand new parallax duds. Mm-hmm. Uh, stomps on the ring that he discarded earlier, and he flies away. And, the, and these parallax duds are just pure '90s comic book. I mean, he's got the huge, I mean, shoulder pads. Huge <laughs> shoulder pads. Parts of it are metal. It seems you know there are just lines and dots on it. Why not? You know what I mean? Like sure. You know, that's like a seamstress's worst nightmare. You know, <laughs> and his hell? domino mask is pointed. <laughs> that's right. That's how we know he's bad now, folks. <laughs> yes, he's got eyebrows. So uh, there is there is somewhat of an epilogue here, though. After uh, Hal Jordan, or Parallax, makes his exit, Ganthet repairs the final Green Lantern ring and mm-hmm. seeks the final Green Lantern. That well, And there never was another one again. Ever, ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sir takes him to like a cruddy nightclub, like a back alley that really is like a rat in it. It's it's it's, yeah. it's disgusting. Uh, and a bum. Where he meets Kyle Rayner and a bum. That's true. Somebody that uh, witnesses this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Meets Kyle Rayner is wearing a badass nine inch nails shirt, mm-hmm. and uh, just says, "Here you go, kid. You're you're the, you're it." <laughs> Gives him the Put ring. Put this on. <laughs> and to be honest, to be honest, Kyle takes it pretty well. Considering, sure. considering, you know what's happening. Although I guess he knows at least what a Green Lantern is. He's not like, and the, he's probably drunk at the moment. That's true. That probably helped <laughs> numb him. And uh, there he is. And I, <laughs> I wrote another white guy, but as uh, Chris pointed out, he's half Hispanic. Yes. So yeah, there's there's a little there is a little bit of culture in here. So that's. Uh, I'm working it, on making one of those right now. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, what? oh, there you go. So, so you you know, maybe that'll be the new Green Lantern right there. Okay. So um, that that pretty much wraps it up and and opened up a new era for Green Lantern after this. Yeah, the uh, fallout. We have a, uh, you know, Hal didn't go away. Um, he's got himself a new gig. He is Parallax, and uh, he would be the driving force behind uh, the. I believe it's later this year. It's a uh, Zero Hour, a Crisis in Time. Ninety four. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. the this is spring of '94, and I think that was like the summer event of '90. Yeah, because uh, Green Lantern, I think '55 is the zero hour issue before yeah. number zero. No, so that's my memory of it too. Is '94. Yeah, and uh, he's the he's the big bad. So mm-hmm. one of the one of the top heroes becomes the big bad of a crisis event. So that's a pretty big deal, and. Uh, and as we, as you mentioned, uh, we got Kyle Rayner, who's the new, only, and final <laughs> Green Lantern. That's right. At least for a little while. Um, now here we got some uh, letters column postscript in GL50. This is by Ron Mars, I'd have to assume, or is it by the editor? I believe it is by Eddie Berganza. Oh wow, it's Eddie. <laughs> None other than Eddie Berganza. 
yes. who I guess had, really had to be an assistant editor. At this he point. was the assistant at yeah, this point. But uh, they usually get they usually get tasked with writing uh, the columns anyway. Uh, so he wrote, "Wow, didn't think we'd do it, did you? Hal, the core, even the guardians, all gone. But why? You may ask yourself. Oh, some of you may think you have the answer. Crash commercialism, boost sales. Everyone else is doing it. Jump on the bandwagon." But no, we wanted, needed a change. Let's face it, in all the years that Hal has been in existence, there's been little change, if any, to the character. Sure, he gained great temples with his second series, but that's as far as it went. Superficial. Cosmetic. Even Denny O'Neill, who told great stories with the character, admits it was hard to tell stories about the character. Hal was either too nice or a jerk, leaving no lasting impression, and that had to change. What we have done has undoubtedly angered a lot of you. And that's okay because before this, nobody was talking about this book or even cared about this, its central character to any great extent. I love that. That's changed. Hey, you know, <laughs> it's a false flag operation, folks. Um, now, as our new GL takes over, you will be experiencing many new things alongside him, including the new abilities of the ring. And how Jordan will still be around, looming as much as a much greater force in the DCU, so stick with us as we ring in the new. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's that's some pretty upfront admission to what they're doing here. You know, uh, yeah, it's it's you know Chris and I had had a short sort of discussion the other day about uh, DC's mm-hmm. legacy characters and how they were really priming a lot of their characters to have their legacies carried on by sons, daughters, new people. You know, and they were going to kind of move mm-hmm. on. I mean, I'll tell you what, when this happened. Uh, not only not because of the, the really Kyle Rayner, but for a lot of reasons. I was this is my first year in college, and uh, you know, kind of fell out of comics for a little while. Kind of was broke for a little while too. Um, so Kyle Rayner to me was never really my Green Lantern, but I know talking to other people, I think for you, right? Is that I know for yeah. Eric, that's his Green Lantern, and so it works. It does. You know what I mean? Like to be able yep. to to come up with a new character. That's totally new. That isn't like have this shared history. It works on people, and and I think this definitely worked. There are people today that care a lot about Kyle Rayner and are not very happy with what's happened to Kyle Rayner. Yeah, uh, Hal Hal was always he was you know you had uh, Wally as the Flash and you had Saint Barry in the background all yeah. the time. You know he was the sainted you know Barry Allen, and uh, with Hal or with Kyle, Hal was always just the old boring Green Lantern. Yeah, you know it was just. You know, I've done a lot of reading in recent years over of, of a lot of the older stuff, and I enjoy it. But, uh, but yeah, he was always seen as just like like uh, Berganza says here. It's hard to tell stories about him because it's what are you gonna do? It's it's he, true. He's very he's very shallow. Yeah, uh, and and I actually, um, you know, the best stories about him kind of exploit that shallow tendency. I yeah. think. <laughs> they, well, I mean, that, that's who he is. He's sort of is just not a very deep he's kind of a gung-ho you know take action kind of guy so uh yeah it's it's interesting as we're going to find out in a little while they sort of backpedaled on this but it definitely was pretty ballsy and i think that in the short you know i'm sorry in the long term it worked because you made a character that is still around today you know like and people really give a shit about him and i think that's uh very good yeah, yeah, and the, you know, the, the there was some controversy to this entire storyline, as as, as we sh- I'm sure we know. Mm. Um, you know, looking back at uh, Green Lantern number 47 from November of uh, 93, you know, Coast, Coast City was destroyed in 46, 
Emerald Twilight starts in 48. Yeah. 47 is a very weird, it's like a business as usual issue. It's a, it's a Hal and Ollie team up. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it was just one that they had in the, in a drawer that they needed to burn. It had to be, it had to <laughs> it be had an to inventory be, right? issue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause it's just so strange that it, you know, the destruction of coast city is, is not the, you know, the, the priority of the story, which you think it should be. Well, I mean, well, of course, I, I mean, without, without giving away what we're about to talk about sure. these solicitations too much, but, uh, you know, the. <laughs> Basically, the story changed, and I think that this issue was meant to be a setup for the story that was. But yeah. when the story changed, and probably was late stage, they were like, "All right, we can't get four issues written. Write no. three. We'll slip in. We'll slip in a little uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow to uh, appease to the fans, say team, goodbye to the team." Yeah, and uh, but but it is it is totally out of place because because I don't think does he even mention it, or if he mentions it, it's almost like. I you think know, it's just in like the last couple of pages. Yeah. He says something about. I gotta get over. back to coast. Yeah. I gotta get back. To, Pretty much. <laughs> you know, the the smoking crater that ground. was my yeah. city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they even went as far as to uh, solicit the original uh, issue forty-eight that was supposed to be, you know, written by Gerard Jones, the same fellow who'd been writing the entire the volume, and uh, that solicitation. It reads, Superman and the Justice League gather by Green Lantern's side as Hal confronts the horror of the destruction of Coast City. Meanwhile, on Oa, the Guardians of the Universe find themselves fighting a lethal battle against the Guardians of the Universe. Mm. That's not the story we got. No, not at all. <laughs> no, the uh, the final solicitation, which is, you know, written by Ron Mars, it starts here with uh, beginning the special three-part story, Emerald Twilight, that culminates in the landmark Green Lantern number 50. Green Lantern confronts the horror of the destroyed Coast City, once a place where he lived, worked, and even buried his parents. Now Hal Jordan must come to terms with the death of his father, an event that, le- that led to his choosing the life of a Green Lantern. But his way of coping may cost him his ring, and the consequences of his actions will change his life forever. Yeah. Which is the story we got. A stark difference also. You know, one of them is Sir? sort of like, ah, you know, Justice League and Green Lantern team up and, you know, there's a big space battle and, you know, you, big problem. And you figure everything's going to be okay at the end. Pretty much, you know, but this is like, wait, there's a big big shift in what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Number 49 also had a different solicit. The original one uh, for Gerard Jones was Green Lantern is caught up in a battle raging between two equally powerful groups of guardians in the universe. Hal's side loses, and the winner's first act is to take away the Power Ring's 24-hour time limit and their yellow impurity. Their second act is to appoint a new leader to the Green Lantern Corps, Sinestro. This issue leads directly into the landmark Green Lantern number 50, a major turning point for the series. And uh, Ron Mars's solicitation, the one we did get, part two of the three-part Emerald Twilight. Hal Jordan has gone rogue, rocketing to Oa in a desperate quest for the power, the power to restore Coast City. When the other Green Lanterns are unable to stop him, the Guardians are forced to reinstate the one member of the Corps who might put an end to Jordan's rampage. Which they actually did bring out Sinestro. Yeah, yeah you know, that, so. that stayed the same. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I wonder how much stayed and how much didn't, you know. Well, with Kyle, I believe the 24-hour time limit and the yellow... I know that the yellow impurity is gone, they but I, I don't know about the time hits, limit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was that was in the works, I suppose. 
It's it's um, it's 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 seeing, seeing these uh, two together. It's it's just interesting how the whole nature of the plot changed. Oh yeah, you know that's no, wild stuff. And we even have the original uh, Gerard Jones penned plot for uh, the landmark number fifty. Mm. Um, it was going to lead up to a war of the core. Here, the uh, you have these new guardians that were mentioned in the solicits. Solicits they show up. They claim that the current guardians are imposters, and their claim is backed up by the Zamorans. Or Zamorans. Yep. Um, the new guardians, they wake Sinestro to lead the new and real core. And uh, the Sinestro core, they fight Hal and the heroes. So you have the Justice League, you have some of the quote-unquote rogue lanterns that come with him. They, they battle. And uh, during, the, during the, uh, the story, we find out that Hal's father... Uh, his death was orchestrated by the the old guardians Whoa. to prov- to provide Hal with the trauma to be a hero, and I mean we we find out in in some old stories that uh, the guardians did a lot of unscrupulous yeah crap to they're Hal. pretty messed up bunch of liars really yeah they 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 almost they more or less lobotomized the fear out of his head <laughs> yeah. to uh, make him fearless at one point. Um, these uh, new guardians, they're ultimately revealed as manifestations of entropy. Uh, the good guys eventually win. The original guardians and the real core, they're back in business. But, the, you know, it still remains that these guardians killed Hal's father. <laughs> so he doesn't trust anybody anymore. Yeah. Uh, he, he winds up tossing the ring. He's no longer Green Lantern. Now he is the protector. Yeah, so and, he was going to be a good guy, you know. Yeah, and he was going to teach the Teen Titans about drugs. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. If that was his outfit too. Like they just like, tie it all in together. They tie it all together. Gonna, Everything's in continuity, folks. Yeah, yeah. He was going to stay a hero, and and the big shift, I guess, was to remove the yellow impurity and the uh, time limit. Yeah. Um. I mean, I assume he also wouldn't be uh, doing the oath anymore if he's not going to be affiliated with the guardians. The core. You know, the yeah. core. So it's it, talk about different. You know, definitely something. Uh, totally, and, and considering how much, you know, as we said, Zero Hour was just based. This is right after it, based on Parallax yep. and this happening. But so much more of Green Lantern, pretty much everything that followed is sort of based around this fact that Parallax exists, that there's an entity in the Lantern, and yep. blah blah yeah, blah. You gotta wonder what they would have done with, like, would Zero Hour's Big Bad have been like the Time Trapper from the Legion or something? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> they, they actually went through with the original story. No, you know how it is. When in doubt, use the anti-monitor. Very simple. <laughs> yes. That's, just throw them in anywhere. So there were some fan theories at the time uh, as to why Hal was got so crazy and, and killed the, the, the Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians. Uh, one of them was that there was, it, Chris Keir calls it the Malvolio effect. Uh, mm-hmm. This was during his tenure during the Green, the Action Comics Weekly. This was a kind of, I wouldn't call it an anthology title, but they had different kind heroes of. in it. Yeah, it was 42 uh, uh, ish weekly issues where they had different uh, different stories, like three or four stories in each issue. Yeah, so, but it was a kind of a rotating cast, but Superman yeah. was always the first one. That was that was the thing, I believe. Um, yeah, he always, he was always in there. He was always leading it. So, but, but during his time in there, Hal would run into a rogue lantern called Malvolio, who looks like a cross between Alan Scott and Duke Nukem. Yes. Mal's father was a Green Lantern in good standing, and his son killed him to get the ring, which is, he you know, the ring. what a dick. So uh, <laughs> Hal faced off with Mal and ultimately wound up wearing his ring as he took him back to Earth. He, you know, he had to take his ring off, you know, to disarm him, police procedure. Um, <laughs> so 
the theory was that this was the ring he was wearing during Emerald Twilight that made him go all squirrely, infused with the psychosis of Malvolio. Yeah, because we find out after that that Malvolio let him take the ring because he wanted a, a way to anchor himself to Earth. Mm. So uh, that that was uh, on on Usenet and the uh, the BBSs. That was that was what people were thinking. They were thinking that this was going to bring Malvolio back, and I had no idea who Malvolio was. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I, I I never read that uh, Action Comics run. It was weird. It was very, very weird. <laughs> he, he, I mean, Hal's on Oprah for a couple of issues. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe it's, I have to see it's that. It's interesting, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like we said here, you know, there's a lot of fan theories because the fans were very passionate about this. Yeah. One one such collective of fans were Heat, uh, H-E-A-T, Hal's Emerald Advancement Team. They were originally Hal's Emerald Attack Team. But that sounded a little too terroristy, yeah. so they changed it. And you know, we're going to find out that their uh, their methods aren't that far off. <laughs> uh, they they actually there's a website. It's glheat.tripod.com that you can still go to if you want to find out about heat. Wow, isn't it crazy? Oh, the resilience. <laughs> yes, <laughs> heat lives on. Yeah, twenty years later, they were uh, rather unhappy with Hal's removal as Green Lantern. And they had the tagline, or the whatever here, the slogan here, as Green Lantern fans, it is our goal to encourage and advocate the return and exoneration of Hal Jordan as Green Lantern, the restoration of the Green Lantern legend, and the revival of the honorable Green Lantern Corps. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) considering their honorable practices here, they reportedly sent death threats to DC Editorial and Ron Mars. The honor, the honor of of the heat. Yes. Yeah, they were just trying to advance something, not attack anything. Um, notably, they paid $3,500 to run a full-page ad in Wizard Magazine. Which is unbelievable. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it crazy? And uh, this is before Kickstarter. And uh, <laughs> So they ran the ad, and they also had the privilege of being mercilessly mocked by Wizard Magazine. And everyone else, because, you know, the, <laughs> there's one there's one problem with this sort of, especially sending death threats and, you know, doing you know Ridiculous. crazy things, is you're actually talking about a fictional Thing, ladies and gentlemen, and you can never really forget. You can never really forget that that it's not your duty to campaign against a fictional story you don't like. It's yeah. just your duty to stop reading it. <laughs> and uh, and for the record, I don't think Jeff Johns was part of it. Probably not. No, <laughs> that he, was one of the rumors in the mid. He's sort of. He's sort of. I, he definitely has a Hal Jordan. Uh, you know, he he's a fan. Guy, or, but yeah. He's, a, he's too much of a team player for that kind of shenanigan. Sure, sure. We heard that Judd Winnick was calling in to stop Jason Todd from being killed, and we heard that John, Jeff Johns was part of <laughs> <laughs> Um Now, Hal, uh, Hal ultimately did get redeemed. Um, uh, he sacrificed himself to destroy the Sun Eater in the final night storyline. This is where the sun was going away and the world was covered in snow. Yep. So he sacrificed himself there and uh, died a hero. Uh, he ultimately became the embodiment of the Spectre yep. during the Day of Judgment storyline, and then he ultimately returned to his ring-wielding ways in Green Lantern Rebirth, the first one. Um, he was absolved of all the guilt. Uh, turns out he was under the influence of a giant yellow space bug That's, the whole time. Yeah, I mean that would be the that would kick off the Jeff Johns era, which would be uh, you know Black Night, the emotional spectrum, so, you know all that stuff. So that's. It, you know, it it I, I always I always found that very creative the emotional spectrum idea. Uh, sure. And not I don't know why it took so long to get there. It, it's almost so obvious that you're just yeah. like, wow, why didn't we why didn't they do this before? And it, it doesn't really come into conflict the way it was done with anything else that came before it, which I always nope. appreciated. But you know, this return of of Hal Jordan, 
Uh, you know, that's comic books for you folks. That's fine, I guess. I'd rather the Malvolio excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us uh, ramble on about Hal Jordan, Green Lanterns, and Green Lantern Volume 3, Number 50. Uh, definitely a great issue and kind of the, uh, not even the end to a good run, but sort of a midpoint of a good run on Green Lantern that's worth checking out. I would say if you guys agree, if you disagree, if you want to uh, tell us uh, what we got wrong or if you want to give us some suggestions for future comics on Cosmic Treadmill, you can write to us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And don't forget that Jim gets really annoyed when you say that we uh, did a good job, so make sure you uh, let him know how you feel. Um, if you want to try to mean it, though, exactly. If you could mean <laughs> it, that would make us feel better. But if you don't mean it, that at least makes him feel bad. So that's that's go. something. We'll take that. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And uh, I tell you here, and I tell you on the other uh, Weird Comics History podcast, you got to go to Chris is on InfiniteEarth.blogspot.com, where he actually has reviewed. Uh, issues 47 and 40, no, 48, 49, and I have a feeling you're going to be reviewing 50 tomorrow, aren't you? Uh, 50 will be next week. I don't want to ruin the book. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, you, so you can actually do a little catch-up before you listen to this if you want to. <laughs> it's too late now, but... <laughs> anyway, those are up there. Uh, by Monday, you'll be able to read all, the whole arc of them, uh, what he thought of them, and look at some ads from those comics, and it'll be great. So if uh, that's all we got for this week, anything else there, Chris? Nope, we will uh, catch you next time. So long, everybody. Keep it on the treadmill cosmically. Just made a friend A friend is someone you need But now that he had to go that he might say Turn on your heart light Let it shine wherever you go Let it make a happy glow For all the world to see Turn on your heart light In the middle of a young boy Hello, Weird Science DC podcast. Hello, Jim. Hello, Mother. Um, this is Dancing Mike calling with a gorilla review. Uh, my gorilla review is for IDW Publishing ROM number one. Um, this is um, written by Christos Gage and Chris Rial. Pencils and colors by David Messina. Inks by Michelle Posta, who is absolutely delicious. Uh, letters by Sean Lee. Uh, wonderful cover by J.H. Williams III. Um, the, the free comic book day preview starts the issue. Um, two officers in California are driving along Highway 101 near the northern California coast, um, going toward what they think is a bonfire. They are passed by a military vehicle moving at very high speed, some sort of tank. They arrive at the beach, and it's not actually a bonfire. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of military type people surrounding a large metal robot looking man 
who of course is uh, Rom. The some of the officers start acting squirrely and uh, start shooting at Rom. He turns a light on them, reveals that uh, some of the officers are human. Most of them are uh, dire wraiths who are shapeshifters who have come to infiltrate our world disguised as humans. So after he finds out which ones are dire wraiths, he has a weapon called the neutralizer, which basically vaporizes the wraiths. The humans are, of course, freaking out because it looks like he's killing other humans. Uh, one of the officers ends up getting his life force sucked out by a dire wraith who uses uh, it to be able to transform into a wraith hawk, and which uh, Rom has to fight off. The other officer gets away, but uh, it's the female, but she has been... Um, Marked with a with a race mark, they said she her name is Camilla Byers, and uh, she actually gets away and will show up later in the issue. So I'm sure she will be a player in the coming issue. Um, basically, it it goes through, and people are you know some of the guys who are trying to report the race or go to military, and it looks like they've infiltrated the military. Uh, Rom decides he needs to check out and find out why they've been able to infiltrate this planet so much um so he finds a, a a town which has called cooper's mill which is almost entirely overrun by race um there is a woman named uh darby who is a veteran who is just back home and she thinks everything's off her family's giving her an intervention at the park rom shows up um starts using the analyzer on them. They're trying to use her to get access to a military base. Uh, Rom uses the analyzer on all the people, finds out that she is the only human left in the town. Um, so the dire wraiths are using magic to try to stop Rom. He does get away. He ends up rescuing um, Darby. And uh, the humans are going to be turning against him because it looks like he's killing people to those who don't know that they are actually the dire wraiths. And so that's the basic setup. Uh, Darby will probably, he's um, going to try to find out why she was able to not be taken over yet. And the wraiths are taking, are at the Vandenberg Air Force Base. So they are taking over and it looks like, you know, that's a setup and will be continued. Um, if you enjoyed the original ROM series, if you're old enough to remember that, which I am, uh, you'll probably really enjoy this. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. I was a fan of that one. I'm a fan of this one. I'm not a huge fan of space-based stories, but this is nice space technology that happens on Earth. I'm not a huge fan of stories like Vertigo titles where it's all magic, but this has the magic of the dire wraith. So you intertwine the two where it's kind of half and half versus each other. Um, the art does a really good job of making Rom look like a space night, which he is, and the dire race, the magic powers they have. So I think it, it does a good job of capturing, bo capturing both, which is nice. Um, I like the, the writing. It's really good. A lot of exposition and plot and action in this first issue. I was a bigger fan than I thought I would be. I would definitely recommend if you're a fan of the original or if you like the free comic book preview, I would definitely recommend uh, picking this up. I am going to subscribe um, and keep reading it. I give this one a 
a 9 out of 10. Really enjoyed it a lot. Looking forward to next month's issue. Uh, that's my first Gorilla review, and I uh, will see you all in 7. Hey, Flash Reviews, guys. Hell flash yeah. Flash Reviews. We, uh, it's a resurgence. Uh, last week, me and Eric even said when we listened or when we were done the podcast, when I was listening back, and I was telling them that like last week seemed to be like a callback. We had a lot of crazy things, a little mumbo jimbo, yes. flash reviews. I think flash reviews are here to stay. Until Good. At least I love all, flash reviews. Well, until all of yeah, I know. Until <laughs> all of the new fifty two books are over, I, I think that we're going to have a couple flash reviews each week. So if that's, people, that's I, even, I didn't even yeah, and I didn't even think that a lot of these people jumping on with Rebirth onto our podcast have no idea what was going on when that freaking flash sound hit. So just to tell everybody, we kind of do this to be able to talk about a book that we're not going to talk about in length, um, and that's how it goes, right? That the sound effect no, makes me happy. Yeah, nobody wants a 15-hour <laughs> podcast, right? Except no. Reggie over there. Reggie, I Reggie told Can I have a 15-hour podcast, podcast, he said, and at least three of that is me asleep snoring. Though I yeah. don't snore. I've never been a snore. You a snore, right? I would, I would like hope that it snore. would be. Oh, I'm a big snore, yeah. I would it's think like, it would be. I rattle the windows. The reason my wife Dude, and I can be can stay married is that she sleeps, you know, she sleeps like the dead. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, there would be there would be major problems. But I would hope that any sounds of you sleeping would also be accompanied by sounds of your kids drawing on your face. They're drawing on my face like a screw penis. With you. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, whatever it is. I'm like, whatever they want to Double double cheeseburger. I just said <laughs> Actually I don't I think when I I'm like your wife. I go to bed, I'm I'm out. Uh and then I wake up and cry. Then it's time to get up and go to work. That's usually me. Eric, you don't snore, do you? No, I lie awake at night and just think about killing Jess because she's think a about terrible it. fucking snore and I'm a very yeah. light sleeper, so I don't really get yeah. to sleep very much. I thought you were uh, up at night thinking of your crippling debt. No, that no, is, no. That's not what's happening. I think I like of Jess's and that's Eric. why we don't get married. Yeah, that's true. Eric sleeps on his back with his hands folded over his chest like Dracula. That's what I like yes. to imagine. And then as he Doing rises, he's just night. like stiff as a board as he it's rises. That. He just he just <laughs> rises, just bends at the waist and sits straight up. Good evening. I got my pillow oh. in hand and I just lay there looking at her while she's snoring away and thinking to them like just how so, great like, sleep you, would be. You keep thinking like, if only I could be chief. I could just right now and yeah. right done. <laughs> how do how would I get away with this? Yes, yes. How? You just, you, afterwards, you throw the fucking sink out the window and you jump yeah. out and run. That's I'm on, what the, third, I'm right. on the third floor. So chief just took down. off. Where, where did Chief end up? Did he Who ever was? get caught? He no. just went. He's, He's an Indian there. now. He's in a teepee somewhere, and freaking Batman drinking fire water. He's like, me Cooper. Me him, kill yeah, him. <laughs> yes, DB uh, sitting bull. Ah, uh, yep. yes. Now let's offend more people. Uh, what are we doing? What's the first flash review, Reggie? You're first flash review is Harley Quinn number thirty, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Elsa Charitier. Charitier, maybe. Charitier. Charitier and Raphael. Final issue of Harley Quinn before her book's rebirth is a celebration of the character. Once a psychotic killer's lackey, now she is a headstrong, good-hearted hero who sometimes causes more collateral damage than she should. But no one is breaking Superman's balls when he gets thrown through the 39th floor of six skyscrapers by Mongol. It's misogyny, plain and simple, and in an enlightened society, we would be just as okay with a clown-faced woman bashing someone's brains in with an oversized mallet as with a female president. 
Both concepts empower women and are therefore basically the same thing. Jeez. I got on my soapbox a little bit there, but yeah. <laughs> Don't fall off that soapbox. I have I have certain beliefs. Uh, you know, gonna, I, you're going to stick with them. I don't usually. I don't usually. Eric's do sitting this. there. He has no idea what you just read. I nope. know it. Yeah. No, nope, I have no idea. <laughs> he it checked was, out. It was a good issue. That's that's basically what I was that's getting. That's what you just said. It was I'm looking good, over here. I'm like, man, I got to do some laundry. It yeah. was a good issue. But uh, I'd also like to read my my ending blurb too, which is sort of a special uh, nod to the artist. Oh, uh, wait a second. Uh, I don't usually what, do this. Was- what? Was this oh this what was this your beautiful review of the week or was this <laughs> was that something yes. else? Was this, this the beautiful review of the week, Reggie? Are you? I are forgot you to upset mention that, that to you. Victor I was so happy that Victor. yes, so happy that you did a beautiful <laughs> review. This is why this is why I said that we should have sound music with our reviews because I would have definitely put some nice swelling romantic music it behind be this. Swelling one. romantic, like you know, at the, it, this review seemed like it won Miss America. I think <laughs> the way this was said. <laughs> Here she is, Miss Eddie. You're there. You're dancing with your review. The beauty. I'm <laughs> crying. I saw that. I'm like, like, like what me. the hell? And then I see your. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm like, you see Reggie get the word on the street was it was a, a beautiful virtual review. hand job you were given with this review. <laughs> like you, you were at the uh, review glory hole, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was uh, they, the they praise was heaped well, on me. Let me well, tell you. Yes, well, I want to hear this uh, beautiful ending. That okay, so this, this was the hear. at the end, and it was DC, why don't you have Elsa Chartier drawing all the things? Why aren't you sending gift baskets of cash to her house until she agrees to draw two backups a month at exorbitant rates that you are compelled to pay? Why aren't you fanning her with palm fronds and having her trained helper monkey feed her succulent ripened grapes off the stem? Is there a vision vision problem at your offices, DC? Perhaps you need to do company-wide eye exams? Let's set something up. In the meantime, please forward the appropriate chests of rare gems and silks that Miss Charitier needs to become exclusive at your company. Thank you. You wow, looking for a sweet. date? Seriously. I don't she, think she retweeted the review either. I think it went a little I, too far, and yeah. then she didn't want to get, you know, make it seem like she was, like, pushing things, like she paid you or something, Her right? Her art is fucking phenomenal, and especially yeah, in this issue, it really was just perfect. Uh, there were a lot of good scenes of, you know, movement happening, action, things going on. It was beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. And th- th- this was the, the Harley Quinn issue. For all the Harlequin fans that have drunk, you know, drank the Kool Aid and they dig the whole scene, you'd love it. Nine out of ten. Oh, and it, it's it's funny too. Not funny, but you're going to be doing Harlequin next week as well, right? That's Isn't right. that when the uh, number one comes out for yes. Rebirth? Yep. Um, and that probably will be on the spotlight, at least one of them. And uh, because I think we have what we have that and Suicide Squad next week, right? Yeah, both I guess. Rebirth number ones, both your books, Reggie. So I figured. That what we'll do with you, I mean, quite frankly, everything you do, Reggie's beautiful. <laughs> and so I figured next week on Thursday, yeah, you record the the thing by yourself. Me and Eric are gonna go to bed. Yeah, you can I'll, I'll use all together. Spotlight for you, but yeah, you have another book. Uh, the next book you're gonna have is gonna shock the world. That's you right. Are yeah. almost this is the Muhammad Ali of reviews because it's gonna shock the world. That's I, right. Like I, and let me tell you, my review, this is this was pretty beautiful. Was this a beautiful no one, one as well? No one said it. No you one told said me. It. You, you actually sent me a note and said, because at one point, uh, your reviews seemed to be down in the numbers. 
you know, yeah. the stats. And I said, boy, I don't, I thought people were going to be into all your reviews. You also did Batgirl as well. And yep. you were like, I don't know what's going on. I really took a lot of time with these reviews this week. And I was like, you were a sucker. Yeah, it was the beauty. I didn't put it up. But beauty. you know what? The the beauty always wins out because you, you ended up making a huge rebound. Yeah, the next with thing, the God damn it, blew up. Yeah, I know because I think oh. he paid people. He, he got so upset that people weren't looking at his reviews. He like rounded up a bunch of homeless guys. It's like when they get like a, a game show or something. They have to get a crowd. He just gathered up homeless guys, promised them a hand job and some fucking bean soup. Oh, next thing you know, it. numbers through the fucking roof. You know what's funny, though, is all those homeless guys already knew about the website. I don't know. Go figure. it's weird. It's weird. Well, they knew about Eric Shea. He is (laughs) America's sweetheart. So there you go. What is All right. So the next book is Teen Titans, number 22, written by Tony Bedard, art by Ian Churchill, Norm Ratman, and Tony Avigna. Red Robin is restrained at Bell Rev Prison in the clutches of Amanda Waller for consideration as a member of the Suicide Squad. Of course, this means the rest of the Teen Titans have to bust into jail to free their leader. This issue shows members of the team getting along and working together, which was a nice change. Ultimately, Red Robin didn't even need their stupid help, but I enjoyed watching the Titans solve problems and come to each other's aid. Nice. So they were likable people for once. For once. Excellent. For once, and what what did you give it? That's the shot. I, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, that's crazy. A 7.5 for this Teen Titans book, to me, is like another book's 15. It, it, it really is, and and the sad thing is, I couldn't review it without comparing it to the rest of the run. I I really don't like to do that, but I couldn't because it was just such a. It was like, wow, they actually like know each other's power sets and personalities all of nice. a sudden, you know. And the, and I think part of it too is fucking Wonder Girl was barely in it, so I think that helped. She's a total bitch. Yeah, she is, and and just sets everybody. Yeah, they all get yeah. pissed off when she's around. Yeah, I think she makes and everyone pissed me off too. Well, the next one is Eric's book, and it's kind of a shock as well. I know, Doctor Fate number fourteen. Now I'm not fancy. I'm not putting all them credits up on there. In this <laughs> issue of Doctor Fate, we're given two stories for some reason. The first being a continuation of where we left off last issue with Kent Nelson teaching Khalid how to use his power and really how to clean up his messes since Khalid left a doorway to the afterlife open where we last left, allowing the monkey demon of Freet uh, loose and set and fired in New York in the previous issue. The second being a topical story about the Christian and Muslim community rallying together to pray and protest against recent terror attacks, which, uh, you know, it really led to other protesters outside saying nonsense, like, you know, get out of our country, all mm-hmm. that nonsense. But, you That's know, it's really topical. Everybody likes to get on top of that. Luckily, Khalid really stepped up here and squashed the situation by creating the protesters' ancestors to shame them into leaving. Even though we have two separate stories here, the issue does have a lot to offer, but sadly, they aren't in the same story. The first is a very standard Dr. Fate story, but has some awesome art, probably the best that the series has seen. And the second story... Who did the the art? You son of a bitch. Yep, that's (laughs) what I thought. (laughs) I like his work. Anaki Miranda. He does good work. Anaki Miranda. Oh, you happy now? No. You son of a bitch. Now I got to go back to my notes. All right. And the second one had, like, you know, this really decent story that actually showed that Khalid is stepping up as a hero and possibly being the hero we want him to be. But the art style was really trying to mimic the normal series. And that never impresses me. And seeing someone try to do that was even worse in my mind. But I enjoyed the issue enough for what it gave us 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. Again, that's like a a 22 out of 10 for. For what we've gotten from you with that. And I'm going to finish up with Deathstroke number 20, which I do have the credits since the last like 80 times we've done it, we've included credits. 
uh, written by James Bonney, art by Paolo Pantalina, Arif Prianto, and Dave Sharp. James Bonney ends his run on Deathstroke by resetting the character in a way that felt a bit like giving DC the middle finger, but was also fun and true to the run. Deathstroke finally saves his children, but also made the League of Assassins a bit stronger, and in the end is left all alone. Yep, all of Slade's enemies end up joining Raja Ghul, and his children Jericho and Rose leave Slade, but really... The last part is probably for the better because every bit uh, around Slade is, is bad times for them, and they almost die again in this issue. Uh, James Bonney presses the reset button, puts the classic Terminator back in place for Christopher Priest to return or bring him back for Rebirth. But no matter where the character ends up, I will thank James Bonney for making me a fan. The art by Paolo Pantalina was awesome, and if you like Oops. action movies as much as I do, do yourself a favor and pick up this run and trade, and I guarantee you'll have run reading it. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. You say we'll have run reading it? What's that? You just say we'll have run reading it? No, I said have fun reading it. Oh, okay. Uh, you will have fun reading it. Nice. And I, uh, it's odd at the end, they are sitting there, Rose and Jericho and Slade, and Rose just says, What's going on, Dad? You're getting older again. And he got the hair back and old, and that's how it ended. <laughs> even, and then Rose and, got up and said, fuck you, Dad, I'm no, out. No, they just left. Yeah, they yeah. left. They're like, we're he out said, of here. Uh, all I said, even in my new review. creative all, team. Yep. All of the <laughs> villains just end up, at one point, look like they had died, but they didn't. And and at one point, like, um, remember Snakebite? Yeah. Snakebite's yelling uh, at somebody, and Slade just comes and slices him in half, it looks. And then the lawman is busy screaming something at uh, Raja Ghul. And then out of nowhere, Destro comes in and shoots him right in the chest and runs off. It's so crazy. But yeah, yeah it was like that. And uh, But yeah, I said that he was smart. He smartened up James Bonney and thought to himself, you know what? If I keep these characters that I created around and somebody uses them, I'll get some money down the line. So they all end up uh, joining the League of Assassins. And that's it. And uh, yeah, it's all set for Christopher Priest, and I'll be reviewing that as well. But we'll see. It's kind of a shame that we had to reset things. So I actually ended up liking the young slave. I did too. I actually liked how that was, and I thought that you got more than just Slade going around and fighting and killing people that you always get. He was trying to do some with his family, and I, I do think that at one point either the story was going to end but had to be extended because, you know, there was only four more issues left, so you couldn't really start a whole new arc and, and things like that. Things got a little wacky uh, for James Bonney, and I had to do a little hocus-pocus, but I thought that he did a pretty good job. But that is Flash Reviews. All right, we're back. We're back for the stretch run. Stretch run, Eric. Up to the plate home run. Here we go. Up to the plate home run. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. God. Here it goes. Your poor pants. Here it goes. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, I think I just gave birth to a brown one-eyed snake. (laughs) I don't know why it had an eye, but the eye looked a lot like a piece of corn. I don't want to know. Look like a piece of corn there. We're going to start this section with. Oh, my with. God. I swear to God, he had yellow eyes. Oh, my God. Yellow eyes. Yellow eyes. Flash number three. 
written by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmen D. Giandamonico, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. I'm now fully on the Josh Williamson trolley, and I'm enjoying the Flash very, very much. <laughs> very to much me, good. Very much good, this was, is. To me, it's been about making Barry Allen a good guy again in this issue. Uh, that is the case. Barry helps some of the new speedsters, meets a potential love interest that I think is more than she's letting on, and everything is hunky-dory until the end when Godspeed kills everyone, Eric. Everyone. Maybe three guys. guys. And I love Godspeed kills three guys that aren't exactly the greatest of dudes, right? No, no. They're fucking expendable. Yeah, and it looks like the Godspeed is not August Hart after all. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either. I I really think Joshua Williamson is still going to play his games. I'm telling you, it's... I said right away it wasn't him. I'm going to stay with it. But really... For everybody to die around him and him kind of surviving, I don't know. And but He's the only one to survive to tell the tale. It's weird, though, yeah. But the weird thing about that is, is why? What's the end game of showing up as, like, it's Godspeed. Like, you know what I mean? There is no end game to that, to me. No. To, to, you're playing your hand in a weird way. It'd be like Mr. Oz out of, out of nowhere in Action Comics just coming in and saying, like, it was dark side but it's really him why why throw your hand or anything or it was mr oz that guy mr oz it just seemed weird but i do like this book we were talking before we came on for a little too long yeah uh it's getting very early um and we were nitpicking it around i still do like this issue for what i said the main reason in my blurb i think barry comes off as a really good guy here this is a Barry that I like, a Barry who wants to help everyone, who wants to do the right thing, even though he really doesn't know what the right thing is yet. But there's the speed force. Seems to happen. It's the next day. Yeah. And you get the idea. There are a bunch of pieces of crap where not everybody's really good guy. Yeah, they're not good guys. And I like that. You're not going to get that. The speed force hits now again. I often think that the speed force kind of plays around like it does with the Green Lantern rings where it chooses people. But this is something that seems to be pushed forward by a Dr. Carver and Black Hole. Yes. It seems they had started. So I don't think this is necessarily pure it is pure speed force but i think it's forced into these people so you're gonna get bad guys good guys whatever and the one thing though i really like they take down these guys august and flash and and flash even spells out like hey he's taking a little too much pleasure in bringing these guys down um but hey you know what we're partners he really he's a good guy he's letting (laughs) shit go though i think he's a little bit too happy to have a partner than doing the right thing at this point that's what i'm saying because i think he's just a guy who wants a friend and when wally came back it reminded him of how great a time it was with kid flash and he wants that magic back he's willing to overlook some things (laughs) uh but yeah best scene of the book then happens where it's my favorite oh it's so good I told you right when I read it, I, I said to you or I messaged you like, oh, man, that's so good because it's announced. The There's an announcement that, hey, there's another crime committed by speedsters, stopped by Flash and his mysterious new partner. But, hey, this storm created a whole bunch of speedsters. We don't know what's going on. We think they're here to stay. And you see a bar with the complete rogue sitting there, and they're like, we are out. All right, guys. Time to pack it up. We're out. It's funny, too, because Captain Cold's just there, and he's like, yep, 
Well, Rokes, looks like it's time we left Central City for a while, and I like it, and it's funny, but it also makes sense to me, except that that I wish that when shit went wrong, I would have loved to have seen Barry, and now we saw this at the end with the Riddler thing in the New 52 that didn't go as well, but I I think Joshua Williamson might have been able to do it a little better where Barry has to get a bunch of people. He has to get people on his side, and the Rogues would have been one of them, and they still may. He may call out to them. But I love this. It's just like I'm telling you, in nope. my mind right now, it, it's a fun just a thing to throw out there. Like, yeah, the rogues are not about this, but we're not going to be dealing with them in my mind. We have this no. whole speech. Well, that's so what like, I'm saying. That's why out. I think it. Yeah, and it, it takes them off the table. You don't have to worry about them. Yeah. So I wish that they were still on the table. But you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of the deal where youth said where the Justice League comes a knocking, and Green, no. <laughs> Closes the day. It really did. It's like, yep, let's get the fuck out of here, boys. And it is all of them there. There's Golden Glider back there looking hot there in their little booth, right? Yeah. Weather Wizard <laughs> hanging. Yeah. But then it's a good call out, too, because they're going to arrest these guys and they're going to send them. It's not, it's weird. It's almost like they're going to let these guys kind of get a little bit of a pass, but they have to kind of. We, we, we got to subdue them for a little while, and yes, it's the only have place that's Iron Heights. Yeah, and I like that callback because that was set up. You have Zoom in Iron Heights. Flash himself got arrested and was going to be put in Iron Heights before he escaped, before that. And then, you know, one of those one of those awesome cliches where, hey, if you're so bad, why did you save me? And then he was free. Everything was scot free. Uh, but, yeah, the Iron Heights, they have these guys, and they're there. And it's really spelled out in this. It, it keeps going on and on. That Zoom is in Iron Heights. You have to know that if you had just jumped on the books, that that's where Zoom is. He also has been convicted of killing Barry's mom, and it's killing him. But you said, I said, I, I've read the solicits. It looks like Zoom is going to join Barry at some point against Godspeed, almost an enemy of my enemy. Is you Which know, sounds cool as hell, and I did not read the solicits. So you, you yeah. know all the, you're like, this is really spelled out for this. I'm like, and I just thought it was there to have the connection for August with his brother yeah. and his killer. I, also, I also do think, though, it's continuing more of this, like, recap of kind of what's happened. And I don't yeah. mind a little bit in each issue and when it comes up, like, to say. I even think that was the other thing, even with the rogues there. Just to remind people, somebody who's yeah. jumped on, maybe they weren't even in the book. It gets them interested. Like, who is that? You know, oh, it's Captain Cold. Oh, the rogues. They're the, the best. And it's, it's funny. It'd be funny if, like, they go, and meanwhile, on Gorilla Island, you just see fucking <laughs> Brad there taking a shit. He's so uh, pissed off. Everybody has a speed force but him. Yeah, he, he should be dead, or Dead. You should but be yeah. dead. Yes. There's both. Oh. August says, like, hey, only one person can be, you know, only one group can be responsible. That's Black Hole. I want to get Barry, why don't you know this? Yeah, and they were also involved with my my brother. Now he's really, like, before it seemed like he really wanted to, um, I I, I guess he always wanted to find the the proof or whatever. He knows that this guy walked. Yeah, Billy Park. Billy Park. But... I don't know. He he's more of justice now. Before it really seemed like it was pushing that he was going to try like a flashpoint to get his brother back, and then do something. Now he just wants this. He wants to stop black hole and find evidence to put Billy. Well, it's it's weird because every issue it seems like I'm getting a different backstory about what happened. Well, that's like, what I mean. That, like I, I thought his brother was killed by like during like you know normal stuff, and then it, like next issue it seemed like oh this guy was. You know, on trial, but there was wasn't enough evidence. And now here, it seems like he was locked up, but then let go. 
Well, no, I, I think that he actually said that the be- he wants to get them and then maybe I can bring justice to, for killing my brother. I don't think that it ever got to the point. He's like, if they know where Park is, I might finally bring them to justice. It does make that line makes it seem like he's a, a fucking, you know, a, a, not a renegade, what, a, uh, he jumped parole or something. Right, right. You know, the, and now all of a sudden you, you think that the trial was set and he fucking headed to Mexico. I don't think that's – I think that they're just doing the whole thing. Hey, I'll know where he is. I can go get him and, and can you know try to find the evidence. I don't know. I, I think that in my mind, the attitude towards everything of his is is different. Like at one point, he just wanted to kill everybody involved. Now, you know, now he's getting to the part where he's fucking dog the bounty hunter. He's going to bring him in, but it is weird. Um but then they, they talk about, hey, you know what? All these speedsters at Star Labs. And Barry's like, Star what? what? What about Star Labs? Oh, you didn't hear? I thought you'd be the first to know. And really, he should have been, yeah. right? Everybody else seems to fucking know. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to do what they're doing. You would think they'd call the Flash. But you had pointed out, what is your big problem? I have a huge problem with something else. But you have a big problem with what Star Labs is doing. Well, in Star pick- Labs is gathering up all these speedsters and doing tests. I'm like, this is, you know, in, like experimenting on the speed force. This is illegal. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, they meet the director. Uh, and she almost spells it out like, well, we're not. She says it when later when Flash goes to, to help a little girl and almost spells out like, we're not doing tests. We're just seeing if they're healthy. Yeah, you're going around. You're going a roundabout way and fucking breaking the yeah, law is what you're doing. It's bullshit. She she's lying. Uh, in the meantime, my biggest problem is this storm happened yesterday. Yeah, they have equipment here. So if anything's been set up forever, it seems if, like. If anything, this is equipment that was set up by Black Hole when because we know Doctor Carver was doing experiments in Star Labs. Yep. This should not be there like it is. Plus, at that point, you really had one speedster, yet you have three treadmills. You got all these crazy things. You got people phasing through fucking, you know, concrete. Oh, or you know what? I didn't see that before because I was yelling to you before we got on the air. I'm like, it's weird because when the Zoom was doing us, we had the whole Zoom crew and they all had different aspects. Yeah, of yeah. The they seem the power. to have different powers, but it, it also leads back to exactly what Flash was trying to teach August. Yeah. Remember when he first like you can uh, okay. through things. For some reason, I was thinking that, this is this his only this person's only power that we're seeing in this big. Yeah, yeah. Page, I, I think that all these maybe guys he is just have, phasing. They are all it, speedsters. It is weird though that you're doing this, and yet who is like like when Barry was talking to August, and he was like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, if you work real hard, you can concentrate. You get your you vibrate. You can phase through stuff." And remember, August is like that sounds That's dangerous. That's not for me. I am out. That's not for me. I just want to run. Just show me how to run so I can do this. Uh, even the one guy, he's like levitating a ping pong ball, doing crazy shit. Where are they learning to do this? Because Barry even said to August, like, "Hey, when I got hit with the speed force, it took me a while to to figure this out because I was alone. I can help you." I understand the guy's running, but this guy with the ping pong ball—it's a day. This is something in the be in my mind. What's that? Is there a whirlwind in the background? Like somebody's yeah, creating just, a tornado? That, there is in the thing because they're running on that weird, almost like a roller derby track. You <laughs> see them running there? It might even be just one person that are trying to show he's. I don't know. It's very odd. And to me, again, if Star Labs is never supposed to do experiments. Yeah, something's a little wonky. Yeah. That they either have the black hole 
things that, you know, shit that they were doing and have their stuff because these people there are too well into doing these powers that, like Barry said, I, at first, I like these people shouldn't even know the whole thing if you fall, the speed force protects you at this point. And Barry's all excited at, at a point because he wants to teach them. Yeah. And I really like that. We even said that, that we, before, that we really like that idea. It's weird though because these people seem to be doing okay on their own. And well, the hell, fucking the, the, what the hell is the main girl's name who runs Well, that's uh, when you meet her. It's Dr. Mina, uh, Dewan. Dewan. And Mina like, Dewan. She, she has a power that Flash doesn't even have. Yeah, yeah. And she introduces them, say, hey, how are you doing? You know, I, and this is what she says. But I'm fascinated by the Speed Force storm and its effects on Central City citizens. So I've been named the director. That's all she needed to do. Like, everybody didn't want to be any parts of this. Things are really loose and free in Star yeah, Labs. I, yeah, really. Star Labs, if you show interest, it's like, boy, you know what? I'd love to be the president of France. Boom. President of France. You know uh, what uh, I really like? You know puppetry. I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, Let's work on some puppetry at Star Labs. You go. You're the director of puppetry. And then <laughs> one guy's like, yeah, I really like chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. You own Keebler now. You're in. Boosh. It's so weird. It, it is very forced. But it's okay. And I like that um, she seems to be a very quickly a love interest. At one point, I thought they were going to kiss Eric. Uh, but, yeah, she's like, she's talking to him. Hey, Barry and Wally were going to kiss, too, though. Yeah, really. I, I also like the fact that they must think, like, what the fuck are you guys? So You guys are shooting sparks of lightning everywhere you go. <laughs> Why aren't we? What happened to us? But, yeah, she even says, like, hey, who's your partner? Yeah, I don't have a fancy name yet. <laughs> Really? That's what you're going to say, August? Come up with something. Godspeed. You know, yeah, yeah, that, again, it's either that it is Godspeed, which I don't think it is. I've said all along that it isn't. Whenever something like this ending happens, it starts worrying me because once it really <laughs> stresses that it shouldn't, but you don't get all the stuff. Well, it's almost stressing like, that he doesn't have a name yet, but then like, oh, there's this character, Godspeed. You wouldn't know about him, but this is his name. Yeah. Also that and the fact – this is like one of those where I would say to you like, hey, uh, August is going to die. And then at the end, you think he's dead, but you never see the body. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you're like, oh, no, I'm starting to get worried. <laughs> a guy on the site even is like, congratulations on on guessing that August wasn't the you know, guy. I'm like, don't say that. Like a fucking <laughs> you're going to fucking jinx this shit for me. Yeah, I am. But yeah, this lady, uh, Mina Singh. Mina? Mina? Mina Singh. It's Mina Dawan. Uh, Dewan. Dewan. <laughs> that H throws me off. But she's <laughs> like, hey, you know what? I'm not just interested. I'm not just a, a, a owner. I'm also a member. That's and right. She, she zips off. She goes, I was just in Keystone City. Now, Flash's like, yeah, bullshit. You didn't go anywhere. But yeah, she, he's like, not too shabby. And there's freaking August. You can flirt later. I like. <laughs> he's like, let's get back to our day jobs. Uh, much more. We have a lot to do, Flash. Let's investigate Black Hole. And I want Mina to say, like, listen, I, I'm fast, but I also have ears. I can yeah. hear you. You're right Black next. Black Hole, huh? Yeah. Oh, Black Hole and your day job's partner. Oh, what's going on? August. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Because uh, freaking Flash keeps calling him August. Well, I really hope in Central City that August is like the top name for like whatever yeah. year he was born. So there's uh, a shit ton of them. Yeah. It's funny to me, too, because at this point, August is really pushing. Listen, Barry, 
we got to get back to work. This black hole thing, we got to do it. And yeah, you can think, oh, you know what? It's very selfish of him. He just wants with his brother deal. But he keeps saying it. And they kind of forget about that within two seconds. Yeah. Because he's like, let's get back. I know. I, I'm not, I'm not flirting. We'll get back to that eventually. And then they kind of dilly dally. And then they go and look at stuff. And August is still there with him. And he's there. And then at the one point, he's like, okay. Yeah, I'll cover the city. You go with her. I'm like, well, what's going on, August? You got what? tired of waiting. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, they go and it, it, there is a lot of forced things here. I do like this issue. But yeah, she's got this fucking minority report type computer. And he's like, oh, he reads it. Oh, I'm the lightning rod that goes on. Now, one thing that I missed that I really liked a lot that intrigues me is that he does say, I'm a step slower now that all of these speedsters have returned. Oh, yeah, you share the speed force. You know it's fast. Sharing the speed force. I wonder if he's going to mention the next issue, because at the end, I'll spoil at the end, uh, it looks like Godspeed has killed three of the speedsters, these new speedsters. Do you think that that is able to be technically that he'll be able to tell if the speed force has increased even that little bit of an increment of three dead? Oh, I'm sure you know he will, yeah. Because if he doesn't, that means that Godspeed definitely stole their powers like we thought, that he's grabbing the speed force. And uh, you think that maybe that'll come up. That he's like, they're dead, but boy, the speed force did not change for me. That speed force transferred to something, and then you'll find out. Because I do think that Godspeed is going around, has made the speed force uh, storm to make these speedsters to use. They're, they're almost like veal. They're the veal of the speed force. They're just going to let them sit there. And then he's going to steal their, their speed force when he needs Yeah, why not have them all in one spot? Which leads to us saying that we really think that this uh, Dewan, the director Dewan or whatever. Yeah, is she's up to no all, good. That she's up to no good. She can sense that that's her power that she got when she hit the speed force. She can actually reach out. She's like that in the X-Men where they put the fucking, what is that thing, where he puts the... the Cerebro. Professor, Cerebro. She's like the speed force Cerebro. She can see where they are, go and get them. And I think that she's in league. I think that she was working with Black Hole when they got fired from Star Labs. They covered it up so they could still have somebody on the inside. Yeah. Uh, they do spell out that August kind of knows about her. And, hey, you're that hotshot from Argus who came there. So, yeah, I, somehow I think she's connected. She she may even be like fucking Dr. Carb. Well, honestly, that call out to Ar- uh, Argus as well, because didn't they say when they banned the experiments on the it speed It was banned force, from was, everyone. And I'm saying, though, it was like yeah. it came down from Argus as well as yep. Batman. It was Argus, Batman, and it was almost like a treaty. Like, listen, yeah. we all agree to not do this, not look into it. And that was good. But August goes off to do his thing. You don't know where he went. Um, and you do see, I really, I it's pretty quick. There's Iris and Wally. It's not a huge scene. It's just to show Wally is a good guy who's trying to help Iris and has the speed force. But he does uh, the wrong things with it. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He is bad. But yeah, uh, Iris shows up to sing. She wants some info. Shows up with the worst fucking Friday, casual Friday outfit I've ever seen. Shows up to the police station to get some info as a reporter with a heart shirt and the fucking, you know, the bandana there. Neckerchief bandana. Lover boy. What is she doing? She does it her way. Uh, yeah, she does. She's working for the weekend. and Down on her knees, making sing, love as she pleases. She's hot girls in love right here, Eric. I don't <laughs> care what you say. Uh, she is 
going with singing, baby. You know, hey, can't you tell me? And Ed trying to trick him into things, which he does fall for one. In the meantime, there's Wally, who uses the speed force, gets the black hole information she wants. She doesn't question it. She is a woman who wants what she wants, Eric. If you give her the info, she's going to look the other way. She's like Barry. She's like Barry with fucking August. They're both look the other wayers. Honestly, I think Wally did this, though, because, like, judging by the way she's dressed, she is not going to work. They were supposed to go out and get ice cream. She promised Wally, like, a fun day. And she's like, well, let's stop here for five minutes. I need to get work. He was done with the nonsense. what you're saying is if he didn't do this, he was never getting his ice cream. Exactly. He wants to speed up the process. Like, we can go go go-kart racing. Okay, Ann Iris. Oh, right. And she's like, listen, we could go listen to LPs. And hey, what? We could do a bit of burning. I don't know what that means, but I'd like to do things with my aunt. Let's get going. Next thing he's writing in the penthouse letters. I don't know what's going I'll on. Never believe what happened. Yes, but then that's when uh Dewan, the uh, director Dewan, what I call her. Sure. I, I I'm so off with this name. Uh she says to Barry, Hey, you know what? I want you to help somebody. Let's go. Um I have, that's where you get, I have the power. I can find these people with the speed force. What's weird to me is that it, it's spelled out that she has gone to see this girl before. It's odd to me. Like to me, she has gone to see this girl, right? Yeah. She says that. She went, Hey, you should get over here to our star labs. It's a fun place. And she's like, I don't want to go. She says later even, listen, I, I don't want doctors. I, you know, it scares me. Yeah, me too. She's like, okay, now I got the flash. I can get this girl there because everybody loves the flash, especially somebody with speed force powers. I think she's playing flash to do this, to get the, another speedster at the star labs. And she goes to do it. I love every bit about Barry though. This oh, is like, this, great is the, this. this is the best scene for a Barry Allen fan, uh, since rebirth. Because he goes to see this girl, and it's a very personal thing. He knows what she's going through. She can't slow down. I think the art for her and this whole scene is incredible. I love that whole, like, you know, she's hand really thing. going. And, yeah, all, even just when she's under the blanket, and you see her, and she's shaking and all that, and everything's going. And you can see shit has been knocked over. Oh, yeah. Things Paper's flying around. Flying. And really, I really like the way Josh Williamson does this because she is so concerned that her friends aren't going to like her anymore. That's yeah. really all she's concerned about. Freak. She's so upset. Yeah. She doesn't want to be looked at as different, and she can't stand. Now, it is a, uh, an adult thing. Like, I don't think I can handle that kind of rejection. It, it seemed a little over the top with that, but it's true. That's what she's upset about. I like that. And Barry just sits with her. And you know what else is really good? And I say this a lot of times where you can tell somebody who not even just has had kids but really like kids – when they talk to them, they get down to their level. Like you have a little five-year-old, and if you're standing above them like Batman in that red That's hood, right. you know, and you're like, you know what? You should do this. When you see – even you'll see police officers and the ones that you know, like they are good people. At least uh, they get down. They get on one knee and get to their eye level. I can love so to say they're, please. They're not intimidated anymore and just say, you know what? Hey, you, you know, you'll be okay, whatever. It's really good, and that's what he does. He gets down – gets down even below her level and just says, listen, I know what it's like. Here's what you do. Make a fist and then name some things that you like. And it's so good because, yeah, that's the concentration that you would have to like, okay, I like this. I like my – and the things that she likes are my bright red kicks. I think this is actually Rafe because this is like what he would – my tales of fire and ice of fire and ice books, my dog McKay. And what I really like about this, my bright red kicks is pretty much like – 
boom, it's it's together. Yeah. I, and as she goes on, words are separated. And as the same time, you see the vibration go. And then it's like she loves my mom, my dad. And then she's like, hey, cool, thanks. And he's like, no, no, it was you. And there's Mina right there. Oh, yeah. An emotional. I just, I don't trust her one bit. <laughs> no, don't. I don't trust and, her at all. And Tony, if, even by the end, when we found out that, like, you know, August, like, Godspeed was here, killed everybody. You're just looking at that costume for tits at the end of this. Yeah, we were. Because I, I really thought, I, I more think that she's involved. I more think also that it's like, okay, the speedster's here. Go get him. Hey, Flash went there. He's not there now. I'm still. Yeah him right now he's not around go get up go get these guys it just happens that august went to go talk to them i that's where i i don't know because yeah it looks like barry and, and this woman are gonna kiss right also i'm so i'm so paranoid it's her that when flash this girl and uh, uh mean and go to run back to to star labs i'm like you you bitch with that smile on your face you know that you're going to kill this girl (laughs) i was so angry and yet you're also it it really is weird that they really spelled out that like you were responsible flash because i think that's what they're going to throw in his face when shit goes wrong Um, barry needs some more guilt in his life they're going iron heights and they oh my god there's uh you know an emergency barry went to go check out on these guys again and there's an emergency and that's where the guard's like oh your partner's in there now and he's like my partner what what is he doing and you go in and shit has gone wrong there are the three guys who are there and they are burn victims now it looks and in fact one guy looks like he's trying to be alive he looks like he's trying to crawl but yeah he's not the others are charred victims and um yeah he goes in he's like oh my god what happened and that's where she says, I can sense that the speed force has been ripped out of these three guys. They're dead. Um, but he still has it. You know, August it's so weird to me that he doesn't check August right away. August, he I thinks know. August is dead immediately. and doesn't even bother to check. Hey, out of sight, out of mind. He was about to get a kiss. doesn't need this. But yeah, that's when August. He's got the hots for Iris. And it's so great, too. Here you go. They're there. There's the speedster. August is on death's door, doesn't say Barry. He knows the importance of a secret identity. Yeah. August, he's, you're alive. Yeah. He goes, Flash? Oh, my God, you're alive, August. Oh, there we go. Shut up, Barry. Going. Yeah, if if this lady does not know that Barry is Flash now, she is a moron. We've been told she's a genius there. She should do it. Yeah, he's like, I came to check in on the robbers. What, what was he checking? Really? What was he doing? I think he, if anything, he was up to no good himself. Yeah. And then Godspeed happened to come because I really do think that he was up to nothing. But he's like, honestly, there was no reason for these like three kids that decided they got speed force powers are going to rob a bank. There's nothing to talk to them about. You know exactly what happened. That's why I'm saying it's weird. But you know what I do see now and I like. He does say the only well, well, he says someone broke in. They knew how to vibrate through walls. And who did? He said. He said his name was Godspeed. Now, it is weird, but Godspeed would kind of vibrate through walls. But where, I, I hope that there's video of it. I hope the <laughs> next, if the next issue, because... It's moving I, too fast for video. And it, Yeah, that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. That it's going to be, and then you're going to think, oh, he's lying, but he is. I don't know. But it makes me wonder if August is on the up and up. That maybe he's doing, It doesn't work out to me, though, the way... It would because he's doing this. He, you know, what does he gain? I said, what does he gain from saying like this is tipping his hand now? 
Oh, he said his name was Godspeed. Now Barry's on the tail of some Godspeed that happens to also be August. Why would he do this? If only the only thing I could think of is when you steal these powers from people, it knocks you out a bit at first because it's so much. Something went wrong. We're going to see, I guess. I don't know. He used the speed force as a weapon. (laughs) And uh, what the hell does that mean? Uh, but I like this issue. I really love the Barry Allen parts. I love him with the girl. I do like the, the, the whole thing where we are getting to see, uh, Barry being excited about being a, a mentor to these people. I really hope that he was going to come. I think that it's going to kind of skirt that. I think he's got too much going on for them to go from here for him back. The only thing I can think of, like a detective, that he goes to this star labs and says, listen, everybody gather around, take a knee because People are after us now. That three of three monsters are dead. Shit got real. I we're upping the ante right now. It's montage time. We yeah, are ca- training. This Godspeed training too. Is, if he's stealing powers, it really reminds me of like Siler from Heroes. Yeah, just going around to try to get all the freaking you know the um, you know hero people hmm? and just taking their powers. Yeah. Well, and that and but I think that's I think that's kind of what we're getting. I think that Godspeed is if it's say it's Doctor Carver. Yeah. If it is, Doctor Carver's it, ripped. It's really out in the open, and it'll be one of those because uh, I couldn't walk, but now with the speed force, I only want it. It's very cliche and kind of the same thing that we've seen every time. Yeah. That it's oh, this guy's jealous. This guy wants this. This guy wants that. I really like the way that. Godspeed looks at this final page. Yeah. And if if that's the case. It does make sense that he's like, oh, you know what? This made me be able to walk, but now I want more, and I need more power, and I want to be the biggest speedster. And they really do also push the whole deal. Hey, everybody's trained in Flash, but nobody's near you yet. And, you know, is it one of those where he wants to be the number one speedster? If he does, he should just go right after Flash right away, right? It kind of seems like Zoom, too, this whole thing. That's what I mean. It, It just seems like the same old thing. That's why I'm worried that he's going to trick us and, and it is something <laughs> different because if it is him just trying to get the powers because he wants to be able to walk and he went whatever. So he it, can go back in time do a flashpoint and save yeah, his brother. Just, yeah. Yeah. Save, yeah. With all, that's what I think that's leading to it. If nothing else, August has mentioned that the evidence was destroyed the night Barry became the flash with yeah. the accident. And yeah, he would go back. I actually, got to the point where i thought that august is not godspeed he's not bad but what he wants to do is go back but he's going to screw something up and then you'll get him trying to help barry get the powers back but yeah it'll be crazy yeah because yeah then you're gonna have a barry out or you have one of those like it's a wonderful life reverse where he goes back to get the power or get the evidence he messes something up. Barry's there. He hits Barry. He becomes the Flash then, right? Uh, something like that. And then he goes back, and Barry has a great life. Like, yeah. it's the best life ever. And he's like, oh, you know what? But he has to get him. I, I don't know. We'll and now see. the time's rewritten. Zoom never went back in time and killed yeah, his mother. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that – and maybe he'll do the right Flashpoint, but it's still – something will get fucked up. His brother hates him. <laughs> that he gets his brother back and he then, hates him so he wants to go back yeah and then august goes back makes sure this goes the right way again but the time ripples happen we have a new 52 there you go and pandora grabs or, the vertigo universe grabs the wild universe puts the it all real together. rebirth starts <laughs> that's what we want you know what i'd say to that eric i'd say this <laughs> that's what i'd say that's called smell you later everybody <laughs> that's gas hole it's every bit. The last section is always farts. 
I gave it an eight six. I did like it. I, I, I watched it here. I really like the art, and uh, I like where we're going. I'm I I just like the whole thing about the Speed Force Army, and I'm enjoying it. Seven point five out of ten. All right. Well, the next book we're going to talk about is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Eric. It's almost like we talked about that a couple days ago. I don't even I know when anymore. Boom, boom. Yeah, really. Now it's really late, but we'll be back in a second. Uh, me and you together, because this will be with Reggie. I don't know what I'm talking about. Too tired. <laughs> you want me to tell the world that I think the guy playing Superman on oh my God, uh, Supergirl that's a bubble has a sweet ass, right? And you know, but I'm not going to do that, Jim. I'm not going to play your game. I don't like that. I don't like that costume. Yeah, it's no. kind of stiff. Oh. It acts yeah. stiff. Oh, I'm stiff. I, I actually think it looks like Long John's. I don't like the fabric of it. That is not fabulous to me. I just really hope they don't use them too much. <laughs> yeah, Personally, I know. No, it's going to be endless. Hey, Reggie. What, what book are we here talking about now? Since you're talking about uh, Superman's ass, that must lead to something, right? That's right. Well, speaking of Superman's ass, today we're talking about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number one. But, but wait, wait. Did you say that right? Yeah. I think I did, yeah. It's not corpse this week? No, no, I don't, okay. think, I don't think I said it that way. Okay. You know what's funny? Uh, I was what? actually watching the special features on the Batman v Superman Blu-ray, and there was an interview with Jeff Johns, and he's like, he did the reverse Reggie on this interview. He's talking about Lex Luthor. He's like, oh, yeah, Lex Luthor has the Luthor Corp. I'm like, no, that's the Luthor Corp, Jeff. And, and uh, you, I said to Eric, when he told me, I said, it, it, that's obvious to me then that he forces himself to say <laughs> core when he when he sees Green Lantern deal. Now it, it, it bit him in the ass. That's it. Yeah, he went, it he bit went him totally in that the other sweet way. Ass. Well, <laughs> Jeff Johns, too, huh? Yeah, I, just everybody now. Now you you made me, you turned me into an ass man. Look at that. Yeah, I'm fully an ass man. You think now that Jeff Johns is president of DCE that his uh, that's a sweet ass edict? Everyone's got to have a sweet ass. Yeah, there's a casting couch definitely now. I'm telling you, Dan DiDio's job never looked worse than Never looked like it was more in jeopardy at this point. (laughs) That is true. Well, uh, uh, get on with it, Randy. Yeah, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tabu Mori. Now that Hal's about got a power ring again, it's time to harass space criminals again. Under whose authority? Under Shut-Up's authority, that's who. At the center right. of the galaxy, Sinestro sucks up some of Parallax's mojo and regresses into a distinguished older gentleman instead of an ancient pile of dust and Ben Gay. He then takes over the Sinestro Corps from his daughter and exhorts everyone to spread fear throughout the universe. But now the Green Lantern Corps has returned from their vacation in a dying dimension, and they're sure to be none too happy about recent developments. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you right off the bat that I wish this would have been the Rebirth number one? Uh, because I think it I could have been. I don't really see I, why. I like it a lot more. <clears throat> yeah. What do you think, Eric? You're you're our resident Green Lantern fan well, here. One thing you had to get rid of was the renegade Hal Jordan make him a Green Lantern again. Yeah. And well, so they, we, we needed that, that for the last issue. I just the think that if they would have had like this condensed into a condensed Rebirth, this could have been the one issue, and I think it would have been a lot better. I really like this issue a lot better than the Rebirth issue. And honestly, though, I would have jumped in here. Why the fuck is Sinestro so goddamn old? Yeah, well, even that you didn't. You said that the last time. That was still like you it. didn't say it before. So and that then they, they seem to and retcon it right away. Like you know, they haven't even explained why it happened, and they've already and wiped I, his, his aspect away. All they needed to do was all they needed to do was have a throwaway line. Man, I ha- I I like 
battled that pale bishop, and whatever he did started making me frail and aging really fast. And then I have to like combine myself with parallax to get better. Just have a throwaway goddamn line. That it or, doesn't need to make sense I, he, in the long run. He found out his daughter had a white boyfriend, and that prematurely aged him. That I actually got the whole idea that it was more of the I don't know that he was so connected, and the lack of fear that the the universe was having then is what ended up doing it. It's weird. You could have a hundred different theories, but they were saying, you know, he's bringing fear back to the universe. He's going to parallel. Mm. I don't know. It actually seemed like that it was connected somehow, but it really I shouldn't see be, that. Actually, right? I didn't think about that. Well, but yeah, if that's does, the it, case, then, then Atrocitus should be old as fuck, because he's even saying in the Green Lantern's book that there's the rage is dwindling in the universe, and that's well, why and they that's have to... dwindling, but here's the deal. I don't know that there's a real way to make him look that old. You know what I mean? Sinestro... I mean, there's an implication that a lot of time has elapsed since last two time months. saw them. Two months. But, but uh, in, two months since so the Green Lantern for. Yeah, Since, but then his his daughter took over the Sinestro Corps and was able to ingratiate it with everyone in the galaxy by telling them that they could do good. Yeah, you know yeah. she was head. So I guess that took two months, and then you know it it just see it seems it's like very there's a quick. Little, I'd say yes. it was a month tops. But yeah, it, and it seems like yeah. like I said She's that very what I got what I got out of it is once the, must the, have been her the Green Lantern Corps gone and Sornik getting the Sornik getting all the. Uh, universe in with them to basically say like look they they love us now there's no fear left and that yeah. somehow affected Sinestro to the point maybe. where he's tied in maybe with Parallax tell me that goddammit yeah I, well yeah, we're not getting it. it that's the thing I, yeah, at I least don't, uh... I don't know I actually didn't mind it as much this issue it was more of a shock to me last issue when he just shows up like that now I can at least say okay well, we're going with it now. What's going to happen? Yeah. And yeah, it gets it gets retconned. But they wipe quick. away. That's the thing. Like you know, like I don't understand. Is, is it even relevant? Does it even matter? Or I don't know. Who and the hell knows? It's so weird too, because it seems like this is also trying to like uh, add to the continuity, like kind of um, mix it up a bit. Where we had Parallax in the core of New Korrigar, keeping that together, and in here he's in the core of War World. Yeah. So it's like, all right, yeah, we so- can't quite have it like it was, but we're going to try to get it close. Yeah, something, yeah. Happened, something happened. I mean, did he he had his sights on Warworld in uh, Sinestro at one time, didn't he? Well, I'm saying he had it already in a Sinestro book. Oh, yeah. They had a kind of like a, like a war space so station, kinda, for new, like around so New Korrigar. Yeah, kind of really. the two stories, yeah. In, in general, there's not a lot to talk about in this issue. Uh, Hal is on, he's trying he's to find the, the Green Lanterns. He's on the hunt trying to find the Green Lanterns. I like, though, you know, again, hey, I'm Hal Jordan. All of a sudden, you see the green. I'm like, oh man, I'm smiling. And again. honestly, yeah, I I do enjoy everything we get with Hal. He's just over yeah, the top, too. and he's uh, he's the way we wanted him to be. This entire renegade thing. Yeah, and but, the weird thing is, it comes to me even that, like you're saying, it's almost like uh, like I'm back, baby. I got a ring. I'm not dealing with this crazy shit. I want to find my buddies, and I did like the over the top uh, bit of him. Yeah, uh, the Sinestro stuff I was but there's so little of it, you know? Yeah, and the thing yeah. is, though, it kind of goes against a little bit like what we had before, like what you guys are talking about with the fear dwindling or whatever, because this is the most amount of fear apparently there's ever been when Sinestro comes back as Parallax, because Hal yeah, Jordan well, freaks the fuck out. Yeah, the other like thing that's weird over. about it, too, is it looks like Sinestro hasn't uh, charged his ring in a while. He goes and charges his ring, and then all of a sudden he's young again. Well, so I, is, that, is that a I, possibility? You know I, though, he he uh, consumed, he uh, merged with Parallax there. Yeah, 
But it's still yeah. at the one point he's there and he says the oath and he that. But still, why? I I don't know. I don't know why he was and all. Parallax was all weakened too. Like I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, there's more. We need to know a lot more about what this was. But it really was a Sinestro issue with you know, I, feature, I want that month featuring missing. Hal Jordan. Huh? Yeah. What center? I want that month that's missing here because I was really enjoying the Sinestro book. I want to see what happened to lead to this. Yeah, and I will yeah, never see. Bad. They're not going back but to that. But all I know is that Sornik became a stress eater during her time trying to bring peace yeah, to the Yeah, she universe. looks terrible. I, I remember when we got an advanced copy of this, and I looked at it, and right away I'm like, who is that? Who is it looks like a frump- would like her. It looks like a frumpy freaking Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, I don't that know. I don't know too. it looks like. It, it, yeah. Or Eartha Kitt. Like a fat Eartha kid or something. I don't know. But yeah, she's, she's a lot in her mind, man. And well, she she's and there's only no way there. she has that tiniest thigh gap. She's really only yeah. there to talk to uh, what's it called, Lissa Lissa, Drac. Lissa, and to tell everybody that she was in charge and that the world, the universe is okay. All and right, then, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, and when Sinestro merges with. Uh, with parallax, it pretty much she's not she's not needed anymore. Nope. Really, no. she daddy also just, daddy just takes right over again. It's and like, Eric, oh, in, even in the Sinestro book, it did seem like a lot of the things that she was there for was just so that Sinestro could say stuff to somebody else. Like they'd be sitting there and hey, Dad, you know, well, you'll see, you know, this and that's going to happen. And, and I think that's all she is again because and honestly, it seemed like talk. everything that she was doing was what Sinestro wanted anyway. It's like, yeah, you can do what you want, but this is what I really want anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and then yeah, that's what the kids. That's when he does the, the deal in Sinestro's might. And yeah, there's a ripple through the universe, it seems. Again, these ripples keep happening in the universe. And, and, but that, yeah. that, whole, that whole thing where Hal feels the fear, is like it almost seems like in Green Lanterns where we keep getting these new abilities. Because Sinestro's been merged with Parallax before. We never saw this whole, oh yeah, my but God, there's the, the thing. When, so was he, when was he merged with Parallax? Uh, during Forever Evil? Yeah, was he? Was it and during Forever after Evil? That? Well, here's the thing. I'm saying this is new for most people. I think that's what they're going at. Like how, and they're going to make it a big deal because what they're doing, this is the meat and potatoes. Obviously, Sinestro versus how is the huge thing, the legacy and all that. I just think, I don't think it's a new ability. I think it's just supposed to show that fear is consuming the universe and he goes, you know, with it and consents it, whatever. But I think it's just a throwaway th- th- deal so people realize that how is upset at Sinestro. I, 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 could even, these- I, I could even see if they go with, because when Hal was like, you know, merged with Parallax before, like he, maybe he has still has a connection. Yeah. I don't even think, went that I don't think we'll ever hear anything else about it. No, I, I think, think, I think that it's how Jordan to- didn't take his Zyrtec. Yeah. And his, <laughs> his, his sinuses are really like stuffy. Yeah. So that when that happens, he gets like a, you know, like a, yeah, I don't know. If they're gonna, and also, I mean, you can even go and say that it's at the point when they, you know, were together and he's got some sort of connection with them when they, in the beginning of the new 52, they were in the dead zone together. Who knows? But I don't think it's going to be any of that. I think it was just to show that a way for how to know that Sinestro is, you know, kicking ass and taking yeah. names and he's going to have to do something. Showing bubble and, gum, a lot of bubble gum type of shit. Yeah, and then the, the you know, some yellow lanterns show up and uh, go to get Hal, and then he basically, it's funny because then he has the, you know, fear. I don't do fear. Well, it looks like you just did fear just before, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that because you don't do it now? You're, you're yeah, not that was telling the last time. I got my five-minute chip right now yeah, with no just fear. Like, that's my favorite joke <laughs> since the last one I heard. But yeah, I, I like seeing all of the lanterns. Again, if there's a big continuity guy, I'm sure that we'll be 
be told that some of these yellow lanterns had died at some, this is what keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter because it's just moving forward again. That, and I know and there were the there thing. were some great uh, shots right there. Those panels were yeah, so nice. talking are really well drawn. Oh, yeah. yeah, all the Yellow Lantern stuff's awesome. Uh, and just in general, I know we said about Sornik looking crazy. Uh, at least she's consistently crazy looking. It's true. And but like, it's I, like really the, I guess did it's like the way the he thinks she looks. Yeah, the art <laughs> in this issue is awesome, I thought. Well, the biggest but, problem I had when Sinestro became merged with Parallax and became young again, actually, I, I really got mad just because I thought back to when Hal was fused with Parallax before we knew that like it was a fear entity inside him. Like He was stuck being that old man with the gray in the side of his hair. I'm like, freaking Sinestro gets to be young again. I'm like, that's, Yeah, but that's it's weird. He is, but he still he, has that gray on the, yeah. the middle side. Yeah, he's not side young. He's stuff. just like, he's like, he's like Vincent Price in the 60s. Yeah, he does look old like age, Vincent Price. You know, like, uh, Rejuvenated. You know. But yeah, even uh, that d- panel when he's... When they're chanting him, and there's all the yellow lanterns all reaching, it's really good. Uh, this this is one of those issues we talked about, though, that going through rebirth, where me and Eric talked about it last week, where I'm reading it, and all of a sudden I'm done. I'm yeah. like, whoa, wait a second, yeah. this took me like three and a half minutes to read. There is not much to it. Pretty thin rigs, but uh, I liked it though. I like it gets the story really going, especially because we end with the Green Lantern Corps coming back and saying, let's never do that again. And me agreeing with them. Let's never, ever do that again. So good. (laughs) And even that, that's what we wanted. That's right there. We wanted the rebirth issue to end with that. And even not even how it ended here, because you had that extra page. I'm talking just of them coming through the fissure right there. I'd be fine. We would have been fucking all right. That'd be awesome. Biggest problem with that scene. No Simon Baz. No, you don't have Simon Best. Plus, I really oh, know yeah. where I want to know where all those rings went. I now know, you know, there are maybe that looks like rocks, though. There might be one ring there, maybe a couple <laughs> rings. But boy, there was like a trillion rings went first. I guess I can see them in the back. But yeah, no Simon. I do not see him. I'm looking around. I yeah. went and looked. I'm like, come on, because I found Aresia. I'm like, all right, where the fuck is Simon? Yep. Yeah, Aresia's yeah. right there, and there's no Simon. That's true, unless you can. they can say there's people in the very distance. There's little people back there that you can't see yet. But he, he's he should, probably right I behind Kilowog's ass. Yeah. yeah. He's he supporting should. the ass end. He yeah, he's, yeah, he's holding up the He's having ass. problems, Kilowog. Why am I everyone's joke? This is where he started having this complex, because he had to hold Kilowog's ass. Yeah. <laughs> And then he just left. But yeah, there's John Stewart, Green, uh, what's a guy Gardner, of course. But yeah, I like that with, you know, hey, I don't want to do that again. It's always the fucking guy with the crazy deal, but it's true. Like Eric said, everybody hopes that never happens again. Um, it, I tell yeah, you, it had such promise to be awesome and nothing ever fucking happened in two goddamn series. Lost Army and Edge of Oblivion. Yeah, I agree. And just here's the thing I was going to say a little bit earlier that in these rebirth issues like this, it just starting the number one or whatever, I don't know. It's it's like Red Hood. Um, I'm getting to like the ones without the nonsense. Yeah. Like, just give me the story. Let's get going. Let's exactly. see the characters I love. You mean and the, the, me... the actual rebirth issues? Yeah, you know. It's, and uh... even like as the series start progressing, I don't need nonsense right now. I need to just give me the basics start a story up and a new story that everybody can enjoy. And that seems to be where this is going. This kind of, this issue should, after this nonsense done, we have Sinestro, he's, he's young again, he looks fine. Boom, let's get moving. And I think they will. Um, but that, what did you give this issue, Reggie? I gave it a 7 out of 10, but I really thought it had a lot of potential. But there were so many unanswered questions, so many 
the the fact that Sinestro was so prominent in it was just strange to me. Yeah, it was an odd deal. They really didn't have a place for Hal, like except he's like a B plot. But well, it's weird thought, too because you know, of the fact to say, that I, I disliked it. I liked it. He seemed to be, you know, you still had that again. Maybe that's why I think that they should have had the ending of Rebirth at least have the core come through, so you could have something. But without the core, he's just looking for them. There's not much for him to do. I mean, the thing with these Rebirth issues is some of them, you know, I find the ones that where I hadn't been reading the book before reading them are very useful. But when I have been, they really do kind yeah. of like put a damper on things, and it's it's if they kind of like. Kill the momentum a little yeah. bit. They of, step uh, on of your neck and spit in your game. mouth. That's right. So one of the that. things that I think that in was a, a something <laughs> they had to deal with that Venditti had to deal with is you have Hal out looking for the core, right? Yeah. What can he do to bring him back? Nothing. Nothing. They're already on their way, and we know this. We know they're on their way. He has nothing to do with it. So him out looking for them can't do a. You can have 20 pages of him looking for them. They are still going to come through the exact same way without his help. They're already on the way. Him doing his deal here, trying to find him, like shake down some leads, I did appreciate it just because I got a time frame of events. I know. We got a time frame of events where they disappeared two months ago, and I I I just like knowing that. But even that, that was from, yeah, that was because he was, yeah, shaking down the guy. Hey, when was the last time? And that was very good. That actually is something that we've been. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces into place, you know, to show us that Hal is back in the good graces or wants to be in the good graces of the core and. He's and he wants, running yeah, and, he wants his guys. And, and that's what Rebirth was, was, you know, literally, literally moving Warworld into place. You know what I mean? As far yeah, as moving yeah. a piece into place in the center of the galaxy. And, uh, I, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little harsh on it because I really just wanted to, I want to get going. I wanted to yeah. start seeing like some I said, I think that core the problem, action. The problem is, is you would have an issue with Hal, but really anything he does besides what he did, like Eric said, it gave you a time frame, which is great. But yeah. if they showed him heading off here, there, the other place, where are they? Where, when do they disappear? Doesn't matter because no. they are on their way, yeah. uh, despite and, him, even without he, any help. Unless he finds an explanation about why the Green Lantern rings got sent to this goddamn yeah. universe that exists before their own, that's all he can really do in my mind. Yeah. I really yeah. hope that is explained at some point too, because yeah, it's fucking I, killing me. I don't know that it will yeah. be. I really, but, do. I think that they want to forget the once the cores now the cores back. We'll see the next issue. I think that everything else doesn't matter anymore, and we move forward. It matters to me, goddamn yeah, it. Yeah, I. Again, <laughs> if they say that it, they explain, it's weird. Like if they would try to explain it, because now I don't think what was what it was going to be matters anymore. Because now everything's changed. Everything's <laughs> now in this rebirth. They don't want to remind Tell me any more of this. Yeah. It'll be a, a deep cut. Oh, you have to find somebody. Find there, may be, there may be answers in a forthcoming If you find Venditti and you know, Cullen Bunn and anything. all these guys at a convention, you can ask them. I, I don't think we're going to get go. much more than that. And Tom if, Taylor, if do, help me here. Here's the thing. I think if we do find out something, it's going to be made up again to fit what's going to go forward. If they would do this. Uh, they can tell me whatever they want. They can say fucking magic as long as somebody tells yeah. me something. Yeah. That's yeah. all I want. But no, I I agree with Reggie. I'd give this a 7 out of 10. I was really harsh on the Rebirth issue. Give it a fuck you 5 because all the goddamn continuity errors and they're not explaining shit. And like how just, you know, I'm going to make a ring, fuckos. That's it. But uh, <laughs> here, this is almost like a Rebirth in my mind where it's giving us a promise of good stories coming forward because shit looks like it's about to get real. We got the quarterback finally. And how is a Green Lantern again? Yeah, and you would think right away yep. that they're going to contact how and like- going to go. You know, it sounds like the Fear Lanterns are back again instead of yeah, like this well, they're weird, the big like, diplomatic thing they were playing. Yeah. You know? 
No, we and heard right in away. In my mind, it was always kind of like that, though. Like, in my mind, when I saw that Sinestro was going to police the universe, it was going to be a goddamn police state kind of shit where he was just going to be fucking brutal and harsh, but he's going to maintain like order. And here's first, the deal. I, when they I first think came that, out, yeah. I think he was more psychotic, like, years back, you know? But, yeah. They oh, yeah, definitely. During the Sinestro Corps um, War, they were fucking insane. Here's the yeah, other they, thing, though. Was, I think that they were trying to spell out a thing where because the core disappeared... They have to have Sinestro as a villain. I think that was where the plan was. Get for because when Sornik took over, even me and New York were like, "This, what the fuck's going on? This doesn't even make sense." At one point, it seemed like Sinestro was tired. Then he was yeah. injured, and I think it was just <laughs> like when they knew, okay, we're gonna have this rebirth. Sinestro is gonna be the big Hal villain and the core villain. Uh, we have to do something. And how they did it was, listen, we're gonna make him start weak, get weakened, weakening. And get Sornik in charge so when Sinestro comes back, he, the core, the Yellow Lanterns are looked at as great guys. He can be even more of a villain to come back and boom. And that's what happens in this issue. Yeah, this maybe. One, that was the setup. Because the- like Eric's saying, oh, you know, they always were bad. They, for some reason, they wanted the universe to accept the Yellow Lanterns. And you couldn't really do that with Sinestro as the leader because he uh, wouldn't do that. That's the thing, though. I, I thought actually what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that they were like – Freaking! Now that the Green Lanterns were out of the picture, Sinestro really had planned on taking over their role as protector of the universe. They even did it during yeah, the paling yeah. when they protected Earth and gave the like the Sinestro rings out to everybody. Come on, boys! Yeah. We're all in this together. We're trying to protect one another. And it, I really liked it. Honestly, when the Green Lantern Corps came back, I was really hoping that it would be a war of the lights here, where they are both good in their own minds, and the universe doesn't even know what to do yeah, with it. Because so that's they what, agree I, with what I thought. What I was saying, I think that they decided very early. That they didn't want that. They didn't want Sinestro to be good. That's yeah. why they had him step they aside. They want to restore his like they had a him more step aside, aspect. Had the, yeah, had the Yellow Lanterns be looked at as heroes because Sinestro wasn't involved. He was on the sidelines. And now that he's come back, he's like, now that I'm here, I can do what I wanted to. The whole fucking universe is going to fear me again because that's Sinestro. That's a Sinestro. Well, who re- doesn't fear the police? Well, and it's <laughs> it's the Sinestro. That's the Sinestro that everybody wants to see usually. So a person jumping on isn't yeah. going to go like, boy, that Sinestro series was great, and I liked that Sinestro was a, a hero. They don't want that. Somebody's Nobody jumping wants- on, and they're like, from what I heard from Jim Gordon lecturing his daughter, there's either cops or you're criminals. Yeah. And, That's and it. And not only that, that like we said about uh, like Aquaman, Freaking Black Mana has been good and trying to do something and not involve. And now that's not what people want. And no. this is not what pe- it's not even just what people want. It's what DC thinks people want and what DC- really to me this rebirth is to get the people back that bailed from the New yeah. Fifty Two. So they want to really get rid of most of what happened in the New Fifty Two. It's not a reboot like we said. It's a it's kiss more and a of promise. A, hey, look, yeah, hey, look, you like Sinestro as a bad guy. You don't like that because usually I would say. That this is most of it is, has to be a reaction to those beginning arcs of the new 52 because they must think that's when people bailed. If they bailed, they got rid, they ended up leaving quick. And that's, that's when Sinestro that's not was what with Jim Lee and Dan Didier were saying. They're, they're, they're and, talking about what a great unqualified yeah. success it was. Yeah, well, they're going to say that. Uh, really, yeah. but now, really, they, at the beginning of the new 52, Hal and Sinestro were forced to be friends. They were almost awesome. like Jessica and Simon. Which I liked they, a lot. You know, and I Jeff John's last issue was awesome, where he's telling yeah. the story of how yeah. Jordan... Issue 20, yeah. awesome. They must right? think, though, they must think that 
that's something people didn't like, and you have to get them back. I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe yeah. they'll bring back Sinestro's uh, old, like, ski park, remember, with the, the blue yeah. shirt with, like, a badass. yellow purse. I, used to I think if they were going to do a rebirth, they should have that. If you want to defeat the, the Green Lantern, you, you shoot mustard on them. That's what I <laughs> There you go. You just get them with mustard. That's now, all Jim, you need to do. The big question, though, how are the gray agents going to freaking be a part of this? I don't think they will. <laughs> All of this, yeah, it's, it's, everything is swept. Like, there really should be people still after Hal. Yeah. There should be the people who get angry that the green, like, they could even discuss, like, hey, you core assholes, you guys disappeared on us. Where after the fuck we thought were you, you were villains, and now you but, bring Hal Jordan problem. back? I think the problem with that is, is that you have to get to the point where they have to be mad at something. They can't go, hey, like, you wanted them to even say, like, oh, Green Lantern Corps, we don't need you anymore. Fuck you. Yeah. We got the old Lantern Corps. I think Damn that right. they're going the opposite of the, hey, look at these tyrants. I, I don't know. It's so weird. Like, Sinestro hasn't – he didn't know the Corps was back because they weren't no. even back yet. Out of nowhere, he just decides he's going to be a badass again. And it just – it it goes against everything. When we, we left Hal Jordan and Green Lantern number 52, I want to say it was. Um, I want to say that was the issue I'm thinking of, but – uh. The great agents were vying to be the new police force in the universe, and their idea was, we got to catch the biggest renegade in the universe, Hal Jordan, to do it. This is how we're going to prove to people we're fucking yes. awesome. Yep. So you think now that the court is back, they're just going to whoop their monkey asses real quick and be done yeah, with it? I think so. I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I was saying how much I liked it because there was no nonsense, but with the no nonsense, you didn't get a lot of explanation. That's the thing. We well, had a, a lot, lot of nonsense A lot of it is, up to is it. Eric Shea-derived nonsense, though. Yes. I mean, it's 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 him bringing the baggage. It's like, baby, we're in the rebirth, man. You know, yeah, it's I know. That's it, and that's what I'm saying. It's really Aquarius, bro. You get done this <laughs> issue, and you can say to yourself, "The core's back. Sinestro's bad. Hal's a badass. The yelling quips. Boom. Let's go." Eric, you, and- you should come home tomorrow with another girlfriend. And when you and when your girlfriend's like, "What the fuck?" You'd be like, "Hey, it's a rebirth, baby. It's a rebirth. That's it's right. a shit it's- rebirth. Be cool over here. Yeah, he's, I think, free love, baby." Uh, I'd give it, I'd give it a this around. I never exactly. hurt my score. My score would be a 7.5 because of the art. I really like the art a lot. And I say I'd give I, it a 7 out of 10. What's yeah, that? You said, said 7. 7. Okay, let's make sure. Yeah, I'd give it like a 7.5. I really, really did like the art. But in in general as well, I just I like the idea that we're going to get Hal, Core, Bad Sinestro. They're going to fight it out. Boom. Boom, toast. Uh, and uh, I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest of Green Lantern fans. So for me, that's kind of the... You know, the fun and games that I want, but we'll the seal see. seal of approval? I, I'm giving this issue, but now we go to the number two issue in two weeks. That it's going to have some explaining to do. You better, at least if you're not going to explain things, then don't bring up crazy shit. Just Damn start right. go and get going with it. But, yeah, uh, we're going to move on. Now we're back. Me and you, Eric. All right. It's funny. I'm still tired. Tired as fuck. Still, oh, my God. I am so tired. I was just saying to you that. People like that dilly-dallying at the end. Uh-huh. Uh, they might be disappointed because I am about to, they may hear me fall asleep. I'm going to pull a Jody and fall asleep while we're recording. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we have one book left. One book, Eric. I see the finish line. I see it. They have a t- tape across if I just get there. But what I do, I'm running the marathon, and I see the end, and I, I'm one of those guys that starts shitting themselves right near <laughs> the end and then falls over and fucking dies. I really did not know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a thing, all right. <laughs> I wish I still didn't know it was a yeah, thing. You know, you know what uh, I would do? I'd get like one of those people who cheat and get on the subway and fucking get to the end. But so I'd, I do running for that, suckers. Yeah, I, I'm not that dumb though to fucking show up with like no, no sweat, you fucking clean ass thing. I, I'd fake the funk. Huh? What book are we talking about, Eric? Wonder Woman number three, written by Greg Rucco with art by Liam Sharp, Laura Martin, and Jody Wynn. For all my bitching about how I've had no idea what was going on in the series, I have to admit that this issue was my favorite so far simply because it was straightforward. And it was a straightforward story about Diana gaining Cheetah's trust and learning what she had to do in order for Cheetah to help her find Themyscira. Yeah, the art's awesome. God, it's so good. I'm looking through it again, and it's awesome. Do you get the idea that uh, Diana and uh, Barbara Ann were a little closer than just friends at some you, point? You say this about every book now. Holy moly. I think that they were lovers. Me and my lover used to look at the sunrise eating turkey legs. That's what she was saying. I don't know. They're, they're very close. They're a very close couple here. I do like this issue. I've yeah. liked Wonder Woman more than you. Yeah, I have, I'm telling you, up until now, in my mind, it's all been nonsense. It's just been throwing stuff out there and hoping that you could put pieces together that hopefully make sense later down the line. It could, but yep. it didn't. You know, it's... It's sure still though. a little. It is still a little odd. You don't really know exactly what's going on, but I do like because you are getting the relationship work with Cheetah and Wonder Woman. I think that is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, do you get the idea that this the, she's under a spell, right? Who? Cheetah. Um, she says at one point, but the the whole thing she keeps she repeats that one thing about the man flesh mm-hmm. too many times verbatim. That it seems to me that that's part of the spell that she has to break. It doesn't just seem, or either that, or she was tortured, and it's like something that's repeated too close to you know each other, and the exact same phrasing that it threw me off a bit. That I do think that she's under some sort of well, spell. I think she's just cursed throughout. Not even cursed. It's not just even that, a curse. It's still the, the, a, you know that's what I mean, like a curse. Like uh, she has lost the favor of uh, who's called a god. God damn it! I was new. I wanted to fucking practice before it. Uz Kartaga, yeah. uh, the god of the hunt, and okay. uh, he's kind of punishing her and making her more feral than she – because she yeah, usually has I, control I of her power to a degree. That's the curse or the spell that's on her is is the thing doing that. that yeah. Because she does say that that line with the man flesh, she says it a couple times and almost like at that point she's going nuts into it. She's like an addict then. All of a sudden she can't stay away. She's like, I need man flesh and uh, you know, all that. Really? And – uh but yeah, really, there's things not are, tons to talk about. Things are in my mind are starting to make sense because we were given explanations about what the hell is going down. Like we had the villagers in that first issue, and yeah. now we know that the, these are the people like uh, who worship Cheetah. But then we also have the hyena men, which we kind of find out that they are working for Cadulo in my mind as he's trying to gain the favor of Uzkartaga. No, and and even she says like, oh, they're the worshippers of him and, you know, because she says it earlier and Diana's like, oh, they, she thinks they're her worshippers, but they're more of of the other guy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce Cadulo. it. Cadulo. Yeah, and in the meantime, Steve Trevor and his crew are heading into there uh, and I do like where this they mystical go. mystical jungle. Yeah, I like when they go into the jungle and the, the vines then twirl around and, and pretty much seal them well, in. Even that, it's a great way because we're talking last time that we're in the story, issue one where, like, 
it, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor are in the same area. Why does it look so goddamn different? But yeah, this well, is a mystical jungle that you cannot pick up on radars and satellites. Yeah, and I love and that. It, it's, yeah, and I love the fact that they are military. So you would think that if anybody's going to have that, they're there, and they would have some sort of you know record. They have no, they have no idea what's going on, and they even spell it out. Hey, you think this is you know mystical or whatever? You know what? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's fucked up, and they're going to go in. And yeah, they're they're in trouble, Eric. They're in yeah, they were trouble. they were freaking taken up by uh, Cadulo, and it looks like yep. in the last issue of this we had it seemed like Cadulo had uh, kidnapped all the daughters and women of the village, yeah. and in my mind, he's going to use them here as a sacrifice for Uskataga to gain his favor because in my mind he wants this cheetah power for himself. He wants to be the number fucking two man. Yeah, I actually, I it was weird to me. I got the idea that he was getting the women, the girls, because they're just going to be part of his harem of all of these guys. That and that they also know that that sort of thing usually draws men in, that they can use them as part of the whole thing. Because then at the end they are captured yes. by them, and and you it know, seems to I be the that, the will of Uskartaga. Yeah, and I like I said, I think that that was like it's a, a double edged setup where they get these women where you see Cheetah. She even says like, "Hey, you know what? You cause it." It goes back and forth. Cheetah, you know, I think she is under some sort of curse or spell of Uzitaga or whatever his name is. Uzitaga. Yeah, and she is kind of like becoming, you know, aware of that at points and then says, you know, you did this to Wonder Woman, you know, and then she gets feral again and she's going then she's crying. And I really like it, but I like the idea. It They're is spooning the... at one point too, Eric. They are spooning. You spoon me all the time. Yes. Uh, but this I is like the most I... uh, friggin' uh, what the hell is the... I can't even think of the word is so fucking late, but this is the most emotion we've seen really yeah. from Sheeta, the freaking most unguarded she's been ever in my yeah. mind. And I really dug that in this issue because now she she knows that she's lost favor with Uskartaga, and Kadulo is doing his own thing. I don't know how he's playing against it, but in order for her uh, Cheetah help Diana find Themyscira, she's like, "You have to help me kill the Uskartaga. Yeah, I yeah. have to and end I, this now." I'm even looking at it now. I that's just like that. I'm a I'm an animal, a beast that must eat man's flesh to live. I believe that if anything else, that is a lie. And, you know, the whole lies concept in the thing. And that is what's remaining her being under the spell is her continuing to do that. She just mentions this too many times to me and stresses it. And that's when Wonder Woman stops her and she kind of does calm down. Then it's like a drug. She has stopped her. She comes out and then she starts crying. I think that that whole perpetual thing where she has been told or forced to eat man flesh to survive, I think it is a complete lie. And I think that is one of those things that that keeps you going. It would be like if I had you captured, and the only way I can keep you is by drugging your food, but convincing you that you had to eat it, so you keep doing it. The minute that you're going to stop that, you're going to become, you know, you're going to get the hell out. And I think that's what's caused her. And this spell has to do with, because really, she's a cannibal. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what you would call because she is pretty feral anyway. But yeah. the whole that whole thing of eating the man flesh, I think, is what curses her to stay where she isn't stay as feral, and she thinks she that's pretty cool. And I, I do think that's the case. And then when you go to see uh, what's his name with Uskatagra, Kadulo, Uskatagra and Kadulo, and uh, and uh, well, there's the guy. He's there. Uh, the girls. Are all captured. They're still captured, but you see they have Steve Trevor, and he's like, I, what does he say? You know where you are. Yes, of course you know where you are. 
And that you cannot answer because you do not understand. Uh, but Cadulo knows and he will explain it to you. Listen, you are here because Lucas Kyle Williams. Is that, is that Cadulo? Have we seen that that is definitely him there? Yeah, that is him in my mind. That's that who they went after it's for. It's weird though. It's weird that he, they spell it out like that. It, it, I know it's that whole third person thing yeah, that yeah, throws yeah. me out, but it's weird how he says it. And I guess maybe it's like a little deal, but Uskatara, if that's him behind him, he definitely looks like a, a decaying swamp thing. Yeah, it's, and I honestly think that's more of an effigy of the, of the guard. It threw me off that why did they make him look so much like swamp thing? I don't know. He just looks like a dying swamp thing or a dead swamp thing. That, that I mean, honestly could be him for all I know. It looked legitimately like that's how they got him. Remember how we had that effigy in issue one, though, with that freaking, yeah. you know, that plants like just overgrown the so bones? Weird that to do it like that. And maybe it, I can't even remember. It, was it less like together then? What do you mean? When you saw that in the first issue, I don't even remember seeing the effigy before. It was it was a bunch of stuff. It was like it didn't look exactly like this, but it was a bunch of loose bones. Uh, I think the head was like a fucking okay. bison head or some shit. Now that it's coming together as they sacrifice more people, it seems to be getting more of an embodiment. But this, no, I don't know because this is a different at. place from where we were before. So yeah, I don't even I mean, know if it's the same maybe thing. Maybe this thing just is taken with them. But you know, maybe that would be the case where you're learning that it does this. But yeah, he's like. And he will explain that you are here because it was Katanga Will is it you have come to serve him. And uh I don't know. I, I don't that's the thing that, that gets me the most at the end. It's like I don't know what their deal is. Like you said you think Kadul is doing this because he wants, you know, some power, whatever. I, it's weird. I wish they would spell that out more. Uh but there's Steve and he's like, Ah, we're here to give you a chance to surrender. Yeah, he does say Kadul, so it is him. What do you say? And yeah, it's one of those where then they've gotten the shit kicked out of them. Oh yeah, you see them. Those are fucking. I just think this I, is another way for Kadula to raise, like, gain power because right now he is kind of feared and like you know kind of worshipped you know for being weird? a warlord. Here's, here's the weird thing about it is I don't really care about Kadula, and I don't know anything about him. And yes, this is issue three. We've only had one issue, yeah, really with this, and it really. Because of that, I think it's jumping too far ahead with this to make him this threat to do, and maybe it'll explain it more. Um, but I like this issue, but I like it mainly for the art and, and almost the rest of it is for Cheetah and Diana because I want to see Diana. Now, uh, Greg Ruck has made me care about Cheetah. That that's I the thing. Cheetah that, in my mind has always been like a one dimensional rage filled foe of Wonder Woman. And here yeah. you actually see like, there is like something yeah, underneath not that. Not only just that, but the whole thing of you know recalling that uh, hey, you're my best friend, and he, like even Cheetah's like you were once my friend, and you fucked me, you know, you fucked me, and you did this, and then she's like, no, it, oh, it'll be back. You're, you're remembering you're that wrong. Yeah, you're still my friend, and we're gonna get over this. And I really did like that. I liked yeah, it too. both Wonder Woman and Cheetah, and it made me want to. I want to see her get rid of this and go on, uh, but yet. This whole Cadula thing with Steve Trevor, I really don't care about because I don't know enough about him. The generic warlord, yeah. you know, I mean, I, you know, it's generic. It is. It, it, oh, I'm supposed to hate him because they told me he's a warlord and then throw in that he's stealing girls. He might as well kick a puppy and, you know, rip the picture of the Pope up while singing, uh, you know, Sinead O'Connor songs. It's really forced to me. But I did like the art. But. You, this is your favorite issue of the the series. Oh yeah, definitely eight out of ten. Yeah, I actually give it probably a six five. 
Uh, I really was not that impressed with the story. Not a lot goes on, but I did like the cheetah part and uh, the art. In my was, mind, way more upset. went on here than in issue one. Well, it wasn't even that. It was still new to me, and it was intriguing. This is less intriguing because, it, like you said, you're getting answers, but really, to me, you're getting less answers. It's getting more muddy to me that now we're trying to throw in this real world warlord but not telling us anything about him and he just has an effigy behind him that you know he's going to scare people with it seems and he's <laughs> girls I, you don't get i hope that it ends up that you, like you said we find out that he's doing this or he thinks if he raises this he can use him for that whatever but right i think he wants standing. to see the power for himself so he yeah. is actually and worshiped for more it's than being a warlord too, because if he wants that it just seems odd to go after girls. Like that's his big thing in this issue was he's bad guy because he stole these girls. But where does that tie into Cheetah? And like you don't even see him like almost like the Wicked Witch of the West yelling to the fucking flying monkeys like go get her. You know you'd at least have well, that. Even like you like, said though, go like, find her. Like uh, he says at the end there that Uskartaga's will, like having Steve Trevor and his crew there was Uskartaga's will. And he might have even taken these girls because he knew Steve was on their way um, huh. and took them to lure them into this, like, you know, yeah, forbidden it, jungle it is, area. It is weird because they were if he knew they were on their way and then he would have been he knows that they're just going to go after him anyway. I don't know. Yeah, but I, the girls are really what pushed him over the point to like disobey orders and continue going. Yeah, after I know. Them. But they were still going after freaking that's why they were there to go after Kadul. they went into this crazy mystical jungle because you know they were going to go do that but it just it seems very thrown together to me with Kadul. like that is the least interesting part of this whole entire series so far to me is this Kadulo being a warlord who you know they're after and it's always been the thing that i thought was just not confusing but like Really, that it's a warlord that's you know a bad dude, and they're going after him, and it didn't really change here to me, uh, without showing me that yes, that he controls the hyena men. All right, you get the idea, may, but I don't know. I could say that Uskataga, or I, I don't even want to say his name anymore. But it, it could be him controlling it because it definitely seems that Cheetah is saying this this entity or god or whatever you want to call it is involved with her so yeah. it has to have some punishing power. her so you know you may it wouldn't surprise me next issue you find out that this whole thing everybody's being controlled by him i don't know i just i love the art though so did I. and i i do like the cheetah things we'll see as it goes on it's, it's a weird one because you get your story once a month like i get my zero year story so it is one of those that i really wish that this story was every other week because i do want to see what the fuck's really going on because it is probably the most confusing and kind of out there books of the whole oh, definitely and i don't know maybe i was even taken with it i think that some people are going a grant morrison type of way um, by not not realizing or not knowing exactly what's happening you don't want to admit it you don't yeah, want to make a moron, exactly. so you say it's great, and we'll see how it goes. I do think Rick Ruck has a plan that'll come about, but I think it's going to take a while for us to see, you know, everything that he's got planned. But that's it. That is it. That's it, baby. It's funny when we were on the four guys in the comic. Uh, one of the guys even mentions how he is such a fan of Grant Morrison, and I had to bite my lip. Oh, me as well. Yeah, I didn't want to badmouth people on their own podcast, but I was going to be like, really, please explain why. You know, I know that everybody loves them, 
it seems, but please explain why you love a guy who just throws shit out on the wall and sees what sticks and then yeah. leaves everything else to just slide down uh, because it's crazy. But he also said it's funny, too, because I have been a supporter of this Wonder Woman book, but he was like another one of the, you know, oh, and this Wonder Woman. And I was going to say, please, you know, don't don't get too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> fandom there, there, buddy. Then when we bad. I uh, did when he was talking about Wonder Woman though, because at this that point I yeah I had read this, but I'm like, do me a favor, explain to me what's going on with this lies, and if you're such a huge fan and love the story. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. And me and you are trying to figure it out. I'll admit when I, I liked it at first, but I'll admit even that it was more of an intrigue and a hope. And this issue kind of threw a little back at me of eh, maybe I'm not so into it. So I'll admit it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I was actually going to say that. But again, if he was on our podcast, maybe we could say that. We sure. the podcast, though, you'll hear. If you go, like I said, that is four guys in the comic. Uh, the four, five guys in the, four guys. Four. The, four guys in a cup. Four guys in a comic. And yeah, the four is spelled out. I'm so tired. May as well. Um, but go check it out mid, midweek and you'll hear what we're talking about. You'll hear me bite my tongue. I don't point my tongue on, on everything, but even so, uh, this guy says how much he likes Justice League. And yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't bite my tongue anymore of that. And I, I kind of asked him a little of why. Uh, he didn't have an answer. He had an answer. I didn't like it. Right. <laughs> they were nice though. They were. That's and, I, nice. I actually, when, when we do our whole podcast is pretty much based on me and you arguing about books and why we like them. So I don't mind when people disagree or think different. I just like, I just like to want to hear explanations. Like I'll tell you why I don't like Grant Morrison there. Cause he fucks with my brain, makes my head hurt. Just cause I can never tell anybody what the hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to explain multiversity to somebody. I like when you read that fucking whole thing with the anti-life equation. It was killing me. Oh, my God. It really was. But I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, no. We have pick of the week. What's your pick of the week? I don't even know anymore. Mine is Flash. Flash. I like Flash. I would say that yours might be uh, Batgirl or or Red Hood. Red Hood, you were uh, high enough. You usually don't go above like an eight. No. uh, Let's say it's Red Hood. I'll go Red Hood. Red Hood. It's just your pick. You can pick whatever the goddamn you want. Red Hood it is. It's the winner for all of us. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You want to hear what's next week? Next week we have, if I can load this up. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. Aquaman number four, Eric. Aquaman number four. I think that was another one that they were saying was was kind of good. We didn't agree. Uh, Batman number four. Um, Batman Beyond 15. Fuck. Bloodlines number five. I can't wait for that, actually. Yeah, I, I, I want to. I don't want to put that in flash reviews. I, I like talking with Reggie. Why? Green Arrow number four, Green Lanterns number four, Harley Quinn number one, Eric. Harley Quinn number one. What are the percentage chances that that book in Rebirth is going to completely change? Zero. You are correct. Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys number four. It's weird to put those out on the same day. Justice League number two. Hmm. Yep. I'm not looking forward to reading that. Do you remember what those guys were called? The the villain. The villain were the kindred. The kindred, huh? 
Seems like they have a name change next week. It's oh, good. The kindred, so we have that. Uh, Nightwing number two. That's the one that's weird. That all of a sudden that comes out again. Yeah, what the hell is it? It's freaking weekly now. Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe they want it out the same day as Batman. Is that why? Honestly, Dude. in my mind, they want to get it so it doesn't go the same week as fucking Titans now because it's yeah, he's Titans, Titans or maybe even like Titans, Red Hood, and Batgirl. All that would like they got to separate some and Detective. So it's like yeah. all these Bat books. Everybody's concerned with the best Bat book of the week, so you got to go with that. Uh, Suicide Squad Rebirth number one. That is crazy. Uh, I will tell you one thing from reading that, Eric. Amanda Waller is a big lady again. Sure is. Like that's all I'll say. Superman number four. And that is all there are next week. Well, I can't but, wait for that. I need to see yeah. what happened to crypto. Can you tell I'm losing my voice? My voice uh, is going. This is now I look I, at our I Skype. I can hear your call. eyes closing. Yeah, our Skype call is almost at six hours and thirty minutes, and that's just when we you know, we disconnect and connect all the time. I think even though the guys, when we're on their podcast, it, when I said to them, oh, we're going to be recording tomorrow till 5, and why does it take so long? Like, you've never listened to our podcast, right? Uh, you don't realize we we sometimes have like a seven and a half hour Guys, podcast. I asked the same goddamn question. Why does it take I so do. long? People, people seem to uh, enjoy it. They yeah. like go to work, That's what I like get to them hear. through the work day. Uh, also on the site, there will be Marvel Mondays on Monday. If you're into Marvel stuff, you can come and see what we think about it. You I have see a no bunch idea of what my books are this week. I have a bunch. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you. I have um, all new, all different adventures, I know. And what's weird, this is where when we jump into this Marvel stuff, we have no clue about how it, it shakes down. Nope. So I have my second review of all new, all different Avengers. Yet I'm supposed to have Uncanny Avengers have not had a review yet. Uh-huh. It's so weird. I don't understand how these things are published or what they go. I'm not even going to look. Yeah, you know, come to the site, see what the thing, my phone freaking having troubles. But uh, also, when you read this or read this, when you hear this. So late. I'm so tired. When you hear this, uh, Reggie and Chris's weird comics history will already be up. And that is episode four, Life Under the Code. I got a cough. Here they do good things. Yes, they do. It's the part four, and he says, It's time to cruise through comics history again with Chris and Reggie and observe the them of the Comics Code Authority, including a reading of the actual code itself. Wait a minute, excuse me. <coughs> Gosh! Then they discuss changes to comic books and the code over its 60-plus year history. It's a wacky good time of phony legalese and self-censorship that's sure to entertain the whole family. Warning, not for the whole family. <laughs> and then, yeah, It's a good uh, write-up. I do enjoy the whole deal where they, the comics uh, companies just freaking like, hey, if we don't do this ourselves and start looking at shit, they're really going to crack down. So let's oh, yeah. just self-censor and do this shit. And I, I always thought that was kind of funny. I don't know tons about the Comic Code Authority and all this stuff that Reggie and Chris find interesting. I'll but give you I a DVD know to watch. Basis. Yeah, I, I saw that. I watched that. Uh, that. I'm telling you, they're going way past that. And it was okay. All those horror comics that I don't like. When I, when I would see that, I'd think, you know what? At least something got rid of that garbage. Reggie still, he loves that stuff. 
You you say how dare me? You even told me you're not a real comic horror fan. You're a it's horror like, fan. Movies I'm a horror fan. Comic. Comics don't really somehow translate the no, horror. Well, thing. it's because it. Well, it's weird. I was going to say, but yet you like to read like Stephen King novels. Yeah. But maybe that's the case, mate. Because Stephen King stuff still is like a not a psychological horror for uh, all the time. But it is like that creepy sort of thing. It's not, you know, jump scares. You're not going to get that. It's uh, funny, too, because I used to love reading Stephen King. I have so many books now that I have not read since we started this site. Yeah, same here. I don't have time to read a goddamn novel now. Um, Where I love, it's weird, I do not like horror movies. And it's not that I hate them. I'm just not interested at all. I don't read any horror comics, really. I love horror video games. Yeah. I love them. Even like, you know, people might not consider like a Resident Evil a quote unquote horror video I game. Would. I do. Uh, but even like Silent Hill back in the yeah. day, uh, Dead Space to me just blew my mind when it came in. It's basically aliens. Pretty it, much. You know, the deal and the jump scares in that fucking, I shit my pants even on the <laughs> computer with Half-Life and stuff like that. I love it. I really do. But yet it must be that when I'm watching things, I can't pay attention enough. So I'm watching a horror film. And there's Jason running around, not running, walking slowly. You know, he's walking slowly around, and I'm thinking of what I'm going to do for dinner. And then when While shit happens, your phone. yeah, and when shit happens, I just I'm not into it enough. I can't put myself in the movie when I'm playing a game. I am, you know, I'm in. I'm hey, there, and I really and I really do like it. Then uh, reading a book, though, boy, it takes me a lot to read. I read the same page like ten times. I really have that issue. And it came about that adult onset 80. It's real. I don't care what anybody (laughs) says. It's it's real. I cannot concentrate on anything, anything. (sighs) I need Adderall, Eric. Anybody out there? Get some Adderall. Because, yeah, I I actually stopped taking that. I decided on my own to, to get off that shit. It was weird. I would wake up, get ready for work and take Adderall. And I would not I would not feel like a real person. I can't even explain it. it. It really came about that I started feeling uh, like uh, artificially hyped up. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, not, I know. Hyped, not like like I was taking speed, but artificially like, oh, right, here comes the day. This is going to be great. And in the meantime, my, my whole fucking life is falling apart. That's mm. like years ago when I was on antidepressants. I had to well, stop that's what because they, my I, goddamn yeah. zombie. They Everything like on, I had like a faux smile on yeah, that I could not get rid of. They put me on Zoloft at one point, which may be what they put you on. I don't even and know anymore. I got to the point where I didn't even have a smile. I would just be there, and somebody could come up and kick me in the balls, and I'd be like, "Huh?" <laughs> That'd be my reaction. Pretty it wasn't much. even like, "Hey, I like that." It was just like, "Huh?" And then I would walk away, and my wife's like, "You were so nice when you were on that." Yeah, it was nice. I was I dead inside. Yeah, I didn't get, and it was weird because I even thought to myself. I should be angry right yeah. now, but I'm not. Okay, what's next? Who's going to punch me in the fucking face now and then kick me in the balls? That's, That's your boy? I mean. Yeah, I would have heard that. Hey, is that your boy? No, nah, I don't know. And next thing I know, they would have walked away. They'd be like, boy, this guy, I can't get a reaction out of this fucking guy. Yeah, and then at that point, I would go to Walmart. I'd never have stories. There was nothing to talk about. I didn't no notice crazy that a guy had happened. a fucking parrot on his shoulder because I didn't care. I was just like, oh, let's go. You want to watch that movie? That was basically me shrugging my shoulders <laughs> through life. I was almost like I was Dan Stransky and and checked out of life. Yeah. Because that's what he seems to have done. If anybody doesn't know, which nobody will, 
Dan Stransky has officially retired from everything. Yep. He has now decided that he is going to be a robot through a life drone. and do what he's told to do and let his dreams die. Because if a, And really, if that's what he wants. He is a dreamer, Aaron. Yeah. He's a dreamer of dreams. The dreams have turned to nightmares, and actually they've just turned to nothingness. He had his chance, Eric. At one point he met Kevin Smith. He he fangirled, he says, <laughs> but he didn't ask the questions that he wanted to. He didn't ask for advice. He didn't reach out, and it, he regrets it to this day. He regrets it, Eric. I, if anybody doesn't know, Dan on his site has put a whole big post about how he's given up on life. And I don't know. It kind of seemed at points I was reading a suicide note. (laughs) Out of sight, out of mind. It's nothing to do with me, but I was reading. I actually told you and Reggie, because what I'm doing now, I actually had music playing behind me. Oh, yeah. Boys to Men. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday while I read the whole thing to you guys laughing. And uh, it it really seems like a suicide note. It really does. I should reach out to him and say something you guys wouldn't let me. No. And I'm, I, you know, I wasn't going to be mean. Like, I actually, I, Brandon wants him back on the show. He yeah. wants him on at least once. He wants to hear him. I, instead, I'm just going to message uh, Dan and say, hey, here is Brandon's thing. Follow him and just message him. You, you guys can have a love affair. Didn't you hear that, Brandon? Where is Jess? Where's Jess sound effects so we can end this? Here it is. You, this that is isn't appropriate. And yeah. I'm angry about that. That is. What do you think of that? You hear me, Jim? That's the worst. That actually makes me. But that's it, Eric. That's the. That podcast. is it. This is. Uh, I haven't been this tired since the last time we did a podcast. Seriously. Actually, I'm more tired tonight. I don't know about you. I've been I tired was, all fucking day. This was an off I, day. I took a nap at one point, and I it, tried. It, it. It's one of those naps that uh, got me more tired. Those are the worst. Yeah, I woke up. I had a lot to do earlier on the day. A lot of shit happened. I went and bought a couple chairs. Also, where did Jess get that table and yeah, that's chairs? Karen's share. Where is that? Uh, Telford Sellers share like is in, okay, it's in Soderton. That's, it. that's, that's the one, yeah. I thought that she went to the one next to that Swan's Pantry that we were talking about earlier. Is that still there? So, yeah, yeah, the one right next to Domino's. Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 that's I what I that thought you that. meant. No, so the one I went over there thinking that, oh, my God, Jess got this table. I'm going to get some chairs. I'm looking. I'm like, these prices are not as low as what Eric was saying, and I thought she did a little freaking hocus pocus on you, a little switcheroo, and fucking lied to you about how much that thing cost. And I was very angry. I was well, very I angry. Her, her. her mom bought it for her too, okay. I believe. Well, that, was, I was thinking too, because then I said to Tanya, uh, "Hey, Tanya, I think that that Jess is a stinking liar." No, Ooh. I said, I said, I guess Jess went somewhere else. She went to Karen Chair, and Tanya said, "Oh, that's the place in Sonderton." And then I thought, wait a second, how did she buy a fucking table and chairs or whatever you said and got it back that to your apartment in that car? And I thought, something is up again. I was on the case. It, it, the case never ended. Nah, her mom was involved. It was, uh, she really liked this because it was like from the 50s and it looked really nice. But um, Was Fonzie on there? No, no, but uh, it was marked down. Okay. So like the table and chairs were like 35 bucks. 
Yeah, that's good. Uh, there was a table that looked like this was also from the 50s and never should have left the 50s. And this thing at that place was like 110 bucks. Like I, I looked at this table in the kitchen for a while just from the, from the living room. I didn't go into the kitchen. To look. I just looked yeah, at it and I'm like, and I, I was. And I woke up the next morning, was making my coffee. I sat my coffee cup down to the table. I'm looking this at is it. a nice table. That's the thing. I'm like, it's a really nice looking table. Yeah. Well, it's got these really cool patterns, like these little squares, like put into the top of it. It's, I, I don't even know how to describe it properly. It's really cool looking. Where are the crickets? I hate you so <laughs> I'm much. Uh, I'm going to bed. Fuck yeah, you. The, there was something else. Now I, I, I freaking make a joke, and I forgot what I was going to say. Something about the table, but yeah, we were going to buy. I just wanted to get some chairs. We did get a like a weird, almost like a pseudo beanbag chair that the kids picked out, and I know that will last about a week. Yeah. And they will destroy it and make a huge mess. Oh, definitely. I actually, while we were getting these things, I was thinking, I wish they had a Stretch Armstrong type uh, thing where it had that goo inside. Gross. You sit there and it kind of molds to you. Though I remember what I was going to say. Uh, they had a turntable there. We were talking earlier about really? getting a record player. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. It was like two hundred and ten dollars. Oh, get the fuck out of here! I'm like, what the fuck is this? And if that place is supposed to be a religious place, and I, I was gonna yell, Jesus Christ! And then they'd go aisle three, buddy. And then I'm on. That's my old joke about the uh, the, fuck the you religious just bookstore. <laughs> yeah, what you say to me? Oh yes, that is it, Eric. Uh, finish this up for me. Everybody, y'all have a great week. Everybody, proud, 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 proud. 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 Keep proud. it weird. Weird. Weird as hell. Where does where does all hell? Where is? We'll see you in seven.